Della and a dealer and a dog named Jake and a cat named Kalamazoo. Left the city in a pickup truck, gonna make some dreams come true. Yeah, they rolled out west where the wild sun sets in the coyote base of the moon. Della and the dealer and a dog named Jake and a cat named Kalamazoo. That cat could talk what tales he tell about Della and the dealer and the dog as well. But the cat was cool and he never said a mumbling word. Down Tucson Way there's a small cafe where they play a little cowboy tune. And the guitar picker was a friend of mine by the name of Randy Boone. Here Randy played her a sweet love song and Della got a fire in her eyes. The dealer had a knife and the dog had a gun and the cat had a shot of rice. That cat could talk, what tales he tell about Della and the dealer and the dog as well. But the cat was cool and he never said a mumbling word. If the dealer was a killer, he was evil and mean and he was jealous of the fire in her eyes. He snorted his coat through a century note And he swore the boom would die And the stage was set when the lights went out There was death in Tucson town Two shadows ran for the far back door And one stayed on the ground If that cat could talk, what tales he tell About death and the dealer and the dog as well But the cat was cool and he never said a mumbling word Shadows ran from the bar that night And a dog and a cat ran too And the tires got hot on the pickup truck As down the road they flew It was Della and her lover And a dog named Jake And a cat named Kalamazoo so Left Tucson in a pickup truck Gonna make some dreams come true Yeah, yeah, yeah If that Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I am Todd Dandruff with Tellus, and this is being broadcast on May 11th, 2016. We will have Brandon Drexel Gerson a little bit later. Not that much later, a little bit later. And what we have right now, because we started quite late tonight, is a free roll right now. So I want to tell you about it. You still have 25 minutes to get in, so don't panic. You can sit down, late registration. No worries. We're doing Omaha 8 or Better again. And the reason we're doing Omaha 8 or Better again is because it was popular last week. People were saying they enjoyed it. So I'm running it again. 
you know, No Limit Hold'em we have almost every week. So figured we did Omaha 8 or better last week. People liked it. We'll do Omaha 8 or better this week. Next week we will do something else. Maybe back to No Limit Hold'em. Maybe not. But it won't be Omaha. Anyway, this week we have an $86.50 free roll. It's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. This is a cash free roll. I can pay you in one of many ways. A bank transfer. I can send you a check. I can send you cash. I can send you Bitcoin. Or even other ways that you can email me if you win. That would be to dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com or PM me Dan Space Druff on the forum. You need to know the rules, though, to win the free money. Go to pokerfraudalert.com slash freeroll. It's all lowercase, no spaces, no underscores, nothing like that. Just pokerfraudalert.com slash freeroll to learn the rules. And the way the prizes will be distributed this week will be as follows. First place, $42. Second place, $20. Third place, $12. Fourth place, $750. And fifth place, $5. The money came from two sources this week. Bukowski72 gave $36.50. He's known as the walking image library. This guy, uh, he keeps every image he ever encountered on the internet throughout his life. So this guy has every image of everything. And C-Money, who gave $50, our most generous donor, always gives to the cause of Poker Fraud Alert. So thank you very much, C-Money and Bukowski. So they're the ones who paid for this free roll. Every week, it's a different uh, group of people that have paid for the free roll. It's just about never my money. So I appreciate that. Even though I don't personally gain from it, I like that our listeners gain from it and that I get away with not paying a dime. <laughs> Though I do, I do pay to maintain this server, so I don't get away completely free. Actually, not even close. I do lose money on this site. You don't hear any ads here, do you? No ads on here, other than the little Amazon banner, which makes me like 10 bucks a month. Uh, no ads on the site, so as you can imagine, uh, I'm not rolling in dough from Poker Fraud Alert. Anyway, it's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. You can find it near the top of the screen. This is for the free roll. You need a separate account there, but you don't need play chips. You don't need anything. Just go and sit down. Late registration until 8.35 Pacific time. It started five minutes ago at 8.10, but you will sit down with a full stack, so don't worry about that. And let's see. Oh, the opening song, I, the, I know there's a few seconds. I hate dead air. You know, I learned a long time ago, even though I've uh, – I haven't been – I haven't had a radio show on a terrestrial station aside from uh, you know, appearing on some, but it's never been my own show. Like I've been like a second host a few times as like a guest on uh, some terrestrial radio shows over the years. None recently, but I've never had my own show on terrestrial radio except for college radio. I had two college radio shows. But uh, something I learned early on about terrestrial radio, which I've been a big fan of since I was a kid, that's what's kind of encouraged me to do this show, because I've always loved radio. But something I learned was that dead air is like the worst thing you can have. You just, you just don't do dead air. You don't ever just let silence sit there on the, on the show because people think something's gone wrong. People are just waiting, and they think it might be a problem on their end. They think something's happened. They think maybe the show has crashed. Like, they don't know. 
Maybe you died during the broadcast. Like they, <laughs> you just don't want to ever have dead air on the radio. That's the number one rule of radio. There was a bit of dead air after the song because uh, just as it was finishing, uh, someone knocked on the door here and I had to give something to them. And I was uh, a little bit annoyed that uh, they waited until then to ask me. But anyway, this uh, song I played was by Hoyt Axton. It was called Della and the Dealers from 1979. And it was actually featured in a WKRP in Cincinnati episode in the first season in 1979. Uh, it was actually a song that was somewhat based upon the characters that Hoyt ran into when he was part of the drug culture. He had a, a lifelong drug problem. So uh, that was one of the songs. He wrote several songs about drugs and the drug culture. Not all, the, not all of them looking at it very positively. This one was kind of lighthearted, even though it had to do with, uh, <laughs> with murder. So I, I thought it was an interesting song, and I just saw that episode again. I think WKRP in Cincinnati is uh, one of the best sitcoms of all time, especially if you like radio, especially if you're a fan of radio. And it's held up very well over time. It is a show that is now anywhere between 34 and 38 years old, depending on which episodes you're watching. So it is a pretty old show. But it holds up very well. It's one of these things you can watch and, for the most part, forget that you're watching something from the 70s and early 80s, aside from some of the hairstyles and clothing styles. But uh, the content, it, it doesn't seem dated. So it's a very, very well done and intelligently written show. Very, very funny. Uh, I put uh, WKRP and All in the Family in the same category as uh, what I believe are the best two sitcoms ever. All in the Family, of course, is... Uh, was a very, very successful show in the 70s, one of the most successful sitcoms of all time. So everyone knows that really well. But WKRP, you probably know it exists, but you may not have seen it. Or you may have seen like one or two episodes, but it's a very, very funny show. Brandon, by the way, said he'll probably join around 8.30, so it's not too long till he'll join. Let me get past the rest of the intro stuff, and then we will get going. If you want to call into the show, the phone number is 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-5555. Eight three five five. You can also text that phone number anytime, before, after, or during the show. Same phone number, 775-372-8355. I will read your text on the air unless you ask me not to. And somebody asked me not to today. Somebody texted me something and asked me not to. But I, I will respond. Some people are surprised. Like, wow, you respond? Yeah, I do. And I don't care. You can text me 4 in the morning. You can text me 8 in the morning. You can text me 3 in the afternoon. I don't care. Anytime. I will never be angry like, why are you texting me and waking me up? It's fine. In fact, uh, it doesn't wake me up. So it comes in silently, and then I just go check it when I see there's text there on the screen. So again, 775-372-8355. If you want to call into the show, there's another number you can call, especially if the Mount Charles, not the, it is the Mount Charles line, especially if the main line's having trouble, which occasionally does. Uh, the second phone number we have into the show is the Mount Charleston line. The Mount Charleston line is an old 70s rotary phone sitting on top of Mount Charleston that forwards to me wherever I am. Mount Charleston is a mountain near Las Vegas. And believe it or not, I got a report. I have not been up there recently. I got a report that Mount Charleston still has a little bit of snow on it in May. Can you believe that? There's still some snow on Mount Charleston. And this is not a really, really high mountain. This is not one of these like 14,000 feet mountains. This is a, uh, a mountain. I think the peak is like 8,500 feet. No, it's higher than that. The base is around that. Okay, so I guess the peak is probably around 9,500, but still, I don't think the peak is much over 10,000 or even over 10,000 at all. So for there to be still snow there 
on May 11th is pretty amazing. But I did get the report from someone who visited the mountain recently and checked on my phone for me. The phone is doing fine. 702-430-1808 is the phone number. Of course, there's my favorite line to call. Now, it will not help you to talk to me or talk to Brandon during the show, but it will help you listen to the show. That's the call to listen line. Since November, we have had a phone number you can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where you can hear the show. That phone number is 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162. If you forget that number, don't worry. Just go to the radio page on PokerFraudAlert.com. You'll see a radio tab near the top. Just click on that, and you'll see the phone number right there. A little box that says call to listen and that phone number. If the show is not live, we will be playing streaming reruns. Streaming reruns means we're picking random episodes. We have almost 200 episodes total that we've done of Poker Fraud Alert Radio. It'll pick a random episode and run it as if it's live. So you may be hearing something from 2012 as if it's being broadcasted right now. Well, not right now because we're live, but uh, you know what I mean. That will run on the call to listen line when we're not live, and that will also run on the radio page when we're not live. Also, it'll run on the TuneIn app. Speaking of the TuneIn app, if you want to listen to the archives, if you can't listen live, there's various ways to do it. You can go directly to the Poker Fraud Alert server, download the MP3, or click on the MP3. It'll just play in your smartphone. You can go to iTunes and get it podcasted that way. You can go to Stitcher, which is an app available to most smartphones. And listen to the archives. Then you can go to TuneIn, another app similar to Stitcher, except TuneIn also has a live listen mode where you can listen to either the live show or streaming reruns. Remember, the call to listen line, the advantage with that is that it does not require any data. No internet required, no smartphone required. Any phone that can dial, no matter how old, can listen on the call to listen line, and it will not cost you even one byte of data. So if you're like, ah, I don't want to waste so many megabytes listening to, to this show, you know, all these hours, that's going to kill me with my, with my data allocation. Now, don't worry about it. Call the call to listen line. It will cost you zero data. 712-775-8162. It's honestly the easiest way to listen. C-Money says he loves it. C-Money messaged me one time saying, do not ever take that down. I love it. I use it when I'm at the gym. I said, I won't take it down. I love it too. 22,000 minutes were listened on the call to listen line in April. So here's the agenda for tonight, and then we will get going. Full tilt poker. It's been through a lot. Opened in 2004. It was owned by a lot of high-profile poker players. Phil Ivey, Chris Ferguson, Howard Lederer, Eric Lindgren. Many others, Jennifer Harmon. It was revealed in 2011 that Full Tilt stole all our money. But then we got our money repaid to us thanks to Poker Stars buying Full Tilt the next year in 2012 for $750 million. Well, Full Tilt is coming to a close for the most part. Full Tilt is basically ending on May 17th. That's before our next show. It will cease to exist and will just basically become a skin for poker stars. And when I say a skin, it's not even like 
the Full Tilt software that you know and love will stay the same. It'll basically be Poker Stars, but just called Full Tilt if you choose to stay with that uh, brand. And the accounts will all be merged. Everything will be merged together. I will explain what's going on and uh, why they're doing this. Well, this is a story I like to call a glass houses story. Every so often you have somebody who makes a big deal about something that offends them. And in reality, they're guilty of the same thing. We hear about it sometimes, for example, with a person who's very, very homophobic, someone who hates gays, always talks about how being gay is a sin, being gay is a crime against nature, etc., etc. And lo and behold, they find out later that person's actually gay themselves and in the closet. Very common. I'm not saying that all people like that who are homophobic are gay, but we have seen that. There's some of the very vocal anti-gay people turn out to be gay themselves. Well, this isn't a story about gay people, but it's along the same lines. We also have the same with scammers. Some people who are scammers like to come out and bash, criticize, and expose other scammers, which may make you wonder about me. Maybe I've been a scammer all this time and you just don't know it. I mean, it'd be a pretty long con here since I've been in poker for 16 years plus and have not scammed anyone, but still, maybe, maybe the big scam is coming. Maybe I'm waiting for everyone to trust me and then I'm going to make off with all your money. You never know. But there are some people who come out and call out other scammers when it turns out they are scammers themselves. Well, we had another one of these. We had one in previous years, Michael Borowitz, the airport scammer, who called out a scam that was occurring from a World Series employee who was shaking down players to bribe him in order to get games going. It wasn't quite a scam. It was more of a abuse of power and a shakedown scheme. And uh, Michael Borowitz correctly reported that and got the guy fired. And it was a good report that Michael did, and he was right. But it turned out Michael himself was a big scammer in a totally different way. But Michael was a career scammer. So we have another one of these, a 2 plus 2 poster who called out a 2015 World Series of Poker Cheater that we've talked about on this show, is a scammer himself. What a shock. (laughs) It's actually not what I meant to play. I meant to play this. That wasn't bad music either. I should should get that music ready too. I kind of like that. Let's play that again. I don't know. I I should have just stuck with it. You would have believed it. PayPal. Remember I got my PayPal closed a few weeks ago? Well, guess what? Actually, more than a few weeks ago. It's been a month now since I got my PayPal closed. Anyway, PayPal has announced even stricter rules now regarding gambling. So I'll tell you about that and what they're really aiming it at. We have two stories related to the Women in Poker Hall of Fame. Now, you may be just about to grab a pillow getting ready for that segment. I mean, do you really care about the Women in Poker Hall of Fame? This is not Women in the Poker Hall of Fame. I'm talking about a separate Hall of Fame called the Women in Poker Hall of Fame. (laughs) They really have that. This is a real thing that has existed now. It's in its ninth year. Well, not only will we go over the nominees for the Women in Poker Hall of Fame and discuss the existence of the Hall of Fame in the first place and 
how we feel about that. But also there is a scandal. Yes, there is a scandal with the Women in Poker Hall of Fame. And the scandal is not very well known. I just found out about that today, and very few people know about it. It's an ongoing scandal. You may think, how could there be a scandal in the Women in Poker Hall of Fame? You're going to find out when we get to that segment. Hasib Qureshi, remember I talked about him last week and how he got a, a job working for Airbnb, even though he had very limited coding experience. And we had a caller saying that uh, the whole article about him negotiating a salary and making so much money thanks to doing a uh, like a, a crash course boot camp to learn how to code, it was just all promotion for the boot camp, and then he probably isn't telling the full truth. Well, he's back in the news. I think Hasib is kind of trying to worm his way back into poker because it just seems like we're hearing about him a lot again. So he appeared on the Chicago Joey podcast for over two hours. And I'll tell you about some of the things he said on there. The Palms Casino, remember the Palms Casino owned by the Maloofs? At one point had the same ownership as the Sacramento Kings. Was once a hot spot. For young people in Las Vegas, if you want to go to a casino and walk around and see a lot of uh, really good-looking and hip young people, that was the place to go. Not so much anymore, and it has been sold to stations, casinos, for not very much money. We'll talk about that. There will be a casino bonus whoring segment again. This one is called the on-off strategy. The on-off strategy is a strategy you can use not to get rich, not to make big money, but it's especially effective if you travel with someone who doesn't gamble, a wife, a husband, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, your mother, really anyone you go with that just likes Las Vegas but doesn't gamble, doesn't have a card anywhere. It's especially good for those people. So I will explain how you can use the on-off strategy, or you can even use it if you just uh, don't have cards in certain places in Vegas, even if you have some in others. I'll explain what that strategy is and how it has been tested by someone I know pretty well. Not Brandon, by the way, not me, but someone I know pretty well tested it, and the test worked. So the on-off strategy is a strategy that can be used, at least as of this time. I'll tell you what it is when we get to that segment. Well, you may have seen on my Twitter, I was going crazy trying to get Bitcoin this weekend. I'll explain why and whether or not I was successful. General topics. A friend of mine got into a tipping fiasco at an Asian jerk shop, you know, where they give you a little happy ending after the massage. I'll tell you about that and uh, tell you what problems occurred there. We will talk some about modern college social justice warriors. And basically how they're really, really terrible. These are the politically correct, always feeling oppressed, always complaining about everything activists you'll find on college campuses these days. And you know, back in my days in college, like 25 years ago, I, I saw them too, but they're much, much worse now. The, the ones I dealt with were very logical and reasonable people compared to the ones today. The ones today are an entire level above. And not in a good way. So we'll talk about the social justice warriors and 
what's motivating them to behave this way and how it really is uh, ruining college campus life to a degree. Finally, Oklahoma City, the Thunder. They they can't quite get over the top with uh, despite having Kevin Durant, despite having Westbrook, they cannot get over the top. They can't win an NBA title. They keep ending up against really good teams and losing. Everyone dismissed them since there is so much to get through. San Antonio, Golden State, maybe even Cleveland if they get through them. But is it possible? Can Oklahoma City shock everyone and win the NBA title? We will discuss that. So those are our topics tonight. We also have two other topics. I don't want to leave Brandon out here. Uh, Actually, one other topic. That is, uh, someone spotted Drexel eating dinner at the Yard House. And there's a rumor that he was with the head of fraud, the head of security, for the Poker Stars Play Chip Division? (laughs) Yes. Brandon supposedly, we'll have to get his comment on this, supposedly Brandon went to dinner with the head of security for Poker Stars Play Chip Division. I didn't even know they had security for the Play Chip Division on Poker Stars, but apparently they do. So we're going to talk about that too. Have to confront Brandon on that one. So let's, let's get going here. I'm going to talk about Full Tilt. Full Tilt, uh, what can I say? It's It's a site that has had a tumultuous history over the years. And to be honest, I never liked it that much. My first problem with Full Tilt was the way they treated Rakeback. See, uh, back in the old days of poker, I just I didn't get into the Rakeback thing. I should have. Like, I should have in two ways. I should have been a Rakeback affiliate, and I should have, at the very least, if I didn't want to do that, made sure I had Rakeback on every site I signed up for. But because there wasn't Rakeback at the very beginning when I was playing online poker, I just kind of got used to there being no Rakeback, so I would sign up for new sites. I'd just be excited. Oh, cool, new site, and I'd sign up, and then I wouldn't get Rakeback. And then it would cause a problem for me later where, like, I go, oh, crap, I should be getting Rakeback here. And then sometimes these sites would give me a hard time and not want to give it to me after the fact. It was so dumb. Like, just because I didn't click on an affiliate link, now I'm not getting 30% of my rake back, which is a joke. So Full Tilt had that problem. I signed up directly with their site, and then I asked for a rake back after that, and they said no. And I'm like, come on, this is so stupid. I'm an active player on here. Everyone gets 27%. Just because I didn't click an affiliate link, there's got to be a way around it. And they just they basically told me F you. I was just about to go create an account in a relative's name to get around this because I, w- I wasn't going to take that. That was, that was ridiculous. It just wasn't fair. It's one thing if you don't realize it, but if you realize it, I mean, uh, clicking on an affiliate link, there's nothing magical about that. Those people should not be getting rake back, and I shouldn't once I realize it. They should correct that for everyone. In fact, it's, it's better for them because they don't have to pay the affiliate any. If they just give me the 27%, that's all they give me, where others getting 27%, they also give money to the affiliate as well. So at the time, this has nothing to do with today's story, but it just reminded me of it. At the time, uh, I, I was talking to Maria Elena Calabrese, who uh, is a longtime Atlantic City area poker player. And I told her about this, and she said, oh, well, you know, my, my boyfriend, John, who she's now married to, John D'Agostino, he's a red pro there. So 
tell them you know John and, and they'll make an exception for you. I said, oh, that's a good idea. So I, I, I emailed them and told them, you know, I'm, I'm friends with John D'Agostino. You know, he told me to email you guys and, and tell them he said it's okay, just do it. And they wrote back to me, the obnoxious support there. Their, their support was known to be like very obnoxious and nasty with people. The support on Full Tilt wrote back to me, the decision is final. You are not getting rake back. Don't try to name drop. It doesn't impress us. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So I, I called Maria Elena. I'm like, you're not going to believe what they wrote to me. So she's like, okay, I'm going to take care of that. So she called someone who had influence over there, and I get an email the next day. Okay, rake back's been established. No apology but for the way I was treated there, but uh, at least I got the rake back. That was what was important. Uh, they also pulled something pretty crappy on me. Um, there was a heads-up player I used to play against on there, and this person used to hit and run. So when they would hit and run, uh, what I would do is, if they were still sitting at a different table, I'd just follow them to the new table. Because... Uh, you can't do that. If you don't want to play me, that's fine. Like, if, if I sit at your table, you don't want to play me, I'm not going to block your tables. I think that's an asshole thing to do. But if you do want to play me, then play ten hands against me, get up a few thousand, and then sit out and say, I'm done, and then open up a new table and sit alone. You can't do that. That's BS. If you, if you want to close the site and leave, fine. But you actually have to run after the hit and run, or so I feel. <laughs> like, you can't... Just hit and stay and just tell me to scram. In fact, sometimes this person would sit out and say, leave, I'm done. I, I want the seat open now. And I'd say no. they go, okay, I'm going to open a different table and sit alone. So I would follow this person whatever table they go to. And I would say, look, if you are going to play me, you don't have to play me for 10 hours or anything, but you can't play 10 hands against me and run. If you're going to do that, then I'm going to sit back down wherever you sit. So me and this person got into battles. So they, uh, they reported me to Full Tilt security and full tilt security or customer service whatever it was I don't know if security uh, they warned me that I'm not allowed to do this that if the person doesn't want to play me even if they just hit and ran me they don't have to and I cannot go sit at their tables they warned me but that's not the worst part they took away my chat I said, wait a minute. Wait, what does this have to do with chat? I mean, like, I don't agree with your what your ruling is about this. That I I can't go follow the person after they played ten hands and hit and ran me. But but fine, you know, if if that's your rule that you can't uh, sit with people who don't want to play you anymore, then fine, I'll accept that. But why are you taking away my chat? This has nothing to do with chat. And keep in mind, I didn't use any profanity in the chat. I didn't threaten them. I didn't uh, even call them names. I was just. Pleading my case to the person, saying, I'm following you because you just hit and ran me. Like that's, that's what I was saying to them. Was, I said nothing that would have violated Full Tilt's rules of chat. And they said, that's our ruling. You're losing chat for a month. That's it. I couldn't believe this. So I responded to them, support, and I said, well, this isn't fair because the person who complained, they were abusive to me. They were using profanity to me. They were calling me names. They were being really inappropriate with everything they were saying. I was I was talking to them in a rational fashion and uh, being cordial while I was discussing it with them. They were going off on me and, and calling me the worst things imaginable. So if, if anyone should lose chat, it should be them. 
I said, I don't usually complain about people's chats, but if I'm going to lose chat over this, they should too. So believe it or not, support said, okay, we're going to take away this person's chat too. <laughs> so I said, okay. <laughs> I was hoping they would just uh, remove it. I actually suggested at the end, just you know, remove my chat ban. But if he can't, then, then ban both. No, they ban both. So I'm like, okay, well, that's stupid, but at least it's fair. Well, I was in a game with this person about a week later, and I saw them changing. You could change your avatar on there to ha- make different faces. You can be happy. You can be sad. You can be angry. You can be confused. So I saw the person change themselves from like just normal to happy, and I said, wait a minute. When you have your chat taken away on full tilt, you cannot change your avatar's expression, which is also dumb. So you, you can't be happy or sad or confused anymore in full tilt when you have no chat. So She was doing this This person It was a woman by the way I'm not sure if I revealed that before She was doing this The the funny thing by the way Is this is a person I get along with now This is not uh, An enemy of mine now This is just someone Back then I had issues with So anyway This person she, She was doing that She was changing her avatar So I knew she had chat she wasn't chatting, but I knew she had chat because she was changing the, the faces on her avatar. So I emailed Full Tilt and said, what the hell? You said she's losing chat for a month too. So what did you do? You just lied to me or did you give it back to her after a few days and t- you know, advise her not to? T- so, so that's actually what happened. I found out from an inside source. I, I can't tell you who. It wasn't Marie Elena, but I found out from someone else who was an insider there. That uh, there is, uh, who, you know, who looked into the history of this, that she emailed after they took away her chat and said, come on, why are you taking away my chat? And they said, okay, look, we've just got to do this to pacify him so he doesn't bother us. We're going to give you your chat back, but just make sure if you don't ever see, if you see him in the game, you don't chat. To do us that favor if we're going to restore your chat. And she said, okay. And then she didn't realize that not having chat prevents you from... Uh, Changing your expressions. That's why she did that with me in there and didn't realize that uh, it would give it away to me. So can you believe this crap? They like restored her chat behind my back and told her not to chat when I'm there. That's how bad their support was. That's how how much uh, favoritism there was on that site. So when I complained about this favoritism and said I'm going to expose this everywhere on 2 plus 2 on on everyone poker. Then shockingly, okay, we've restored your chat. I just never liked the place. It was there was something just always off with it. Now, did I play there? Yes, but uh, you know when the scandal went down, when Black Friday happened, they got busted, and then it was revealed that they didn't have any money; they'd stolen all our money. I was surprised, but I was also not surprised. Like I didn't predict it. I'm not going to say I predicted they're going to steal all our money. I didn't think they're going to make off with our money. I didn't think that. But I always felt there was something kind of off about the place. I felt like there was a lot of crap that went on behind the scenes there that wasn't right. I felt like they had a bad attitude over there. It just it seemed different than Poker Stars. I didn't always agree with either, but it just seemed different. Poker Stars didn't seem shady like Full Tilt seemed. And it turned out when Black Friday came down that Poker Stars had the money to pay us and Full Tilt did not. They stole our money. So that happened in 2011. Then they were down for a little bit. Then uh, Full Tilt, uh, which was then given to the U.S. Department of Justice, they actually owned it as a settlement from those that uh, could potentially go to jail 
who were own, owners of it. So basically the ownership of Full Tilt is a settlement with the U.S. government agreed they're just going to give up the site to the government, and they did. So the government owned it, and, and uh, of course there's still the problem of how are players going to get paid back. There was uh, $150 million worth of uh, liabilities to players, including me, that were owed from Full Tilt. And then also foreign players who were owed another $150 million or so. So uh, the U.S. came to a deal with PokerStars to where they bought – they meaning uh, PokerStars bought it from the U.S. government for – One million dollars. No, they wish. It was $750 million, which is a pretty steep price. $750 million to buy Full Tilt. And from that 750 the government agreed to pay back U.S. players, and that process is still ongoing. In fact, there's a bit of news with that, which I'll get to shortly. And uh, the rest of the world players didn't get paid back, but they were allowed to continue playing and could just cash out if they wanted. So they could technically get paid back that way because PokerStars would pay them back. So PokerStars, uh, uh, they bought it for 750 but also took on the liabilities of the... European players and other non-U.S. players. They didn't take on the liabilities for the U.S. players. The, the U.S. government did that. So it cost PokerStars a lot of money. And the site still runs today. But soon that will be no longer. In February of this year, about four years later, a little bit less than four years later after it was bought, it was announced that Poker stars and full tilts would be merging. Now, what does merging mean? That's what I thought. Like, what does merging mean? Does it just mean it's going to have the same players, same tables? No. It's more than that. All full tilt accounts are going to be closed on May 17th. That's the magic date. May 17th, if you have a full tilt account, is going to be closed. And it will be combined with your poker stars account or transferred over to poker stars depending on whether you have a PokerStars account already. If you don't have a PokerStars account, uh, then you're going to get an email telling you what to do to transfer your account over to PokerStars. If you already have a PokerStars account, it will automatically just shift everything over. So, like, whatever money you have there will add to your money on PokerStars. Whatever uh, points you have on Full Tilt will add to your FBPs on PokerStars, etc., etc. So, that part will happen automatically if you have an account on both. This will be May 17th. The software will go through an update on May 17th and will go from the full tilt that you've seen for the last uh, 12 years to basically a copy of PokerStars. It will look just like PokerStars except it will be branded full tilt. So it'll say full tilt poker on the top instead of PokerStars on the top. But that's it. Otherwise, it'll look identical to stars. It'll be the identical software. There'll be no difference in the software except the name of it. That will happen on May 17th. Whereas right now, it's a completely different piece of software. And, of course, the games offered and the players at the table will all be the same across both sides. So, basically, Full Tilt is closing. I mean, people are saying, no, it's not closing, it's just merging. No, it's closing. It's closing, and they're just allowing you to continue playing without downloading something new. Where, basically, it's going to convert your Full Tilt software into PokerStars and call it Full Tilt. But... It's still PokerStars. It doesn't matter if it's full tilt on the top. It's still PokerStars. Once the software ceases to exist and becomes PokerStars software, it's no longer full tilt. Once the games are all PokerStars games, 
once the players are all PokerStars players, once you cannot have an, an account on Full Tilt that's separate, it's no longer Full Tilt. It's just not. So Full Tilt is going to be no longer on May 17th, which is interesting because uh, they had been treating Full Tilt like the experimental brand where they were willing to run things over there that they didn't necessarily want to try on PokerStars. PokerStars was the more pure product. Full Tilt was like, let's try this and see if it sticks, see if this works out. It's kind of the experimental platform. There were some other people who just liked the Full Tilt software better, liked the interface better, just were superstitious and always felt like they did better in Full Tilt. Maybe they, they liked the player they were facing on Full Tilt better. So I, I was kind of surprised they did this because it's not that expensive to maintain two sites. I guess there's some expense from the software standpoint to maintain two pieces of software. That's that's the biggest problem. Uh, the support side, it's not hard. They could just combine support and have people handle both. And it, it just doesn't make sense because they, they had two different products. And why not keep them running separately? Some people just prefer one or the, over the other. I'll give an example on a much smaller scale for something that I personally have involvement with, actually that I personally own, that I'm keeping separate. You guys are listening to this show on or from PokerFraudAlert.com, but I also have a second site called VegasCasinoTalk.com. Vegas Casino Talk is a forum. It doesn't have a radio show, but it's a forum. It's a forum to discuss mainly casino gambling. It's not really about poker. I could technically take Vegas Casino Talk and take the forums there, move them over to Poker Fraud Alert, and just make a Poker Fraud Alert a, a bigger forum. Just combine them. I could merge them together, but I don't want to do that. I, I want there to be two different products. Now, if you want to use both, that's great. You're welcome to sign up for Vegas Casino Talk. But I, I, I know there's some people who prefer Vegas Casino Talk and don't really want to post over here for whatever reason. So I'm leaving them separate. There's no reason not to. Now, I guess it's that Amaya felt that Full Tilt was not generating very much revenue anymore. Amaya being the owner of both sites. They bought PokerStars very shortly, in fact, after the merger. Not merger, after after PokerStars bought Full Tilt. Amaya bought PokerStars. Uh... Full Tilt had like 600 people average. 600 people who were playing cash games at once. That was the average. PokerStars has like 30,000 average. I haven't looked lately. Let me look right now. Probably 30,000, 20-something thousand. I haven't kept up with it, but something like that. So Full Tilt is much, much more... Uh, I, I it's not as high. I guess it's, uh, the average is 12, 12,500, but it's still a lot. Uh, Full Tilt... As I said, I had about 600. Right now it's down to 550. So, yeah, they had a lot less traffic. Amaya probably figured that the traffic on there just wasn't worth maintaining a separate site. So, so maybe I understand it. Maybe they don't want to run a, a semi-fail site for a 550 players average. Maybe they felt it wasn't worth uh, putting out the effort. So I can't completely question this, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like too much effort. I mean, you make a software update every so often. Other than that, just combine everything else. Combine the 
the payment processing, combine the support. Uh, you can even combine the software engineers. Just, just you can lay off everyone involved with Full Tilt and move the responsibility over to PokerStars. There's not that much work. It's already there. It kind of runs itself. But I guess they felt it wasn't worth it. It just wasn't big enough. So Full Tilt Poker will cease to exist on May 17th. It was around for 12 years and had a very, very checkered history. And this is what happens when professional poker players who think that because they're good at poker, they're good at other things. This is what happens when they try to run a business. It doesn't work out very well. And I know for the last uh, several years, it has not been run by poker players. It's been run by uh, first poker stars and then Amaya, but still. Really, the knife went into the heart of full tilt when... It turned out they didn't have anyone's money. It, it never fully recovered from that. Before that, it was a very robust site that was only a little bit behind PokerStars in terms of popularity. It was doing very well. It wasn't quite PokerStars, but it was a, a very strong number two. And it has uh, really fallen upon hard times. So I guess they're just done with it. From the 410, do those Poker Stars numbers include the New Jersey part? No, only the Poker Stars that doesn't face the U.S. But the New Jersey part is like 300 people, so that's, that's not, that's not going to matter very much. By the way, Full Tilt has also been declining. I see, according to Poker Scout, about six months ago, it was about 900 players average. Now it's uh, 550. So. And that's six months ago. I'm not talking about since February when they're saying they're going to merge soon anyway. Before that was even announced, they were already like on the way down. So I guess they're like, this site is circling the drain. There's no point to maintain it. I guess I get it. This is from the Northern California guy. Hey, sorry I didn't text earlier. Been on the road most of the day. I might try to call in if the show is still going on when I get home, but I won't be able to co-host tonight. Whoops. I just kind of announced him as a, as a co-host tonight by default in the thread for the show. And then... Uh, I'm made to look like a fool, but I appreciate him joining us when he can. He's not hes not obligated to be here every week. It was my presumptuousness that caused that mistake. From the 410, they just also asked me, why, is there, why are there antis in a limit Omaha free roll? <laughs> uh, the answer is there should not be. I made a mistake. I, I forgot to remove them when I converted it from no limits. So sorry about that, guys. There, sh- there should not be antis, and uh, it, it makes the whole uh, tournament look like amateur hour, but let's face it, it kind of is. My fault, though. There should not be there. From the 774 area, bitch-ass nigga cannot afford unlimited data, so going to listen on the call-to-listen line. Big Poppy is God. I, I will say Big Poppy, uh, you know, this is uh, David Ortiz, plays for the Boston Red Sox. He's Done pretty damn well for a 40-year-old. He even hit a home run for a sick kid. <laughs> this person in the 410 is saying that Alan Kessler, I better not let him find out about uh, the antis for our Omaha 8 or better tournament or he's going to tell Matt Savage on me. <laughs> the sad thing is that it's probably true. <laughs> I could see Kessler doing that. Mocking us for having antis in the Omaha tournament. Okay, uh, from the 505, any chance that that Bernard Tapia clown, it's actually Bernard 
tappy, but close enough, uh, makes a play to buy the full tilt software. No, they don't really have an interest anymore. That's that's come and gone from years ago. I I don't think anyone's going to buy the full tilt software. I, I think that uh, since the brand full tilt was failing, the same software on a different brand will probably also fail. At least, you know, I'm not saying it has no value, but they probably don't want to sell it for what little someone would pay. No one's going to pay like huge money for it at this point. And they're not going to let it go for a song either. So they're just going to sit on it. It is kind of a waste though. That really is the second best poker software out there. It still is behind poker stars. And now she's going to sit on the shelf and do nothing. Uh, from the 706 area, this person wants to know if the mic on hero poker Ads are anywhere on YouTube. I don't think so. Then he wants me to host them on this site. <laughs> Is that a copyright violation? It might be. So uh, that's all the text we've gotten so far on 775-372-8355. If you want to text Brandon, even to gently urge him to come onto the show, his text number is 203-299-2436. 203-299-2436 to reach Brandon. Tell him. Get your butt over here onto the show. You can find all these phone numbers, by the way, in the official Druff and Drexel show thread in the Flying Stupidity Forum. You'll see every phone number I've given is listed there. So 203-299-2436 to text Brandon at any time. Drake is asking in chat for a PokerStars New Jersey update. Okay. I will oblige you on that. I haven't looked in a while either. I'm curious myself. You've made me want to get the answer to that as well. PokerStars New Jersey is averaging a whopping, you ready? This is a very, very successful site. A whopping 130 cash players. (laughs) Whoa. I needed an applause sound effect for that. 130 cash players. That's pathetic. That's the average. Now, believe it or not, that actually puts them ahead of the other New Jersey sites. Uh, WSOP.com and 888.com, which are combined, they have an average of 110 cash players, not that far behind PokerStars New Jersey, and then uh, Party Poker Borgata, 85 cash players. It's a bunch of fail sites. They are now lagging behind WSOP.com in Nevada, which has 170 cash players average. Now, admittedly, there's no competition. They're a monopoly over there, but still. I guess it's not technically a monopoly because there's real gaming and their fail site in Nevada, but they never have anyone on. Like, literally, there's like zero people on most of the time. Like, why is it even running? Why are they even bothering? Why not just take it? To, it's never had anyone on. I don't, does it ever have a game running ever? I don't think so. So... Uh, that's in Nevada. But yeah, the Poker Stars New Jersey, 130 cash players. And this has been up a while now. This is not uh, what's well, been up for like two months. Almost two months. This is going nowhere. It's it's on the fast track to nowhere. That's where it is. I, I knew it too. I wish I could have wagered money on it. All these people are saying, oh, it's going to be uh, huge. It's going to restore online poker to the U.S. Everyone's going to be excited. People are going to move to New Jersey and play there. People who uh, hadn't signed up for uh, WSOP.com and 
Party Poker, they're going to sign up in New Jersey. Now the Poker Stars back. Nope. The best it ever did, it peaked at about 175 average players. And then it's been flat at around 130 for a while now. They've never averaged 200 players. Never. This is pretty sad. Can you imagine all this effort to get into New Jersey and 130 cash players? Now, I know people are saying that's just their entry point. Once they operate successfully there, then maybe they can get into California and that'll be lucrative. Okay, fine, but I'm just saying, underwhelming. Not very good results. Definitely not making money for them compared to everything they put into it. I think the state-by-state online poker is generally a fail. Maybe California will work out because its population is so big. California's population is about to be 40 million. Maybe that'll work out. But most of these other states, unless we have some states combining, I don't mean like Nevada and Delaware. I mean like some big states combining. This is going to be a failure. This is from 716, by the way. Hey, Druff, big fan. Polish Prince from Buffalo, New York. Do you guys ever get into poker strategy? Also, what's a good average for cashing in tournaments? Like, what percentage is great, good, average, etc.? Thanks a lot and love the show. We don't do much strategy here. Uh, most of the listeners here are not here for strategy. They're here just for poker gossips. They're here for poker news. They're here for just general shooting the shit back and forth between me and the co-hosts. That's what they're here for. Uh, this isn't really a strategy show. But I'll give you an answer on your other uh, question about what's the average for cashing in tournaments. Well, the World Series this year, I don't know if I've talked about this much lately. I've mentioned it before, but uh, 15% of people will cash this year at the World Series instead of 10%. But at most tournaments, about 10% cash, which means if you're an average player, you'll cash about one out of every, every 10 times. But it's not just about cashing, and that's what you need to get out of your mentality. Especially if you're a regular tournament player. If you're at the World Series, I could see like there's the psychological effect of just not wanting to go there and you know, break all 10 events you play and go 0 for 10. That's just demoralizing. It's depressing. Uh, but if you're playing regular tournaments especially, you shouldn't be obsessed with cashing because honestly, to get past 90% of the field and only get about double the money you put in is not very good. That's not uh, – you're not getting paid for how well you really did if you're min-cashing. So you shouldn't be shooting for min-cashing because when you're min-cashing, you're getting very much underpaid. As you get deeper into the tournament, you get more and more overpaid to where the winner gets really disproportionately paid compared to how well he did. Now you could say, well, he got all the chips. Well, he got all the chips because the, the blinds went up so fast. That's the only reason he had all the chips. He wouldn't have every chip in the tournament if they never raised the blinds. So the deeper you get in a tournament, the more disproportionate pay you're getting. I mean, you could sit there below average stack the entire time and still finish second and get big money. That doesn't seem fair, does it? You're never really winning compared to other players in the tournament, and yet you finish second and get a lot of money. That's You get overpaid is the bottom line. But if you're min-cashing, you're getting underpaid. And if you're just missing min-cashing, you're really, really underpaid because you're getting zero. 
So now I do believe there's a rationale to wait for the bubble to burst. People always criticize that. Oh, you know, why are you trying to wait for the bubble to burst? You should be brave. You should just shove it in with anything. No. If you're really very, very close to the bubble bursting and the difference is between min-caching and having zero and your stack is really, really small, then you're probably better off waiting until the bubble bursts. If you, if you have a good stack, though, then you shouldn't be afraid of the bubble. Then you shouldn't be terrified that you're going to run into a big stack and lose it all just before the bubble and, and you're not going to cash. It's frustrating, but you shouldn't worry about that. If you've got a decent stack, you should worry about winning the tournament and you should take advantage of the bubble. If you've got a very, very short stack, then it makes a lot more sense to just kind of wait for the bubble, assuming that without a miracle, you're not going to get much past there anyway. But you shouldn't be shooting for cashing. You should be shooting for winning and final tabling. That's the way you should be playing. If, you, if your strategy is to go fold, 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 and hope you make the money, and then breathe a sigh of relief and say, okay, well, now my work is done here, then you're approaching it the wrong way. You shouldn't be shooting for min-caching. I've told the story before about the $5,000 Limit Hold'em event in 2012, which was my first event that year, too. And with 19 people left, they paid 18 Minimum was eight eleven thousand dollars they were going to pay out. I could have easily folded to the money. I could have easily folded to the min cash. I wasn't big stacked, but I was. Uh, I had enough compared to the short stacks where I could just wait for one of them to bust. Instead, I played four hands, lost all four, and busted nineteenth. Very painful, but I didn't regret it because I played four good hands, and I played all four of them well. To be honest. I just lost all four. I lost the minimum on all four, but I lost all four. So I said, I, I don't regret this because I was playing to win. I was playing to win the tournament. I was pl- playing to get chips and to win another bracelet. And I said, next year I'm going to come back and avenge this. And I did. Next year I came back. I finished fifth in that event. Anyway, that's my answer. Now, full tilt, uh, let me give you the actual statement about their closing. I've basically told you what's going to happen. But uh, let me give you their actual statement on this, which I should have had up, but as usual, I'm going to produce the show during the show and get the actual statement from PokerStars. They said, Full Tilt players will receive a VIP status at PokerStars based on the level of play they achieved at Full Tilt, even if it's higher than what they have at PokerStars. Interesting. So, you're basically getting the higher of two statuses, which is nice. So, if, if you're a low status on Stars and a high status on Full Tilt, you'll get the higher status. If you're a low status on Full Tilt and a high status on Stars, you'll keep your high status on Stars, so you can't lose. Unused real money ring game tickets and bonuses will be converted to real money dollars and added to your account. Bonuses will be prorated based on the progress achieved towards completion. So let's say you had a $1,000 bonus that you've, uh, you need to earn a certain amount of uh, points to release and you've earned 70% of the way. They're not just going to say too bad, now you get nothing. They're going to give you $700, 70% of 1000 That's fair. That's the way they should do it. Players with unreleased bonuses purchased in the Edge Store will have the full tilt points used to uh, to purchases those bonuses refunded. <laughs> That's 
Is that in English? We'll have the full tilt points used to purchase those bonuses refunded. I have no idea what that means. Someone needed to proofread, proofread that statement. This is directly from PokerStars. <laughs> I, I got to decipher this now. Now I'm, now I'm curious. Players with unreleased bonuses purchased in the Edge Store will have the full tilt points used to purchase those bonuses refunded. Even if you change purchases to purchase, it still makes little sense. Uh, oh, I see what they're saying. Okay, I get it. I, I just I just deciphered it. They're trying to say that if you've bought a bonus but haven't earned anything towards it, they're just going to kick back the points you used. That they're not going to. There's nothing to prorate because you haven't earned anything towards it yet. So if you've if you've purchased a bonus but haven't played anything at all towards clearing it, then they're just going to pretend like you never you got it and give you the points back from it, which is fair again. A single account will now be used across all of Amaya's gaming platforms. So now you can use this account everywhere, including the Full Tilt skin of PokerStars, PokerStars itself, BetStars, Stars Draft, which is their uh, their fail uh, fantasy site, and Duel. I don't know what that is. But anything Amaya has now of that gaming group, you can now use that same account everywhere. They're just consolidating everything. So that's what's happening. Good news is you're not going to lose anything. Good news is they're being fair about it, which Amaya is not always known to do, as you've seen with the Supernova Elite Miss. Mr. Wallace in the chat, I don't really know who he is, but uh, he is here because he wants to hear about the Asian jerk shop. He wants me to skip ahead and talk about the friend of mine that went to an Asian jerk shop in Los Angeles and the the confrontation he got into there involving tipping. I can't do that. That's one of the general topics that will be towards the end of the show. If you, if you want, you can just turn off the show. I don't encourage it, but if you want, you can turn off the show and download the archives when I'm done and then just skip kind of towards the end and you'll find it there. Let's see what else the chat is saying. How many times has he told that min-cash bust story? <laughs> Probably a few times. Crypt says, Poker news is literally the worst. This is fucking boring. Going to watch the NBA game. Okay, go ahead and do that. Uh, this, this is called Poker Fraud Alert Radio. This isn't uh, Asian Jerk Shop Radio. You should be happy that we have those topics at all. You go listen to any other poker show, they're not going to talk about Asian Jerk Shops. The 2 Plus 2 Poker Cast with Adam Schwartz and Terrence Chan, they're not going to talk about Asian jerk shops. I guarantee that. I, I don't think Mason would go for that. Okay, so at least you get that over here. I may produce the show during the show. I may show up late. There may be other fail. But, but at least we talk about those topics. Okay. Let's move on to the next topic, though. We will get past the full tilt topic. Uh, one, uh, actually, one last thing. Uh, apparently, uh, there's still 1,500 unprocessed full tilt refund applications that they're still looking into after all this time. So not everyone's been paid yet. And according to Haley Hints, about uh, 38 million of that 150 million has not been distributed yet. They've only paid about 112 million out to players. 
And if they don't pay the full $150 million, guess what happens? Yep, the government keeps it. So they're, they're going over these final claims of the fine-tooth comb. Apparently a lot of them are pretty large claims. I guess the average claim was about $2,000, but the last 1500 are much higher than that on average. And I have to imagine some of them probably are BS. Some of them probably are people that are just trying to see if they can get a fast one by the government claiming that they had uh, 100000 in there when they really had 2000 I'm sure there were some of those people. And... There's another problem that's going on, and this one is not the player's fault, and that people were wrongfully labeled as affiliates, and it was decided by Garden City Group, the ones that are processing the full tilt refunds, that affiliates will not get any of that money back because it was money that they made supporting the illegal enterprise of uh, full tilt. The problem is anyone who is misidentified as affiliates, and this happened to a number of people, they're still fighting to get their money. They're still trying to prove they were not affiliates. It's, it's kind of hard because they go, you're not an, you're an affiliate, so we're not paying you. And you go, wait, no, I'm not. They go, okay, prove you're not. Well, how do you prove you're not anything? What if I came to you and said, I'm about to take you to jail because you are a child molester. Let's say I was a police officer and could do this too. I'm taking you to jail because you're a child molester. You go, what? No, I'm not. I've never molested any kids. And I'll say, well, prove you didn't. Prove to me you've never molested a kid. You'd say, I can't prove that. I can only prove – you just can't prove that I have because I haven't done it. But uh, you you can't really prove a negative in many cases. You can't prove you haven't done something. I cannot prove that I haven't killed someone. So these people had to prove they were not affiliates, which is pretty dumb. So that's still in process. So there's still 1,500 applications that are pending. I know someone personally who got a disputed amount of money back. It was it was based on a cash out they said he received close to Black Friday when he really didn't receive it. So he had to go through a long fight about that. But they, finally, finally, uh, years after he first submitted this, they approved it and he got a surprising uh, check in the mail. He's one of the lucky ones. The other 1,500, they're still fighting for it. So good luck to them. All right, let's talk about the glass houses story. I I always get fascinated when scammers like to call out other scammers before it's known that they're scammers too. I don't know if this is out of guilt or or out of uh, jealousy that the other scammer is better than they are or uh, some sort of weird self-hatred thing. Like, in a way, they hate themselves. Not really feel guilty, but in a way, they kind of hate themselves for being scammers, and they feel like uh, they have resentment toward other scammers. Almost like the closeted gay thing I told you about, where maybe someone who's gay and in the closet hates themselves for it, so they want to torture other gays for that reason. It may be something like that. I I don't know the psychology behind it, but uh, this does happen, where people who are career scammers are often the first ones to call out other scams. And they're not lying. It's not like they come out and and falsely accuse people of scamming. Usually the reports about scamming and cheating coming from a scammer are accurate. That's the funny thing. They actually make accurate reports. They blow the whistle properly on actual scams occurring by other people that they have nothing to do with. So we had one of these, and uh, at the time this was not known. Last year at the World Series, there was a very... uh, 
unfortunate story about uh, a guy named Valeri Ukoka. You probably remember this. This was a card marker who had been banned from other tournaments before for card marking and cheating. We talked about him on the show at length during the World Series. This card marker was playing pretty much like a super user at the 10K Heads Up No Limit event at the World Series in 2015. It just seemed like he always knew what you had. If you if you were strong, then uh, he was folding. If you were weak, he was raising you. He always seemed to know what you had. And it was also weird because uh, he wasn't a known premier heads-up player, and yet he was getting so deep. And everyone who played him just felt like their soul was being ripped. They just felt like they, they could never get it right against this guy, that he always saw through everything where they were doing. Turns out it's because he was marking the cards in some way. He'd been in trouble for that before. So here people had suspicions, like, oh, I bet this guy's cheating. Then they go look him up. Oh, look, he's been cheated for mark. He's been uh, busted for marking cards before. So that it pretty much fits together really, really well. Uh, the players handled it very stupidly at the time. And the World Series handled it stupidly in that uh, they spooked him. They kept changing the deck. They were, they were doing too many things to make it obvious that they were onto him. So at that point, he stopped cheating, and, and he lost... But uh, they never got to catch him. The smart way to catch someone like this is to tell everyone to pretend it's business as usual, let him do the, his usual BS with the card marking, and then as soon as the player is pretty sure that the guy is cheating, have him call for a halt to the match, security will run over, confiscate the cards, and then they will analyze the cards for marks. And once they catch them, then they can disqualify him, ban him from the World Series, not pay him, etc., etc. Arrest him. But they couldn't do any of these things because uh, by the time they took the decks, he had already been spooked and he wasn't doing it anymore. So very stupid. They handled it really, really dumb. But that's not the point of the story. The point of this story is that this was brought to the public's attention on June 4th, 2015 by a poster on 2 Plus 2 named WUG Markup, the WG Markup. And he just, uh, he didn't make a big deal about this. He just posted a few uh, tweets that others had made. brought it to everyone's attention and said, sounds like the accused is Valerio Coca, which it was. Now, Valerio Coca, they, they couldn't prove it against him. So he actually got paid. I don't know if he's allowed to play this year. I hope he's not, but it's possible he is. You know, the World Series does have a right to refuse service to anyone. The World Series can say, we just don't want you here. We don't have to give you a reason. The only thing they cannot do is restrict someone for uh, a discriminatory reason. So they can't say, we hate black people, so you can't play because you're black. Or uh, we hate women, you can't play because you're female. Or we hate old people, you can't play because you're old. You, you, they can't do that. But they literally can say, we just don't like your personality. We think you're a jerk. That is legal. They can say they think you're a jerk and not let you play because they think you're a jerk. That, that is a legal reason to bar you. So they could bar Valeria Ukoka even without evidence Smoking gun, smoking gun evidence that he cheated. They have to pay him when he wins without evidence, but they don't have to let him play again. So I hope they're not allowing him to play. I haven't heard if they are or aren't. In fact, it would be a good question for them. 
But this Wug Markup guy turns out that he is not exactly living a pristine life himself. There are reports that Wug Markup, whose real name is Shakib Kazimipur, he plays as Shaq Kaz, N Jaguar, and Haha Live Pros online on different sites, that he is a big time scammer himself. There's a poorly written expose of him on a site called CasinoWorldMagazine.com. And when I say poorly written, I don't mean it's inaccurate. I think it's probably all true. But uh, it's just kind of hard to follow. But if you scroll to the bottom of it, and you you can get a link to that by going to the Scam Scandals and Shadiness Forum on Poker Fraud Alert and look at the thread called Glass Houses 2 Plus 2 Poster, who called called out Cheater is a scammer himself. Here are the things he's accused of doing, this uh, Shakib Kazimipur. Currency exchange. Shaq, and by the way, this is not referring to Shaquille O'Neal or Beth Shaq or Dan Shaq. This is uh, Shakib Kazimipur. Shaq would offer to exchange currency for you at market rate for seemingly any realistic sum. But then it would take weeks to get your money if you ever got it. So it looks like what he was doing was uh, he would say, hey, who needs currency exchange? I'll give you a great rate, better than the banks give. And you go, oh, cool, okay. So, and he'll do any sum that you want. And then he probably free rolls you at that point. So if the uh, if the exchange rate moves favorably for him, then he'll give you the money. If it doesn't move favorably for him, then he'll just keep it because he, he doesn't want to pay you out at the, the rate which has benefited you. That's... What I'm guessing. I, I didn't get the exact details. There's got to be something like that. Maybe, maybe he just took your money, but it said he'd pay you weeks later, so I'm guessing he was just waiting to see what would happen. And then, depending on which way the currency moved, if it moved where it helped him, he would pay you. If it moved where it hurt him, he'd just keep your money and never pay you. Floating action is another scam. Shaq would buy your action, but not pay you for it unless it got to a point where he would lose that action unless payment was received. It was often that players would get paid if they make it to a point where they're likely to cash. So this is what uh, I'm talking about here. Let's say I'm at the beginning of a 1500 No Limit event at the World Series. And Shakib comes up to me and says, Hey, Todd, how about I buy a piece of you in this event? And I go, No, 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 I've already sold all the pieces I want. I go, No, 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 here, I'm going to give you a great deal. How about I'll give you a, a 1.5 markup of it? Everybody else has a 1.2 markup. I'll pay you 1.5 if you sell me uh, 10%. So I go, okay, I can't really turn that down. That's, a, that's an insane markup. Okay. But he says, oh, you know what? I don't have the money on me. So I'll, I'll pay you later, okay? I go, okay. Well, if I don't cash, he just never pays me. If he sees that I'm getting deep, if he texts me and says, hey, how are you doing? I go, oh, you know, there's only about five people left to the bubble. He goes, oh, hmm, okay. Well, hey, I'll be right down with the cash for the piece I bought of you. So again, he's free rolling. He's only going to pay you for the piece he's buying of you if you're about to cash. Another scam, ghosting action. It is believed that Shaq was overselling some events. That's a a trick learned from TJ Cloutier. And then punting off his stack. I know he was offering different packages to different people and wouldn't play all the events. So he was doing two things. Uh, First of all, he would be selling more than 100% of himself. And then, of course, losing on purpose. So this way uh, he doesn't cash and have to pay out more than he gets paid to him from the tournament. 
T.J. Cloutier was known to do that to get uh, money for craps. So he was known to do that, which is a common scam. And he also would sell uh, action for events that he's supposedly going to play and just never register for them. Just keep the money. Selling side action. Shaq would buy a package from someone and then sell percentages of his action to that play- of that player to others. I'm not even sure if he owned the action that he claimed he was selling. So this is a new one. I've never heard of this before. Let's say Shaqib approached you and said, hey, you know what? I actually have 30% of Todd Wotelis in the 1500 limit hold'em. And he's a good limit hold'em player. He's the 11th all-time in limit hold'em caches in the World Series. You want a piece of this guy? And you say, oh, hey, no, that, that does sound good. Hey, I, you know, I'll sell it to you at even money. I'll just, I'll just sell it to you. Just, uh, I'll sell half of you at even money. It's just, uh, you know, fifteen percent of uh, fifteen hundred dollars. That's uh, two hundred twenty-five dollars. Just give me that. You own fifteen percent of them. You go, oh, cool. So, you give Shaq two hundred twenty-five dollars. You think you own fifteen percent of me in that event? Then I cash, and you come up to me, and go, hey, Ty, where's my fifteen percent? I go, what? A guy, what are you talking about? I never sold you anything. He said, no, 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 Shaqib's 30%. He sold me half of it. I go, I, I never sold anything to Shaqib. So <laughs> that's pretty much what he was doing. Either that or he really was buying action from people and just reselling it. Uh, but, I, but I doubt that was... I, I don't think he was actually reselling action. I think he was just uh, selling action he didn't really own. That makes sense according to the context of his other scams. Then, of course, just the very simple... Loan non-repayment scam. Shaq would borrow money from players to play an event or a cash game and then just disappear. <laughs> Very straightforward and easy. A lot, a lot easier than uh, selling action of other people's that you supposedly own. And then the old fake bank deposit scam. Let's say he wants to trade money with you. He wants to buy money from some poker site or whatever. And you go, okay, but I, you know, I, I always make others send first. So put the money in my bank, and then I will send you the money on that site. So Shaqib would say, okay, I'll do that. And then he'll send you a screenshot of, uh, of a deposit. But it turns out that screenshot's fake. Or... He would send you a fake cashier's check that he would deposit on your behalf. He would show you a cashier's check, say, send you a picture of it, say that he is sending, that he's going to go put this in your bank. You then wait to see if he has put this in your bank. You see that it has put in your, been put in your bank and you feel safe. So you send him the money and lo and behold, a few days later, it turns out it's fake and they take it back out of your account. If you would confront Shaqib about this, he would say it's the bank's mistake. So he really ran the gamut of poker scamming. He came up with every scam possible. <laughs> the only thing he didn't really do was uh, send uh, Trojan horses to people's computers and uh, superuse them. That's really the only thing he didn't pull. He pulled everything else. Uh, 
supposedly the amount he scammed from people was about uh, $300,000. So this isn't just like small-time stuff. I know I was citing like random examples of small numbers, like $225. I was just making those up. People are saying that, uh, yeah, about $300,000 got scammed by him. So watch out for Shaq, Shaqib Kazimpour. Shaq Kaz and Jaguar Haha Live Pros. Do not deal with him. But interesting how he's posting about other scammers. I've also wondered if people sometimes post about other scammers because it makes them look more legitimate. I will say it kind of does because like I will sometimes if I need to do a transaction with someone they don't know, know me that well. I will cite the fact that I've been on 60 minutes fighting poker scams, on been on CNBC fighting scams, uh that I have a site called Poker Fraud Alert which fights poker scams. Like I I cite that as a reason people can trust me. So I I guess it kind of works. Seven seven five fraud fifty five seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. Dark Star just wrote in the chat: if Every fucking mosquito decided to get out from the rain and hang with me. Hmm. Yeah, it's the time of year the mosquitoes come out. That's that's the problem in a lot of these areas where uh, yeah, it, it finally warms up in places like Chicago where it's. Uh, Bitter cold the whole winter. It finally warms up and you go outside and the mosquitoes get you. You just can't win. That is actually why I lived on the East Coast for a very, very short time as a kid. I was not born in California. But my parents got tired of the situation. And these were people who lived on the East Coast for for their whole lives. And they got tired of it. They got tired of the winter being cold and the summer You'd be eaten alive by mosquitoes. They were tired of it. And apparently, <laughs> Chicago is cold too right now. It's uh, 50 degrees and raining. So it's not winter cold, but it's uh, colder than you'd like it to be on May 11th in Chicago. Which uh, you know, May is is usually a nice time of year just about everywhere in the country. If you want to travel in the United States, most places. You can go to May and be safe weather-wise. It's not going to be too cold, not going to be too hot. The The only exception are some of the really cold places like Yellowstone. You want to wait a little later. But everywhere else, May is nice. Same with late April for the most part. Same with October. Same with late September for the most part. Otherwise, uh, unless you don't mind bad weather, you, you've got to always look at the weather of where you're going. Some areas like uh, Los Angeles, it's fairly nice most of the year. Though Some people think Los Angeles is like Florida. Some people believe that you go to L.A. in December, it's going to be 80 degrees outside and 70 at night. And then you, you get there and the high is 59 and the low is 38 and you go, you go at the hell. Like, <laughs> you, know, you were expecting to sit at the beach uh, and, and you see it's not what you were expecting. So L.A. does have a winter, but it's a mild winter. 
But at least there's like no time to come to LA where it's very unpleasant outside. Whereas other areas of the country, it can be like oppressively hot and humid in the summer or bitter cold in the winter. So like I will not go to Florida in the summer. I won't go to anywhere in the south in the summer. I won't go to New York in the summer. Uh, I won't go to anywhere in the north, whether northeast or northwest or anywhere that's cold in the winter. I don't go unless I'm going to ski. So those type of places I got to go in the spring or the summer. May is usually a time of year that you can feel safe going anywhere. But uh, I guess Chicago is not that nice right now. Bobby Orr saying 60 degrees in Toronto and clear. And that's at 12.30 a.m. So that's, that's pretty good for 12.30 a.m. Taking a look at the NBA, I see Portland's giving a hard time to Golden State. This is with Curry. Hmm. I almost bet on that. I almost bet on plus 13.5 for Portland. I thought I thought they were going to put up a fight. I thought they weren't going to just go down and get slaughtered, but I thought maybe they will too because it's got because uh, Curry was so good at the end of the previous game. I thought just Curry may just come and destroy them, but uh, they're hanging tough. Toronto up three two in their series in the East. I'm sure Bobby Orr is happy about that. He's from Toronto. Okay. Talking about PayPal. Where's Brandon, by the way? It's 930. Where the hell is Brandon? I text him. Are you coming on soon? I'm getting lonely. I was listening to the call to listen line when I was walking the dog the other day, and I heard one of the episodes that I did alone last year. And I actually thought I did a pretty good job. I'm like, you know, this is pretty interesting. I, it, it's not the same dynamic as when I have Brandon there to go back and forth with. But I'm like, yeah, I, I did a pretty good job myself. But at the same time, it's just much better when I have a co-host. It really is. Yeah, I'll tell you why I feel so lonely. There's, there's nobody tonight. There's nobody. There's, there's no Brandon, at least not right now. No Northern California guy. He's driving or whatever. I don't know where Trey Daruski is, probably drinking tea or taking care of his dog. Nobody's called into the show. I think at the very beginning we got some calls when I was doing the agenda and I didn't take them. But uh, since then, no calls. And we get, usually get a good deal of calls during the show. I don't take them all, but it's uh, no Team MLK. Like Everyone's just, just away tonight. I don't know where they are, but everyone's just away. I don't think it's intentional. They're just not here. Everybody usually interacts with me here is not. And the ratings aren't bad. I'm looking at the ratings. They're fine. Like they're a little lower than usual, but they're, they're fine. Ugh. Okay, I'm, I'm going to put this aside. To be honest, let me tell you something. Try doing a show like this sometime, especially a long show, by yourself, without interruption. You're going to find it's very hard with no interaction from people. To just sit and talk for hours, even with a an agenda, a guideline, whatever. It's a tough thing to do. It's a lot harder than it seems. Yeah, not even a call from Marty yet. I, I thought I'd get like a drunk call from him about Trump. Not even from him. 
Okay, so here's about PayPal. We'll go on to talk about PayPal. PayPal closed my account on a Sunday of all things. Sunday morning, they sent me an email that they're closing my account about a month ago. And they claimed it was for gambling. And it was really odd because I didn't use them to deposit to any online poker site or any online sports betting site. Nothing. I didn't use it for that stuff. I did not violate the terms they said I violated. But they decided that uh, I was, quote, gambling. I even tried to explain the free roll to them. I said the free roll is not gambling. The free roll is something people enter for free. It's a contest. It's a free contest. That's all it is. It may be poker technically, but it's not poker for money because you're not risking any money. The worst you can do is break even. You don't ever give me any money. I only give you money. The problem is there's no appeals process. Like I told this to them, the guy's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I understand, but uh, you can't appeal this with me. You've got to uh, email it to such and such address. And of course, you email that address. They just ignore you or send you a form letter. So it, it says when they ban your account that it's been final. It's final. They don't, uh, no negotiation, it's over. So even though I didn't violate any of their terms, I did not use PayPal for gambling, legal or otherwise. They decided I didn't close my account. Now, fortunately, I found out that uh, you're, you're not disallowed from getting another account. It's just that particular account is closed. So that's how I have another account there. I'm not, I'm not using an account of my dad's name or anything. It's, it's in my name, as you'll see if you do a transaction with me. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just being more careful what I do with it because uh, I, I don't want to get that one closed, too. But they know I'm on there. I, like, I didn't sneak back on there. Trader Risky, hello. Hey, Draft, how you doing? Did, did you hear my call that I was uh, lonely and needed someone to hold my hand? I heard it, and, you know, a little tear dropped from the eye. I had to call in. I, I thought that may actually affect you. I'm going to turn you up a bit. You're a bit soft. I'm going to turn you up. Okay, so I, I thought there actually might be a response from you if you were listening. Because you're, you're the type of guy who will hear something like that and say, well, I feel bad about this. I, I've got to keep him company. Yeah, no, and I had an event tonight, and I was trying to, yeah, it was tonight was a disaster. I had to fill in for someone, so I was planning to call in, but then you know when I heard the uh, when I heard the story about no ho- no co-host, I had to expedite things. Yeah, no co-host, no calls, and uh, you know. By the way, I think I have an idea where Brandon might be. Oh no! I guess I, I guess it was wrong. I won't even say it. I, I was with him. I I was. He said he. Yeah, he was. We're supposed to do radio. Tonight. No, he said he got a family call. So okay, I'm not. Gonna, I, I thought it had to do with the, with the Golden. I thought maybe he's watching the Golden State game. He bet on it, but it's not what it is. I mean, he may have bet on it, but I don't know. I I, I guess that's not what it is. You know, I, I bet on two things today, and I, I I really took it up the ass on uh, the San Francisco game. I saw I could get San Francisco the Giants at home with Bumgarner pitching. Against Detroit, not to, against Toronto, not Detroit. For minus one and a half run line for plus one eighty five, meaning I win uh, one hundred eighty five dollars for every hundred I bet. So I'm winning much better than even money, almost two to one, if I win. Only gimmick is that I have to win it by two or more. But I thought with Bumgarner pitching their home and they're following a day before where they lost, I, I thought I thought they're going to easily win by two. Or at least, uh, at the very least, it was a very good value bet. And sure enough, just like I expected, they were up four to one going into the eighth inning, and they have a very good bullpen, San Francisco. So I go, okay, 
I got this one. Good bet. Nope, they gave up two in the eighth, one in the ninth. Game was tied, they moved to extra innings, and I knew I'm screwed because in extra innings, they're either going to lose or they're going to win by one. The only way they win by two is if they hit a home run, and they ended up winning by one by a run being walked in. So they won the game 5-4, to four, but I lost the bet. So I was frustrated with that. I also had a bet from earlier on the Dodgers with uh, Kentai Maeda pitching, and Dodgers are at home, but you know they, they just can't hit these days, so they're, they're losing 4-2. to two. They're probably going to lose them both. But the reason I'm mentioning this, Brandon has said that uh, he also got screwed today on a baseball game in the late innings, and he said, you know, I shouldn't be betting on these games on the day of radio. It puts me in a bad mood. Now, he got out of the bad mood because he made an NBA bet that won, that actually won more than he lost in the baseball game. So he was not in a bad mood, but I was thinking maybe he made a big bet on the Golden State game and was like wanted to concentrate on that instead of radio. I, I guess it's a family call. But yeah, I I thought of that, and I like I wonder how the Dodgers are doing here. They're losing four to two, so it's got a chance, but I don't know. It's not looking the best. So yeah, uh, I had the same thing with the Cubs yesterday, minus one and a half, up eight four the whole game, and then gave up three. Yeah, that's a killer. That's that's brutal. Oh, speaking of the Cubs today, like I I saw the two big underdog bets for San Diego. It a double head. They had a double header there in Chicago. And I'm like, does San Diego really have a chance against Chicago in Chicago in a doubleheader? Like, it's a pretty big underdog line, so you get like two to one or more on the bets. But they didn't have their best pitchers going in Chicago. They didn't have uh, Lester. They didn't have Arietta going. So they had Lackey and, and Kendricks, I think. So I thought, you know, I I might place bets on both doubleheaders, and if I split them, I still make some good money. And if somehow I win both, I really do well. I win like four to one. But I didn't do it. I just thought, I just thought, ah, the Padres are going to get swept. I know it. They're going to get shut out. They're going to get swept. I know it's going to happen. So I didn't I didn't bet, though I came very close to doing it. And, of course, they swept the doubleheader. <laughs> so, the Cubs were 25-6 and six coming into today, and, and uh, they got swept at home in a doubleheader by San Diego. So, uh, anyway, enough of the sports talk. Uh, so PayPal, here's their, their uh, here's a statement from, or, or an article from CalvinAir.com about PayPal. Online payment processor PayPal announced that it will soon stop protecting payments for transactions related to gambling in several countries. Hey, I, I don't want them to protect my payments. I, just, I want them to just stop banning me. Uh, PayPal ceases payment protection for online gambling in the U.S. and Canada and Brazil. Uh, the online payment processor recently issued a statement where it outlined the changes it will make to PayPal protections policy and user agreement, impacting buyer and seller protection as well as dispute resolution. According to the company, gambling, gaming, and or any other activity with an entry fee and a prize will be included in PayPal's updated list of ineligible items for protection starting June 25th in a number of countries, including the United States, Canada, and Brazil. Aside from gambling, other items that will no longer be eligible for payment payment protection includes payments or crowdfunding platforms and payments made to any government agency. Now, you may say, big deal, that's just payment protection. I don't really need that. Well... It's also just against their terms. So basically what they're saying here is not only is it against our terms we can ban you for it, but now if someone cheats you with it, we're also not reimbursing you. So if you're gambling with someone and then they stiff you and go, oh, this person just stiffed me. They didn't pay back the uh, – you know, I, I sent the money to bet on something with them and they didn't pay my winnings. Refund me the money. PayPal will say, F you, we're not doing that. Uh, this is against our terms. And we're banning your account. 
So, and by the way, there, there was another thread posted on Poker Fraudler of someone who did get stiffed in this way, where someone owed them three hundred dollars and they got they got scammed for sending money, like trading money on a site for PayPal, like on a poker site for PayPal money, and the PayPal money was sent, and the person never sent the money on the poker site. And I said they should call up but not mention gambling at all. They should not mention a poker site. It's like if this ever happens to you, never mention to PayPal that you did anything re- re- possibly related to gambling or not only won't they help you, but they will probably close your account. So don't ever admit that to them. But uh, what this really affects is daily fantasy sports because now people who try to use PayPal for daily fantasy sports, one, won't have any kind of protection, and two – they can get their accounts closed for doing it. So they're saying any other activity with an entry fee and a prize. So basically they're really making it clear that they think daily fantasy sports is gambling. That's, that's the main reason they're doing this. If they're saying, we're not going to get into this whole skill versus luck debate. What is gambling? What isn't? If there's an entry fee and then if there's a prize and you can potentially lose that entry fee, guess what? It's gambling. That part I agree with, but... Uh, I don't love how they're policing the gambling. Basically, I, I don't know why they're doing this. PayPal should just disallow things that are illegal. Anything that is legal to do where you are, you should have you should be able to use them for that. That was one of my arguments to PayPal is I did nothing illegal. I did not engage in any kind of illegal gambling. Nor did I even fund any of the legal gambling sites with my PayPal account. What's interesting is even by their own terms here, something with an entry fee and a prize. Does the free roll have an entry fee and a prize? No. It has no entry fee. It has a prize. No entry fee. Anyway, they're really, really trying to put their foot down against online gambling. First with a mass banning of a lot of people associated with poker, including me, last month. And now the stricter terms as far as payment protection and a better definition of what gambling is. Uh, I, I think what was making them go to these changes was the fact that people were sending money on PayPal with payment protection to make bets of some sort. And then when the person would stiff them, they would go to PayPal and say, okay, I paid my payment protection fee. Give me my money back because the person stiffed me. Because that's basically PayPal, if you send money buying a goods or service, there's fees taken out, but then they're giving you protection. So they're saying, no, we're not anymore. Not for this. Now you can send money to, quote, friends and family on PayPal for free with zero fees. But that never has the protection. There's some limited protection if there's fraud involved. But it's not guaranteed. Now they're excluding gambling or any form of gambling completely from any guarantee. So if someone scams you and you claim that they have to pay you for the protection, they say, "Uh uh-uh, no, we don't. But PayPal just wants away from a gambling. I think they think it's a headache. I think they believe it's something they just don't want to deal with. They don't want to get in the middle of it. They don't want to be out money because someone stiffs someone else gambling. They don't want to have to constantly evaluate the legality of what they're doing. 
They they just want out of the whole thing. They just want anything that looks anything like gambling. Uh 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 uh. Let's just stay away from it. That's that's their attitude. They're a very hardline company too. I've also heard that PayPal has been investigating recently any large transactions going between people who send money back and forth and stuff with each other. They're afraid that those transactions could be shady in some way, even if they're not. Even again, if these are just people uh, paying each other related to business or whatever, they they demand for you to prove to them that this is all legit. And if you cannot prove to them to their satisfaction that these payments back and forth are legitimate, again, they will close your account. And when they close your account, you have six months to wait until you can get your money. That's also pretty brutal. They claim it's for the reasons of allowing the person, anyone you may have cheated, to get the money back. But I don't believe that because that should only apply if there's a suspicion that you're cheating people. If you're just violating their terms, then why hold it for six months? Who's going to come back for the money? So they just hold up. They just like holding up your money because they just hope you'll forget about it and they'll get to keep it. It's always been kind of a crappy company. I've I've never liked PayPal. Never liked them. I reluctantly use them because they're really uh, the only service of its kind that everyone uses. But I hate their customer service. I hate their policies. I think they're very hard line. I think they have very overly strict policies that are often really not there for good reason or overutilized. I just don't like them. Seven seven five fraud fifty five seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. Looking at the chat. Someone's saying that Brandon right now is out paying $50 for a happy ending massage. <laughs> I mean, it could be. It could be that this family call thing is BS. You know, it could be that he's getting a happy ending massage. Maybe, maybe my list of topics got him thinking. Hmm. I haven't had one of these in a while. Well, it won't take that long. I'll just go do it and uh, tell him I got a call from my family. Frank Rizzo said, I hate PayPal's Indian customer service. How may I be helping you? Actually, when I've called PayPal, I've got a mixture of Americans and uh, foreigners. They're not as bad as some other places with that, but they are just not very empowered to do anything on the phone. I'll skip the Women's Poker Hall of Fame topic because that I really want Brandon to be part of. He has a a lot to contribute to that one, believe it or not. So I'm going to go to Hasib Qureshi as our next topic. Hasib Qureshi, known as Dog is Head, was uh, a professional poker player who was very shady. We talked about him last week. Uh, the first scandal he got himself caught up in was the Jira scandal. Jira was a Portuguese poker player, a young guy, I think he was... Uh, 21 years old, something like that. He called him the poker prodigy. A guy who just rose up very quickly out of nowhere 
under the tutelage of Dog is Head, supposedly, learned how to play a strong no-limit cash game very quickly, seemed to be crushing at the tables. He was uh, promoting himself pretty heavily on 2 plus 2. Everyone was all excited about uh, the poker prodigy who was taking the online world by storm. Only problem was it was all phony. Hasib was using Jira as a puppet. The actual Jira didn't have much poker skill. The actual Jira, it was kind of like Millie Vanilli, if you think about it. Millie Vanilli, that uh, group in the 90s, in the late 80s, that uh, was very successful for a short time until it turned out that they were lip-syncing their songs, that the two guys who were chosen just because of their, of their looks and the image that uh, was desired for the group, they were not singing any of the songs, that the songs were being sung by some much less attractive people who were never seen. So a similar thing has happened, or did happen, with Hasib Qureshi and Jira, that, that basically... Uh, Hasib Qureshi was no, you know, he wasn't that excited. He was kind of young himself, but he wasn't, uh, he wasn't as young as Jira. And, uh, he wasn't a fresh new face in the poker world. He, he didn't have the story that he invented for Jira. So he, he made this puppet, Jira, a real person. But he wasn't doing much, most of the play on that account. Most of the play on that account was being done by both Hasib and, uh, and Jungle Man, Daniel Cates. And uh, it's unclear exactly what the motivations were. It does seem like they did it somewhat to get action from players who wouldn't play them in Heads Up No Limit. It also seems like they were just uh, doing it to get uh, promotional gain for Jiro. You know, whatever Jiro would gain from promotions, uh, they would keep a piece of. So it was uh, they, they just created a persona of a young poker player who rose up out of nowhere and excited everyone uh, to trick everyone, basically, and, and gain financially from it. So you guys already know that story. But uh, the story that really broke it all out was when Lock Poker, back in April 2012, had a promotion where whoever wins the most money on the site in the month of April 2012 would get their picture on the front of Bluff Magazine. They'd be on the bluff cover, and they would get a $10,000 World Series of Poker main event seat playing for bluff. Pretty good prize. On April 30th, Jira, who's actually uh, either losing or very slightly ahead for the month, so nowhere near the leader, who I think was up about 95000 for the month. Jira played a mysterious player who'd never been seen before under the name Sam Chuan, but it was not the real Sam Chuan. Heads up at a very high-stakes match, and Sam Chuan lost in very obvious fashion $100,000 to Jira, which just barely put him over the top of the contest, and Jira was the winner. Obvious chip dump, obviously cheating of that contest. Lock Poker, of course, being as shady as they were, closed their eyes to it and pretended like uh, it was legitimate, awarded Jira the prize at first until they were uh, shamed by the poker media into not doing so and reluctantly took it away from him on a technicality. They never admitted that he cheated. Uh, Jira was a lock poker pro at the time. So why am I talking about this now if this occurred in April 2012, and we've talked about it several times on this show? Well, Hasib Qureshi 
he got in the news recently because he was on a, a Yahoo article basically bragging about all the different software firms competing for his uh, programming expertise. And the way he became a programmer supposedly was by taking a boot camp course from a thing called the App Academy, where he claims he took their boot camp course, learned how to program through that very quickly, and then actually took a job with them because he liked the App Academy so much. And now he's become such a great programmer that everyone was fighting for him. Well, an article appeared in Yahoo News about this, about the negotiation process he did to get a supposed 250K job coding for Airbnb. We had a caller who works in software call in here and say this all sounds like he's full of crap and there's there's got to be more to the story and I have to agree. Seems like a promotion for the App Academy more than anything else. I mean, it definitely was a promotion for the App Academy. The question is how true is it that he even got a real job at Airbnb? But uh, he, he decided to appear on the Chicago Joey Poker Podcast, which is interesting because not Jira. Um, Hasib has been out of poker for a long time. From all the different scandals he got involved in, he he quit the poker world. He said, "I'm I'm gone. I'm leaving. I'm out of here." And he left. He basically got shamed out of poker. And he could have stayed, but he he decided that the stress was too much for him. He's quitting, and and he did stay away for some time. So now, after that article appeared and people started talking about him again. He decided to appear on the Chicago Joey Poker Podcast, which is very strange for someone who is really out of poker. Like, yeah, we're talking about him, but why should he care if he's out of this community? So Chicago Joey, before uh, I play pieces of it, Chicago Joey is a very easygoing host of his podcast. He, he's not like me. He's not uh, critical. He's not one who questions people. He's not one who confronts people. He's not one who's very opinionated. Uh, he's known for throwing softballs. He gets a lot of people on who are relevant to poker news at the time. He's very good at, at booking guests. But if you want to hear like a hard-hitting interview, like he'll, he'll get people on there that are involved in controversy, but he will never hold their feet to the fire. He will ask very milquetoast, easy questions and let them just speak for themselves. I'm not trying to bash Chicago Joey here. I mean, he'll probably admit this too. He's just not confrontational. He's not someone, he's, he's not going to put these people on and grill them. He's not going to ask the tough questions. He's not going to call them out when they lie. That's just not him. So I'm sure that played into why Hasib chose to go over there. I don't think he'd come on this show. So what amazed me is that Hasib, who claims that he's changed so much, he's claiming that not only you know, has he changed, but that he, he gives away most of the money he makes to charity. He calls it the, the earn-to-give method, that you're, you're mainly taking a job to earn money to give away to charity. Sounds very, very noble, right? Instead of earning to enrich yourself, you're earning to mostly give to good causes and only keeping the minimum for yourself to live on. What a nice guy. Do you believe that a longtime scammer, cheater, liar, who was in so many different scandals in the poker world during the short time he was there, do you believe this person has suddenly turned over a new leaf and is now earning to give with his salary something that even good people don't do? No way. <laughs> and I mean, also, just I mean, just the fact that when have you heard that anybody at a company 
talking so publicly about how much they're getting paid. I mean, could you imagine the drama at Airbnb? That's a good point. I, I, he's, you know, I mean, uh, what, what? You're paying him this? I'm getting 80K a year. <laughs> that's now, a what? Great, he's getting 80? I want this. That's a great point. That's a great point. And, uh, you know, I didn't even think of that, but that's a great point. It's, it, why isn't this pissing off the other employees there? Unless, oh, yeah. unless they're being told, look, this is all to promote his thing. You know, he's not really getting this. He just wanted us to say he is. So, you know, his, his, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe they calm them down that way. But yeah. No, but the, yeah, then the wife, what? I read this article. You're only getting this. <laughs> getting that. I mean, the, yeah, it's the, the drama in this one. I mean, I guess we're going to hear what actually happened. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I still don't know what the story is with that, but. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, I, I thought that was odd too. Like, he's just giving out his. Sal- I didn't think of the implications of the other people. I just thought it's kind of odd. Like, most people don't just come out and announce what their salary is when they work for a company. Uh, it's it's one thing if the CEO or something, but uh, you know, as a programmer to come out and announce what your salary is can yeah, really can cause a lot of drama, especially since he's new there and claims he just learned how to program from an app academy. So, right, they're just like how out of whack. I mean, you worked in software. Uh oh, we're we're, we're we're losing connection with you. Is, is, no, yeah, I'm going to call you right back. Something went wrong with Trader Ruski. Just as he was getting going here. I'm going to try to blame it on Skype. Hey, Drop. Uh, yeah, something's. So, so, no, it's, I think yeah, it's on your end, the uh-huh. internet. I think the internet may not be good either on your end. Probably on your end. I'm going to blame well, it on yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just. I turned off my Wi Fi because so I'm going to have to leave and come back. So I don't want to have a drop. But, um,. You know, even even just, I mean, you remember when you were a software engineer, right? If you yeah. were software engineer one, you got paid between 60 and 65. If you're software engineer two, you got 70 to whatever. You know, that's just how they have to keep these things kosher in these companies. And for this guy to say that is just ridiculous. And not only that, but uh, as, as the caller said last week, he had never heard of someone just starting out with that salary as their first software job. He said, that's insane that... Uh, that they and you know how special could Hasib be? Even if you want to say, okay, he learned quickly. He's a smart guy. He he learned how to code very quickly. Somehow he was he, he was such a quick learner that he was able to pass these tests and and come and come out with a high score on these programming tests. There's a whole lot of good coders out there. I mean, so even if he did something amazing and learned how to code much faster than other people have, and became very good at it quickly, that that doesn't make him overall better than. So many other really good uh, programmers who would work for like half of that. So it it doesn't make no, any for sense. Sure. I mean, even during like the dot com when everything was, you know, when they were desperate for people, I mean, they, they'd end up having to give these people, excuse me, director and vice president titles just so they could give them the money to take them from whoever they're taking them from. Mm-hmm. So then you had all these software companies, you know, that had 20 directors when they only <laughs> needed three. Yeah, and they also gave some like stock options too to to account for that too. But that's not what he's and, and he was claiming that some of this was like uh, what was it? some kind of options and stuff. I, whatever it was, it seemed like he was getting way too much, and there seemed to be it seemed to be like an like an ad for his app academy there that he's definitely part of in some way. So I'm going to jump right now to the I think 23 minute mark here, and you can listen to. What he has to say about the whole Jira situation, how he explains the chip dumping. Okay, so so this is like a really common thing in the poker world. Like I've gotten staked before. This is Hasid, by the way. Uh, most professional poker players I know, even ones who are really, really big, have gotten staked at some point. 
Um, not necessarily because like they are broke or they don't have any money, but because it just like uh, alleviates the psychological pressure of having to perform, right? It's like, all right, I'm losing money, I'm losing money, I'm losing money. I just want to, I just want to not lose money anymore and just be able to play poker without worrying about losing my own money, you know? Um, and there's something like obviously, I mean, I don't think it's hard to understand. Something that's very psychologically appealing about playing with someone else's money. Uh, and so I was like, all right, cool. You know, you're a good player. You know, Jungle and I would be happy to stake you. Uh, and so we end up staking uh, Jose. Jose, I asked Roddy, like, man, you know, whenever games oh, get short, I'm, so, like, I'm sorry, I was trying to skip. I was trying to stop it, and I skipped it. This is a fail. Let me jump to the. Let me jump to the right part. Gotten staked before. Uh, most professional poker players I know, even ones who are really, really big, have gotten staked at some point. Um, not necessarily because like they are broke or they don't have any money, which is worth 10k. Still, something holds true, but the. I mean, I don't think it's hard to understand. Something that's very psychologically appealing about playing with someone else's money. Uh, and so I was like, all right, cool. You know, you're a good player. You know, Jungle and I would be happy to stake you. Uh, and so we end up staking uh, Jose. Okay, that was the point. So, sorry for the repetition. So Jose is Jose Macedo Jira, the one I was talking about. So he's talking about how they ended up staking Jira. Not not that they he, – he's not – Doing a mea culpa here. He's not saying, yeah, you know, back in, uh, back in 2012, I, I created like a puppet. I, 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 uh, I did this whole little thing where I, I found this kid who was a poker player and I said, hey, I'm going to blow you up huge. And I actually played on his account to show that he was winning when he actually in reality wasn't that good. We were trying to pump him up. We were trying to build hype for him. No, he's not, he's not explaining what he did back then. He's, making up stories to excuse what he did back then and trying to just make it sound like it was a staking arrangement. But listen listen to the rest of this. And keep in mind, I'm not playing stuff from four years ago. I'm playing something he just did a few days ago. This is this is Hasib, who supposedly is a changed man, peddling this BS again a few days ago. So the, the way in which we stake Jose, uh, so we end up chip dumping him money on... Uh, the site that he ended up getting sponsored on, which was called Lockpoker. Um, and so it turned out around the same time that we were chip-dumping him this money, and we chip-dumped him the money because Lockpoker didn't have transfers. And- I don't believe that. I, I didn't. I never played in Lockpoker. For all the talk I've done about Lockpoker, I've... Well, I shouldn't say I've never played. I've just about never played. The last time I played there was probably uh, 2009 or something, just, like, just when they opened. And I didn't play much. But I believe they've had transfers the whole time. Uh, maybe the chat room can help me. Uh, Trader Risk, you have any knowledge of this? Whether they had transfers in April 2012? I'm pretty sure they did. Oh, I think we lost Trader Risky. Well, no, no, I'm I'm here. I'm here. Was that a question? For that me? was yeah, a question. Do you know if they had transfers there? No clue. No clue. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to assume they did. There was there was a two plus two trading forum for lock money that that goes before that. Like, how are people trading money if they had to do it by chip dumping? I don't believe that. So, yeah, I don't think they did. At least for the last few years, maybe early they did, but uh, yeah, I don't think they allowed it. I mean, I think it was similar to Bovada. Oh, you, you think there were no, no, there, no you, you don't think there was there was transfers? I think there was transfers. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. I think they were, but I think they cut it off. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure, but it's not that important. Even if there weren't, that doesn't make the rest of what he's saying true. But he's claiming that the reason they dumped the chips is because there was no transfers. That, that's the first time I've ever heard him use that explanation, too. I, I'd never heard that excuse before anyway. I think he's inventing this. Hold on. I have a call here. Maybe this caller can answer. Caller, you're on the air. Hello? Yeah, is this China? Yeah. Hey, what's up? Yeah, hey. So uh, do you know if there were transfers on lock in, uh, in 2012? I don't 
think there was, unless that unless they were on Revolution. Then, if they were on Revolution, then there were transfers. But I think right before they left for Revolution, when they were on the Merge Network, Merge stopped transfers for everybody somewhere. Maybe a few months before that, I think. Oh. So okay, so maybe it's possible. It's right po- then, there weren't transfers, but I still don't believe the rest of his story. Here comes the, here comes the rest of what he's saying. I don't know. I don't know what transfers are like now. I mean, it's like four or five years since I was playing poker, but back then, on a lot of like non uh, top poker sites, like the transfer policies are really, really restrictive. Wait, why was um, the, why, why wasn't he playing on Poker Stars at that time? Um, why wasn't he playing on Poker Stars? Uh, let me see if I can, I can remember why. I think like I mean I, I know that Lock Poker was like a lot easier than than Stars and he yeah. like, I, I know why he wasn't playing on Poker Stars because they he wanted to multi account and and play play as Jira and he knew Poker Stars would catch him he knew Lock was uh, much more lax about their security knew the regs there you know they were more fish um, it was just software games and like he was also I can't remember what, like I mean he was sponsored there right he was like one of their top pros so he this got some kind of Black Friday right so this was two thousand ten two thousand eleven. It's pre and post Black Friday because Lock okay. Poker wasn't shut down on Black Friday. Right, right. Um, yeah. So, um, so anyway, so we end up chip dumping this money. Uh, it turns out at the same time this chip dump happened, uh, there was some kind of competition going on on Lock Poker where Lock Poker was being tracked, um, and they were being tracked because there was this competition. Normally, it wasn't. It wasn't like an untracked site. Um, so again, I don't know if this is still something that holds true, but you know, uh, back then there was like uh, poker table ratings, which basically was like scraping uh, all of the major poker sites and like spitting out the results of players who are winning or losing money. Um, back then, the only sites that were basically being scraped were like Party Poker, Poker Stars, and Filter Poker. So basically any other site was effectively anonymous uh, except for, you know, the players who were actually literally playing at the table or observing that table. So uh, so we assumed that Lock Poker obviously wasn't being tracked, so it's like, all right, cool, we can strip them this money. It's not something we need to like be uh, sheepish about or like we have to worry about. Um, Later on, people would ask, like, why didn't we find some other way to give him the money? Um, well, he was he was 17 at the time, uh, and so all of his bank accounts were in his mother's name. And so, especially given, like, the stories he told us in the past of, like, his extended family, like, defrauding him, and also the fact that we didn't know his mother, uh, and it's just, like, some Portuguese lady, uh, we were like, okay, we trust you, Jose. I don't know your mother. I don't know. See, this doesn't even make any sense, because... He was playing like five ten no limit on there. Why would you ever need to dump him a hundred thousand dollars? Have you ever heard of anyone needing a hundred thousand dollar bankroll on a site to play five ten no limit? No. <laughs> so this isn't even making any sense. Uh, Jiro was not a high limit player on there. In fact, that was one of the big reasons, uh, among many, that this was such an obvious cheat cheat and such an obvious chip dump. Is that uh, Jiro when he won this money on the final day of the contest? Played at super high limits, I think uh, some really high PLO game or something that he never otherwise played. And they're like, look, he's like a 510 no limit player. He suddenly plays something many times higher than he's ever played and wins 100K, which, which they're admitting was a chip dump, but they're claiming they were giving it to stake him. Right. They're, they're going to give a 17 year old $100,000 that he doesn't need for 510? Right. That, that's very likely. Especially large. on the. Uh... Wasn't it the day before the promo ended or right. something? Right. So that's what's so outrageous about this is that. Is that the promo was from, or the contest was from April 1st to April 30th, 2012. On April 30th, Jira is almost $100,000 behind the leader. Jira has basically either broken even or very close to it, and the, the leader has almost $100,000 profit in, in uh, that month. 
and they dump him a hundred thousand to barely get ahead of the current leader and let Jira win the contest. And and some Hasib's trying to tell us that this is all a coincidence. It just so happened on April thirtieth that they happened to want to dump him a hundred thousand, which just happened to put Jira a tiny bit ahead of the guy who would win first place in that contest. It, it's just all a big coincidence. And when Jira won the contest, uh, he took credit for it instead of saying, "No, no, no, you know, that, you know, maybe you shouldn't let me win this. It was really just." Uh, uh, them transferring money to me here, like not nothing. But uh, even if you want to say that Jira, being a kid, you know, was was willing to take credit for it uh, for the win, he's trying to say that he was trying to give a five ten player a hundred thousand dollars, and it just happened to be on the last day of the contest, and it just happened to be the exact amount Jira needed to win the contest. Come on, Hasib, come on! And this is four years later. He just cannot tell the truth about this. Well, and this is why I don't believe for a second that this guy is earning to give or any other stories he tells that make him look like a wonderful human being. He's not, because if he was, if he was a changed man, he would get on this Chicago Joey podcast and say, Joey, I screwed up when I was younger. Four years ago? And Hasib's not an old guy, so he could even use the excuse, uh, hey, I was a kid then, I was dumb, I've grown up since then. It's only been four years, but I've done a lot of growing. Whereas someone like me, I couldn't say, you know, I'm 44, but back when I was 40, I, I was a kid then, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, people would laugh at that. But but he could say it because he was pretty young at the time. I think now what is he like? He, I think now he's like twenty eight. Back then he was twenty four or something like that. So it's a uh, uh, he could have used the I still had growing up to do excuse, but he isn't. Uh, but that's what he would do if he really had changed. He would come out and say, "Let me tell you what I did and why I did it and why I'm ashamed of it," and he would tell the whole story. And I, I think the real story was something like they're sitting there on April thirtieth and. Hasib gets a light bulb above his head. He's like, damn it, why didn't I think about this contest? Wow, this could have been a huge promotional tool here. And we blew it. We blew it. We didn't, uh, we didn't, uh, we didn't win this thing. We've got to win this thing. It's the last day. We've got to win this thing. Okay, here's what I'll do. I'll dump 100000 to you. And that'll put you ahead. And uh, he's probably right that the, the poker table ratings wasn't tracking. He probably thought that's why they'd get away with it. So it was a dumb plan. Because people were seeing the leaderboard and saw how Jira rocketed up on the last day. But he's still here four years later trying to defend this. And that's why I'm talking about it this week, because this week he defended it. This week he, he returned after a long absence from poker and is still peddling the same BS. You know what that means? It means he's the same guy he always was. Your family, I'm not going to fuck with that. Like, I'm going to give this money to you, and if you lose this money you're accountable to us, you know, and it's like within the poker code, you know what I mean? Uh, and so we are like, yeah, this, this seems to be the, the, the approach that makes the most sense. Um, so what ended up happening was that there was a competition going on then called the Bluff Challenge. And the Bluff Challenge was like this thing on uh, Bluff Magazine, I guess, was, was running this thing. And uh, the idea was the person who won the most money that month on Lock Poker would get on the cover of Bluff Magazine and get a free seat to the WSOP, which is worth 10K. Um, so partially, uh, part of his winnings were like a significant portion of his winnings were from this chip dump. Uh, and Jose ended up topping out that list. Um, and so if he won, he actually wouldn't be able to get the WSOPC because he's underage. So he wouldn't get that. He would just get on the cover of Bluff Magazine, which I don't know what you think that's worth, but whatever. Um, he ended up getting disqualified because when Lockpoker did an investigation, they uh, they figured they found out that uh, someone else had logged into his, his account at that time uh, from some other IP. Uh, the person who logged into his account ended up being Jungle Man, uh, who like played some session of PLO after Black Friday, 
that was essentially what happened. Um, so there's, I don't know, like a few hundred hands that Jungle Man played. So these are all, these are all pivotal pieces. I, I, seems like kind of granular, but they come back into play in the Jigiro scandals. That's kind of why I'm laying them, the foundation out now. So, uh, so he ended up getting disqualified and the next person in line ended up winning, uh, the thing and they got the, the seat and they ended up getting on the cover of Bluff Magazine. So, so we were like, okay, cool. That, you know, uh, we were really worried about like this chip dump getting exposed, making it seem like we cheated and then like losing this 100K and just like all the fucked up shit that would have happened. Like, cool. It seems like this thing just kind of resolved itself and fine. We don't really give a shit about Jose getting on the cover of a magazine. Um, so then, uh, after Black Friday, we decided we are going to go move to Portugal because Portugal is like cheap. It's a cool city. Lisbon seems like a really awesome place. Uh, and we're like, you know, Jose is the only person we really know well who lives in Portugal or who lives in Europe, right? And so we're like, cool, we'll go live with him. It'll be Jungle, myself, and, and Jose. Uh, and we'll just live together and, and grind together. And we'll... Jose is really annoying me. <laughs> it's Jose, not Jose. How does he not know that? How does he not know it's 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 Jose, not Jose? <laughs> uh, anyway, I like how he just brushes this off like, uh, oh, you know, it happened to be a, a contest, and you know, here it won. But then we we were worried we'd get in trouble, lose 100k, and then he ended up a bluff. But no, they just kind of dropped the whole thing. No, that's not what happened. He was going to be on the cover of Bluff, and then there was massive outrage about it. There's a big scandal about it, and then uh, only because Locke is so shady that nothing got done further, other than. Reluctantly disqualifying him, and uh, this whole thing about moving to Portugal—it's it, just nonsense. That, uh, that you know, maybe they were trying to continue the scam in some other way, but and I'm not even going to play that part. It's it's not really relevant anymore. But someone tweeted to me that I should listen to all two hours of Hasib talking. There's a two-hour, ten-minute podcast here, which compared to this one is not that long. In fact, uh, tonight. Our intro was two hours and ten minutes. <laughs> but uh, someone said, I need to listen to all two hours and ten minutes in order to talk about him accurately tonight. And I said, no. I can't stand listening to two hours of this guy. It's just lie after lie after lie. and It's, just, it's like infuriating to listen to because he's talking to you like he's just dropping obvious facts on you. Like he's being straight with you when all he's doing the entire time is lying. And spinning things. It's stressful to listen to. I'm just going to jump to a random part. I'm just going here's, to... Here's, I haven't even heard this part. I, I've only heard small parts of this. I thought the Jira part was the best to talk about because that's so obvious. I got something kind of, I got something kind of funny to add to this. Okay, um, go ahead. I was, I was listening to uh, Jungleman on Chicago Joey's podcast a few days ago, and um, some of this stuff came up, and Jungleman told a story about how him and... Uh, Hasib were trying to get it. They were going to some country or something to play poker. I don't think it was Portugal. It was just, it was just some foreign country or whatever. And uh, he kept telling Jungle Man like before they like, you know, they went up with their passports and all that shit before they allow you in. Like he was telling them, Jungle Man, we have to lie to these people and tell them the least amount of information about ourselves, or they're gonna shut us down and blah blah blah. And like Jungle Man said, it's the only time he's ever done that, like going into another country and like. Uh, whoever the people, you know, the um, the border people just, like, took them in rooms. They were there for hours upon hours, then they finally let them in, but <laughs> he said it was just kind of, like, shady the way he wanted to do that. Yeah, everything you know? everything's shady. Of course, Jungle Man's kind of shady himself, but uh, here, let, let's jump to a random point, 108 in the 210 podcast, right in the middle. Let's hear it. But, like, I, you know, in a way, like, I sort of tolerate it. 
the gambling aspect of poker and the uncertainty aspect of poker. But I would have loved poker much more if it was deterministic, you know. And I feel like most poker players, that's probably true for them, you know. There are many poker players for whom that's not true. But I'd say probably most professionals, like, yeah, I'd, I'd actually like it more if, like, poker were more like chess. Okay, so th- this is just uh, this is him being a philosopher now about how most poker players they would just prefer if it was all skill and could take luck out of it. Every poker player would prefer if they just had average luck the whole way through, and and just you won if you were the best player that you lost if you're the worst player. And, and he wishes it was that way. I think this is when he was talking about the stress of poker, why he he left the game. It was it was too stressful. Let's see. Let's let's jump to another point. Oh, did we lose people? We lost everyone. Somehow we lost everyone. Trader Risky, welcome back. Yeah, now I screwed it up. Uh-oh. So I think I knocked everybody off, so my bad. <laughs> I don't think you could do that. I didn't think you could do that, but all right. Yeah, I mean, I think I try, and then it screws everybody up. But, you know, <laughs> when, when, when is it going to be the day with all these scumbags, and they see them walking down the... You know, in the Amazon room, or walking down the hallway, and they just just punch him in the face. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I've wondered when you that's going to happen. Yeah, I it, mean, it, these scumbags, and you know, I think getting this guy fired from uh, Airbnb would be a good start. Yeah, you know, why? Well, okay, I'm not going Airbnb. I, I'm not even gonna get involved in that. Like, I, if someone if someone got him fired, I wouldn't cry for him. I wouldn't say, "Oh, poor Hasib, he didn't deserve this." Uh, I. Because it's not related to poker, I don't have an interest in, in uh, following him around and, and trying to ruin every oh, – we lost Trader Risky again. He's got a pretty bad connection. But you know, I don't have an interest in following him around and trying to ruin every job he gets. Uh, if he tried to get a job in poker, I wouldn't be happy about it. But uh, at, at the same time, if his past exploits got him fired from any further position he took in or out of poker, I would think that would be fitting. Here, here's another part of the podcast. Uh, a lot of it was just that like the, the founders uh, – like. They, they thought that I'd be a good person to give responsibility to, and that like I had good, good judgment. I uh, I'm sure he's talking about the App Academy now. Yes, well, about a lot of I mean, that... if, you're, if you were talk to him a lot, I mean, you, you're a pretty convincing person, so I could understand that. I mean, just listening to you, I'm sure they're like, oh, this, I mean, it makes sense. You know, I can definitely it makes yeah. sense. I mean, the thing is, like, I was working very closely with them during the time that I was like in those three months when I was. Yeah, so he's talking about the App Academy. I think really what happened is he got involved with the App Academy, and he probably came to them and said, look, you guys are not utilizing potential. We can really blow this thing up huge, but you've got to give me a piece of it. So they probably he, they, he probably talked them into it, and he said, here, let me, let me do a whole thing where I'll, uh, I'll promote you guys. I'll make it seem like I was a, a student who rose up the ranks and, and got something so big so quickly and – uh, make other people want to come here, and who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to go there to the App Academy with no programming experience and come out with a 250k job? I mean, that's, that sounds great. So, so he's he's talking there about why they promoted him so quickly within the App Academy to be uh, a manager there, or whatever he is. And he's talking about that they that the founders liked uh, his vision, his attitude. I, I don't know. It's, it's all BS. So he, he just rambles for about two hours about himself and. I haven't listened to all of it. I've just kind of jumped around like I'm doing now. I just don't have the patience. I think he's not that relevant anymore. I kind of feel bad in a way of just talking about him on the show for as long as we are, because this is someone who left years ago and is just kind of returning now. But 
you know, I, I didn't want to listen to. I didn't want to invest two hours in listening to the guy. And it's not really entertaining. It's just kind of infuriating. Here's here's another piece. Whatever you ascribe to be the cash value of those RSUs, right? So if, when I say like you know 50k in RSUs, that means that the cash value at the current value of this company, if it got sold, oh, he's, he's talking about what the, the salary is getting. Okay, I, I've heard enough. <laughs> you get the idea. I mean, he's just sitting here talking about himself and making himself seem like a a great guy, successful guy, a driven guy, a generous guy. A moral guy. None of it's true. The only thing I'll give him credit for is being smart. He's got it. He's got a brain, but uh, he's very, very shady. Seems like a pathological. Yeah, he's he's got a brain to scam people. Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's he's a pathological liar. He's a scammer. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Yeah, Drew, it's Kawat. I figured I'd just call in because you're talking about Koreshi again. Keep going. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I'm about done talking about him. You want to you want to give your take? Not really. I'm I'm kind of with you uh, from the point of view of you know whatever. Guy's a dirtbag and he's uh, you know he does whatever he can where wherever he is to promote himself well beyond you know what he should be. He's probably a narcissist in some ways. Oh, very you know? much. Yeah, very much so. And and yeah. really, the, the the real takeaway from this whole thing is if you want to give him any credit for changing, any credit for for moving on to doing something productive, blah, blah, blah. If you want to give him any credit, don't, because he has still not owned up to past mistakes. And, in fact, he's still making excuses and telling lies about what he did in the past to this day. He goes on a podcast about poker, something he hasn't been a part of in a while, just to tell lies about his past and make up excuses for everything he did. That's not someone who's changed. It just isn't. Well, and what he's doing, you know, and I, we, we're speculating about the details of... Uh, what's going on with this app Academy stuff, but it certainly smells like, you know, he's doing a similar thing in that, you know, he's doing something semi truthful, but not entirely truthful in, in order to promote himself. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it can come from like a competitor. Like, does anybody watch the uh, Silicon Valley show? No. Yeah. Oh, he watched on it. HBO. It's hilarious. Right. So remember when they, Remember when they hired the guy from uh, the main company and they paid him outrageous money because they're like, oh, we're going to get this guy from the competitor. And he's just like brain dead. Right. You know, that yep. something like that, that could be realistic. But some guy that takes a course and then, you know, the, it's, it's totally. Yeah, and then everyone's competing for him. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, it, it sounds like he went in there and. Managed to, uh, you know, use his silver tongue to talk them into taking him on as a, uh, you know, a, I think he did marketing directing there for App Academy or whatever. Um, and then they probably hatched this, you know, I, I get, he probably was looking for a real job, but I'm sure that this is a uh, promotional piece. And I'm 100% sure that that article that was on Yahoo is one of those paid promo pieces. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All the, everything, everything he does has an angle to it. That's the problem. Everything the guy does and says has some kind of angle to it. You can't trust anything he tells you. You can't trust anything he posts or says. Everything is not what it appears. And it's it's very infuriating to listen to someone like that. It's very infuriating to deal with someone like that. It's very infuriating to talk to someone like that because you just yeah. always know they're not giving you the whole story, and it, it's very annoying. And it's uh, it's just someone you absolutely cannot trust. Yeah, and I've known people like that, you know, in my in my life that 
when you first meet them, they, they sound very convincing and all that kind of stuff. But then you realize that there's just a bunch of bullshit, right? Yep. There's just no hot air to it. And I don't have a whole lot of tolerance for that, you know, but it's, that's the thing is someone who is very, uh, you know, silver tongued in, in this way, they'll, they'll definitely convince you, you know, if you just met them or the first couple of times around or whatever. But yeah. after you see the pattern of behavior, you know, to just discount pretty much anything he's saying. Yep. And surprisingly, there's a few people in the thread on, on, on Poker Fraud Alert who are saying, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's, he's got a real job now. You give him credit for it. Maybe he's changed. Maybe he is giving to charity. I'm going, no. <laughs> no, he's not. And if he is giving to charity, he's giving to charity as part of some kind of greater scheme to make more money on the back end. There's no way he's just giving to be nice. So, the long, the well, long I mean, con. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a long I mean, it could be a long con, certainly, but he's definitely the kind of guy who, if he is giving to charity, it's a hundred percent just to uh, make himself look better. Right. You know, I mean, it's not it's, out of any uh, real desire to to help the people. It's and, it's with you know, some, maybe maybe has. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, it's of some belief. Like, if he gives five dollars to charity today, he's going to make twenty dollars somehow down the line because he gave five dollars today. That, that's that's what he's doing. So it's yeah, got to be something like you that. Know, trying to rehab his image or, you know, who knows what, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he, maybe he does have a real job now. Uh, and maybe he actually is going to, uh, try to do something productive, but I, I wouldn't trust the guy. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Okay. Well, th- thank you, Kyle Watt. And we thank you for your, uh, input again. And, uh, you was very valuable last week when you told us here, I thought you had a lot of good insights and, uh, this is Kyle Watt who, who, uh, the, the Hello, guy... is this thing on? Yeah, it's on. And Brandon Drexel Gerson, <laughs> welcome to the show at, uh, 1030. Hey, how you doing? You so, know, I was about to say I'll hang on the line and co-host with you until Brandon gets there. Not the rat? Up. Is that you? <laughs> no, no, that's that's Cal, no. that's Calwatt. Yeah. Close. I, I'm Kilowatt, but uh, this is Calwatt. <laughs> I know that name from somewhere. He posts on the site occasionally, and uh, he he runs the Tasty Steak site. So hmm. I, I've I've met him in person. All right, nice to meet you. I know that I'm, I'm buddies with the Hanson kid. Yeah, he's, you know the he, that's right. Oh, yeah, he was yeah. on the other show. Yeah, he's, he's friends with the Hanson kid. called about exactly. the one, the uh, Arab guy. Yeah. No, he's, he's calling about the Arab guy again. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> we're, we're done with the topic, though, Brandon. We're going to move on to a topic that uh, you're going to enjoy. Listen, I'm very sorry for being late. I had a family member get into a horrific car accident in oh, Florida. Oh, boy. Oh. That's why I was late. Ouch. It's not like I'm just slacking off, so I may not have my usual... Spirit this evening. No, I understand. I'm sorry to hear I'll that. I'm trying my best. Trader Ruski, is that you? Hey, Brandon. What's hey, up, buddy. I I, uh, I met up with Trader Ruski on uh, twice. He was here this past weekend, or what, four or five days, and uh, we had a lovely meal at Spago. Trader Ruski, right? Would you wouldn't you say? Absolutely. We tell the listeners what we had and what we did we when we ordered. Had- Okay, what well, we did, we did we did uh, some business, and we had uh, the Hong Kong uh, salmon. Steam salmon. Steam salmon, and we had uh, New York strip, I think. Mm-hmm. What do we, how do we eat it? We, we, do we just kind of... We, 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 we chopped it up, mm-hmm. and then we, I think we had a side of uh, some uh, broccoli, uh, whatever, Chinese broccoli. Yep, and when the waiter was leaving, and you're so sweet, what did you remember to remind him to order for me? The oysters. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, we did that. He actually brought a, uh, a new friend with him this time that 
I guess you'd call him. Uh, he's an actor, uh, but what do you call someone that like, they play like security guard three? You know, like those are the, like oh, those kind of roles. An extra? They, is he an, an extra? Well, not really. No, he he's more than an extra. He's more than an extra. He's a, he's a, a, a bit player. Yeah. But this guy has like over a hundred roles, like in uh, what would you say? Trader Ruski is most famous. Oh, he was on the NCIS. I've never seen yeah. it, but I've yeah, heard of he it. Was on NCIS. Uh, that Charlie Sheen show, yeah, not the well, one with the men and the baby, anger but the, ma- anger management. Yeah, anger management. Uh, so anyhow, uh, then on Sunday, I brought him to the beautiful confines of the Orleans, where he partook in uh, a horse tournament with me, and he got to meet Bobby uh, Bobby Griffin. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, that's what happened last weekend. Uh, where is Northern California guy? He's in a car or something. Well, you should be careful. People I know are just well. No, getting... but he, he's not. I know, but he's not on the show. At least, at least he's paying attention to the road. So. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's uh, that's, that's really too bad to hear. I, th- I thought maybe you bet on the no. the Golden State game. No. And, and I told just... you after the the Miami. No, I did. No, but I thought I, I, I thought maybe the learn... te- I thought maybe the temptation was was no. too much. And you... you know, a lot. What, what, I don't even know what this. I don't even know what's the score right now. Is Golden State's only had one twenty four, one twenty one, and uh, but Curry's making free throws. They could probably win by a small margin, five points or so. Wait, say it, what is the score? It's one twenty four, one twenty one. Curry's taking free throws. He'll probably make the second one to be up four with eleven seconds left. So they're probably going to barely win. Wasn't Both. Portland just up by a bunch a little bit ago or no? Uh, is Portland I, I, led in the fourth quarter at all? I don't think so. I think if they were, it was very close. Wow. Still, they, they, yeah, I they, saw that thirteen and a half, and I was tempted, but you know, I made two bets uh, earlier before. You know, I'm not gambling when I hear bad news from family members. Uh, I made two bets earlier. First one I got unlucky, and then the second one I won. Yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. I, to, I told people about this, and I, I went zero and two today with that stupid Dodgers game. But lost then I just said to myself, you know what? I think from this point on, I'm not. I'm gonna for, uh, Wednesday radio is gonna be like my Sabbath. I'm not gonna <laughs> do any gambling on Wednesday because it will. It could, it could either make me very, very high or very, very low. Do you kind of know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you know what? I really don't. Uh, even worse than radio, because at least radio, I have something to talk about and get my mind off it. The worst thing for me is when I'm about to take a long drive, and then I gamble right before that and lose. <laughs> I, I hate losing like just before I'm about to take a long drive, or even the day but before. Most of us aren't driving around the country though, like you are these yeah, days. I know, but it's, it's like to drive, drive, You're and using drive. a Chase Freedom car to get gas twice in six hours, <laughs> only to be rejected. Yep. So suspicious. Is that still going on, by the way? Oh, no, of course Chase. it is. Yeah, unbelievable. You got to watch out with that Chase Freedom. So, so okay. Uh, by the way, Cal, yeah, what Cal I'm saying, though, so I think on Wednesday will be like my Sabbath, where I just don't gamble because I, you know, uh, did you explain what I had lost and what I'd won, or did no? You I, I just I mentioned that you got unlucky earlier, and then so did and, you. And I mentioned I got unlucky. Uh, believe me, I talked about myself. You know that. So yeah. you, you got unlucky earlier, and then you uh, you made a second bet, which won more than the first loss. So you're okay. Yeah, and then yesterday I got very uh, unlucky again, but then lucky. Yeah. I got unlucky in a baseball game, but then I got lucky. Uh, the Oklahoma, the the oh yeah, yeah. Brandon, Brandon made a good bet on uh, Oklahoma winning with a big underdog plus three forty. That's plus a good line, right? Only down by five. Yep. So okay. Uh, so Cal, what by have the we way, covered so far because I, I, I was well, diligent I'll, enough. Well, hold on. I want, I want to talk to Cal. What? Cal, what? You're welcome to stay on, but I know it's late. It's you Cal, what? You. you you can hang up if you want, or you can stay on, whatever you'd like to do. Oh, that's the good, the Bart Hansen's yeah. friend. The Bart Hansen's friend, yeah. The Hansen well, friend. He, he always remember the time we had Ryland on, and he called, and he was there five hours later? That's what I'm saying. He can say it, yeah. but I don't, I don't want people to think that they're like 
expected to stay here. They can they can hang up any time or whatever. Yeah. So or they can use a call to listen line. They can. Well, at some point, at some point, I got to do uh, some productive shit, so I'll hang out for a little bit. Okay. So here, what we're going on here to is the. You've done we, the intro. We just finished it. Okay. Know, the, well, I'm looking at everything now. We, we've we, we, we've done. We're on the right now. By the way, I'm next to be seated in the free roll. I was fucking pissed that I was going to miss it again. By the way, it has an, it has antes. I didn't realize this until someone pointed it out to me. I accidentally put antes in it. What well, what game is it? Omaha Eight. Oh come on! I missed it again. I, I know that I did it for you actually, but Jesus Christ! But I, I put an, no, I, I didn't take Annie's in Omaha. I know that I know that I I forgot to take them away. They were they were a leftover from the No Limit, and I forgot to take them away. You know, it's funny. Something like that similarly happened. Remember during the. Uh, uh, the or the uh, what was it the Excalibur the Luxor the uh, table what, what was it called digital poker uh, I went I played a tournament with that one guy that I'm not friends with anymore yeah and it was supposed to be a stud but they programmed it wrong and it was no limit stud which to this day <laughs> I've never ever like literally you get your door card up and you go all in like I've never seen it before it was a, you know just something with the program have either of you guys uh, kilowatt have you ever played any no limit stud no, I played no limit. I played pot limit res. So. Oh wow. Um, okay, so I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, so, 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 so please tell me what we've covered. No, no, I, I'll more get to what we haven't covered. We still have to do the women in poker. Well, why don't you tell me what we have covered? It's because Which we're past one is that. Easier? It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's easier to say. Well, we haven't. Well, we haven't done. We've the, covered more than we haven't covered, or have we covered in less the ga- than- in the gambling topics. Yes. So, so oh, women, that's easier your way. Women in Poker Hall of Fame. All the things about that we'll talk about. That's a fraud. I, I was I was waiting for you. Then the the, the Paul's Casino being sold to stations. We haven't talked about the casino bonus whoring on off strategy, uh-huh. and the uh, also the wild attempt I tried to make to get Bitcoin that only. Now I was curious. Failure. I had seen something on the fraud site earlier about some new houses made of glass. Uh, yeah, we, we we talked about them. What what where are these houses going to be located? Located anywhere a scammer lives. Hmm. Okay. So okay. Let, let's let's get to the Women in Poker Hall of Fame. So, uh, the Women in Poker Hall of Fame has existed, uh, I believe, since two thousand eight, and uh, it is not the same as the Poker Hall of Fame. This is not like uh, women in the Poker Hall of Fame. This is a separate Hall of Fame. Called the Women in Poker Hall of Fame, and I think that's kind of funny to have because it's such a a niche area of poker. So there's not even that many women who regularly play poker. I went on record to the actual head of the the uh, Hall of Fame women's board, and I said there should just be one Hall of Fame. You think like there should be part of the main poker Hall of Fame? I just think there should be a Hall of Fame. There shouldn't be a women's, and there shouldn't be a men's. There should just be a Hall of Fame. Right. So, uh... I think it's disrespectful to women that they have to... You know what I mean? They should just... It should be... Poker isn't like, you know, any other... I mean, I don't... I Still, to this day, I don't think it's a sport, although people refer to it as one. But I just think there should be, you know, a Hall of Fame. I mean, it, it's not like strenuous where, like, you know, in basketball, maybe you need to have two different Hall of Fames or other sports just because of the statistics and you're competing and... uh Poker one Hall of Fame, you know that that's I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's. I, I mean, first of all, they had to modify that Hall of Fame because it's very screwed up. The whole process we've talked about that before, but uh, yeah, this it's ridiculous. In fact, I was thinking if they're going to have a Women in Poker Hall of Fame, 
they should have other niche Hall of Fames within poker. Like, for example, I think... A limit Hall of Fame. No, I think even better. I think there should be Jewish guys over six feet tall in Poker Hall of Fame. I think not only would I be elected to it, I think I'd be a first ballot uh, inductee. What about the uh, Raz Autistic Hall of Fame? You know, we know we could put I, that I, one. I know one guy who, yeah, who would definitely be a shoe in And right, so they should have like little niche Hall of Fames for everything. It's true. How, how many Jews do you know, Brandon, in poker who are over six feet tall besides me? Do you know any? Think. I mean, there, there are a couple. Like, I know but, a couple. Not, not known but like, pros. Like, like, that's what I mean. Like, I like, 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 even like, it doesn't have to be like big, big name pros. Even like, uh, like well, a there's semi-name this guy pro. named Greg. You probably know. It's either Greg or Craig. And he plays at the Bellagio, lives in Vegas. Oh, the limit. Hold him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg. Yeah, he's Jewish yeah. and he's taller than right, you. Right, he is taller than me. He's like six foot three. You really four, know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yes, kind I of like do. A, yes. like, looks kind of like Shaggy from Scooby Doo, but yeah, you know, he, little. Yeah. Yeah, he's Jewish. Yeah, he's like, right, right. Four? Yeah, he's like six four. He's like a six four skinny guy. Yeah. So yeah. it'd be you and him as a going against each other. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah there aren't many tall Jews. Is that's something that most people don't know. But uh, I noticed this. How tall is Sandy Koufax? Uh, I don't know. He's a Dodger and a Jew. I don't know how tall he is though. I wasn't uh, alive when he was pitching. So let's see, Sandy Koufax. Let's see his, if I can get his uh, six I foot remember. two. He, he's six two. So he's. A, I remember as a joke. You know, it was derived from uh, the movie Airplane. Uh, they handed one of the passengers a pamphlet. It was called The Greatest Juice in Sports. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah. so small yeah. because, you know, now there's more. The, the Actually, you know what? That's a, good, that's a good question. Who would you even say all-time any sport would be the greatest Jewish athlete? Well, I would say Sandy Koufax is. That's, uh... I, I, yeah, I think so too. Hank Greenberg was another uh, very good baseball player who was Jewish from a long time. The guy from the Dodgers, uh, he wasn't. Sean, Sean, yeah. Well, Sean Green was, too. He was good yeah, for that's some what I'm talking he about. He was good for some time. He wasn't like uh, – yeah. he wasn't even Hall of Fame caliber. But uh, Anyway, the, uh, there are really not very many tall Jews, and I noticed this first when I went to Temple as a teenager. Uh, so what happened, my growth pattern was a little bit uh, different than a lot of other people in that uh, I started out about on pace for the height I am now when I was like 10 years old, you know, like – through elementary school, I was one of the taller kids in the class. Then I didn't have a growth spurt. So everybody had their growth spurts, and some of them were done growing at 14 or 15 or whatever. So some people were taller than me, who I ended up being like six inches taller than when we were all done growing. But I, I didn't have a growth spurt. I just kept growing like two inches a year, two inches a year, two inches a year until I was 18 and a half. Let me ask you, after doing laps in your Wattella's gold lace swimming pool daily after school, do you think that helped your growth? No, there, there, weren't, there was no such pool. I keep hearing that there is. No, I didn't have a pool growing up. I did not. But, but no, I ended up uh, – but but I, I just kind of slowly grew over time and stopped growing at 18 See, and a half. See, I didn't. I'm, once I, I'm like 5'10", five, 5'10 ten, five, ten and a half. When I got to like 14, I was done. Yeah, see, so good. you would have been – I know we're different ages, but if we were the same age, you would have been like at one point towering over me when we were in like junior high school. Yeah. And then you – then when we were 18, I would have been a good deal taller. So that's – it's uh, – uh, but what I noticed when I went to Temple – as I started to get taller towards my later teen years, I would go there and I'd stand up and I'd like look over everyone's heads. That like I was I was like a giant there, and I was like, wow, this is weird. I never thought about this. Like, Do you think is because I smoked a little bit of reefer? No, no, I just think that I think growth? just no, I just think most Jews are not over six feet. And if you go to Temple, you'll see that you'll see very few Jews. In fact, I told this to Benjamin's mom, but she didn't really know this either. And and she she said that she actually liked Jews, and uh, you know, she liked Jewish guys and. She also really, really liked tall guys. That was a big thing to her, guys being tall. Even though she's not that tall herself, she just really liked tall guys. She's a tiny little thing. 
She's I'm not gonna... tiny. No, she's like five five. That's tiny. No, tiny is like five one, five foot. That's a all right. So well. she, she's like five five, but uh, she she really really like tall guys. That's like a big thing to her. So I said, if you if you like guys who are Jewish and you like guys who are tall, there's not much competition here for me because. Uh, so I showed is there, her. Is there a big market for tall Jewish guys like that women are after? Like uh, if you say to a woman, "What do you like in a man? Tall and Jewish?" I, I get, well, I guess maybe with with other Jewish women, but uh, uh, so I I we went to some kind of Jewish like Hanukkah event, and I said, "Watch this. We're going to go there. There's going to be a lot of people here." And like, even if I'm across, even if I'm across the field here, you're going to be able to see me in the crowd. And sure enough, like she's like, "Wow, you're right. I can't believe this. Like, you're way taller than just about everyone here, and there's like like wow. two thousand people here." So that, it's funny. Like with Asians, you think of them as short. Like you think of Asians and you think, oh, these are short people, but you don't think of Jews this way. But it's well, Yao Ming changed that perspective for me, though. <laughs> well, there's, it's funny. There's a few Asians who are giant. Uh, there, there's. But there's most Jews are, are either average, kind of average height or short, and so I'm I'm unusual in that way. So I, I'm hearing something in the background. Yeah, we, we just have a caller on you. Caller, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. I was wondering, have you guys uh, ever mentioned on radio Cindy Violet's restaurant in Las Vegas? We have. No, uh, we haven't really much because well, no, none we, of us are really. We're meat and potato guys. Well, no, we've talked about it. We just haven't been there. Yeah. So, so have you been to no, it? I've, I've been there. Oh, you've been to it. Okay. So, mm-hmm. is it still open? Yeah. Last uh, World Series of Poker, I played for like eight hours with her, and she had her assistant from the restaurant come and bring me a smoothie and uh, I think some kind of nachos or a quesadilla or something like that. Uh, but caller, are you a big fan of uh, vegan food, or are you Cindy Violet's um, uh, shill? <laughs> no, no, not her shill. Um, I was just wondering if it had ever been mentioned that. Well, have you have you ever well, been there? Uh, have you ever been there, caller? I haven't been there yet, but I do want to go. Well, you should go then. I mean, it it sat for a long time, not open for a long time. It was like there, but it was not open yet. They they were like fell a, t- a little bit short of funding, and they were begging for money. It was all pretty sad. I actually thought it would never open, so I was surprised when it really got going. But I guess you got the money eventually. Yeah. So, yeah, I, re- yeah, I remember if, uh, if playing you, against her. When she- I'm sorry. Go ahead, caller. I interrupted you. I was I was playing against her when she was still begging for money or looking for money for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't know about that part. The begging, she actually literally begged. Well, there was there was a, whole, a funny thing. No, we, not, not right. No, but we, there Go was ahead, a funny no. thing on the web page for her for the site for her restaurant at the time, which we laughed about on the show. Of all the things you'll get if you donate this much, you get this. If you donate this much, you get that. It was actually kind of funny. I'm gonna text her right now. But Should we have her on radio. Uh, sure, if she wants to come on. But anyhow, um, the other thing, have, yeah. have you ever uh, talked about Hyperloop technologies out here? No. No. It's pretty cool company, and people who live in the worst places than Los Angeles or Vegas that might want to live out here should check out their uh, careers at Hyperloop. What do, what do they do? One.com. They're trying to build a high-speed rail, and it's owned by Elon Musk. So it's not a bullshit company. And they had a test today. They were able to get a train going. And they're actually hiring? A little over 200 miles in like five seconds. Really? So, so are, they, are they hiring people? Is that what's going on? Yes. Huh. Yes. For both Los Angeles, they're engineering and uh, heavy-duty stuff. And they got a test track about 25 miles northeast of 
Chalawa, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just this is some breaking news coming in. We have actually a much taller Jew than you in poker, with much bigger name too. Uh, uh, Brittany Griner's clit has brought it to my attention. Actually, two of them, but one that, that just dominates over you in every way. Eric Seidel. Is he taller than me? Oh God, come is on! He? He's like six. Is he that tall? I knew he was tall. Oh, he's very tall. I, I guess I've never stood next to him. So I'm sorry, Kilowatt. Go on. You're confusing us. There's Kilowatt, and then you meet Kilowatt. You're just you're really confusing everything. Okay, but we're talking about the high speed train to the Philippines. Uh, we we lost the caller, but it's something about a high speed train. Brandon, would you feel uncomfortable on a train that's 200 miles per hour? If that thing crashes, yeah, you, you're I've just never. I, you know what? I've never been on a train other than like you know little <laughs> monorails. I like Disney Hi. that take you. What the hell is this? Trader Ruski's making some weird noise. No, well, he no, well, he's he was talking about the Elon Musk. Project. Thank you for the call, caller. Okay, he, he was talking okay. about the Elon Musk project that where they have the, uh, you know, you put it's like the tube that goes directly to San Francisco and gets you there in like an hour, hour and a half or something. Huh. Eric Seidel, six foot five and a half. Well, okay, I guess he's way guess he's way taller than me. Okay, I guess I wouldn't be the first ballot; I'd be uh, the second ballot. And someone, uh, Phil Gordon. But I, I don't know. Did he? He, he wrote play, that he, little blue book. But he played on TV. I mean, was he really like yeah, a pro I player? Know. I think he was just a rich guy who could afford to enter a lot of big tournaments. Yeah. I mean, I said I'll give credit that he deserves to go in ahead of me in the Jews oh, over six come foot. On, of course, he's a first ballot Jew six footer Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I, I overlooked that one. That's uh, yeah, so did I. Well, the clip was the one that brought it to our attention. No, good, good job to see. It's good I didn't ban him. So so uh, okay, that's uh, so anyway. Going back to the women's hall of fame. So there's a, a nomination process that's been taking place uh, every year since uh, th- yeah since 2008 when this thing started. And uh, let, let me get back. And up. Golden State eliminates them in five. By the way, 125 to 121 finish. I didn't bet the game draft, but if I would have, I would have taken the 13 and a half. Yeah, I would have too. That's what I was. That's thinking just of doing. too many points in a playoff game. I'm sorry. It just is. I agree. I was, uh, I was, but I'll tell you, you know what, Portland, uh, if they had a, a most shocking team award of the year or overachieving award, no, definitely that, it'd yeah. have to be, be Portland because I never, you know, everyone, remember the one guy left to go to San Antonio, yep. and everyone's like, poor Portland, they're rebuilding, they're, they're going to be a pity, a mockery, a sham. And they, and, start, and they started out poorly. Yeah. And they finished fifth in the West. You know, you would think a, a team to finish fifth in the West would have to have like, you know, the, close to fifty wins, if not more. You know, just judging by prior years. But they finished fifth in the Western with a forty-four and thirty-eight record. And uh, you know what? They're not going to be satisfied. But hell, they 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 shook the hell out of the champs for the most yeah, they part. Did. I mean, they did. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's the inductees to the Women in Poker Hall of Fame. From uh, 2008 through 2013. For some reason, I don't have beyond that. But uh, here, here's what uh, – oh, I see what happened. Uh, they, they had a gap. So they, they, they used to do it every year. Then they're doing it every two years. So in 2008, they inducted Barbara Enright, Linda Johnson, Marshall Wagoner, Susie Isaacs. 2009, Cindy Violet, who was just uh, mentioned. Jan Fisher, June Field. 2010, Jennifer Harmon, Kathy Liebert, and Billy Brown, I've never heard of. Uh, you heard of Billy Brown? Downtown Billy Brown. Uh, <laughs> he used to do the uh, what do you call it? The uh, videos. Remember when MTV used to show videos? That was Julie Brown. Oh yeah. no, I don't know who this 
guy. Billy, <laughs> Billy, Billy Brown? Brown? Yeah, Billy Brown, the, the girl. Uh, t- 2011, Christy Gazes. But wait, Billy Brown? Yeah. No, I don't know who that person okay. is. 2011, Christy Gazes, Margie Haints, I don't know her, or Phyllis Carroll. That's just, has she done anything except be uh, Mike Carroll's wife? Then uh, 2012 inductees, J.J. Liu, who uh, I think she should be inducted in the uh, having uh, having babies late Hall of Fame. That I would induct her to. She, you know the funny story. Do you remember? It must have been. It was during the poker boom, maybe circa 2006 or seven, and she was heads up in a uh, WPT at Commerce. I think it was the uh, LAPT, and she started. Giving birth at the table and like getting, she was in terrible pain. And but they wouldn't postpone the tournament. Do you know this is true? I didn't know and that. Could, wow. You know, I'm going to find the article. But wow. Go on. Wow. So but, she, but she went to labor the at the table. They were worried that it could be like dangerous that she needed to go to a hospital. Oh, yeah. But she continued. I think it was almost, I'm going to say this and let's see how smart I am. I think I want to remember and say it was against Ted Forrest. Heads That's up. A, but wow. let's just. I was surprised just when I heard she was pregnant. I thought she was too old for that. But uh, and Kathy uh, Raymond was the yeah, other. But she's only like eight. I mean, Asians you can never really tell. Yeah, I don't know. So Kathy Raymond was the other one. I don't know who that is. Then uh, 2013, Alan uh, Shulman. Everybody loves Kathy Raymond. <laughs> Alan Shulman and uh, Deborah Giardina. Who I also don't know. So these are the inductees. For some reason, there's nothing listed past 2013. It's supposed to be every two years, but now it's three years. I don't understand. But anyway, uh, the induction ceremony will take place on July 5th, 2016. They usually do it at Binion's this year. They're not sure if they're going to do it at Binion's. Uh, but the, the nominee... It's going to be at the Gold Coast. Uh, is it the Gold Coast? Okay. Yes, I'm pretty sure. So the, the nominees... Have have already been selected, and uh, I had this up, but let's get let me find it. Uh, okay, here we go. I've, I found the here's here's the nine potential inductees to the 2016 class. Or sorry, seven, not nine. Seven women you had to vote. You could vote for here, Debbie Burkhead. Mandy Glogau, Karina Jett, Victoria Corin Mitchell, Shirley Rosario, Esther Rossi, and Jennifer Tilly. So those are the seven you can vote for for the Women in Poker Hall of Fame. How many people? So what, what is Ted Forrest, by the way? Oh, Ted Forrest is nominated too. No, no that okay, JJ okay. Lou. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So what did they finally stop it? What happened? No, uh, it lasted 100 hands, and then as soon as she left, they took her by ambulance to the hospital. Uh, she <laughs> How will, old was she? The difference, you can understand this. First place, Forrest won $1,125,000. For second place, Lou got 600000 That's a difference of $625,000. Okay, so what, what year was this? This was, uh, I'm looking at Wicked Chops. This was, let's see, what year is this? It doesn't, uh, 2008? I believe. Okay, so she wasn't as old as I thought she was. She was 2008. She, okay, she was only 43 then, which is still pretty old to have a kid, but it's not. I thought she was like 46 or 47. That's why I just like, I was like, what? How is she pregnant? But I guess. And the fourth place was James Van Alstyne. The one <laughs> no. guy's nemesis member. Yep, I know. So how old is she now? She's now 51, but, but she, was, uh, she, was in, in, she was 43 at the time, which is not as uh, unusual. But it's still unusual, but not as unusual. Yeah. So, uh, 
we we actually had someone on the show who had a kid at forty four, a, a woman. We uh, uh, Kim Shannon, who was on here to uh, I've heard of to, to try to try to uh, argue back uh, against uh, Amanda Musumici about the accused. Where I know scamming. Kim Shannon from? He was he played for what team? <laughs> Well, she was accused of playing for the scamming team, but, oh. uh, but she she was saying that she didn't scam. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she had a she had a baby at age forty four. I think she's not with the baby's father anymore. Really, I oh. saw something on Twitter. He, he actually sent me a, like a rambling message on PFA after she was on here, and I just didn't even respond to it. I wouldn't either. Like I, I didn't want to get even get involved. I just I said I, <laughs> she 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 was on the show. She gave her side. I was very polite to her, and I'm like I'm not gonna. I'm not going to get further involved in this. So. Let me ask you something. Someone was asking me this the other day. If we were nominated for a potty, you know, a podcast <laughs> a award, it's called a potty. But if we were nominated for a potty and say just some small little African country like that has podcast awards, would you go out there to for the, in the to the village or whatever? For I, the- I, I'd be afraid it's a trick to kidnap me and demand <laughs> ransom. Well, yeah, but you still won't even go to the Bahamas. I mean, that, that would that would be a good trick, though. Like, to, they they try to play on my radio ego and say uh, they're nominating me for a reward. I go, well, I can't, I have to show up. They're nominating me for. I'm finally getting the appreciation for the show from the mainstream. Wait, 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 wait. There's no I in team. There's no. How about a? We're not getting the appreciation. Well, you said if I was if I was nominated. Well, but no, I didn't say. I said the show. Oh, the show. Not right. you. They're not going to announce. It's not like no. It would be, wouldn't it? It'd be the whole fraud station. Well, no, it could be the an individual award. It, it could be an individual award. I don't know. Maybe, they, maybe they snubbed you. I don't know. They don't give individual awards in Africa villages for podcasts. Everyone knows that. Okay, it's I, I guess be for the whole show. I guess it's only group ones. Okay, so here, here's the the, the description of the finalists. Uh, Debbie Burkhead. Uh, it says. Uh, I, until about 2009, this is on a site called Poker. I know her very well, com. by the way. I only knew Debbie for my battles with her at the poker tables. As a lover of mixed games, I found myself in multiple stud tournaments with Debbie and played with her on numerous occasions. She's been a fixture in the poker world at both the table and away for over 20 years, a true unsung hero of women's poker that would have been largely overlooked if not for the Women's Poker Hall of Fame. So congratulations to I her. got more news. She moved to Vegas in 1995 just to play poker. Uh, she has $176,000. In tournament caches, although she's mostly, like you, a cash game player, she was national sales director for the Poker Player newspaper for 11 years. She wrote a column, Debbie Does Poker, which was an article (laughs) for 11 years that was in Poker Player magazine. She currently works for Poker Digest and works as a sales rep in Anti-Up magazine. She's been on the board of directors for the Women's Poker Hall of Fame for four years, and I've actually played in... uh, uh, what do they call like a tag team event? And uh, you know, at, at the barge, there's like an event. I forget it's what it's called, but there's like four games, okay? And then you have to come up with a team of four people, and then each person plays that one game. Like you know, someone plays Hold'em. I think the games are Hold'em, Omaha, Raz, and Stud. And then a number of years ago, I played with her. She was on my team, and uh, like she did wonderful. I mean, it just. The way she played aces and kings, it was amazing, and uh, we didn't make the money, but it was just breathtaking. So, so but seriously, I, I no, I've met her. She's good friends with another friend of mine. Uh, I, I so you're, think that you're, you're, huh? you're pro uh, Debbie Burkhead, what you're saying. Well, you know, it's conflicting because there's another name on that list, as I'm sure you know, that is someone that has been on our show before and that we've known for a number of yeah, years. Yeah, Karina Jett. Um. But I think 
that you know Karina's still very very young. Uh, she's what, what is Karina? Maybe in her mid twenties. Yeah, yes, I think something like that. Yeah, she. Uh, um, I, I, she's in her mid twenties. I know her uh, her dad actually fought in the Vietnam War, and that's where she there was a pregnancy right. involving the Vietnam War, which I think was about twenty five years ago. So I didn't know that. Yeah. But anyhow, um, if we can only choose one. At this point, even though Karina is my friend, I really feel like Debbie Burkhead, and you know she's been the the, you know we we'll talk about this fraud with the with the end up voting thing, Druff. We got to get to yeah, that. yeah, we'll have to get to that. I just, I just want to uh, set the stage, then you can tell people about the fraud. You know, I have to find out. You know, if if we could back, I don't know. Can can you back two people? Well, maybe because uh, they, I've seen multiples inducted every year, so it has to be you can back two. Well, people. then if we can back two people, then it has to be number one. This is Poker Fraud Alert's official. Uh, you know, backing Debbie Burkhead number one, Karina Jet number two on your ballot. Hmm. You know, and if not next year, Karina Jet's very, very young. She'll definitely get in one day. Debbie Burkhead, we don't know how many more good years she has left. That's true. We, we better get her in quickly. Yeah. Okay, so. So that's Debbie Burkett. Karina Jett is another great player. Karina Jett rose to popularity due to, during the poker boom, along with husband Chip Jett. Capable of playing both cash and tournaments, she's been able to stay relevant in the poker world for over two decades. In addition to growing the cause of women in poker, she's given her time to charity and grown awareness about autism. She has done all that. That's, that's actually yeah. very true. She has a tournament every year. Yep. I got banned from Mr. Belding's account. <laughs> of that's drug. right. But yeah, in terms of charity, and I, I'm not, listen, I'm not, I wasn't saying anything. Karina's my friend. She's great for poker, but she's just very young. Sometimes, look what they did to that Mark McGuire. Uh, but, I mean... Well, that's because of steroids. Ster- well, yeah, okay, but... Are you saying Karina did steroids? Is that what you're saying? No. The point I'm making is sometimes they have to wait. Okay. You, you don't always get in. Like, okay, think about football recently. In recent years, there was, you know, in the NFL, unless you're just such a stud, they normally make you wait a year or two. Well, like, like yeah. Mike Piazza didn't get in right away. He okay, exactly. That's a yeah. perfect... She's Karina Jett is a Mike Piazza okay, poker. Okay, I see. Okay. That's my point. Of course, he's a suspected of roids too, but okay, oh, we'll, 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 we'll put that, that aside. Well, who is someone else that has had to wait, but that isn't suspected of roids? Because <laughs> Karina Jett has not, to my knowledge, ever taken any performance-enhancing drugs, except for maybe half a Xanax every now and then just to calm herself down, which is prescribed by her doctor. Hmm. Okay, so would Xanax, in your opinion, be a performing-enhancing drug? No, no. Okay, so okay, we have. I want to go on here. Uh, yeah. Victoria Corin Mitchell, she was just Vicky Corin at one point. She's so. actually quite famous in England. I don't know if you know her, but she's like the she's like the uh, no Vicky Corin. I, I had a moment with her at the World Series a few years ago where we were. Right, hold on, I got breaking news. Uh oh, hold on, no, 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 no. You can't do breaking news without the appropriate fanfare. I'm gonna let's see. So, hold on. You can't do okay. it. You gotta wait. I wasn't ready for it, but I, I'll, I'll be ready. I'll, I'll get it here. I will get it. It's coming. Mm-hmm. I just got word off the uh, text line. It's not the uh, private text line. It's the personal text line that I said, Hi, Debbie, this is Brandon. Are you alive? I meant to say awake. <laughs> and then, I, then she said yes. And I'm like, we're going to call you. And she said yes. So I, in the Skype box, we're not just going to talk about the Women's Hall of Fame in poker. We're going to bring it right to you. We have our candidate, and we're going to have her on the air, Druff. If you look, don't ever give out this number. It's a very secret number, but in the Skype uh, okay, in the Skype box. Okay. By, by the way, someone's texting me from the 480. They thought I was serious about Vietnam being 25 years ago. I, I, I know it wasn't 25 years ago, guys. It's a, but uh, the, someone's saying Karina Jett is 41. She was born in 1974. 
So that's the same year as me. No, you know what? On a previous radio show, not we had to call this number though. They don't stay up late. We'll call it in a second. But on a previous radio show, she had mentioned that uh, she just finished watching Murder She Rose. She had mentioned something about how uh, I think I asked her. Like um, I've never been able to figure out your ethnicity. I, you, know, you kind of look Asian, but you also kind of not. So she, I said, "Are you half Asian?" She said, "Yes," and she said she was uh, half Vietnamese. And your I dad's said, white, right? So I, I said, "So that's what she said." She said, "My dad's white. My mom was Vietnamese." And I said, "Oh, wait a minute." So from the year you're born, I'm going to guess that your dad was an American serviceman who went to Vietnam. I said this on the air, so it's not a secret. I said, your, your dad's an American serviceman who went to Vietnam and uh, got with your mom, and that's that's what produced you. And she said. I can't believe you figured that out. Yeah, that's that's actually true. <laughs> so, so that's that's actually Karina's backstory. And I'm not who's giving away. Who's the third party on this Skype? And now I have to always. Oh, ask that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's 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 uh, that's kilowatt. Okay, I did, remember the one time the yeah. guy was listening from the department store. Yeah, no, I we he, he just personal talk. He just kind of slid on here from a, that's on fine. A, a Skype. Account. Kilowatt's a good guy. Yeah. Okay. So, so she just finished watching Murder She Wrote. She's going to bed soon. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna get her here. Yeah. Seven oh two number. Yeah, well, she lives in. She remember what I said in the bio? Yeah. She moved to Vegas in 1995 just to play, play poker. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, only on Poker Fraudler can we bring you this kind of coverage. Someone in the uh, Hall of Fame nominee. At 11 o'clock at night. This is Debbie. Debbie, hi, it's Brandon and Todd from Poker Fraud Alert Radio. How are you, dear? I'm, I'm good. How are you? Good. We we just uh, I don't know how much you know about this, but we have made our dis- uh, our choice. We've looked at the information and the various candidates, and we are Poker Fraud Alert. The whole community, the forum, the radio show. We are officially backing you as our nominee. Oh God, Hall you guys are wonderful. Yeah, and we you have, guys are terrific. We, we have we have a thousand listeners approximately to the show, so hopefully you'll get a thousand more votes, which uh, which we'll talk about in a second, which may not mean much these days, but. Uh, we uh, we're gonna th- we're throwing our support behind you, even though I don't really know you. But uh, Debbie, I'm, I'm, do you know have you do you know Todd? His online moniker is Dan Druff. Do you know that name? Todd will tell us. Have you heard the name? No, that's okay. okay. That's no. okay. I haven't I haven't heard of you either. So we're even. So, but Debbie, you know who I am, <laughs> don't you? Yes. Ah, okay. Okay. So, but but uh, even though I don't know you, and you don't know me. Uh, Brandon has convinced me that uh, you're the candidate we should be supporting. Oh, thank you. You guys are terrific. So, so yeah, she's also going up against uh, uh, Mandy Glogau, Shirley Rosario, Esther Rossi, uh, and, and Jennifer Tilly, who uh, is trying to yeah. win from the uh, celebrity standpoint. And yeah. So now how many people can be uh, You know what, tell us a little bit about this, because we're yeah. going to be honest, we're not very educated in terms of uh, how the voting works. We knew that you know there was a mishap with the online voting, so we're actually going to talk about that in a little bit, but... In terms of voting and how it works, how many nominees a year, can you just give us some insight, Debbie? Well, it, this year we have two. Uh, you can there's seven nominees, okay, but there's only going to be two inducted into the uh, women's hall of fame. So, um, two people out of those seven will. We had a public vote, but we had to cancel that today. Because we found a flaw in the system. Yeah, we're, 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 we're going to talk. We're going to talk about that shortly. The fraud. Well, Brandon, do you want to talk about the fraud that occurred? Or no, let's, uh, we have okay. the candidate on the. Phone. Okay, let's let, let's let her go. Valuable time. Now. Okay, go ahead. Get to that later. So um, the yeah, the way the the voting that's going to go down is the media votes for us, and the past inductees vote, and the 
board of directors vote. Now, I will tell you I'm on the board of directors, but because I'm on the board of directors and I'm a nominee, I can I, I get no votes this year. Hmm. I get no voting privileges. That sounds kind of so, fair. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Yeah. You, I mean, in reality, you can vote for yourself if you're running for an office, but in this case, it, it, the board has decided that if you're a nominee, you cannot vote, so we don't have any voting privileges. If now, you're on the board. So. Now, Debbie, when I was talking earlier with Jeannie, I wanted to get some information about you just to talk about on radio. And this is what Jeannie uh, sent me. It's, it's not a lot, but I was hoping maybe you can expand. Uh, Jeannie had stated that you had moved to Vegas in 1995 to play poker. Uh, you Correct. have, even though you're a cat, mainly a cash game player, which I know, uh, you have almost $200,000 in tournament caches. Uh, your best game is stud. For your best game for many years was stud as a cash game player. You yes. were the national sales director for poker player newspaper for eleven years. Yes. And you used to write a column called Debbie Does Poker. Yes. Tell us about I did. that. For that, many that's, many years. That's a real catchy name. Tell us about your column. Well, I came. The reason I came up with that is because, of course, my name is Debbie, and Debbie does Dallas, so I went, Debbie does poker. I mean, so it was kind of obvious why I came up with it, but um, I started writing uh, not strategy as much as my own personal, you know, happenings and my poker life and things like that, Um, and and then it went into being the sales director for Poker Player uh, Newspaper, I was writing about my clients mainly and what was going on in the poker world. And basically I had Nevada as my territory, Mm -hmm. Nevada, uh, Arizona, California had at one time, New Mexico, and then I had five reps under me. So I would write about my card rooms, you know, and what was going on. And I did that for years. And then the owner of poker player decided to shut it down and Annie Up offered me a job the next day. So I went with Annie Up, and now I'm with Annie Up as a sales rep. So I don't write anymore, which I'm kind of glad. <laughs> After yeah. a while, you just get to the point where I would do anything to avoid having to write my column, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, and, I, and I've read, like, I've wondered a lot of these guys that have written for years, like Roy Cook for Card Player, how do you come up with yeah. new material once a week? Like, what point have you reached where you've talked about I mean, you know what I mean? Just all the material that you can – I mean, there's really only so much you can talk about. It just kind of must yeah, be well, hard. Go ahead, please. Yeah, especially especially in his case and a lot of the guys that write and women that write about strategy. And to me, after a while, that's hard. But what I was doing was writing about my clients, which made sense because I was letting people know what was going on in Vegas and what rooms to go to and – you know, what, what tournaments were coming up and things like that. And every now and then I threw a column in about myself if something good happened, if I won a tournament and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm getting a text from someone who is a friend of yours, and, and the text says, please ask Debbie about her affiliate program. I am listening on radio. I love you, Debbie. I know who that's coming well, from. I'm sure you do. So tell it. what is this affiliate program she's so excited for us to hear about? It was a joke that I made that uh, I said that I was going to give away a toaster for every lesbian I 
inducted into the to my family. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Okay, well, see, I wasn't. Wait, wait, wait no, I don't understand. Listen, I wasn't that... going to mention it, but you know, we are that kind of show where we, we you know, we, we're uncensored. So now that you've outed yourself, yes, Debbie is probably the head poker lesbian in all of Las Vegas, folks. What about uh, Vanessa Self? <laughs> Hold on, what about Vanessa Self? Isn't she going to be No, insulted? she she's way... Uh, she's, at, she's, she's above Vanessa Self? Yeah, Vegas? like if it was like the mafia, she's like the Don lesbian, Vanessa Self would still be a lieutenant. If that makes <laughs> <Yeah>. sense. <laughs> Vanessa is... Uh, yeah, she's, she's got a lot more poker winnings than I do. She got lucky really quick, and, you know, that's what it takes, I think. It, you know, if you get lucky and win the big ones, then you can play forever. <laughs> Yeah, that's, so, that's true. So that's but, your Philly uh, story. That's pretty funny. It's a lesbian yeah, toaster it reference. <laughs> no, no I, I might be ignorant here, but what does a toaster have to do with being a lesbian? Is there some sort of reference here I'm missing? No, she said for every new lesbian she brings in, she she gives out a toaster. Oh, okay, like okay, okay, okay. It's, like, it's, like, <laughs> it's just a joke. No, it's, no it's, it's like it's like the bank accounts. I see. It's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, yes, okay. exactly. No, I thought so there was some sort you of. You have a bank account. Yeah, you get a free you know microwave. Or right, right. Debbie, was I correct? Is I can only be, give away toasters. <laughs> is is it going to be held this year at the Golden Nugget? Is that is that my understanding? No, not the Golden Nugget, the, the Gold Coast. I mean, Gold Coast. Yeah, it's going to be the. The actual induction will be at, and the luncheon will be at the Gold Coast. It's on July 6th, I believe, don't quote me, but I think it's 11 a.m. or 11.30 a.m. It's a luncheon, and whoever are the lucky two women that get inducted will be doing it that day. Hmm. How many, we have roughly, a pretty good turnout. Roughly how many people vote, would you guess? Like counting, you know, inductees and the media, what, what, or the... Numbers. You know, I have the li- I had the list of media, uh, media, and I think we're somewhere near ten or twelve, maybe fifteen media people, and then we have our past inductees, which are all the women that have already been on in, inducted into the Hall of Fame, and that would be. I'm trying to think how many there are. I'd have to go back. I didn't get to no, uh, study guess. this. Before. No, that's fine. This was I'm all saying there's we. I'm saying there's probably ten or so women in the okay. in the Hall of Fame already, and then uh, we have the board members, which leaves me out and Karina out because we're both nominated. And then there's um, three more that are in: okay. Lupe, Jeannie, David, and. Um, nope. I, I know Lupe. I've known, I've known Lupe for a number of years. What is her exact title? Right. Is she like the the chairman of the board, or what? What? What, what is Lupe? She's, she's actually she's actually the owner, and the um, she started oh. this whole thing. So you it's her baby. Oh, wow, I did not know. Yeah, that. I mean it's her it's her thing, and we are board members that we have certain things that we help her out with and no no debbie this is a true story i was at the orleans recently and i was throwing back a corona or two with lupe and but at some point i just couldn't keep up with her now i'm going to tell you that lady <laughs> can throw down some coronas okay yeah i think she can coronas to my one corona it, 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 I, I, it was no contest uh, I mean, no it just, she, yeah. she could drink me under the table too i'm sure <laughs> and I don't even drink that much. I don't drink hardly at all. So I know she could put me under. Well, Debbie, we want to let you know again that Poker Fraud Alert, the website, the radio show, the owners uh, or owner, we've all unanimously decided that although it was a hard choice because we all know Karina, she's been on our show, but, you know, 
we feel like she's still like a young up and comer. She's going to have her day one time in the sun, but today is your day and you have our support and you are our nominee. Thank you. Here. Absolutely. You got our backing. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. You guys are terrific. Okay. Oh, you're sweeter. Druff, any last comments to Ms. Burkett? No, no, I think you covered it all. So, so uh, thank you for coming on. And, Absolutely. Uh, we, Good er- luck. And tell us again. I'm sorry. I know it's sometime during the World Series. What is the date again? July 6th. July at the Gold Coast. Is anyone allowed to is anyone allowed to come or only people who are invited? No, everybody's allowed to come to the luncheon. Oh, okay. Anybody who wants to, you know, it's it's uh I think it's don't quote me on this, but I think uh the ticket price is 45. Okay. $45, but anybody can come. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we usually like get a really like good a, turnout. Like a chicken and a fish buffet kind of thing, maybe some prime rib. It'll actually, yeah, it'll be something like yeah, you'll get choices of what you want once you um, sign up, I believe, or, mm. you know, buy your ticket. You get a choice of whatever Lupe has out there. I'm not sure what the menu is yet. Awesome. Well, listen, sweetheart, you yeah. are the best. And uh, our mutual friend, which you know who it is, only has the most amazing things to ever say about you. And uh, that's why I feel comfortable in terms of your character what you've accomplished, what you've given back to the poke community to say. And even my friend Todd, who, you know, my co-host here, who doesn't know you that well, right. uh, felt comfortable enough just hearing both of our ringing endorsements of you to unequivocally state for our thousands of listeners or what do we have, Todd? A no, thousand it's, it's 1,000. I wish it was thousands, but 1,000 right. listeners. But the, we are backing you 100%. We wish you only the best. And I hope Thank uh, you. I hope you're you know if it can be one and two, we hope it's you first, Karina second, that we couldn't be happier. Yep. But we hope oh, this that, is your That'd year. be great. Yeah, that'd be great for us. And you know, I adore Jeannie. Oh, um I know. She's, she's like a sister she's like a sister to me, so she's she's the mm. best. You can't ask for a better I friend. Know. So absolutely I feel the same way. And so. I appreciate anybody who votes for me. I really do. Okay. Well, I really appreciate it. Well, you have our endorsement, and hopefully we'll have you back on the show uh, in the middle of the July as the official 2016 inductee into the Women's That'd Poker Hall That'd be terrific. Awesome. That'd will be terrific. Well? I look forward I hope, to it. I hope I see you I soon. Will. But we'll keep in touch. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Todd. Okay, no problem. Well, thank you Good for luck. calling in. All right. Bye. So there you a, have it, folks. Was, That's our nominee, that was Debbie Burkhead. Now, now so let's let's talk about the fraud that occurred there because we have a thousand listeners. Let's say every one of our thousand listeners goes and votes for her. Unfortunately, uh, that may not put that much of a dent in it. At least uh, the way the current voting went. Brandon, tell tell everyone what happened uh, with the there voting system. There was a system. fraud. There was a fraud. Yeah, and my friend Debbie. And, and our nominee was getting screwed by the fraud. Yeah, she, she was a, a victim of it. Yeah, she was a victim Local of it. Fraud alert! Family member getting screwed. Uh, now, I had sent you a private memo yeah. that I had gotten, you know, from a source. But I guess my understanding, and this is not in jest or as a, a joke. This really is what happened. Um, you know, it's a little community. I, I, I didn't even know that Lupe, who's also the, I guess, founder of the Lips. I think it's called Lips. Yeah, like the Lips. Yeah. Poker, yeah. Uh, was the owner of this, but the way it it, it was worked was that, as Debbie stated, both media and board members vote. Uh, but then there was, I don't know, uh, you know, I should have someone on here more educated to tell me the exact numbers, but there was a poll, an online poll, and then a certain, I don't know if it counted as one vote 
or maybe two votes or how – but it, you know, it did definitely count depending on what the results were. People would just log into a website. In fact, I have it here somewhere, and they'd see all the choices of the candidates, and they'd click on it. But it was determined uh, that this was not a very secure poll. And what people were able to do – now, our Debbie didn't do this because she was far trailing. So if integrity – and integrity – now, I'm not saying that other people – put up to it but our debbie even though she was made aware that you could cheat even though she doesn't have internet or a laptop she wasn't going to have none of it but what occurred was you could what they call delete your cookies draft you know about these cookies yeah yeah so let, let me uh, explain yes. real quick i know a little bit more the uh, this year for the first time fans are going to get to vote mm-hmm. and, and all the fans together End up acting as one member of the voting panel so that so that's what happens is all the fans all the voting Will kind of act as one member, and then uh, and then it goes from there, and and so so still most of the votes will come from most of the votes that are meaningful come from uh, indu- existing inductees and and, and uh, media and stuff like that. There's just one additional person on the voting panel, which is not a person; it's actually the results of the voting, which will automatically vote for whoever is is picked for the fan. So it's not a it's not a huge edge, but it's it's a small edge to get to get to, to win the fan voting. So anyway, they they had this uh, voting process, and of course, and it was all done in the faith of of just good spirit, I mean, right? It, it, because yes. because it's just the women's poker hall of fame, and it's not you know they they figured this is just a, a kind of a friendly competition. Uh, they didn't figure that anything shady would occur, so they they didn't set up a very secure system. They just you didn't have to register an account, you didn't have to connect it to an email, you just had to log in and vote. But uh, this, of course, makes it very easy for someone to cheat. By just voting over and over and over again. Yep, I am the Greek in the chat saying saying it best. Another rigged election. Yes. So you could just vote over and you could keep hitting the back button, clear cookies, and then vote again over and over and over again. Or even if you're more technically inclined, write a program to do that, and and you could submit thousands, or if you wanted, even millions of votes for. Now, Druff, do you have in front of you? the nominees' names again? I do, yes. Okay, who's the, the one with the Mandy? Mandy Glogau. Okay, I don't know who she is, and I'm not accusing her of wrongdoing, but my understanding is that this discovery was made because Mandy had like 25 times the votes that any other person did, like <laughs> than what second place had. But I thought, I thought it was Shirley Rosario. It was, it was Mandy? No, a man, uh, it made, no, it was Mandy. It surely had like an outrageous amount too, but uh, Mandy was... Destroying the field. It was Bandy and Shirley, and it wasn't even close. Our poor little Debbie had barely any votes because it was just an, you know, honest. So didn't you say it was like thirty-seven thousand for the leader? It was something. I can, like a, I'll get the yeah, look, I get the numbers. Because like in a few days, that's insane. Because let's be honest yeah. here, uh, there isn't mass excitement in the general uh, poker well, fan I'm community. But I said mass excitement. I didn't say the zero. There's not mass excitement to where every poker fan is rushing to vote for this. These are uh, this will get some votes, but it's not it's not going to be. Uh, but it means something to these ladies. No, it means That's something. To, it means something to them. But I'm saying we're, I'm trying to explain why there wouldn't be thirty seven thousand legitimate votes. Well, it'd be like this: if they had a podcast Hall of Fame, and we looked on and we had thirty seven thousand votes, we'd be like, "You shitting right. me?" Yeah, that would There's be no BS. possible yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. That's a good. We example. don't even have. Yeah, we don't have thirty-seven thousand listeners. So, but anyhow, there was there was suspicious activity, and they got reported, and then people uncovered that, like you said, it wasn't a poll in which you had to register, or I guess it just was kind of a poll based on integrity, and it was figured out that you could easily 
you know, vote for the same person over and over and over and over and over. So, and so, so they basically so they, they have to take it down. So, so it says, uh, "Thank you for t- this is the memo." It said, "Thank you to all who took the time to vote for the Poker Hall of Fame candidate. We became aware of a uh, flaw in the software which created a challenge of accurately recording votes. Therefore, we have halted voting and are dedicated to developing a more secure and accurate system in the future. We hope to see many of you at the history making event." Uh, luncheon and ceremony, July sixth, Gold Coast Casino, eleven a.m. So that's uh, th- that's the memo that was sent out. So basically, is it, Brandon, is it accurate? Okay, to- okay I'm sorry. I'm going to read this to you. I f- okay, this is an anonymous message. Uh, it was determined that Rosario and Mandy, as well as Esther, were all skewing the votes. And the people that were voting for them were clearing out the cookies and then just refreshing and vote, voting again and refreshing over and over and over. And, and right, uh, and, and there's a way to. We're not use... saying that we are blaming them individually, of course. We were just saying that somebody on their behalf was doing right, this. Right, right. So, and the point is here. The error was that the survey was the same survey site that 2 plus 2 uses that anyone can easily hack. It was done in the spirit of honesty and fairness. We didn't think that people would take advantage. Well, of it that. doesn't sound like hacked. It just sounds like easy well, to cheat. Oh yeah, but you and, know, you know how people that are older they think, oh, it's hacked. Yeah, like, yeah. It's not hacked. But, but no. So and, and basically, it looks like the way they uncovered this was they were able to look at the uh, they look at the IPs and see that it was the same IPs over and over submitting most I'm of the sure votes. Sure, they did. Yeah. I, so, yeah. so so yeah. So so there were three. But that's a fraud, right? There were three candidates who got a. Very, very disproportionate number yeah. of votes. That Mandy Rosario and what was the other one I said? And, Esther. And, and, Esther Rossi. So, now, so we we don't know if these three candidates knew this was being done on their behalf or if it was being done by an over enthusiastic uh, supporter of theirs or friend. Uh, but uh, but someone or some people thought that voting over and over and over and over again, or maybe even writing a program to do it. Uh, this kind of reminds me of Watergate a little bit. Well, we had something very similar actually with Seriously Serious's girlfriend when she ran to be the poker news presenter and they had a, a voting system. And the same thing occurred where there were certain people who got an insane number of votes that didn't make any sense because you could see how many views their video got introducing themselves. And so some of them had like like many thousands of votes and their video had like 72 views. So you're but it's like, like even on the fraud site, when you do a poll, you have some safety measures in there, don't you? That well, you have person. to have an account to, to vote on, on our site. So that, that already and, makes and it right there. And you manually approve each and every account. Yes, yes. So, so you you're can't, kind of the checks and the balances. If right, you right. So you couldn't do that on this site. I mean, if, I guess if you had a few dupes, you could get a few extra votes in, but you could never vote for like thousands you know of times. What? I'm going to suggest that we run the Women's Hall of Fame through the fraud site. <laughs> we should. You have a more secure poll than, than the other one, right? Yeah, it's not even that hard to you – know, you could write a program, even just a separate program to do things to throw out things, such as only allow one vote per IP address – or, uh, or even have a registration process, which wouldn't be foolproof, but it would slow people down, uh, and, and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, this is. Uh, I, I assume they're going to try to use a better system next year. It's really stupid. Whoever thought of doing this? I mean, why? Why? It's one thing to have your friends go vote for you because uh, you, know, you, you tell them you're up for this, and they go vote for you because they legitimately think you should be in, even if they don't know poker that well. But, but to, to, to Submit duplicate votes thousands and thousands or tens of thousands of times to to stack it. You're just cheating what's a uh... – Well, that's my whole point. It was supposed to just be a process of integrity. No one thought something 
like this that people would even think to manipulate. And what's so dumb is it doesn't even win it for them. It just gives them yeah. w- w- one panelist on their side. That's that's like it's probably inconsequential anyway. It's, it's kind of a waste of cheating. And uh, you know, such a term, a waste of cheating. Hey, Drew, uh, if I could add something real well, who's quick. Who's this? That, that's Kilowatt. That's Kilowatt. Yeah. Oh, hey, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt while no, you were yeah, Go ahead. Go, go ahead. And, but, uh, and I just got startled because I forgot you were on the line. <laughs> and I don't know if you know this story, but maybe five or six radio shows ago, Druff and I, after the show ended, were on Skype and we were talking, you know, personal matters, dollars, women, you know, that kind of thing. And some guy that had called in from a department store had been on the whole time and he was listening. <laughs> and so it startled me when I just – but go ahead, sir. Sorry about that. No, what I was going to say was believe it or not, uh, there are communities online that uh, they kind of get a kick out of rigging these things. Oh, but, really? And yeah, I mean, 4chan and a whole bunch of other ones. And I don't, you know, I don't know how they would uh, find out about it initially. There are some, uh, uh, there are bots out there that scrape the web looking for this kind of stuff, and they kind of get a kick out of uh, just doing it for the hell of it. So, I mean, there is a at least a small chance that no one involved actually did this. Hmm. So everyone could be innocent. It could be well, an, it could be an outsider. Uh, well, I mean, look at the numbers. Look at thirty five thousand, right? You know, even if they did have you know a few of their friends uh, doing the same thing, it really. I mean, that's an automated program that's doing that, right? I mean, no one is going to sit there and do this a hundred times or even a thousand times. You know? Yeah. Well, you know th- what this really reminds me of, uh, and th- I mean, th- this is the first instance I remember of online cheating for like a poll I guess it would be like maybe either the late 90s, I mean it was right in the advent of when the internet was becoming popular Major League Baseball for the first time let fans uh, partake in part of the voting process, I don't even remember how much of it, but no, someone, you know this got determined someone that was a huge Red Sox fan, specifically a Nomar Garcia Para fan, ended up voting like 13 million times for him. Do you guys remember this? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was such, it was such a statistical like domination of how many votes he got versus like the second guy that it it just, like if you're going to cheat, you know, at least make it not so obvious. It it was just like, he had millions more than anybody else. And then they figured out that some kid had rigged a script or a bot like uh, Kilowatt. Kilowatt, this is too much. Kilowatt. Okay, Kilowatt. There's a kilowatt and a kilowatt, really. Well, you're you're choosing to call me kilowatt. You don't have to. But I thought, who's kilowatt? Okay, but kilowatt. Where do I know that name? Kilowatt from? was the name I was using on two plus two for some time before it got banned. Oh, uh, okay. So, but do you remember the Nomar thing, Druff? I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But by the way, how, how old would you guess? I know the answer to this, but how old would you guess Shirley Rosario to be? I'd probably say mid fifties, early sixties. Really? She's not going to be happy to hear that. I, but I don't know who she is. Oh, I you know, know the name. Oh, you, oh, you don't know who I've, she is. Okay. I, 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 mean, I, I, I thought you like, knew who she was. You know what? Okay, I've seen her. This is how much I know about her. I probably have played with her. I see the name once a year during the World Series, and it's like mixed game, Shirley or Rosario. Yeah, she plays 17. Omaha. That's why I thought you might know her from Omaha. She plays yeah, Omaha. I'm sure I do know her. I don't know. You know, let me Google her. Look at her. Look, see what she looks like. She used like. to have a site, uh, poker-babes.com, where she did like profiles on – it was a weird site because it was like a site that was half promoting herself with all these like uh, – I know who she is. Yeah, like I'm all these po- now. all these like posed pictures where she's trying to look sexy and then there was like, like half the other site was like her interviewing other poker players. 
and uh, she was like a prop at the bike for a long time. And uh, how old do you think she is? Well, you just told me. Uh, oh, actually, well, I look at the photos now. I'd guess early forties. Well, I guess she'd be happier to hear that. She's forty-eight. Okay. But she, I, the reason I asked that, she always tries to come off younger than she really is. And uh, I've played with her. I, I, I knew when I knew when I saw her that she was older than me. But like, like I kind of knew she was around that age when I saw her. I knew she was older, but not like way older uh, than I was. But uh, but she, it, it was interesting. I, I I was playing at Commerce one time, and I, I never, I don't think I've ever even played with her. I don't think she plays Limit Hold'em at the li- limits I do, or even plays it that much. But uh, she. She has a cousin that I only knew of because she had pictures of herself with a cousin on her her old website, and the cousin was much younger than her and was like a, like a tall, pretty girl. So the, the cousin I recognized her from the Poker Babe site, and she was sitting next to some guy that I didn't know that was playing uh, two hundred, four hundred limit hold'em or something. So they're sitting there talking, the two of them, and again, it's not Shirley, Shirley's cousin, and and some guy. And it's just kind of boring. I'm, not, I'm only hearing it because I'm I'm bored there, just waiting for hands at Limit Hold'em. And then I I just start hearing the cousin just talk mad shit about Shirley, just like hmm. just really talking shit. And it was such a a contradiction to the pictures I saw of them together, where they look like they're so close and such good, so such good friends, and so you know such. Uh, but but boy, was she talking crap about her, saying oh, Shirley jealous of her and all this other. Cra- I, I don't even remember the details. Now, you know, Druff, as this happens from time to time on the fraud show, I'm unfortunately getting some negative feedback. So I just want to reiterate both my stance and yours that we were not insinuating that any of the aforementioned female poker nominees themselves were cheating. We were just saying that it was obvious, and it was obvious, hence the fact that the poll was taken down, that people were not voting. Uh, what would you say? Individually, ethically, what's the term? Yes, yeah, the, the votes, there was a lot of... Uh, but we're not casting any blame on the actual right. there was, candidates. We don't, you know, we're just... Right, there was, there was definitely cheating yes. in the voting, but it may have been done without the candidate's knowledge or approval. We don't know. We don't know. It yeah, could, because, uh, you know, 4chan, that one of those communities I mentioned, they actually got uh, uh, Kim Jong-un, you know, the uh, North Korea yeah. leader. They got yeah. him nominated as Times Person of the Year in 2012. <laughs> Is that so, true? Yeah, it's totally true. Oh you can God. Google it and you'll see it. Yeah, but, I mean, so, they, there are people that do this kind of thing for fun, and it's all like automated script, you know, shit. Wow. It's not a person sitting there doing it. Yeah, yeah Ruff, I'm really warming up to this Callaway guy. Yeah. If Northern California is going to keep having these car issues, I don't know. <laughs> you know, Callaway's been on here two weeks in a row. We may have to bump him up. Trader Ruski, are you still there? Uh oh, I've got to have the cricket sound effect ready for this. Trader Ruski. I'm here. Oh, he's here. He's here. I thought. I thought. I thought he was. Trader Ruski, what is your uh, two cents on this women's poker hall of fame situation? The rigged voting. The, the, what? What? What's your opinion? My opinion is it's it's a waste. I, they should have the, even the one hall of fame that they have. It's a joke. So now they Trader Ruski, I hear women. Yeah, there's only, I've heard this the whole time. Yeah, what's all these women here? Are you having? Are you at an orgy right now? <laughs> My friend, my, my friend came over to visit. Oh, I'm she... sorry, I'm disturbing you. That's a, no, you're not disturbing. Oh. That's TMLK's yeah. girlfriend you have. I mean, if, 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 <laughs> if, if you got something going on there, you don't have to be on the show. You can... Uh, you no, can... hold on. Tell us. You have a little lady over? Yep. My friend Yuka and her, friend, her, her dog, Courgette, and Katie are friends, so they're, they're, they're playing. Does she know uh, you're on a fraud alert radio network I, I, show? I, I, Call her Wednesday night, so we do the show. So you know, Aww. 
I thought he was at a massage parlor. <laughs> <laughs> Trader Ruski, is this a platonic thing, or is this maybe a is it a love interest? Can you expand it all? Well, maybe she's right there. He can't explain it. Well, but he can say yes. That's, yeah, but possibilities. Okay. Awesome. Good for you. Well, she's there at eleven thirty at night. So that's a that's, well, a, that's a good sign already. You know, like like a, most most times, don't girls don't go over to your house at eleven thirty? You know what, Trader Ruski, he's a little what do they call it? Uh, eccentric. I mean, he comes to Vegas, he eats at the same restaurant 17 times in a row. You know, he's not, he doesn't go by, uh, you know, he doesn't, he toots his own horn. Drops no, but I'm just saying in general, if a, like if a girl comes over to you, to your place at 1130, or she's still there at 1130 on a Wednesday night. girls bring me smoothies at 3 in the morning. On a Wednesday night, then they usually, they usually have some degree of interest at the point. They usually don't, uh, they're usually yeah. not just there for no yeah. reason. All right. He may eat at the same restaurant every time, but I think he's getting some Chinese takeout. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say that Suki is Japanese. I think that was a Japanese uh, dialect I heard. That's Very correct. Crisp. That's correct. Okay, well. That's good. Well, you know what? Listen, Trederuski, you don't need to stay on the radio if you have a bubbling off-air romance going on. I mean, we appreciate you being that devoted, but, you know. <laughs> It's all good. I'll stay on. Uh, yeah, actually, I'll probably sign off now. I'll <laughs> I think we convinced Trader him. Ruski, you're the fucking best. I think we convinced you're him. Fucking <laughs> nut high. You're awesome, buddy. Listen, you go be have some fun with Suki, and and we'll we'll have you on next Wednesday. Will you be back in the third? Yeah, show? I might even chime in later tonight. We'll see what okay. happens. I'll take the under on that one, but okay. okay. <laughs> no, no, he might. I can I can see where he would if. Uh, oh, yeah. Can't see it. I kind there will be cuddling and it's afterglow. And it's all new. No, but she could fall asleep, you know, and then you just get up out of bed and. Uh... No, if you know what, I've hung out with him. If there's anyone, he's the one falling asleep. She might jump <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> Trader Ruski, have a good night, my sweet prince. We'll talk soon. Okay, guys. All right, thank you, Trader Ruski. Great. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, but I, I actually agree with uh, what he was saying that there should be one Hall of Fame, and, you know, if. The the big thing is that they're all competing in the same sport, right? It's not like uh, the NBA and the WNBA where they're actually in different leagues, so it makes sense to have separate Hall of Fames. I mean, you play poker, everyone plays together, you know. Yeah, it's, it's it seems extraordinary. Well, you know, and I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna mention this because you know I knew this, but I, I don't think it matters at all. But that would just be like saying since you know Debbie did kind of out herself, uh, you know, I, I, someone's sexuality has no bearing. But okay. When does it end? The Lesbian Women's Poker Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, I mean, you could probably have more of them than straight women. <laughs> so the way it's going, yeah. I mean, they, well, I'm just, just saying. Look, Debbie Burkhead, yeah. Vanessa Selps, and Vanessa Russo. Don't forget her. Yeah, Vanessa Russo. Uh, who's the other uh, really good lesbian poker player? Just like another. Well, there's people who accuse Kathy Liebert of being a lesbian, no, but, but she's, she's not, not. But she's not. I know. They I just think because she looks, you know, or they consider her. To, what do they say? The term is butch. Yeah. Is no, I know. I, I I I believe she's straight. I think she is too. Is there another uh, real famous lesbian poker player? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's those three, really. Right. Well, and v- Vanessa Russo isn't even lesbian. She's like bisexual, right? Well, she's in a lesbian relationship at the moment. Whether she still like and it could come back. But I don't know. You know the she... one girl that was married to the uh, the generous woman. Yeah, to generous. Yeah, and she yeah, went back. She yeah, she was a lesbian. But that that, that kind of looked like it was for her career, though. It kind of looked like she just went Didn't lesbian. Then she go back this. to a lesbian, then come back, and like she goes back and forth. I, I thought she went to a man after that. But after the man, I think she left and went back to a woman. Oh, did she? I, I don't know. She had a kid with the man, and well, well you know, I, I had there's a there's actually a. But the point of the story still remains: there should just be one Hall of Fame, but. 
since there isn't and there's two, you know, and we have to throw support, it's Burkhead all the way. That's what I'm saying. I think I should create a, 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 a Jewish a Jewish male Hall of Fame in poker for Jewish males over six feet. I think that's uh, that's been the next Hall of Fame, These, the six-foot Jewish male Hall of Fame. Well, Eric Seidel gets in. Okay, he... there's room for him, too. You know, he can. It's, it's not going to be just me. I want. I want others in it. It's, if it's just me, it looks ridiculous. If it's, uh, you know, if it's me and uh, and like nine other uh, tall Jewish guys, then then all of a sudden we look like we have a real hall here. You know, it can't be just me. It looks stupid. Hmm. So I'm gonna. I'm, I'm happy we have Eric Seidel to to prop up the numbers. What about that Maria Ho? Is she a lesbian? You think? You know her better than me. I, I don't know her that well. Uh, I've heard these rumors. I've, I've heard the rumors, but I've never see, like. There's never been substantiation to it. I will say that I. Uh, have you ever seen her with a boy? Yes. Uh, when she first appeared on the scene, she, she was going out with a guy, a commerce player, who referred to himself, himself as Rock because he had some similarity in looks to, to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So they called him Rock. Uh, and th- there was rumors that he was backing her, and uh, then he went broke. And shortly after he went broke, they were no longer together. And, and Beer I, Poker... Uh- Host of the Beer and Poker Show, longtime listener and contributor on the fraud site, states uh, emphatically in the fraud chat room: Maria Ho has a longtime boyfriend. Okay, so it's possible yeah, she's not. She's like, not a lesbian. Okay, like I, I knew about the relationship with Rock, but beyond that, I didn't know if she'd been with any other Brittany guys. Clark but... Reiner's clit chimes in: She ain't no lesbian. Okay, well, I guess she's not. I, I, I heard some rumors that she was, but I, you know how these rumors. Brittany are. Brittany Griner's clit also states: Vanessa subs fucks men. No, there's no chance of that. That's, well, that's what the clip wrote. I'm just reading. That would be hard to picture. That would be really hard I'll, to picture. I'll tell you what. I mean, part of that is is definitely true. Like, if she does that, she's the one fucking the guys, not yeah, the other way around. Right? I was going to say, I, <laughs> she, she had to be the one, uh, the top on that one. Right. right. It's, well, anyhow, uh, I still think, so we all are in agreement, though, even though it is this way, that we feel as if women should be judged differently, and there should just be one Hall of Fame. Well, they exactly. compete together. That's the thing. You know, right. if you if you compete together, then you have one Hall of Fame. If they competed separately, then sure. No, I, I'd even be, that was my point. I earlier. would even like, be okay. It's not like the NBA and there's a WNBA right. poker. Everyone just plays okay. together. In the that, same that, that would be that would be ideal. But if they if if they really want to recognize women and and, and uh, separate them out in, in some way, or, or have them also be eligible for this separately. Then at least have it be a subset of the main Hall of Fame. I, I just don't. I think two Hall of Fames in poker is kind of. Strange. I'm hearing some breaking news, or it's uh, rumor has it, 2017 Jennifer Genocide Lay will be nominated for the South African Hall of Fame. <laughs> now that is only because now she's not South African, but she has a child yes. of South African ethnicity. So apparently, by their rules, it makes her eligible. Well, yeah, she's she's had some. This is just a text. I'm not sure if this. Well, is... okay. Well, she she definitely has some South African in her. Well, she <laughs> came out of her too. So while you guys were uh, were talking to uh, the candidate, I was checking out their website, and uh, it looks like there are 17 people that are in there currently. And it looks like you know it was just set up by someone who just thought it was a good idea to do it. You know, well, her name is Lupe, apparently. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, she just had the idea to do it, so she decided to do it. I don't, you know, if they approached uh, the World Series of Poker Hall of Fame, I think they probably would be like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, beat it, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I, someone just thought it would be a fun idea to do this, and they set it up to do nothing, it. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the, the speaking of lesbians in poker, 
Brandon, have you ever looked at the field? I kind of just glanced at it, walked by the uh, the ladies' tournament at the World Series of Poker. You know what? Uh, I've never watched a hand, and, and this isn't to be spiteful uh, of live women. You know, I just why well, I'm not. I don't burn other tournaments. The only thing I've ever seen. It's actually funny because one of the candidates is on, is on there of any ladies' tournament. I believe it was Limit. Was the one episode ESPN used to show back in the day. Where two people I knew, one Karina Jet and one poker snoopy, uh, what's Millie, what's her name, Millie, Millie, Millie Shoe? Millie yeah. Do you remember? And they were uh, in, it was Limit. Do you remember this event? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was on TV, and I've seen that, but other than that, I've never seen, uh, you know, I don't bird live poker unless, you know, it's like a friend's at no, a final I, table. No, I was thinking about you just walking by and just glancing at That's what I've done. Like, I've never, I've never no. gone to watch a, a ladies' tournament at the World Series, but sometimes it's taking place on a day I'm there anyway. And then as I walk by, I wonder what this event is. Oh, it's all women. It's got to be the ladies' event. Oh, well, now that I'm here, I might as well take a look at the women playing this and, and see mm-hmm. the, you know, see what they all I look like. I can't say that I have. No. Okay, now I've done that a number of times. I'll tell you that uh, from seeing that field, uh, I have to think that uh, – it's not unusual to be a lesbian in poker. Let me just put it that way. It, it looks like there's a lot of lesbians in that field. Really? May, maybe some of them aren't and just look like it, but I'm telling you there's a lot of uh, butch-looking women. Not, not super butch like uh, like Vanessa Selbst, but kind of like moderately butch where if you had to guess, you'd say, yeah, I, I think she's probably a lesbian. Not for sure, but probably. It kind of has that that look in in the a large portion of the field. I wouldn't say the majority, but a lot more than you would expect. You know, that Debbie Burkhead, kind of like you, you know, she must find that no-limit game just utterly boring because looking at all her scores, and I mean, it's a hell of a way to grind a living. Well, you know, I know she's a cash game player, but the majority of tournaments that she's cashed in and played in are all either stud events or limit hold'em events. Well, I think some of that is age, too, because if... It, well, no, right. I'm looking at, like, the 90s. And, yeah, no limit know. didn't catch on until uh, that much until the 2000s. So if you did a lot of poker play before that... Uh, you got used to limit, especially if you're a cash player. Well, look, the 2001 $200 Pepper Mill Fall Tournament, limit Hold'em, $200 entry. She finished first for $10,395. Same year, 2001, seven-card stud, the Four Queens Poker Classic, $300. Finished first for 10942 And you know, she, oh, my God, look at this. She defended her championship. She is the 2001 and 2002 Limit Hold'em Peppermill Spring Tournament Champion. Mm. Do you know how hard that is to win back-to-back Peppermill Spring Tournament well, Limit Mark, Championships? Mark, Mark Newhouse scores each. Mark Newhouse I, told me that is pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I know someone, would you believe, who's getting married at the Peppermill very soon. Really? Yeah, in Reno, the Reno Peppermill, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I know, I know someone's getting married there. Now, now, uh, I want to make sure I say it right. Callawat, is that correct? You got it. Callawat. Callawat. What? What are? Uh, what do you do? I mean, are you a poker player, tournament grinder? Uh, are you just Bart Hansen's? He's, he's a programmer. I mean, tell right? us a little bit about you. This is not your integral to the show. I'm in the I'm in the tech business, so you know I play poker for just a little bit of profit on the side. That's about it. Do you play in the uh, World Series of Poker at all? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I met him. I, I went to a meal with him during last year's World Series. Hmm. Now, do you play no limit tournaments or mixed games? What is your? Uh... Um, I do both. Like uh, I used to play a ton of uh, horse and seven game on uh, full tilt 
back in the day when it was actually a thing right. you could do. Um, so that and honestly, like a game I enjoy the most is probably PLO. Uh, but I play No Limit too. Yeah. Good stuff. What's your uh, background? I mean, where are you from? I kind of sense a little bit of Canadian in your accent. No, he's, I don't think he's Canadian. <laughs> well, no, I grew, I grew up in uh, Connecticut. Yeah. Okay, well, that's kind of close. Isn't that near Canada? <laughs> not, not, I mean, not very close. It's, well, it's, it's closer really. than Vegas. No, but you, you could say like that uh, Portland is near Canada, and it's not that close. No, believe it, it or not, they actually send uh, newscasters to Connecticut to get a, uh, a neutral accent. Oh, wow. Believe it or not. What, what part of Connecticut were you, uh, are you from? You know Connecticut, like the Fairfield County area? Yeah, kinda, I know very well. Yeah, kind of like the lower kind of left-hand corner above okay. that little lobby thing. I, I wouldn't think that Connecticut has a neutral accent. I, I would think that they would have like a Boston accent at least to some degree over there. No, he has a Connecticut uh, not, accent. Not at all, yeah. What about nope. California? Is there is there an accent from California? I didn't think there was one. I mean, depends where you're from. I'm getting a, I'm getting a text here on the uh, radio line. It's from the 410. What is wrong with you people? It's clear to anyone intelligent that he's clearly from Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) So I I was actually looking at the rules for this Women's Hall of Fame, and apparently you have to have been a player industry leader for at least 10 years, and you have to be at least 35 years or older. So I don't think... Vanessa Selps, for instance, I don't think she could be nominated, right? She's younger. Oh, than that. That, yeah, yeah, she's not thirty-five yet. Yeah, but that would make sense. They don't want someone that's going to be in the Hall of Fame that you know maybe just plays for a couple of years and then does something else with her life. Well, yeah, well, the, the, the real, the, the real, po- the real Hall of Fame, the, the, the main Hall of Fame of the, of poker, you have to be forty. Well, it should be, I think, the same age that you have to be to run for president. <laughs> that's, 30, that? that's thirty-five. Thirty-five. Okay, yeah. yeah. But apparently everyone that does vote, uh, they all get 10 votes. Um, so you actually don't have yeah, to Yeah, see, I was being told that. I should have researched this, but I had someone yeah. get into a car accident and my close family. So tell us, how does everyone gets 10 votes and yep. you can split them up 10 different ways? Yep, you could do. You can split them up however you want. You can cast all 10 of them for the same person. See, I don't like that either. That, that's another rigged thing that can happen. That's exactly oh, how the other one gets screwed. You like uh, seven and three? Okay. Yeah, that, that's, okay. like, that's like how the other one gets screwed with, too. That's how the, the main Hall of Fame gets screwed with. They, they, it should be one vote. That's it. Like, otherwise, there's too many ways it can be abused. Yeah. That's the, like, the problem is I think they're just not thinking this through because they think it's kind of just uh, a side thing everybody's doing and they don't think it's too serious. So they like it, they take it seriously, but at the same time, they don't take care to prevent some things that could happen because they, they figure they wouldn't, but you can't underestimate people's desire to skew contests. You should, I'm not saying anyone is, but you should take precautions to prevent it no matter what. So that's, yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a, a, if Lupe is listening, she should uh, get that change. No, she's be, not a fan of the show anymore. Uh, Lupe's not a fan of the show. Mm, not after tonight. No, oh, I, th- I thought she, made, I thought we did something before to piss her off. Like there's, there's so many people. I was thinking about this. Okay. The world series is coming up. I'm going to be there a little later than some other people. I'm going to be there mid-June. But I always think, like, are there going to be people that are going to come up and, and, and yell at me over things that uh, I've said on this show? Or even things Brandon has said, that just a guilt by association. Just things we've said on this show. Will I, will I get a hard time from people that I've criticized, 
that uh, that I've made fun of, that that I've joked around of things I've been involved with. Like, am I going to have an angry mob of people? Well, look, I already tell you, people at the Orleans slamming their fists, screaming "free fluffer." That I'm fine with. People want to scram, uh, scream "free fluffer." I'm fine with it. I just am I going to have an angry mob of people that that are waiting to confront me about all the things that have been said on this show? Because people have to understand. If you're an internet troll and nobody knows who you are, you can talk all the shit you want and it, it never comes back at you because they don't match an identity to the name. And even if they do, uh, unless someone's really, really pissed to the point where they're going to you know, come over to your house and harass you personally, uh, even then nothing's going to happen. But if but we're laying it all on the line, we, we actually show up there at the World Series and, and in live card rooms and stuff. We actually show up and see these people we talk about. And that that makes it a lot harder. Now, now we do it anyway, but but uh, yeah, you, we do talk about a lot of people. We do criticize a lot of people here, and a lot of people are actually right there in person. I've mentioned before the. But sn- we even criticize ourselves. Yeah, I know, but that that that's not going to make them feel any better. But the, yeah, the, I, I think you're going to be fine because I mean, look at all the scams. Well, that's what I thought about. Get ripped off in poker, and no one does shit. That's about what it. I thought. About. I thought about like the scammers <laughs> walk. The scammers walk around with their heads held high, and no no one yeah. does anything to them. So I'm like, like compared to them, I'm an angel. So you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would have to like, you know, you'd have to rip off multiple multiple people for hundreds of thousands of dollars, and even then, you'd probably get a pass in the yeah. poker world. So. Yeah. So, all right, but you know, if anyone does see me at the World Series, though, I just want to say hello, even if I don't know you or I, I have no idea that you listen, uh, you can feel free to. I, I always have a few people every year that uh, just come up out of nowhere and say, "Oh, Dandruff or Todd," and then they I say, oh, "Do I know you?" And they say, "No, no, no. I just listen to your show every week." And I go, "Oh, cool. Like I, I'm happy to meet these people. So don't don't be afraid to come up to me. And even even if I'm playing, if in the middle of a hand, obviously not. But when I'm playing and I'm not in a hand, I'm going to tell you honestly, I'm very bored because it, 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 especially some of these no limit events where you got to wait a few minutes between hands. Uh, it's very boring to sit and sit and sit wait for your cards to be dealt to you again, only to be dealt seven three offsuit and then it's another wait. So, if even if you want to uh, get my attention if I'm playing, provided you don't see me like with cards in front of me, uh, you can go ahead and do that. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to feel like you're bothering me or disturbing me. So I know if people feel differently about this. Some people feel like they just don't want anyone bugging them at all while they're in a tournament. I'm, I'm fine as long as like uh, I, I guess like in the final stages we're down to like the final twenty people don't bug me, but. Uh, or at least wait till a break. But other than that, I don't. If we're like just in the early stages, and I'm just sitting there and waiting for a hand to finish, you can feel free to say something, even from the rail. So uh, let's let's see what else we have here for the uh, agenda for the evening. Uh, let's see if I got any texts tonight. We've got light on texts and light on phone calls. It's just the the interactivity tonight is just not what it usually is. Uh, here, I, I have some uh, a crude text here, so cover your ears, everybody, Inclu- including Debbie, if you're still listening, probably cover your ears. I, I guess Debbie's probably seen a lot by now, living in Vegas for 20 years. But uh, this is from uh, 512. I, I read all texts on this show, even dirty and uh, inappropriate ones. Ask Debbie who has a bigger clit, her or Vanessa? <laughs> I, I don't think Debbie has the answer to that, to be honest. I, I, I don't think she's seen Vanessa's. They're from different age groups. Uh, this is from 480. Tilly is only Hall of Fame. Sh- the only Hall of Fame Tilly belongs in is Biggest Boobs and Bimbo in Poker. She's almost the Jamie Gold of fem- uh, female poker players. I wouldn't compare her to Jamie Gold, but I, I would say that uh, 
she's only known in poker because she was famous before she was in poker. Uh, seven three four. Here's a, a moderate criticism of you, Brandon. You ready? Uh, he's especially ready because he, he ran off. <laughs> I think Brandon just disappears. Well, now, now I'm happy to criticize him. Okay, if he's going to run off on the show, I can say what I want. From the seven three four, Brandon, first ballot Hall of Fame interrupter. <laughs> Uh, and now a nice thing being said to me from a different person from the 410. You're the Vin Scully of podcasts, just 40 years younger. Well, that's nice to compare me to Vin Scully. Uh, this probably isn't real, but I mean, maybe it is. I, I, I can't imagine that. I'm going to call this number. In fact, I'm going to call this number back. This was sent to me. Well, it may not be awake anymore. I don't know. I'm going to text it back. Is this... Uh, I'm going to read the text in a second. When I'm ta- texting this person, is this actually you? Be honest. So the you I'm referring to, listen to this one. For those of you that used to listen to uh, the other radio show, you'll recognize this name. Hey, Uncle Todd, this is Menachem. Long time no talk. I want to come on and give my baseball picks, like the good old days. March Madness with Menachem. Can I call? Now this is at 9.35. I... I didn't see it till now. Now it's almost midnight. Menachem was a little kid who used to come on and do sports picks. And we, we never really tracked how they did. And this is on another show. It wasn't on this show. He was like 12 at the time, but this was like in 2010, 2011. So now he's like a later teenager. Now he's probably approaching 18. I, I, I didn't really talk to him outside the show. So I, I don't know if this is really him or if, you know, like why he's listening to this show, but maybe he is. It is a 702 number, but then again, you know, who doesn't have a 702 these days? I remember that name. Yeah. If, it's, if it really is Menachem, he's welcome to call in and uh, catch up with him. Uh, from the 920, uh, Druff, this is a photo of my kid having an up-close moment with his favorite player, Mike Trout, a week ago. He got the post-game autograph as well. After your Benjamin Dodger game story, I thought I would share from Hoser 11. Different person than FU Hoser. Two different Hosers we have here. Um, nice of you to send me the photo, except I can't receive it. Uh, for whatever reason, this main phone number of Poker Fraud Alert Radio cannot receive picture messages. I can't receive pictures or video. You can only send me text. Don't know why, it just does not work. From the 505, Jason Somerville attempted to stream from PokerStars New Jersey and bounced a week later when his Twitch viewers got cut in half. I don't know what that's in context to, but all right. So those are the te- we got more texts than I thought. Then I just hadn't been checking them. I, I was so I was feeling so bad for our lack of interaction tonight. I kind of I kind of wanted to be miserable. I kind of didn't want to look and see that it got better. Hey, Druff, I don't want to interrupt you, but I got a, a question for you. Do you remember when uh, Sean Deeb enters the ladies' event? Yeah, a number of years ago. Yeah. And you were talking about, you know, you walked by and you, you checked out the women that were in there. Do you think that uh, Sean Deeb was more or less attractive than the field? That's a good as question. A, as a woman. As a woman, as a woman. yeah. Um, well, he, he wasn't more attractive than the field, but uh, he might have been more feminine than the field. That's the sad thing. <laughs> That's the sad thing. It, uh, uh, you, you could be feminine but not attractive. Like, like some of these uh, transsexuals, the male-to-female transsexuals, some of them – 
I think shouldn't no matter how they feel inside, I think shouldn't be transsexuals. I think you should only be a transsexual if you really can like somewhat pass as a woman. You don't have to be a beautiful woman if, if you have, but but if if you're gonna look like a man in a dress no matter what you do. And and, and you're, you're six foot three and, and, and broad shoulders, uh, don't bother changing to a woman. Even if you feel like a woman inside, d- don't do it because you're not gonna it's gonna look ridiculous. You're not gonna come off well, your body type just isn't isn't going to be compatible with it. So, uh, but but you can still look feminine. See, so that six foot three, two hundred forty broad pound, broad shoulder guy can still You're put on a dress. You wouldn't make, you wouldn't make a good transsexual because of your height. No, I wouldn't be. I, that's my my height to be a killer. Yeah, yeah. I found that something that is it doesn't really work well. It doesn't go over well with women if you if you call women uh, sturdy women. <laughs> It, it's, it's not. It doesn't go over. <laughs> Have well. you said that before to a woman? Yeah. Oh wow. She looks real sturdy. W- yeah, were were you trying to be over. insulting, or you just uh, said it and didn't realize? Uh... I just had a couple too many beers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you know the uh, the women I've seen. Now, there's a lot of older ones there too. I'll be fair there and say that uh, a lot of the women that play in this are, are older. So. Sometimes, uh, you know, an older woman, she'll, she'll cut her hair short. She won't be worried about uh, uh, putting on a lot of makeup or wearing the latest fashion. So there she could come off as, as not that feminine when in reality it's just an older woman and uh, who just isn't putting much effort into looking beautiful anymore because she feels there's kind of no point. So so maybe there's some of that because of the age factor there. But, uh, uh, but I did just notice a lot of women there at the ladies' event at the World Series uh, were fairly butch. But much more than you'd see in the normal population, and and you know, and, there, and it just being older doesn't mean you you necessarily would look butch. There's a lot of older women who look very feminine still, so I, I don't know. But I, I would think that, and it would be an interesting interesting study. It would be an interesting study to see if poker, which we see attracts by and large men by a very very wide margin compared to women. Like just uh, uh, the main event of the World Series is usually like ninety seven percent male. Which is a staggering difference, given that it's open to everyone. So I, I think the game of poker, just in general, attracts men more than it does women. I, I don't believe there's any. Uh, it, I don't think it's about society saying women shouldn't play poker. Or I, I don't think it's any of that. Maybe a little bit, but not very much. I think just this is one of these things that shows that men and women really are just different. There are just differences in men and women, and that is that the game of poker appeals to men a lot more. Maybe the aggression factor to it, I don't know. But there's something about poker that really appeals to men as a whole a lot more, whereas there are some women it appeals to, but they're in the vast minority. They're the unusual ones. Not bad unusual, but just unusual in that they have an interest in something that mostly men are interested in. And uh, uh, so I wonder... If that's really the case, if it really is just an innate interest that men have towards this sort of thing that women typically don't, if if lesbians who uh, are often a lot more masculine than than other women, uh, if that would explain why a lot of them are are more interested in poker than the average woman, I could easily believe that if that uh, were the case. Yeah, I could see that. That 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 could definitely make some sense. And I I found you know just kind of informally that. Most of the more attractive women that are playing poker uh, are, you know, girlfriends or significant others of poker players who picked up the game through them and, uh, you know, maybe playing professionally or, or whatever. 
Yeah. There, there aren't too many women who just kind of on their own decide, hey, you know, I'm going to go play poker. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Like you ask how did you get into it, it's, it's usually, not always, but usually, especially in, in, in uh, recent days. You know, some of the women who have been around in poker for you know, 30 years, it's a different story, but, but usually you're hearing, oh, you know, my I had a boyfriend who played and then I got into it and he helped me learn. Or it, it, A lot of time that's a story even if that woman has then risen up to become a good player on her own. Right. And, you know, it, like you said, it may just be one of those things. The same reason why there aren't all that many uh, men on Pinterest, right? I mean, Yeah, just, or, or, or just like <laughs> – and, and also, like, if you want to look at the sexual preference thing, look look at uh, a thing like uh, like cosmetology, cutting hair. If you, the, the men that are in it, there's a disproportionate number that are gay. Right. And uh, I, I always figured the reason for that is that it's, it's a profession that, for whatever reason, attracts women and that uh, gay men – are on average more feminine than straight men. Not always, but that's that's usually the case. Uh, on, on the whole, that's definitely true. So, yeah, and so, also a lot more concerned with uh, with looks and fashion and, and yes, right. styles and that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I got a bunch of friends of mine that are gay, and I always joke around that I'm too ugly to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've heard. You know, I've heard this too, uh, and uh, I've I've heard that. Uh, and uh, in, in, I don't. We, we have a few gay listeners. Maybe they can char- chime in. But I, I've heard that it's it's very tough in the gay community if 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 you're ugly or even average looking. That there's such a a big emphasis on looks there, that that it's a lot harder uh, as a gay guy who's uh, uh, to, who's not very good looking to get uh, the interest of other gay guys. Than uh, than it is for a guy who's not that good looking to get interest from women, and not even if, like from a money standpoint or things like that. I'm talking about like a legitimate interest that isn't based on other factors. Yeah, could be. I've, I've I've heard that. I've heard now. I I don't know this for sure because I've never been actually part of the gay community, being straight. But that's what I've heard that there's a lot of, a strong emphasis on looks in the gay community, even more than than the way uh, women feel about uh, about the looks of men. So. Uh, I don't know, but uh, let's see here. Well, you can conduct an experiment, you know. Yeah, you think I should? Go, think I should? go out to a bar, see if you can pick up some guys. Drunk. Yeah, I just go to a gay bar tonight. I, mean, I guess I could yeah. drive down to West Hollywood and give it a shot. Now, would, you, would your soul be crushed if you went, you're like, oh, man, I'm not gay. I don't want to do this stuff. And you go in there and you just get shot down? Well, <laughs> you know, I would rationalize to myself. i said, say, well, it's because I'm 44 years old now. You know, If yeah. I tried this 20 years ago and they all rejected me, then I would be crushed. Then I would right. go, oh, my God, I'm t- then I should be what they want here. If, if, even more, if I, if I tried this when I was like 19 or 20 and I got rejected, yeah. I'd go, oh, my God. If, if they're rejecting <laughs> me now when I'm like 19 or 20 and thin and like, like – uh, like, if they're all rejecting me now, I must really be hideous. <laughs> now, now that I'm 44, like I, I could see how I'm, I'm – uh, because I, I think there's like a big emphasis of youth there too. So like I, I can see where a lot of them may, maybe wouldn't want me at this point. So I, I wouldn't be that insulted. Okay. But okay, that's uh, no. I, I was uh, I, I was flattered though. I've said this before that uh, uh, one of our former and maybe current gay listeners, PLOL, who's been on here before, uh, someone when I, not someone I posted pictures of myself from when I was in high school, and he actually complimented the pictures, saying that that uh, even though he's much much younger and wasn't even born when these pictures were post were taken. He said that if he were that age back then, that that he would have been with me. I said well, that was nice of him to say. It's always a compliment. Yeah, it was a compliment. He, th- he thought I was attractive uh, in high school, so I go okay, that's good. You know, I... all right. Let's see here. What else we got? Well, I think we just lost Brandon. He just he just disappeared. He, I, I thought oh, he yeah, was just for a smoke. Well, I thought he just disappeared. Like me, well, I'll give him a pass tonight. Because 
this car accident thing, maybe he got another call about it. So I, I can't give him too hard of a time. Like if the phone rang and it was someone from Florida talking about the accident, what's he going to say? No, I, I can't talk about the car accident right now. I'm on Poker Fraud Alert Radio. So, mm-hmm. oh, you're back. Brandon, was, was I it? I made an order for a smoothie. Oh, come on. Is that really what it was? Yeah, I swear to God. Jeez. I, 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 I was giving you a... Blueberries, strawberries, and a banana. Well, first of all, I can hardly hear you. You're very soft right now. Well, I'm, I'm using... Okay, there he goes. That's that better? It, yeah, much better. Yeah, so, so I ordered a blueberry smoothie. What what is it to you? No, here's here's what here's what I was saying. You oh. disappeared for a long time. So I thought what, tonight, yeah, just now. So so I as I, I said, Brandon, like 15 oh. minutes ago, and you didn't answer. So I thought, okay, he probably got a call about this accident in Florida. And, no, I and, didn't. And I, I'm such an insensitive jerk for criticizing him for disappearing if he's taking important phone calls about a relative in an accident. And I thought, wow, I, sh- I shouldn't be. Uh, Giving him a hard time, and then he go, "Yeah, I just ordered a smoothie." Yeah, that's, that just sounds good, though. You got to admit, sounds. I, I kind of want one too, but that's yeah. uh, my voice was just hurting a little bit, and it just the smoothie sounded good. So it does sound. I, I wish I could just order one to be delivered here, but I, I can't. There, you can, but it, you're not going to pay. No, there, there isn't even. I couldn't even if yes, I wanted. There is. To. I bet you, you could. Postmates, one hundred percent. I don't even think there's a place that makes smoothies at this time around here. Tropical smoothie, twenty four hours. There's no tropical smoothie around here. I'm going to look it up. I'm not going to say where I am, but I'm going to look it up. Of course you wouldn't say where you are. Tropical smoothie. I'm going to look this up, the location. There's got to be. Or there – I mean it's L.A. No, it's it's really – in fact, uh, it looks like the closest – Are you in basically the boondocks? The closest one is in Valencia, which is like 55 miles away. Come on. Are there any in San Francisco? That's where I'm at right now. Oh, you're in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was another gay reference. Okay. Okay. No, what's no, the no. nearest big city to where you are, Druff, that you would uh, even be comfortable stating? Well, no. Los Angeles is the b- biggest city close to me, but uh, – How far are you from L.A.? Uh, 50 miles. Tropical smoothie secret location. <laughs> uh, let's see if there's one in San Francisco. Of course there is. I mean, if they're, they're – they're, they have like five twenty-four hour ones within like I don't know. 10 no, I'm, hour not, I'm, not, I'm not seeing it actually. I, I haven't done it. Anyhow, exhaust- I got the blueberry bliss. It's blueberries, which is a superfood. Strawberries and banana. I'll tell you something, Brandon. Where, where I am, everything closes by eleven, and so a lot of places close by nine, uh, except for things like Denny's. Wow. Yeah. So How can you even live in a town like that? Well, I, I just. Uh, it keeps me from getting fat. Mm. So there's no nightlife where you are if you want to maybe end radio early and go down to the club? No, to say there's, to say there's no nightlife is an understatement. Like I, 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 I walk the dog outside. I feel like uh, uh, I'm the only person on earth. Are you live in a Hasidic Jewish community? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. So, okay, let's... Uh, so you're 50 miles outside L.A.? Yeah. But what, okay, I mean... Without getting into too much private detail, I don't want it to be like the contentious El Pollo Loco chicken debacle. Why do you, do you choose to live just because of the, the like quality of life? I mean, is it just better than being near the city? What is it? Why are you so far? No, out it's very simple. That's very simple. Um, you have good cell service. No, better the, AM the, radio. The, the Benjamin's mom uh, has various ties to the area and. Uh, she, she's a community leader. She 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 has to be here. She can't she can't leave. And probation? Uh, <laughs> no. So 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 it was you know this goes back way back to when I first got with her, 
And I oh, so you moved to be with her out of yes, the way. yes. But I, at least I had the ability to do it. When you move, can they actually just take the gold plate it would tell us and put it in the moving truck? How does that work? Well, if there if there was a gold plate it would tell us, I guess it could be scraped off. And see, uh, I never knew you moved to be with her. That's kind of romantic. People well, say she, that she you're selfish. No, she you don't care. Look no. at you. You moved. Had to get new ISP everything, and you moved to a. City where nothing's open other than a Denny's. Yep. Wow. In uh, uh, Callawat, you're in what part of San Francisco? Are you. But well, he doesn't live there. He's just visiting. Yeah, I, I'm oh. just here. Uh, I'm at one of the Silicon 500 startup companies thing. So I'm, right now, I'm like uh, right on Mark off of Market Street. Where, where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from Connecticut, but I live in uh, upstate New York. Okay. And what do you like? What part of upstate New York? Uh, out suburbs of uh, uh, Rochester. Okay, uh, I have but I'm kind of like rough. friends that live uh, in a, in upstate New York in uh, Amsterdam, New York. Do you know? Have you ever heard of this city? Yeah, yeah. And also uh, North Tonawanda. I don't know upstate yeah. New York, but I just know that's that's. Now let me ask you: Are you like in a uh, in a Hilton somewhere right now in, in San Francisco or Marriott? Where are you staying at? It's one of those like older style hotels, you know, that probably was really fancy maybe forty years ago, but is kind of old now. Is room service still open right now? At your hotel? I have no idea. You're not a room service kind of guy, are you? Uh, sometimes, but uh, while I've been out here, I've been busy doing work and stuff, so right. I haven't really done that. But I'm kind of like uh, Druff, like back where I uh, where I live. I'm on. You know, I'm on enough land I can't even see my closest neighbors. I love it. Wow. Well, that's not how it is in Vegas. I, I mean, if you, you go far enough, like, if you go far enough, yeah, out, yeah, right? but then you're not really in Vegas, though. You're not. You wouldn't actually be in the city of Las Vegas. You'd be in Clark County. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there are people that like that. Like there are little uh, communities that have sprung up. Pahrump, but you know, it's I guess well known for. The prostitution, and I guess Lamar Odom brought some attention to it. That's when he, where he did his little uh, herbal Viagra overdose. You boys familiar with this? Yeah. Almost dropped dead with yeah, yeah. cocaine and hookers. And then there's a, a little charming community uh, right before the Utah border called Mesquite, Nevada. Yep. Jeff, have you ever been to Mesquite? I, I've been through it. I haven't stopped there. They have free play if you're a new subscriber. Really? Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I guess that brings us... Uh, to a topic, what is? I'm very intrigued. What is the casino bonus whoring the on-off strategy? Okay, the on-off strategy. Okay, so yeah. the on-off strategy is a continuation of, of another thing I've talked about before, but uh, the, I just learned about the continuation of it recently. And that is, if you go to a casino and sign up for a new player's card... And I'm talking about like a major casino on the strip, not to some small locals. You may not. So we'll know. say MGM Mirage. Yeah, or I, I know for sure it works at Caesars Casinos. Okay, you you sign up for a new player's card, you sit down, you play a fair amount of kind of middle limit video poker, like a a dollar a credit, uh, so it's five dollars per hand run. Uh, or well, find a good pay scale, Druff. Yeah, find a good pay table, right? Run run uh, about ten thousand dollars worth of coin in, which sounds like a lot, but it's really not because of. Uh, now, Druff, if you see a full house pay table that says thirty, what are you going to do? You're going to keep on walking, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, thirty for five coins. Yes. So 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 the. So, I've seen those though. I know, I know. So they're terrible. Okay. But but the, the point is here: the 
if you play about you know ten thousand dollars worth of coin in, which is a lot less than it sounds, because you're getting most of the money back because you're you're plus the money you've won, you're circulating back. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So so ten thousand dollars worth of coin in, and, and then you walk out and don't come back. You don't stay there. You don't, uh, or if you stay there, you don't stay under your name. You stay under your wife's name, or whatever. You you, do, you don't stay there. You don't play there again. You just play once, walk out, don't come back. Within about two to three months, you will get some very nice offers to come back with free play, with free show tickets, free food, uh, other free things they're giving away. You'll get tons of offers, uh, and, and they're usually like separated by days or weeks from each other. Sometimes so close together, you can even double dip to where uh, you know. You now, can- how does this affect? A local resident like me versus someone out of town wouldn't one assume that they'd market differently? Uh, maybe, but it's, I, I think it's relatively similar because of the, basically what they're seeing here. And I've explained this isn't the on-off strategy. This is only the beginning of the on-off strategy. Ooh. I've explained this before. This is the this is a repeat of before. People actually get mad at me when I repeat things on this show from previous shows, but uh, this is well, I've explained. Listen, she did a column called "Debbie Does Poker" for eleven years, and she even admitted she had to. Right. Columns. So this is uh, Druff does bonus whoring, and so you don't think Dear Annie or Dear Abby repeats the same shit? Yes, she, they she probably does. do. So, so, yeah. so if you do this with a new card, play once. I don't mean play like one hand. I mean play run ten thousand worth of coin in, maybe you know, five thousand at the minimum of coin in. Walk out, no matter what your results are. Don't come back. Don't stay at the hotel again. They will start sending you some nice offers, and then you can just milk the offer big time. You can redeem every free play and don't play anything beyond that. You can eat in restaurants if they give you the free food. You can you can t- all the stuff they offer you. Take 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 as much as you can. If you're local, even better because you can you can do all of it. Let me play devil's advocate to you. So recently, and this is still because of the limit bot uh, play. I guess what was that? December, January? When I think was that when it ended? Oh, February. Anyhow, February. The, yeah, at, at Harris. For some reason, I, you know, I started getting stuff from Caesars, but it also sparked another casino sending me offers in the same property, but one that is a little further away and had been dormant. I had meaning I haven't received any offers in a, probably a year and a half. Do you know what casino that would be? Laughlin. Yes. But the thing that troubles me is, even though the, the, it's almost like they know kind of what the limits are, I got some free play. And it's always a weird number. Like it was hundred seventy dollars. Like that's just a weird number. Why not make it one seventy five or one? Like how is it one seventy? But whatever their system is, so I have one seventy uh, for a month. But the problem is, they make it so from the end of one free play to the beginning of the other. And these are the vouchers that you insert in the machines. It's at least forty eight, and I think in one case seventy two hours. So I couldn't just go there and stay there for 12 hours or, you know, between days and do it. They make it so you kind of have to keep coming back. You can't just kind of hang around. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, oh, yeah. Is this thing working? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking. So, but it, and I'm just, that is like the amount, like it's not, it's just still, it's not worth it. I mean, 170 I play. Okay, but you're, you're not doing what I'm ex- going to explain. There's a reason. But I just wanted to talk about that. Okay, anyhow. okay, okay. But, uh, no, 170 going all the way to Laughlin isn't worth it. I agree. But, but what is a number that would be – well, you went out of your way for how, – how much was it? I was Laughlin? right there. I was right there. I was passing no, by. No, you weren't going to go to Laughlin, you said. No, but I, I, was, I, was, I was forced the other way because of traffic. That's oh. why. I, didn't, I would have gone 90 miles out of the way for it. You were forced the other way? Unless I want to sit in horrendous traffic for 40 miles, yeah. No. 
Okay, I'm sorry. Go on then. I have nothing to contribute. Okay. I'm just going to mute myself. <laughs> wait for my smoothie and peace. Okay. I mean, you can contribute. I'm just telling you that. Uh, well, obviously I can't because you said I'm talking about something that's not even the subject. No, no, you're talking the subject. I'm saying that this is you, you're you're de- playing devil's advocate, and I'm explaining why this isn't oh, the same thing. Oh, that's right. I forgot. That's what I was doing. Yes. So anyhow, what is your retort? So, 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 well, the, the, I'm giving my retort. <laughs> the re- the retort here. Is that this is first of all this is for new card holders. I'm not talking about people who've been there forever. If you you get a new card, you play once, then good offers. Are gonna, I mean, offers like 500 bucks may come in per 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 time, not not total. I mean, like you'll get 500 dollars free play, and then like a week later, 450 dollars free play, or maybe three days later, for like where you can you can sometimes even get them back to back if they're close enough together and do both. Uh, you'll get a lot of stuff, and it will continue for months, maybe up to six months. You're going to get offers of things where you can just keep milking, milking for thousands of dollars if you're uh, persistent enough. You're not going to make tens of thousands off of this, but you'll, you'll probably get uh, thousands of dollars worth of offers based on this one session like, of play. People that are prone to listen to this show or post on these forums, what percentage would you even think hasn't at some point got these cards? Like, I well, find it very rare. No, that's not true. Age, I mean, experienced gambler. I have an answer. Advocate. I have an answer. It hasn't been in the system at one of these. I have an answer. Problems. I have an answer. There's two things. First of all, some people are loyal to one particular type of property, and they don't go to the. They just don't go to the others. They don't go to uh, the MGM properties. They only stick to Caesars, or they only stick to uh, Caesars, not MGM. So, or, or uh, the win. They've never gone to the win. Palazzo. Venetian with a Palazzo. So, so that's the point. Is there's there's probably some group of properties the average listener has not gotten a card at yet. But if they have, no problem. So maybe I'm just presumptuous because I have a card everywhere. Yeah, and, and the second thing is, even if you do, if you go with your wife, if you go with your mother, if you go with uh, anyone, mistress, who, people bring mistress. Uh, mistress anyone who's with you frequently, even if it is a mistress, anyone who comes <laughs> with you frequently. You can sign them up for a card, and they will get this same stuff. Now, mistress may not be a good idea because by the time she gets the offers, you may be done with her. But and then she'll long-term get the long-term mistress. The like long-term mistress, right? Right. So, so the, the the point is here that you sign up for a new card, you run you run the free play, you run you run it, you run five ten thousand dollars worth of coin in, you leave. It'll start giving you good offers. Now, that's the first part, but that's the on part. What about and what the kind off? of good offers could one expect? Up uh, five hundred dollars uh, type offers per time. Free nights, free stays, free stays, five hundred dollars free play, uh, one hundred fifty dollars in food, uh, one hundred fifty dollars wow. massages, things like that. Hmm. Uh, Bring you, your own stopwatch to the massagers. Yes, so you don't have the yes. So one time, yeah, more than one time. So <laughs> uh, I'm not kidding. So so. Uh, only you'd call them out for cheating. Well, no, it's not massage. like cheating me out of a few minutes. I, I, I was cheated out of like, mass, like a large percentage of the massage of twice. <laughs> All right. No, what, what happens with these massage places, not to get too much off topic, what happens is sometimes they, they start to fall behind schedule. Now we're talking legitimate massage. We should give them Yes, yeah, legitimate massage like in a, in a, in a hotel. Place. Right, right. In, in a hotel. They, sometimes they fall behind, and then the way they make up and, and get themselves back on track is by shorting some people they give massages to. So, uh, no, not with you. You took it all the way to the top. No, not with me. Well, I was mad because when when I complained about it, instead of, instead of uh, you know really apologizing for it, making a big deal, they they made up dumb excuses. Oh, it's because of daylight savings time. Just really dumb things that are insulting my intelligence. At that point, I got really pissed. Like just just own up to them. We're really sorry. We're going to look into this. Sorry, you know, here's here's such and such. You know, because this happened. No, don't don't tell me ridiculous excuses like it's daylight savings time. We got confused and just. Outrageous things like that. 
So it just gets me mad. Like don't when you, when I caught, when I catch you trying to rip me off, don't don't make up insulting excuses. You'd rather them at least admit they tried to rip you off. Well, especially since that, your intelligence. Especially because I wasn't saying? speaking. I wasn't speaking to the person who actually did it. I was speaking to her boss. So the boss can the boss can say, "Oh, I'm so sorry. That shouldn't have happened. I'm going to make sure to uh, to do something about this. I, you know, here's such and such uh, free massage for next time, whatever. And uh, you know, we're really sorry. You'd rather them say to you that we screwed you than say, "Oh, we're sorry, sir. There was a lunar eclipse and it screwed up the, the yes, the, yes, the flex capacity. Yes, yeah, to try to make me feel clock. like a, to make it make me feel like I, I'm I'm being a, a a suspicious asshole when in reality they they weren't trying to do anything. To, of course they were. Of course they were trying to to cheat me to get back on schedule. I don't think they were cheating me maliciously because they hated me. They were trying to cheat me because the, it was just they felt they could get away with it and get and back on schedule. The wrong person that day. No, they're terrible. They, they that rainy Sunday morning, it was the wrong <laughs> person that walked in that. Okay, so let me get back to the on-off yeah, thing. I, because... Actually, I got a question for you, Brandon. Yes. Uh, you know, let's say uh, Druff goes to one of those Asian massage parlors. Okay. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, this is in his youthful days, you know, when he wasn't attached and all that, and he decides well, he's to go. Had a girlfriend. Well, this no. is you know one day between okay. girlfriends. So the girl right? broke up with him at the carnival, or whatever that night. Yeah. And then see. Okay. Right. So he wanders in there, and she says, uh, "You want a happy ending, right?" And so he's like, "Oh yeah, sure, you know, whatever." So he gets a happy ending and all that. Do you think that that Druff will haggle with her over the price of that? Well, we have that. We, we have, that's one of our topics, actually. Or too. if she doesn't put in like the. What he considers the requisite amount of effort? Are you going to, you know, try to I mean, get half strange, try to get half price for it? You know? It's a strange question, only in the sense because I know him on a much deeper level than you. That I know he would this is preposterous. It would never have occurred even back then. But if it did, mm-hmm. could I have seen him like maybe thinking he had a coupon for like, <laughs> like half off a jack off? Yes, of course. <laughs> Like one hundred percent. Can I see him like talking a girl down? Yes, but it, again, it's so preposterous because as you, okay. as I've gotten to know him, like it just, yeah, it, it would never. He would never. All right. So he, even he, if it is something, he would he say, would say I have my own. He his logic would be even if he's single, even yeah. if he was like in a country where it was morally acceptable, yeah. he would say, well, I have my own hand. Why would I waste the money? <laughs> right. Well, like, okay, you know, so here's, that's the con- clearly. here's the conundrum. Like if, Druff, if Druff's dick was big enough, he would blow himself. I guess that's my point. <laughs> Just to save money. All right, let's say let's say that this is not something that he would normally do, but he received a coupon for a free one. Would he then feel obligated? Oh, that to would go be a tough. And, that would be the toughest it? one. That would be like a. That would be a very uh, contradictory situation within within my being here. That I would have to. It would be the battle of, of the Jewish side that wants to redeem something I have for free that I know has value right. versus, versus uh, not really having a desire to do it. And, well, and, and it, now I, I would tr- try to transfer it to someone, but if I couldn't no, transfer it... to you, yeah, if, it's only you. Yeah, if I can't transfer it, boy, that'd be tough. The thing that I am privy to, as, as others are that listen to The Fraud Show, is that Druff is not generally attracted to the Asian persuasion. Mm-hmm. So that also would play a role in it, Um so maybe if it was like, all right. So it's a Jewish massage. Shop. I was just going to say <laughs> a that. Jewish, a Jewish jerk off shop. Well, you know, here's here's the other problem is that uh, it's like you get a hand job on like a bowl of matzo ball soup. I, it just it just kind of kills it for me when I when I feel like I have to pay for it. It really it really ruins it's it for me. It's a free coupon. I know that's the problem. It's it's a battle. <laughs> You're not paying for anything. I know it's a bad no no no. But with, I, I mean, with someone when someone's had to pay. I think okay. I think right now, assuming that Druff didn't have a, a woman at home. I think in today's day, you know, at his age, he would not. 
back when he was younger, coming into his own sexually, uh, he probably would. <laughs> if there was no legal ramifications, because he wouldn't want to tell his name sullied. Either. I actually wouldn't worry about the legal ramifications, but... Oh, you don't want to be in there, and then all of a sudden there's a raid? No, I, I wouldn't have worried about that too much. I, to be honest, I just... Any kind of like prostitution-like thing, I just don't uh, have much of... It doesn't have much well, appeal to me. Okay, but so then you answer the question. When you were 18, 19, unattached, the girl maybe just broke up, but you at the carnival. You remember the story at the carnival? Yeah, yeah. And you have a coupon for a free hand job. There's no legal... Or more ramifications. In fact, you're not even near your, your your radius of where you live. You're in somewhere in in the Midwest. No one knows who you are. They don't know you won the bracelet and the limit hold them because you haven't yet. Would you do it? Going back, thinking of how you were. You mean if I if I had a for free like a coupon yes, or something? Twenty years ago, like thinking back to your mindset, and I, I don't know how erratic or how youthful you were as a child. I mean, we all know you're on the bulletin board, so it couldn't be that crazy. But what would you have done? And it, let's say I don't know like what these the things cost, 19, but let, yeah. Let's say it's a fifty dollar value, so you're you're effectively wasting fifty dollars. Yeah. And the years like nineteen ninety two, one of your favorite years. Um, and you're in like Ohio or somewhere in the Midwest, Nebraska, and you have a free jerk off coupon, and it's a non Asian girl. Would you let them touch finish complete? I don't know. I I, I might have. I don't know. It's close. I mean, you, did you have a wild side? And I'm not, you know, being coarse here, but we're not talking about hacking AT and T. I, I, I thought I think I've told enough stories to where you there, there, you know, well, there's there's something. Well, my wild side would trump your wild side. So this isn't a competition here. I'm telling you, I think I think, saying, you, like, I think you have an. Have let me tell you something wild, here. Like Hang on. I, I think I think you have an incorrect belief about me. In fact, sometimes I'll tell you things that that uh, you know from the past or even uh, people, and you're surprised, and yeah. and you don't, and and because I think I think you have. Gotten an incorrect characterization of me, in some ways. That uh, uh, I just picture you as like an eighteen or nineteen year old that already like had an IRA and was checking it. No, see that's the problem. Like, you see, like really you, no, you, ha- you have all these. 18. You have a lot of uh, misconceptions. Okay, but can yeah, you but the, the real the thing is, this isn't even really about wild side or not. This is about are you really going to waste that fifty dollars? I know that's that's what would have been the, you know that would have been the battle that you can relate to. Do you remember the eighties TV show? Of course you do. Family ties. I kind of always pictured you as an Alex B. Keaton. See, that's that's a mistake. That's a mistake. That's, okay, that's, that's not me. I'm, I'm much more. Why? Because I've always known you to be so responsible. It's hard for me to picture a time when you would step out and, and do something a little risque. But do you, I mean, you get it's not an insult at all. I mean, don't don't take it that way. There are many people that are like that. You know, like look at that Marco Rubio. But that's what that's eighteen, nineteen. Who's already trying to plan to be a president? Like, but that's not. You know, that's look. The problem is you have the wrong characterization. You're you're trying to pigeonhole. You're trying. You're, 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 I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's an insult. You're trying to fill in blanks with something that's an oversimplification. You're trying. You're trying to say, I, I'm going to picture him this way, and, and I'm just going to picture Alex B. Keaton and, and a version of that, and and you can't figure that that uh, there can be. Someone who has the you know, responsible side with some things. Tell us more about 1992 drugs. Well, I, I also think that this is kind of like uh, chicks in poker and poker hut, right? I mean, in, in the, the sea of poker players, yeah, uh, Todd is amazingly responsible, but that's only relative to, to everybody else. <laughs> well, I'd be relatively responsible as well, which doesn't, you know, again, it's... I posted this story before on the forum, so this is not a secret. I, do you remember reading the story about the, the wrong number I got in 92? 
No, I don't know that. So a, a girl, maybe I do, but the, the a girl. Meeting. She she called the wrong number. It was on, it was on the election night, actually, just as Bill Clinton won in '92. And not just Bill Clinton won, but all the. This uh, is a wild, crazy story you're about to tell us. I, I don't know if it's a wild, crazy story, but it was. Uh, it's, it's posted on the forum. It was a long story. Let, let me finish the thing. You know, I want. I, we, we totally interrupted this topic. Let's finish the topic, then I'll tell the '92 story of uh, of what happened with the wrong number. And I, I think the problem is, I, I think you just you you have too black and white of an opinion of, of what my life was like, and and it's it's it get it becomes hard for you to picture. Uh, things that deviate from it, and that's how I think something shocks you sometimes when I tell you things. Yeah. So okay, so let me get to uh, let me finish the on and off bonus whoring here because I don't want like a whole long. See, I'm setting it like the chicken thing. Is this gonna? No, 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 no. Oh. It's it's not. No, it's just. Uh, I got a lot. No, of I, I noticed in the forum people the people do that too, which is funny because I like I'll tell all these different stories. I'm not saying it's a, the, the wildest stuff ever or that that no one can top it. I'm saying that uh, I'm not someone who. Lived a, a, a super conventional, uh, conservative, uh, uh, non-risk-taking, uh, lack of excitement life. people view you that way? Because you're just, in general, probably the most responsible person somebody knows in terms of how you, like, I don't, you know. Like, okay, it's, okay I, finish what you're saying. But again, the point I'm making, it's not an insult, just that it's, it's almost like you've seen people – on PFA expand over the years and even grow as, as as we've all gotten older, but you're basically relatively the same as you first were. Like in oh, terms you can, of just you can being, be you can be super responsible and still have fun. It just means you put a well, condom I'm not on, saying he never all. had fun. I'm just saying that <laughs> I don't see him as getting a hand job at a massage parlor when he was 18. I just don't see him ever being that guy. Well, I'll I'll, 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 I'll tell you some things in a second. But here, so, so don't fin- say things that will come back and bite you. In the well, ass. no, I posted I posted this stuff anyway on on the forum, so it uh, right. could be found easily if people wanted to. So the so what I was saying here before all the uh, the, the tangent was that uh, if you sign up for a new card, run some some free play, and not run, run not run, no free play, run a uh, through video poker, the best video poker you can find, and and then leave and don't come back. You're going to get some very nice offers. This is with a new card, not just if you've had a card for a while. You'll get some very nice offers, and then you can just milk, 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 and never put another penny of your own. Only play the free play and then quit once you've run it. Uh, just milk the free hotel rooms, milk everything they give you as much as you can. Okay, and you can probably do this for about six months before it'll it'll notice this and kill the offers. When I say it, I mean the marketing computer. No human being will be killing the offers. It'll be the, the computer kills it. So I've told people about this before on this show, and this is a great thing to do. You know, if your wife never gambles and you want to get her a card and and you know run this once for her, and then she'll get all the offers. That's a, it's a great thing to do, and it'll work. The thing I was not aware of until recently was that up until recently, I believe that once you do this, it's done. That you're what's known as overcomped, meaning you redeemed way more comps than what your play justified because it made all these offers to you, and instead of continuing to play, you just ran the free play, took all the offers, and never played another penny. And they don't want that. Well, the reason they're giving you these offers is not – you didn't earn them. They're giving you these offers to come back and gamble like you That's were before. Incentive. It's an incentive to come back and play like you did before, but then – Instead, you just come back and, and milk the offers and don't play another penny. So it takes the computer some months to come to terms. That's what you're doing. But once it does, I thought that there's pretty much a black mark on you and that you're known as overcomped and that even if you come back and play again, you're so far in the red as far as what they want you to do to earn offers again that uh, it's not worth continuing to play. You might as well find somewhere else. I always believe that to be the case. Wrong. And that's what I mean by the on-off strategy. I know somebody that 
did this in 2014. They ran uh, one session, as I described, left a few months later, got some great offers, came back, milked them big time for about six months. After the six months, their offers stopped predictably, and they quit. They did not play another dime in the property. They did not stay in the property again for over a year. They just completely forgot it existed. Not literally forgot, but you know what I mean. They came back about uh, a little bit more than a year later, in 2016. I see where this is going. And they played, and this is not me, by the way. And the reason it's not, you'll know it's not me is because I've been staying in Caesars properties the whole year. Like, I stayed during the World Series. I stayed during other times. Like, I, it's not me. I promise it's not me. This person was not staying at all. Okay? So this person came back. They played a similar type session. A few months later, guess what? The offer started again. Not quite as good, but fairly good. The computer forgave and forgot what they did in the past. The computer didn't go, ah, 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 we know what you're going to do. If I send you offers, you're going to milk them and not play again. No, the computer did not think that. The computer actually generated offers again. Whereas if they were to go back and play a month or two after milking the offers, they would have gotten nothing or very little. They would have gotten crap offers like come in and you got $15 of free play. Instead, they got uh, nice offers again, not quite 500 each, but they got offers uh, that were surprisingly good given that what they did. And the reason for it was that a year or so passed in between. There's no magic number. But this is the way the computer looked at it. The computer looked at it that they came in once, they played, they got a bunch of offers, they milked them, they didn't play, so the computer's like, okay, well, that person's uh, not of any value to us, so we're not offering them anymore. Then they disappear for a long time. They come back and they play again with no incentive to play again. So the computer thinks, oh, well, they're coming back and they're just spending their own money to play. They're not running free play. They're not asking for comps. They're not, they're not even staying in the hotel. They're just coming in and playing again. Well, they, they must have an interest in playing again. Let's, let's try to entice them again. Maybe this time they're really going to play. And because a computer is not a human, it cannot rationally think. But we lost Brandon somehow. It's some kind of Skype error or something. The computer cannot rationally think that oh, this person's pulling the same thing again. A computer can only analyze data. So if you get a new card, play once, get a lot of offers a few months later, milk them as much as you can without playing again, and then quit for about a year after that, after the last good offer you milk, don't stay in the property under your own name, then come back in and play a regular session a year later, it'll start offering again. That's what's known as on-off. Now, this may be impractical for some of you. Maybe some of you uh, are, are going to be staying in these properties and like for the World Series and other things where you can't help the, not staying there in your own name. Maybe you, you do want to you know, gamble sometimes there. Maybe you, you know, There's a lot of different things that this is not practical for you. But if you have a wife or a relative that travels with you a lot or uh, you know, a husband, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever it is, have them get a card. Have them do this. And, uh, you know, the, the hotel won't know they're there when it's under your name. And the hotel doesn't – if they put their name as like an authorized user of the room, that doesn't count. They're like it's, it's, The casino doesn't even know about that. So it's only if they have a room in their name with the, with the casino know about. And, and the reason this happens, again, is because they think the person has just disappeared and then came, come back on their own will with no incentive otherwise and started playing again. And that's what triggers it because – it thinks 
this person couldn't be comp whoring because uh, they're coming back on their own and playing without an offer. When in reality, that's what you're doing. So I know someone who did this, and they just got some very nice offers starting in May of 2016, so definitely uh, it works. Again, this is not me. I've stayed in Caesars properties uh, a lot over the past year, so I'm not just lying and saying it's not me. I'm telling you it's not me. But uh, give it a shot, or have your wife give it a shot, and you'll see. Uh, and I'm not just talking about Caesars, MGM, uh, Win, all the. I, I bet they all pretty much work the same way. In fact, I've I've consulted with some people who've told me it works the same way. And this is not illegal. It's, they're not going to get banned or barred for this. This is just the the way the marketing computer chooses to offer you things. You're not doing anything wrong here. Now, where's Brandon? We lost him. Get a smoothie again or something? I think I heard a Skype sound. Did he disconnect or? It did this weird thing where it said like. I mean, I'll try to add him again. It's like holding on, trying to bring him back to the conversation, and he just vanished. <laughs> you know, he's just not here. Let me check my text. He's not answering here. Let us see. No, I didn't get any text from him. I don't know. I should have asked Brandon about Menachem's phone number. Maybe he has Menachem's phone number. Maybe he could tell me if it's the real Menachem or not. All right, so uh, let's, let's look at the next topic. I actually wanted Brandon to be on the phone when I would tell him about this uh, story of the wrong number from 92, which I thought I told before, but uh, maybe it's when he was off radio. Uh, I'll talk quickly about the Bitcoin thing. Uh, Bovada had a really interesting promotion where – if you deposit in Bitcoin only, can't be uh, any other method, but you deposit Bitcoin, they will give you a 50% deposit bonus, and you can do it over and over and over and keep getting 50% deposit bonuses. So you can do this up to $1,000 per deposit worth of Bitcoin. So if you put in $1,000 worth of Bitcoin, they will give you a $500 bonus. If you put another $1,000 worth of Bitcoin, they'll give you another $500 bonus. And you can do it over and over and keep accumulating $500 bonuses, which you do have to clear. But if you play a whole lot of poker on there or even bet sports on there, you'll pretty – You'll clear it, uh, I shouldn't say really quickly, but it'll clear. So it's almost like free money if you're going to play because otherwise there's no rake back there. Sorry, everything crashed over Yeah, there. I noticed that. Was it on my end? Yeah. Okay, I apologize. Yeah, so so uh, I, I tried to get Bitcoin for it, and this is the one time in the last five years that I've uh, – I was disappointed that I wasn't friends with Mike on anymore because – I'd rephrase that. <laughs> Why? I mean, would you, re- <laughs> you really said to yourself, I wish I was still friends with him? At that moment, I wished I was. Now, I wasn't regretting I wasn't. I was just saying, wow, it would be convenient to have him as a friend right now. All right. So, so anyway, uh, he so, – so, I got my smoothie, by the way. That's, that's great. I'm glad, glad progress is being made. I got a little bit of Bitcoin if you want it. Well, it's, it's, well, it's too late now. It ended. I, I appreciate that, but it ended on May 8th. Now, who's that one guy that tried to go, uh, gouge you? Well – it's no one you know. Uh, this is what happened. So I was put. I could read it because I saw a bunch of people on Twitter tweeting at you. So no, but I, no. This is all. No, this is all like a private discussion. So some some people on Twitter were saying, you know, I have some, and then I start talking with them. But in, in various ways, it didn't pan out. They, you know, it turned out it was somebody else that they were going to refer me to, and they, they couldn't reach that person, or the person ended up saying no, or so. So I, I put out on Twitter that you know, I kind of reminded me of back in the day. When like someone, you know, this happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to Druff too. When you're like stuck on stars, so you you, know, you only had maybe five thousand online. Play a big game and you lose, but you know, 
fish in the game. It was a great game. And you're frantically texting or calling at 2, 3 in the morning trying to get someone to send you money. Remember those yes, days? Yes, yes, yes. That had to have happened to you. I mean, yeah, I, the reverse, too. I would I would sell money to people also who would, uh, who well, would need it. Well, you came over once to that one house and you broke up a, the, almost a stab. That's true. That's Remember? true. That's how I came over to Neverwind's. That's right. So I want to say the name. but <laughs> No, we've talked about it before. Broke up a fist fight. <laughs> no, we've talked, about, we've talked about it before. It was one of the first times I met you. You broke up a fist yes, fight like at 3 in the morning. <laughs> so, Man, yeah, do you remember those days of you know, like just frantically, like yes, yes, it, it reminded me of that too. So I was, I was putting out, you had, a, you had a dead, you had a deadline. Yeah, That's I was putting out on Twitter. I need the money. I need the, mo- I need the Bitcoin. I need the Bitcoin, and like you can trust me. I'll pay you on Monday. You know, I'll, I'll put you ca- cash in your bank account. Whatever. Well, even meet them if they're within thirty miles of you. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I wasn't getting any kind of decent response until I finally got uh, finally Kev Math he, he retweeted this for me which I really appreciate he has way more followers than me so Kev Math retweeted it for me uh, I don't know if that got me more visibility but uh, but I got a few people answering me and uh, as I said some of them just kind of didn't pan out but the last one at the very last minute Kev Math is just blowing up isn't he he really is but at the last minute I got someone who listens to this show so he's probably hearing this story not anyone you know Brandon but a listener to the show, not a forum poster, who uh, I've talked to occasionally before, don't really know him that well. He said, I, I have the Bitcoin. I, and I believed it because he's someone who's very into Bitcoin. And so he said, I have it. I'm willing to sell it to you. I said, okay, cool. Let, let's do it. So he, I said, I, I promise I'll pay you by Monday. You know, tell me the way you want. He says, okay. Uh, the price on, I think he quoted Bitinfinex right now, is 469 per coin. And I had already looked up the price, and my response to that was, because <laughs> I said, wait a minute, I, I'm looking all over. I'm not, I don't have access to Bit, Bitinfinex where I am right now, but I'm looking at every other exchange, and they're way below 469. They're like 450s, maybe 460, 461. He's telling me 469. He's going, yeah, well. I'm seeing 450 right now. Yeah, and admittedly, and, that was. And as an aside, what are the odds I can even get that one day Kev Math will just run the entire World Series of Poker from his studio apartment in Atlanta? <laughs> he probably could, too. Just off a little laptop. <laughs> So, so anyway, I I knew it wasn't anywhere near four sixty. Maybe he Bitinfinex says that, but that wasn't a fair price. But but it goes way beyond that. Like I would have paid four sixty nine. That I would have paid above that because I I just he wanted some markup, didn't he? Yeah. Well, so so he says it's four sixty nine. I said I said it's not four sixty nine. He says you're looking at the uh, at the sell price. The buy price is four sixty nine. I go no, they're usually not that far apart. Well, he's that's what it is. Well, I didn't have a way to look up Bitinfinex right at that point. So then he says. I also want eight percent markup above the four sixty nine. I said, "What?" I said, "What?" He said, "That's the standard. That's the going rate. They do it on there." I'm going, "Oh my god, this is the." So I calculate. Dog his head. Was this correction? So so I calculate this, and and now keep in mind, uh, this would have been financially uh, still a good thing for me to do, as far because I'd be getting a fifty percent bonus on Bovada. Now it wouldn't be fifty percent cash because I'd have to clear the bonus, and it takes a long time to clear. Uh, you know, if I were to put in like five thousand dollars of Bitcoin, it would take a long time to clear twenty five hundred dollars worth of bonus. But I do play on there a lot; it would eventually clear. So, so even paying what's equivalent to about a ten percent markup, which is what he was asking for, the you know the first marking up artificially to four sixty nine, which is probably about two percent, then making another eight percent above that, it's like about ten percent over what it really was. Uh, but I, getting a fifty percent bonus would have definitely been worth it, even if it's a bonus I have to clear. But I was irritated. That he was trying to gouge me this much. I understand if he he wanted to get a little bit for his trouble, or if he wasn't really ready to sell and only wanted to sell if something a little bit in it for him. Fine, but like a ten percent markup 
was just insane. So I said to him, so I looked at this. I got out my calculator. I was actually, uh, you're going to laugh at this, Brandon. At this point, we're getting very near the deadline, which is 9 p.m. Sunday. Uh, what day do you remember Sunday to be? Sunday was Mother's Day. So I was at dinner with my family and my mom. And I'm like furiously texting this guy during the Mother's Day dinner trying to get the Bitcoin. And uh, this is really at the last minute. Man, I wish I had seen your tweet. I would have I would have sold it to you for whatever the price was. How much did you have? Uh, not a lot. I only have like I only have like three grand. Oh, I would have loved that. Oh, crap. Crap. I wish I, I would have remembered this next time. Well, okay, Sorry. so uh, no, it's not your fault. I, just, I wish I thought I didn't know you, for some reason I didn't think you would have it. I don't know why. Like you, uh, you, you didn't come to mind for some reason. I wish a long you did. Story. <laughs> well, okay. So, so, someone someone that you uh Formerly did some uh, stuff with might have paid me in Bitcoin. Uh, I see. Okay, and I've got that just kicking around. I've oh, okay. never done anything. Huh. I know the uh, L.A. Kings fan. No. Okay. So, so I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, so so going so I I went in and busted out the calculator and said, okay, let's see, uh, four sixty nine times one point oh eight, you know, eight percent markup uh, came out to be. Uh, Five oh six fifty two. Okay, so. That's per coin, which were really worth probably in the 450s at the time. So I said to him this. I I came actually pretty close to it. I was still kind of desperate. So I said, okay, how about this? How about I just do a 500 per coin flat? You're still making a lot of money on this. It's not quite what you wanted. Uh, I'll give you 500 per coin flat. I'll buy up to 11 coins. And he says, well, I was only asking for five hundred six fifty two, so I'm not going to dick around with six dollars. I'm not going to dicker around with six dollars per coin. Now, what does that sound like? Does it sound like he's kind of saying, "Okay, that's just that's, that's cool. It's only a six dollars something per coin. I'll uh, we'll just we'll just uh, go with five hundred. Does that kind of sound like what he was trying to say? Sounds like it to me. If that's the way he yeah. said it. Yeah. So I wrote back to him. Oh, is that a yes? And he says, "That's a no." <laughs> I said, wait a minute. I thought you said he didn't want to dick around with it. He says, no, I don't want to dick around with it in that I don't want to lower the price any. If it's this close, uh, either you know pay this price, that's what I'm asking for, or I don't want to dick around with $6. It doesn't make sense because if it's so little to him, why not give it up when he's going to make so much? Now, is this guy a troll? No, no, he was. He was totally serious. So he, seriously serious. Totally serious? Totally serious, yes. That's serious. Is, yes, how hard is it to get Bitcoin? Aren't there places you can go that you can No, I looked around it? because I was looking around. There's a thing called Liberty X where you can go buy Bitcoins with a pin and all this. The problem was What about that circle jerk? I keep hearing everyone say, join the circle jerk. Well there's there's the Liberty X thing where you can get Bitcoin actually at the market rate through like stores. It's really weird. But uh like get buying a pin number, but you had to get verified on there and I didn't have time to get verified. They were gonna verify me after the deadline. So, Isn't like Coinbase one of them? Or yeah, they, they like also that? have a delay of several days. Uh, so everything okay. was a delay, and that was the problem. I could get Bitcoin, but there's a delay. So, so like, I, I was going to pay him five hundred. He said no. So I'm like, okay, I'm putting my foot down. Even though six six dollars and fifty two cents difference, if you multiply by eleven for eleven coins, that comes out only to around seventy bucks. But by I said, the way, I'm getting a text from the three four seven. Three four seven says, I've really starting to warm up to that Calawat. At first, I just thought. At first, I just thought that he was going to be just another be gone. I don't know what that means, but I'm really starting to warm up to him. He's bringing some good strength to the show yeah, from the three four seven. All right, he's got a fan. First three four seven, Chicago. Oh, 
So, so anyway, I, I, uh, I even though it's like a matter of seventy dollars total for the whole transaction, which would have been like a five thousand dollar transaction, I, I just put my foot down. I said no. I said that's that's all I'm doing. If you change your mind in the next twenty minutes, which is all I really had left, let me know. He didn't let me know, so we didn't do it, and I ended up not doing it. I ended up not getting well, the four seven zero. Don't you find it suspicious that Northern California guy isn't on yet? Kalawa is in Northern California. <laughs> That's a good point. That makes, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I, I, I buried his body in a deep grave. Where's four seven zero? That's uh, I, I'm not sure. That See, people be. don't get it. Back in like 2006, you say an area code and Druff just. But there's spits so many more now. There's all these new ones. That's yeah, what throws but me you off. Should have then just kept your due diligence. Nah, it's too hard. It's too oh, hard. Is it? Yeah. And Druff, right. this is going to kill you because I'm because I'm out here in San Francisco. I wasn't doing anything on Mother's Day. I mean, ah, GCA, yeah, he could have just, done just it. shipped oh, it right over. God, that's awful. I could I could just been like running. The, the other sick thing is I've been running bad on Bovada the last few days. It would have been nice. You should like, tell people about that. That's your personal stuff. Yeah, I'll tell them anyway. I'm running bad. No, I I had a good run up there for for about three weeks, and then uh, and then I've run bad the last uh, three or four days. And and, and the I, I at least would have had some solace in the whole thing that I would have been clearing bonuses throughout this. But, but has your sports wagering kind of offset your poker losses at all? No, I went I went two today. No, but in general, not in the day, just over that stretch. Of losing, no, oh, that's not good either. Then, so anyway, the, can so, I say one more thing? Yes, yeah. I've been betting a little bit of baseball, which I don't do a lot because I'm remembering why. The most frustrating thing that I've come across: let's say you're trailing in a game or you have a minimal lead, and they get that rally going. The bases are loaded, and there's two outs, and then you look down and you see it's the pitcher. And it's like shit. Like you just, you know what I mean? Has that ever happened? No. You want to hear what's frustrating? I've been on the freaking Dodgers today, and no, they lost four to three. You know how? Two two run home runs by the pitcher. Come on. The the Mets. Wait, the same pitcher had four RBIs for the game. Yes, and and, and no RBI and no runs for the rest of the no, team. Do me a favor. Put that on the list of things to talk about because I want to talk about. The day after radio last week, how Bartolo Colon became the oldest pitcher, or I'm sorry, the oldest person ever in Major League Baseball history to hit his first home run at the age of 42. And I had a bet on that game, too, and that and also screwed me. And that's a Met, too. Oh, you had a bet on that? Oh, and I also screwed me, too, yeah. Wait, so you're saying that tonight's game that you bet on... That I lost 4-3. to three. All the runs were generated by the pitcher? Yes. I don't. I wonder if that's ever even happened before. Well, because I bet on it, it happened. I mean, you never hear about this. I know. <laughs> Most pitchers in general are just really bad Can you imagine batters. two home runs, two two-run home runs, and it accounts for all the offense? I mean, how sick is that? That's how you lose. Yep. So, so what was the pitcher? It was uh, Syndergaard. Is he known as a good hitter? I don't know if he's a good. He's known as a very That's good pitcher. But, yeah. That's a bad fucking beat. That is. Uh, uh, Callawat, do you bet sports at all? I do not. What? Do you have any vices? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I've got fewer now than I used to have, but uh, yeah, I've got some vices, but I've never. Uh, never been into any of the pit games or sports betting or anything like that. So what would be your, either now or back in your heyday, your biggest vice? <laughs> well, let's be honest now, or at least we'll say what, you know, you feel comfortable. Because now you're starting to get a following. There's already a Calawat, the official radio third guy Twitter account someone started. So <laughs> fans want to get to know about you a little bit. So what would your biggest, tell us, tell us more about you though. Well, they want to get to know me. I'm not going to lead with my worst thing, right? <laughs> here, here, let me let me get to, here. Let me get to uh, the story I was going to tell before. You want to hear that, Brandon? Don't we have like five? Oh, is this the 
the 1992 story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just so one, we one example. One vice, we get one vice from the, the... I don't think he wants to say it. Do you not want to say it? One vice? I, I have a weakness have to... for I have a weakness for uh, the women, for sure. Okay. Let's just leave it at that. All right. So 1992. So 92. Was it, 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 one movie in the world that year? I don't know. It was the, the, the election that had taken place that day. Okay. And, uh, and Bill Clinton won, and, and uh, there's a big. Uh, the Democrats did really, really well that day, and uh, so basically everyone I voted for lost. And, uh, and Rush Limbaugh was pissed. Rush Limbaugh was pissed. Actually, he wasn't pissed. He was happy because that, that got him a bigger audience. He, he wasn't. <laughs> he actually wasn't pissed. We came on the air as being pissed. I remember. Well, I know, but in reality, in reality, he was happy about it because it got him Taking a lot. Those oxycontins, like they were tic tacs. No, well, to be fair with him, he hadn't started that yet. But uh, uh-huh. uh, anyway, in, in, <laughs> in so in so listen, so I ha- always have to fight a fence for everything. It's awesome. In in in, in the ro- I had these roommates. This is like student housing. I was twenty years old, and you know I. They, they, I had three roommates there. They just kind of threw me with randomly, and they they were all big time Democrats. They were they were all cheering about, it, especially because the, a Democrat hadn't been in the, in the White House since Jimmy Carter, Carter. in the seventies. So it had been a long time for them. So they they were Carter. By the way, uh, is looking like it's going to be donked down very soon. I don't know if you know that. Oh really? No, I hadn't. He's seen got that. a very aggressive form of cancer. Uh, They're basically just uh, containing it. They can't uh, really treat it. I don't know if you knew that. I, I didn't, didn't know that. But, Very sad. So anyway, they were they were uh, so they were cheering, and I'm like, I just went in in, in my bedroom and closed the door. I, I didn't want to hear all the cheering because I, I was feeling the opposite. So I'm sitting here, and the phone rings, and I answered the phone, and it was a girl's voice, a really good sounding girl's voice too, a really sexy voice I heard on the other end. A girl sounds around, sounds sounds around my age, and she asks for Mike. So I was about to say sorry, it's the wrong number, and then I thought, wait a minute. This will take my mind off the election. And so I changed my voice very quickly to sound like I was stoned. So I only did that to so this way this way it would kind of throw her off in case she said I didn't Wait, sound can like Can we Mike. hear your rough sound fake well, uh, stone yeah, voice? It was something like that. I was like, like Yeah, this is Mike. And she <laughs> said, so she goes uh, so she goes she goes, Oh hi Mike, it's it's been a while. I said yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. I'm glad I heard from you. And so it doesn't but, even sound like you. So, so, oh my god, we have a new voice. Stoner Druff. So, so I was going on with this for about 15 minutes with her, just saying more and more outrageous stuff. She's like, "Mike, it's so weird. I, I thought you were just totally against doing drugs." And I'm like, well, "I'm so surprised you got into that." And like, yeah, and started out smoking the reef for a little bit, and then just you know, I just kept going more and more, and uh, you know, it just felt good. And I don't know what really would happen. So like, uh, I was I was just. I was kind of like I was taking credit for doing all these hard drugs, and I was trying to just shock her and see what the reaction. I was wondering at what point would she figure out what that would I was. This, what would this character's name be? Can't just be Mike. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Hey, let me tell the story here. Let's, uh, so, so I told. So about fifteen minutes in, I'm doing this, and then I start to feel bad because she seemed like a nice girl, and I I, I just felt bad that I was uh, screwing with her this much uh, and for fifteen minutes. So I said, yeah, and uh, that's one real important thing I got to tell you though. She's like, oh, what's that? I said, I'm not Mike. I just like put my voice back to normal. So she goes, oh, my God, you, you asshole. And I was, I was sure it was going to be a hang-up at the point. But no. She said, that was really good. I, you totally had me fooled. I'm like, I, I didn't understand how Mike became this way, but I, you totally, I totally bought it. You did a really good job with that. So we just kept talking. And we got along really well. And uh, 
she had told me that she used to live, you know, I, I went to UC Santa Barbara then. She said she used to live in Santa Barbara, and uh, she doesn't anymore. She, she lived in Bakersfield. And uh, Bakersfield uh, actually had the same area code as Santa Barbara, but it wasn't anywhere near. A lot of meth use, though. There was a lot of meth use there, so, and it still is. So, so she, and she, she told me that she was, she was 18 and uh, that she had recently moved out of Santa Barbara and she knew a lot of people there and she, Mike was one of them. And uh, I don't know if it was the wrong number or if I had Mike's old number, but whatever it was, uh, you know, here we were talking. Well, the weird thing comes out during our phone call that her last boyfriend in Santa Barbara before she left, in fact, part of the reason she left, was someone I knew from high school. And a guy I didn't like very much. I didn't hate him, but I just didn't like him. I thought he was kind of arrogant and just kind of uh, just kind of a dick whenever I dealt with him. Like he wasn't like an enemy of mine, but I just I just didn't like him. Was he a bully? No, he wasn't even a bully. He was just kind of arrogant, kind of a dick. So, uh, uh, it, like he never did anything bad to me. He just whenever I interacted with him, he was just kind of an asshole to me. So I, I didn't like him. And I thought, I thought, oh, wow, that's so strange. He had an unusual name, so I knew it was the same guy. And I had heard he was going to UCSB. Even I hadn't seen him around campus because it was, it was a very big school, but I had heard he had gone there, so I'm sure it was the same guy, and it was. So she told me that you know he really screwed her over, that you know they, they were together, everything seemed good, and there's one day he just abruptly said he was done and told her to leave and get out, and he, she was shocked, and then she just kind of had to go back to Bakersfield, where she was from, and she was really frustrated about it. So uh, I said, well... It's so weird that I know this guy. So I said, how would you like to get a good laugh here? So she gave me his phone number, and I pranked him on three-way while she listened on mute. And I pretended that uh, – and, and this, is, you know, this is me now confessing to a crime, but fortunately the, uh, the statute of limitations has expired. Uh, uh, FCC crime? No. Well, it's a crime. I pretended to be a police officer. Which you can't do. You can pretend to be like I, when I do the Alvin Finkelstein oh, lawyer the, thing. I remember the one guy from uh, the Detroit Pistons, Olden. Old Alden Polonese, remember that name? Yeah, he, he got arrested for doing that. Which yeah, never yeah, you, made sense. Yeah, you, no, you can't. That's the one thing you can't pretend to do. You can you can pretend to be anything else on phone calls. You can be a fake lawyer, fake, fake English guy. You anything. Well, probably can't just say I'm Homeland Security either. But yeah, yeah, law enforcement in general. Yeah, you can't pretend. To, so, so I pretended to be the police and pretended that we were getting uh, report that there there were obscene phone calls being made and that we traced it to him. And 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 so I, I the, basically the premise of the call was the I was pretending to not believe his story and that we had the goods on him when of course he knew he didn't really do this so he's going crazy and so at one at one point he's getting all pissed and he's like I don't have to take this uh, you know I'm going to hang up I I didn't do this I know I didn't do this I'm just going to hang up now I go I go all right we'll send a squad car down there to pick you up then we'll t- we'll do the, the, the station he goes no 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 just, 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 just let's talk about this so every time he'd say he's going to hang up I'd say something like that and then he'd start yelling during the phone call like man this is a bunch of bullshit and then I start like making loud typing sounds on my keyboard I go this is a bunch of he said what are you doing I said I'm, I'm noting it down in the report. And he'd go, what? What report? And then so, so everything he, he was shouting, I was pretending to be typing in, and he was going crazy. And he'd go, don't put that in the report. And I'd, I'd say, oh. and I'd say, uh, You're and, much wilder than I thought. And he'd, he'd, go, he'd, go, he'd go, this is, man, this is a bunch of bullshit. This is a bunch of crap. I'd go, this is. He's, will you stop that? And I'd, I'd, say, I'd say, well, look, it's not going to go very far. It may only be in a few local papers. He goes, the paper is going to come on. I didn't do anything. I haven't made any phone calls. He was going nuts. So. I ended the call with him really believing it was true, and I told him to not leave the county. We're going to contact him in the next week, and that was it. That was the way I left it. 
So I, I ended it. She took it off mute, and she said this is the funniest thing she ever heard. She loved every minute of it. She thought it was great. She says, can you make another call for me? I said, okay. So then she had me prank her sister, and I, the premise on that one, I pretended to be uh, – her sister was like several, like 10 years older than her, and she always felt her sister like talked down to her because of being way older. So I pretended to be her sister's age. I pretended to be like 28, and I was like criticizing the young kids, but in reality I was really criticizing my own age. That was the whole gimmick with the call. And, and I kept, like, referring back to 1984 things. I say, you know, the kids today just don't understand. Like, I wear an alligator on my shirt, and that was really cool in 84. I wear it now. Everyone laughs at me. But if you know, they were back in 84 with us, they would have understood how cool that was. And she's like, yeah, I know. I totally agree. So her, her sister was, like, going along with all this and believing, like, like all this, uh, like, mid-'80s nostalgia was really uh, – like, she really thought the kids today didn't really understand it, even though, you know, then it was, like, 92. It wasn't even that far from 84. So she loved that call, too. So at the end of that call, she said, wow, that's amazing. I've, I've never known anyone like you. She said, I'm so glad we ended up talking. And, uh, you know, I, I hear you're so good with everything you do there and you're so interesting on the phone. I just wonder what you're like in other ways. And that started her talking like really dirty to me on the phone. Like unsolicited, she just started. I, I, at first, I thought she was joking. I even made some like joke back to her, and she says, "No, no, no, I'm serious. That that's all I can think about now with you." And I was like, "Whoa!" And she sounded really, really hot on the phone, like really, really hot. So we ended up talking like six hours, and uh, you know, the, the, the second half of the phone call was, was like mostly dirty talk the whole way. And Did so, you come, come on, Brandon. Do you really want to know that? Well, I mean, I may not. Yes. I, I can't. I, no, I can't believe you're asking me that question. I may not, but the creepy old man at the Orleans that listens. You, you sound like the creepy old man right now. Asking me if I come. <laughs> come on. So, so, uh, so anyway, I, I talked. I talked to her for. I, I guess this is a Tuesday. It's election day, but uh, by Friday, just three days later, I drove to Bakersfield to meet her, which is 160 miles away. But I, I got in my car and drove there to meet her. And, uh, you know, risking, obviously, that this would be some kind of fail or even that she might not show up. I mean, that would be a total fail. Imagine going 160 miles if the person doesn't show. And if you lost earlier. No. Well, <laughs> Fortunately, I wasn't playing poker then. But, no. uh, but I, 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 I went and did it with the plan that, you know, that basically, you know, I'm going there to have sex with her. And let me guess. Does the story end with you telling us she became later Ben's mom? No. Uh, so, I, but I went there, and uh, and I wasn't sure what I was going to see. This is '92. You can't send pictures to each other. Like, there's just uh, she described herself. Her description sounded very good, but uh, you know that could have been a lie. It could have not told the whole story. So, you know, she could have been a total. It was always monster. a gamble. It's, it was a big. It was days, a big gamble. It was a big gamble, especially 160 miles each way. So, what was gas back then? Would you guess? I, I don't remember, but but yeah, I was also only 20. I didn't have much money. But anyway, the, the money wasn't the concern. I just I just didn't want. It was a time. I was like, I think to drive 160 miles to something kind of unknown was kind of a risk. And uh, so she, she worked. Uh, you're you're going to like this. Her, her lovely job. She worked at Arby's. Jenny Anderson. Oh shit! That makes me forget. I got a phone call from Neverheeb yesterday. Oh, no, I've been talking to him too. Yeah. We, oh, okay. We, we, he's we, alive. Yeah, he's alive. But okay. uh, but okay. anyway, uh, she worked at Arby's, and the the plan was for me to pick her up after work at ten o'clock at Arby's. So I got there. Even though I'm always late to radio, I made sure to not be late for that. I got that. I, 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 it wasn't with that much time to spare. I got there like 9.50. So I'm waiting. It gets to 10 o'clock. I start seeing the employees exit. 
I'm like, no, that's a guy. No, that's a guy. I'm like so afraid I'm going to see some like 350-pound girl waddling out or something. Like a mutt. Yeah, like a super – well, it's kind of dark, so I wouldn't be able to see the face being a mutt. But I was afraid I was going to see something really awful. And uh, so, I, so I see some guys walk out. Then I see like a girl, but then it's clearly not her. She like gets in her boyfriend's car and goes now, off. So. Back in that era, did Arby's have a reputation? Because like now when someone says, I work at Arby's, you don't really picture a good-looking girl. No, they were the same way then. reputation back then? Yes, but I didn't know for Bakersfield maybe it was different. So I, 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 I thought of that too. Vegas saying. Arby's don't have a good – like if it's a well-known thing in Vegas. If she says, <laughs> I work at Arby's, the, you're just – you don't that, then, you know what I mean? Then she pretty much has roast beef herself. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so no, I was – so when I was uh, – I thought that too, but I thought maybe in Bakersfield it's different. And uh, so I, I was waiting, and I'm watching all the employees exit, and none of them are her. And then my heart just sinks when a person walks out and turns off the lights. I go, oh, my God, she no-showed on me. I went 160 miles, and she fucking no-showed on me. I go, this is a fucking joke. This is the worst This is the worst waste of time I've ever done with something like this. And so I was about to hang my head in shame and drive back to Santa Barbara, and then one other person comes out. And it's someone who meets her description. I drive my car over there, and it was her. And uh, so she was the last one out for whatever reason. But uh, she, she was actually good-looking. And, uh, you know, everything she, you know, she... How old was she again? She was 18. And so she every, everything was was how she described, and uh, uh, and yeah, I, I ended up having sex with her, and then how many other partners had she been with? I don't I don't know, but she, 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 she was a, a big Montana. She, she wasn't a virgin. I'll tell you that. Do you think she was loose? Um, I don't remember. But you remember thinking at the time, oh, this is a really experienced girl, or. I I, well, I remember I talked to her about it and I knew she was, was I knew she had been with a number of other guys by then, including the guy from my school, from my high school. Mike. No, Mike was someone else. I'm talking about the one that that she had. Uh, oh. That, that okay. she was from my high school that I prank called. And Where did you have sex with? Not that night, was it? It was that night in her house. So so the story was her mom. She lived with her mom, but you had her, a one night stand. Yes. So her mom. Oh. Her, so her mom was away that night. Her mom, uh, I, I don't know, where, I think she was with her boyfriend or something. The mom was away that night. We had the house to ourselves. I had sex with her that night a number of times. And then and then we went to sleep. And she said her mom gets back is going to go to work from wherever she was and come back home at 5 p.m. the next day on Saturday. I guess her mom works Saturday. But uh, that uh, I just had to be out by 5 p.m. on Saturday. That's when her mom was coming. So yeah, we stayed up very late and uh, – I was woken up at about 11.30 a.m. And I, I thought she was waking me up to have sex with me again. No, she's waking me up to tell me that her mom just pulled up and I've got to get out of here. I said, what? I thought you said 5 p.m. She said, no. She, or no. she was around noon. She said, my mom's here. She decided to come home for lunch from work. I said, well, how can I leave? Your, your mom, isn't she outside walking to the door? How am I going to leave? Your car was parked where? Right in front of her house, too. But not like in the driveway. Not in the driveway. Right, but this will figure into the story. So, so, so I said, what do I do? I, can't, I have no way for me to get out. And she says, uh, hide in the closet. I go, you've got to be kidding me. She's hiding in the closet. I go, okay. So I hid in the closet. And, and her mom came in and said, what is that yellow Honda Civic doing out there? And she says, how am I supposed to know? She says, well, it's right in front of our house. Is there something you want to oh, tell me? Oh, my God. And you got a yellow car? 
So she's so she's she's yelling about this car, and, and so this girl saying, how am I supposed to know every car in the neighborhood, Mom? How do you know it's not one of the neighbors? What does it have to do with me? Will you get off my back? She's like you know, acting all uh, outraged that the mom's accusing her, when in reality the mom's right. And uh, so they're having this big argument, and the, the mom's like, you know, I'm telling you, if I find that you're lying to me, if, there, if there's someone here again, uh, <laughs> this is going to be, uh, that's going to be it. You're going to be out of here. So I guess she'd done this before uh, with some other guy hiding somewhere. So then the mom closes the she door. She's a whore. So, so then the mom walks out, and she says, uh, you've got to leave. I go, well, how, your mom's in the house. How am I going to leave? She's out the window. I go, I'm not going out the window. She's you got to go out the window. You've got to go out the window. My mom's going to figure it out. She's going to want to come and look in the closet. You've got to get out. So I, I said, well, what if someone thinks I'm like breaking into the house and you know, doesn't see I'm going out? They're like, no one's going to think that. Just get out. Just get out. So I grabbed my stuff. I climbed out the window. I, I ran to the Honda Civic and uh, sped away as far as fast as a Honda Civic would, would take me, which wasn't very fast. But it uh, uh, and, and I left Bakersfield, and, and that was it. Did you call her the next day? Did you see her again? <laughs> um, I never saw her again. That no. that was it. Now I actually found her. Of course you did. Many many years. I say about. I think probably about two years ago. I I just I hadn't even thought of her until like I I went. I actually posted the story up on Poker Fraud Alerts. You know you know what's funny too is I I posted this story like in in phases like part one, part two, part three, and like a little more detail than what I just told you guys, and. So I d- did the first two parts, and then I didn't do the part three for like two days, and everyone got irritated. Everyone wanted me to finish the story. So the person who really nudged me to finish the story, of all things, was Benjamin's mom, saying, that's a good story. I want to hear the end of it. She, she actually wanted the end <laughs> to know the end of it. So, she wasn't mad about young buck well, the fun, the running funny, around having multiple sexes. Shooting multiple bullets like it's a Colossus tournament, and you're Daniel Negreanu. Well, the funny, I knew her then, too. I actually knew her then as well. Well, that's why I thought it may turn out to be her mom. You know? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. So, yeah, obviously. So, so, so I went. So I, uh, yeah, that. So that's that's anyway. That I when I posted that whole thing, uh, I, I kind of thought about it and I thought, you know what? Wow, I, that's crazy. I said I, I want to see what she looks like now. So I went and looked her up. And I just had a feeling she wasn't going to look good, and I found she had she had a very little scant social media preference uh, presence, but she was still in Bakersfield. And I found a picture of her, and she looked like a different person. She looked so absolutely. Probably had a kid too. Having sex that much, one definitely probably slipped well, through the goalie. She looked so bad you wouldn't believe. Like it wasn't like the same, it was like not the same person. I think so how do you know it's the same girl then. I, it was the same girl. It was definitely the same girl. But uh, uh, she had a semi uncommon name, and she lived in Bakersfield yeah. still. And there's only one of her ever in Bakersfield. She, it was definitely her. So how old is she now? Like your young, your age? Uh, she's like forty two. But but I saw a picture of her like thirty five and she looked awful. She looked like she was like mid forties and like really fat and really ugly. Like you got was, in at the right time. I definitely got in at the right time. It was definitely a, a, a hard seventeen years there in between. Well, most people tend to peak at you know like in their what would you say their mid twenties. Well, I wasn't expecting like her to look as good as when she was eighteen. I just thought I thought I would see like a. I, I thought she'd probably go downhill, but like I, there's plenty of girls who looked very good at eighteen that you look at them at thirty five and they they still look good. They, they may look different. They look older, uh, but but they they look good for thirty five. They th- this was someone who you could never even have pictured that she could have been attractive when she was eighteen. Did did you mention or did you contact her? Or no, no. 
I just wanted to see out of curiosity. I've, I've looked up a lot of girls I've been involved with in the past, but I've, I've contacted very few other than the ones I've already like been in contact with over the years. But ones I hadn't talked to, in fact, I kind of feel it would be weird to like – you know, twenty something years later, message her. Hey, you remember the guy you had sex with one night in '92? From uh, yeah, but that's not what you would say. You no, I know. Like, yeah, but... I thought of you. It was kind of, you know, you <laughs> no, but why? Why do you think of me you know, twenty something years later? I mean, we were together uh, one night. So, see, I never would have thought that you would do something so such a dastardly deed. <laughs> dastardly. That's a good, that's oh, a maybe story. she uh, she knew from the way her mother looked that she only had a few years to get it in. That's why she was hooking up with so many guys. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I didn't get to see the mother because I was hiding in the closet the yeah. whole time. I never got to see her. It's true. I, I was wondering what would happen. I was actually in my underwear. She woke me up. So, so like I, I literally would have been in my underwear in the closet if a mother opened up the closet. I was really thinking the mother's going to open up the closet. And it's like, what do I say then? Was this the first one night stand you ever had? No. Oh, you had others before her. I, I had one. Uh, wow. that same year in in in, in July? And, oh wow! Uh, yeah. You remember the month? That's crazy. And uh, I remember the month? I wow. Well, I stand corrected. You were much more. Wild there, there, there's a I, lot of things you. It's uh, I've only yeah. revealed a, a small percentage of things here, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh. I, I, I think people, you know, maybe just because there's not that many responsible poker players, maybe because uh, uh, of something I, I project in, in my personality. So I, people get the wrong idea that that I wouldn't do things like this. They, they get the wrong idea that that wouldn't happen. And the reason you know, I'll tell you the reason I don't go to prostitutes, even when when I'm single. Is I just it just doesn't have much appeal to me to have to pay or even have someone else pay on my behalf to have a girl kind of like pretend to like me and have sex with me. It, it kind yeah. of ruins it. Kind of ruins it to me. I want to feel it. I don't have to feel like I'm in love with them. Uh, like this girl, definitely, I didn't feel in love. But, but, but you can't separate the emotional from the physical, or can you? Well, no. There's got to be at least a little emotional. Like, like look at this girl here in, in Bakersfield. I wasn't in love with her. I, I wasn't thinking I'm going to marry her. I wasn't thinking she was going to be my girlfriend. But I knew she legitimately liked me, that she was having sex with me because she liked me. Because she Yeah, it's it's not the emotion, it's the desire. It's yeah, nice she, to have someone else be hot for you. Right. She didn't know that you were an heir to She uh, she knew nothing no, there's no heir, but she, she knew she knew nothing about me personally beyond very surface stuff. We we didn't you know, we didn't even talk that much about uh Yeah. That type of thing. And, yeah, because Drew, I mean, I, I get what you're saying because if it's like a prostitute, I mean, you're just you're masturbating with someone else's body. That, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel. That, that's that's why I don't have the desire to do it, and and that's why at the same time with a one night stand sort of thing where I know the person legitimately likes me, even if it's just temporary or something that would never work, uh, there I can get into it. So that's I, I still think if it's a fifty dollar value, you're going to redeem that coupon. Though. <laughs> well, yeah, that's when we got like the the internal battle about uh, <laughs> about wanting to. Uh, get the value out of something, but at the same time uh, not wanting to do that and having that contradiction inside of me. You know? But, yeah, it was a good question, though. And you know, there's there's many things like this. And, you know, so people, like, you hear something about, like, oh, chat lines and party lines. You can get the wrong idea that I would just uh, uh, sit around and, and just talk to people and, and uh, you know, what, what would happen in my own home. But it's, it's not like that because uh, you, you go out and meet people. You go out and do things that from people you meet there. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of things happen. And uh, Yeah, that's a funny story. I never would have pictured you for, you know, 
Well, the yellow car, too. <laughs> the yellow car. I, I posted a picture in that thread. I guess I'll bump the thread. The picture, I actually posted a picture not of that car, but of a car, strangely enough, not only very similar or identical to the car I had, but also the house it was parked in front of looked very much like the house that she really had. How long ago was this story posted? Because I don't recall reading it. You, I, I, a few years ago. on hiatus, maybe? Um, was it a long time ago? I think it was like one of my depressed about busting the main event stories. I think from like 2013. I think that's right. Is that the Iraq ski team year, or is that a different year? No, that was a different year. I think every that was year I, I remember that. You know, last like year, that. last year I wasn't inspired enough. Like I, I busted the main event on day one, and I'm like, uh, or day two it wasn't day one, but I busted on day two, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I, I wasn't depressed enough to to go write a story. No, the Iraqi ski team. That's my favorite main event. Pissed off story. Yeah, all. yeah. I wonder if it'll be this year. I went back once, like two years later, and read it just because it was such an interesting read. How you penetrated? Do you know much about this Iraqi ski team, uh, Kalawat? Uh No, I don't remember. <laughs> well, it wasn't a radio thing. Penetrated them well. It was. It wasn't a radio thing. But you know, there is. Uh, it, it was. It was, was it something. Like the Jamaican bobsled team. Or what's the <laughs> no, no. It's, it's... <laughs> I. You know, it's something that uh, it's something I noticed over the years. And I've, I've talked about this before. Is that when, when I would talk to girls or, or women on the phone, uh, I, I just had a talent of, of they, they would get to like me very quickly, a whole lot, and I had a very uh, good talent of being you know, very likable to them and, and uh, having them grow at least very attracted to my personality. Especially, especially back in those days, they couldn't. Uh, there was no looks because you couldn't see the picture anyway. And then, uh, you know, so what was it about you? Like you were just made them laugh. You knew how to charm them. What would you say? Well, you know, I, I hate to, I hate to compare this here, Mm -hmm. but, uh, think of how this show has, has a lot of followers who just don't miss an episode and want to hear, just listen to me here and, and, and you too, when you're on, uh, but listen to us here for, for hours and hours and hours and don't want to miss an episode. And they, they find it interesting enough to, to hear. And while I don't think most of the listeners here are attracted to me. Uh, at least I hope. I, since most of them are dudes, I hope not. But DLOL. Except, well, he, no, he's not attracted to me now. I'm too, way too old for him. He'd be attracted to old me. This is a kid with a dream. Young me, yeah. But uh, but uh, well, I, but I, that I, lady from Idaho that you had to get a protective order against, didn't you? No, that woman that was like your biggest fan. No, it was no protective order. No, she was nice. That's what, okay. No, it was it was never like that. Whatever with her. happened to her? Like, she just, wasn't she? She got married. She's number one fan. Yeah, she got married. She's not really into the whole poker scene anymore. She was kind of cute. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, was, I was friends with her. We never had any like. Uh, you know, we didn't have she's sex. She's so cute. I, I haven't seen her in the last few years. So, but anyway, the you know they would they would I think similar maybe to the same reasons that uh, people enjoy hearing me on the radio. I, I think that these. Women would would uh, like talking to me, and they they feel like a connection. And, and Brittany Glorine is clearly saying, "Are you sure that you posted this story on this site, and not the sister site?" Because he doesn't remember it. Yeah, either. I'll I'll bump it. It's definitely on this site. All right. But anyway, what what I would do is what, I would have so many of them that would really really get to like me over the phone. Not I don't mean like over months. I mean like over days. And, and they'd tell me they, they've never liked anyone this much before. You know, that's a, they've never had feelings like this before. Wow. I knew it was I knew it was all like. You know, temporary, and, and they're caught up in the moment. But, but I, I knew I like I had to act on it. If I just so you basically, you had a talent like a young Casanova. You so, can make women just so. So what I would do is that I would uh, then I would go meet them. Wow. And and I would hope to what I called break even in person, meaning that uh, 
I, I knew I had built it up so well over the phone that if once I met in person, I didn't have to do anything spectacular. I just had to not screw it up. Now, did you ever embellish things? No, at all. No, I never did. Straightforward with these ladies because because I knew I'd go meet them, and I I I didn't want to lie about anything and have them make any kind of disappointment. So right. So I actually had a very high batting average with meeting them, at least temporarily working out. Temporarily meaning like you know they like me enough. We we have sex. We mess around. We we you know she gives me a blowjob in the parking lot, something like that. Like there was a a, blowjobs in the parking lot. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Times. So no, so like, like crazy talk. I, I would I, <laughs> crazy talk. I, the thing is, I, once you get this built up so much, once they like you this much, uh, like the meeting is secondary. You you meet and you just got to not screw it up. You've just got to not be uh, do anything that's going to drive them away. You got to right. not just uh, don't be a douche. Don't be a douche. Don't be a weirdo. Don't uh, don't be an asshole. You know, just just uh, and, and of course, tell the truth about yourself. Uh, so they don't come into it with unreasonable expectations. So, uh, so that's why I, I used to call it the breaking even in person, which is that uh, you, you weren't trying to. Uh, I didn't have to be spectacular in person. I just had to not ruin what I built over the phone. Right. So, and and, and even with with Benjamin's mom, who I knew previously from from college, so there wasn't like. A, uh, meeting a new person. I also hadn't talked to her in 16 years. She hadn't seen me in 16 years. And uh, and we talked on the phone for three weeks before she flew out to Vegas to see me. And the transition from being kind of moderate friends in college to really wanting to be together happened in those three, three weeks over the phone. And by the time she came to Vegas, then it was very, very, very built up. And we, you know, I, I was really hoping it was going to work. And that was... Uh, so even that was uh, a result of the phone. And this is someone who never even talks on the phone. She doesn't even like to talk on the phone. I don't like to talk on the phone unless I have to. Yeah, see, I was, I was really big on that. That was, that was how uh, – I would always push everything to the phone. Because that, that was where I did the best work. That's where I made the most happen. That's where – and I didn't have to try. It would just come naturally. i just sit there and talk. How do you think in today's day and age in this um, atmosphere you – know, what, what's the term? This environment – the way the world is, because these skills still work. Yes, you just have to get them on the phone. Where you have to get them out of the texting thing because that's not. But obviously, I'm talking about women your own age, though, not like you know going off a 20 year old. But I'm saying it, that dynamic could still be applied in today's environment. You think successfully? Yes. Well. Yes, you just have to get them on the phone. I mean, you have to be you have to be able to do it. That has to be where you have. I, I've always gravitated to wherever I'm doing well, what I'm doing well in, and, and try to repeat it. Yeah, that's why I've been playing Limit Hold'em so much for uh, all these years. Like, like I uh, so it works. Why change it? That, that's what I see. So, like, so I, I fell into noticing that this is where I seem to do the best with uh, getting women to like me, and I, I said, no, th- know, "This is what I'll stick to." It's interesting that you made that comparison about Limit Hold'em because I was actually thinking, say, ten years from now, you're in your early fifties, and just say Limit Hold'em is kind of like stud. Where no one or, or verily anyone can make a living playing that game. What would you do? So you're in your early 50s or late 40s and limit hold'em no longer exists. How? What would you? Would you go back to the marketplace? Would you? <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm, no, I really was thinking about this the other day. Like, because you have to have some concern. Like, you can't just think you're going to do this. Well, that's why. That's why I'm starting to. Life. That's why I'm starting to get, get into playing Omaha. I'm trying to see if there's other games where I can uh, duplicate what I had going at Limit Hold'em. 
Right. And uh, and then and then. Uh, ideally, do you never want to work again? No, I never want. No, I don't, don't want to work again. No. So you want to take this poker thing all the way, boom, right into retirement, or or doing other things uh, on my own, but not not going to work or a job. I don't want that. Yeah. Again, the only exception I've said before is like if one of these legalized poker, poker rooms room. wanted to hire me like as a manager. Now I, I don't want to, you know, I'd do some kind of lower level job there, I, but some kind of a, a high position there uh, that that's meaningful, where I'd have a real input in what goes on. That that I would do, but uh, other than that, I wouldn't want to have a job. Like but, at the what was the one that the stations called again? Yeah, Ultimate Poker. Yeah, like if even they would have hired you for fifty thousand a year, but to only. They wanted. Well, they Terrence didn't. Chan foot massages. You wouldn't do it. Well, they wanted to hire me. They didn't quote any money. They wanted to hire me to fix bugs in the software. I didn't feel like doing it. Yeah, I, I don't feel like doing it. So would you, you would have had to move here too, right? Uh, we didn't even get into that. I just yeah. said I don't want to do that. But but uh, yeah. So I, I I stuck to what I was good at, and whatever way I would come into, you know. Getting to know some girl, I, w- I would always push her to the phone in some way. It, it didn't matter if I what way I originally met her. Even like Benjamin's mom, who uh, I knew previously, uh, I, I tried to push that to the phone for some time, you know, to make the connection with her that I that I. If always... you know that's how it works, and you're, you're playing the game right, that's you got to use what works as you know as an asset. And, and people would be surprised if they saw how how I was how well I was able to do this. I, I think someone would be surprised. I, think I remember so. the first time we talked on the phone. I was very charmed. Ralph, <laughs> I think I got it. If for whatever reason you can't make a living at Limit Holden, you could be a uh, one of those sex line operators, right? <laughs> yeah. Listen, you know, I'm going to be right back. I need to call somebody from the 90s. Just give me like five minutes. I'll be right back. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. Uh, you know, it, it just – it worked. It was, uh, it was something that was effective. It was uh, – uh, I said, why, why change it? Why not just go to where I'm successful to something I'm successful at doing? And uh, so that's where I always pushed everything. And, yeah, man, if you got game, use it. Yeah, that's where I had the most game. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't try to have it fall that way. That's just the way it fell. That really is yeah. the way it fell. And uh, uh, so that's that's where the way I'd make it happen. And that's you know, it, rather than focusing on. Where you wish you had your strengths, where you hope you'd have your strengths, you should focus where you actually do, and then and then use that to your advantage, and use that to uh, to, to do the best you can, and that's that's really with everything. So that's that's always what I've done here, and and I you know I wouldn't exaggerate here. Like I'm not. Some people may think I'm exaggerating or making this up, or I was delusional. I'm, I'm not. I'm telling you, you would not believe. Uh, uh, when I used to chat on Yahoo Chat when I was single, there there was there were a lot of women on there. It, I I could have had sex with a different woman every night for 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 the year. Like it, it was that easy. If I wanted, I didn't. I, I just was kind of like I, I didn't want to get around that much. But uh, but I could have. There it was it was that easy because they, they were just once I would get them on the phone, it would it would be very quick to where they would really like me and want to meet and start. You know, they'd start talking dirty to me without me even bringing it up. So nice. So this this really happened. This really all happened. And uh, man, if you're listening to me, not believing me, thinking, "Oh, this is stupid. There's no way." Uh, think of why you listen to this show. Now, not because of any sexual attraction to me, but think you know there must be a reason you want to hear me talk all these hours. So it, it's it's a different sort of thing, but in, in another way, it's not so different. If there being on a show like this and talking on the phone are, are pretty similar. No, I believe it, and especially because 
it uh, allows women to be, you know, semi-anonymous and talk about and say things that maybe they wouldn't ever say in person. I mean, it makes sense. You right. get them to open up, and then in you go. Right. That, that's that's a good point. That what would happen was it was I found it's like the perfect middle ground between talking online, which is very very impersonal, which is letters on a screen, and right. meeting in person, which is kind of awkward sometimes because the new person right in front of you staring you in the face. This is something where you're not in the same room as the person, but you're hearing their voice. And these days, it's just kids are Snapchatting dick pics around. Yeah, yeah. See, that's. I was wondering if I was younger, you know, if I was twenty years younger, uh, like, like, would I would I be struggling because of the fact that people don't talk on the phone much anymore? But then maybe I wouldn't be. Maybe if I talked on the phone and would get them to talk on the phone, it'd be like unusual for them. It'd be unique because they're not even used to it. Either that or you'd have to develop a really good uh, text game. Yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, I don't even know if, uh, if if that would translate well. Because what I would do on like when I meet women online, I would just push it to the phone as quickly as I could without coming off as like creepy or desperate. I just uh, yeah. you know, I try to talk, try to be interesting enough, and then say, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, I kind of want to shut down my computer now. You want to talk on the phone or something like that? I always like lay out an excuse like that just to. And if they say no, let's talk on here for a while. I, I totally lose interest. Like I was like, nah, I don't. This is too much work. I don't want to bother. Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to wait and wait and wait to get a phone number. So you know, whatever works. Like that wrong number. I didn't. I didn't attempt to make that all happen. I was really just screwing around just to take my mind off an election I didn't like. But uh, it, but but it, it it went that way anyway. Once uh, anyway, and once we were talking for some time, it was kind of in the back of my mind. I wonder if something can happen here. So, yeah, and there's no uh, no better motivator than uh, trying to get in a girl's panties, right? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, there there are certain things that uh, interested me as I got older, and certain things that didn't. And so there, are things that didn't interest me. I didn't have an interest in drinking, and I still don't. I still I didn't have an interest in doing drugs, and I still don't. Uh, but two things that interested me were women and gambling. Those those two things. I had a lot of interest in those two things were uh, uh, very appealing to me, and uh, you know, and, and I, I didn't think I'd end up uh, being a professional poker player or anything. That was uh, a surprise that that ended up happening, but it, it's not that surprising given how I, I had an early interest in gambling too. Even like as a six-year-old, like watching my parents, I didn't physically watch them, but hearing about them playing blackjack and stuff, I was very fascinated with it. So, let's look at the topic list. I wonder what the chat rooms say. I haven't looked at them while I was telling this whole story. Let's see. Uh, it's mainly just uh, Brittany Grinder's clit guy talking in here. Um, Oh, Alan C. Lahone, who I think uh, I know, he posts on uh, Two Plus Two sometimes, and I've, I've talked to him a little bit uh, email. He's a good guy here. He said, uh, "Druff, have you ever tried considering to get an on-air interview with Frank Abagnale Jr.? He, he was the one who was uh, played by Leonardo DiCaprio in Catch Me If You Can. He's a, a real person. Uh, I read Mr. Abagnale's book many years ago. A lot of the incidents portrayed in the movie are actually true, including Frank." paying for sex with a supermodel who demanded $1,000. Agmendale paid her with a phony $1,400 cashier's check after she gave him 400 and change. That's funny. So she she paid him $400 to uh, have sex with him and didn't realize it. That's funny. 
you know, I, I do wonder if, if we could get people like that on here. You just say this is a radio show and, you know, some of them just say, okay, sounds good, especially people like Frank Abagnale who... Uh, Catch me if you can. Yeah. Like, the, well, one of the listeners is suggesting we should try to get him on here. Like, it sounds kind of far-fetched, but it actually isn't. Like, you just say we've got a radio show. Some people just like will say yes. So... Put that silver tongue to good use and get him on. <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got here. Okay, uh, let's talk about the uh, a good segue here to the, about the Asian jerk shops. <laughs> I have I have a friend. I'm not going to identify him, but this uh, is a real topic. It's a real topic. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, it is. I have a friend who. Can I just ask as I can? I have a friend who. <laughs> <laughs> Who called up and said, Jesus. and said that for the first time in his life, he went to an Asian jerk shop in the Los Angeles area. And when I say the Los Angeles area, the, he's never been to one ever. He lives in the Los Angeles area. Are those prominent in L.A.? Because they're, no, they're everywhere in Vegas. No, they're, no, they're much, much more prominent in Vegas. They're, in, in L.A., they're, they're present, but you have to uh, search for them. In Vegas, you've, there's, there's like hundreds. So he went to one. He got in for, quote, surprisingly cheap for the massage. He didn't say what that amount was, but he said surprisingly cheap. So I'm guessing like $25. Like I, if it was 60 he wouldn't have said that because 60 is like a pretty much going rate for a regular massage. Does this friend owe you money at the time? It's not important. So, 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 the, so this person went in. He paid a surprisingly cheap rate for the massage. Then at the end, uh, I don't know if he was offered the happy ending or she started doing it. Whatever it was, a happy ending occurred. And when it was over, he whipped out $50, which, as we know from our prank calls to the how, Asian drug shop. How is it always $50 still? $50. Yeah, you know, that was the subject of that prank call. $50 seems to be the going rate. I've never been to one in my life, but I can tell you that uh, from our prank is call. It really? It's 50 bucks to have someone jerk you off? At, at the jerk shop. We, we, do you think it's higher or lower? Do you think it should be higher or lower? It seems it seems high. Huh, okay. I don't know. It's a, so, I mean, <laughs> well, so you'll, you'll really like this story then. So, so I mean, he whip- for sexual slavery it seems kind of low. Yeah, so he he whips out he whips out the fifty dollars, and this girl who he said was a younger one. Sometimes you get stuck with like an older one doing it, which I, I think would be really kind of unpleasant if you pay fifty dollars and you got a woman in their fifties doing it. It just that seems very unappealing to me. But this is a, a, a Asian girl in her tw- like mid twenties, barely spoke English, but. Uh, she finished jerking him off, and he pulled out 50 bucks to give to her, and she says, oh, no, no, no. And she kept saying, no, no, no to him. So he was confused. He's like, I thought this is just a tip. How could she say no, no, no? So she says, you give out 150, 150. What? And so he, that's what he said. He said, uh, 150, I don't even have 150 on me. Yeah, you know, you you know, fifteen. Wait, I'm sorry. Say it again. Was this after the act? Yes, after the act. Oof. He tried to give her fifty dollars, and she says, uh, "No, no, no." He says, well, "This is what I'm giving." She says, "No, you give one fifty, one fifty. And so he didn't know what to do. He didn't know if there's going to be like someone there to, to to beat him up for it or whatever. If he doesn't tip enough, he wasn't. He'd never been to one before too, so he didn't know the the going. Like an Asian person. sex boss. Yeah, he didn't know what the consequence was for not tipping enough. I've always wondered, what if you just didn't tip at all? Like, what would happen? Would they just not let you back in, or would, they, would something happen? Like, what would they do if you just... They uh, can't call the police. Yeah, so what would they... I always wondered what would happen if you just didn't tip. You just thought it was part of the massage, and 
and uh, and that was they that. Try and stuff it all back in, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so so she sits there insisting that he he shouldn't leave for fifty dollars. That you know that that's he's got to give more, got to give more. Finally, he reluctantly gave her a hundred, and she still looked unhappy. And he said, "Well, that's all I have. I have a few more dollars left. I got to use it to eat. I'm sorry," and uh, and left. And uh, so at that point, he was really regretting having gone there because he didn't think it would have ended up that, that expensive. He th- he thought he'd get in for this cheap massage, get a cheap massage, and then pay fifty bucks tip to get a jerk off. He didn't think it's another fifty above that uh, that the whole thing would be well over a hundred dollars for him. So I posted the question on the forum: Is you know, does anyone know? What the Los Angeles market is like, because I know in Vegas from our own prank calls that fifty dollars is a an accepted tip. That that's a standard tip to give the, one of these girls. It still seems high. I don't know. But but, but what about in, uh, in in L.A.? Is it possible it's higher? Maybe because there's less competition. And everyone said the one fifty seemed outrageous. Yeah. And uh, so no one no one said that this even the hundred seemed outrageous. So I think that what happened was he let his inexperience show in some way. Maybe he's like the something he did there made it clear that he'd never been there before. Maybe he even said this was it a high end place. Like were they really pretty girls? Were they young? No, they were. She was young, but that's all I know. He didn't describe the place, but uh, he said he was very shocked by this. And I was wondering in L.A., you know, maybe maybe the rate's higher, but that just seems crazy. Like, who would who would pay one hundred fifty dollars for that? Yeah, I mean, Druff. I mean, maybe it's my personal bias. I'm not a huge fan of the hand jobs or whatever. I mean, to me, they're they're kind of like an appetizer at dinner, right? You know, they're a little something that's leading up to what you really want. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I can't. I, I'm not paying no fifty dollars for a pizza roll. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the, the problem is, it's it's really if, if you're going to be paying for some kind of sexual act, it's really inferior to just paying a prostitute for the full act because you're not touching her, you're not going inside of her, she's not giving you a blowjob. So, uh, just a hand job is really it's really a reduced form. If I had a ticket, yeah, no, yeah, it's not. No. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. So, so I think they just smelled as an experience and, and thought, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get this rube for uh, 150 bucks." And uh, your friend's cock was just so big; <laughs> they... it was extra work. Yes, <laughs> I tired. I tired. Oh, it, my... seems, it seems ridiculous. I mean, I, I again, I don't really know the going rates of this kind of stuff, but 150 bucks. It sounds like you should be bending her over the table. You know? Yeah, yeah, I know. That's. Uh... And what's also a little bit sad for these, like I can't feel that sad for this girl unless she was pressured to hit him for one fifty. Maybe she was, but uh, a lot of these girls who are doing it really are like in sexual slavery, where they're they're brought over with promises to be given work in the U.S. They barely speak any English. They get there and then they're told this is the work you're doing, and uh, and then they're either threatened with violence against them or violence against their family back home if they don't go along with it. So is there more money in in Happy endings than there would be if they, you know, force them to be full-on prostitutes. Um, for some reason, they, they. I think there's less risk. I think that's the reason they like that. Okay, because they're right there. They, because you, like, you can't have a, a, a whorehouse just sitting there where people can just knock on the door and come in and, uh, um, you know, buy hookers. That's going to get busted pretty fast. But a, a, a mm. thing that masquerades as a massage parlor. Uh, now these some of these have been busted. The one that that infamous one that we prank called, that uh, that the one said, "You want the fifty dollar back?" To, uh, uh, to to me as Alvin Finkelstein when I was calling on behalf of my client. And in that one, that was a, a classic prank call in, in uh, two thousand eight. We called one of the Asian jerk shops, 
and Mike was playing this Phil Delante character, and he claimed that, and I was his lawyer, Alvin Finkelstein, and I was claiming I produ- that I produced the segment. Oh, uh, you produced it. Okay, yeah, that's right, you did. So, and we we claimed the claim was that. Phil didn't understand what was going on, that uh, you know, he's a married man, he just wanted a massage, and, and then she just started uh, touching him, and he didn't know what to do, and, and he right. kind of reluctantly went along with it and then paid $50 tip because he, like, he, he was, felt like he had to, and so then that was when we got the, the great line from the owner who was getting very uh, agitated with us. She goes, so what you want? What are you telling me you want? You want the $50 back? But you guys know Vegas a lot more than I do, so I got a maybe a naive question. But how do you tell the difference between a legit, you know, Asian massage parlor and one that they're they're going to say, "Hey, you want a happy ending"? Um, well, it's you know, it's kind of a thing you just look at and you can kind of tell. These twenty four hour ones or ones that are open super late, those are never legitimate. If it's open at two in the morning, it's always a, a jerk shop. Uh, if if it looks like you can't just walk in, if it's like I've a, always I've always wondered though. I still don't get it. How are these places allowed to operate with without any sort of recourse? Well, they did. Well, the one we prank called got busted. Yeah, right. I, and that—that's. I mean, I still see the same ones, you know, in Las Vegas from the area when you uh, cross west of the Strip on Spring Mountain, from like Valley View all the way down as far as almost Rainbow. Well, that's I can good, I can tell you how it gets away with. That's it. a good four miles. I've seen the same businesses there since I've I've been out here for 15 years. Yeah, how well... They, how, I mean, are they on the payroll, you think? Well, because you're not specifically paying for sex and the tip you're giving afterwards so they can claim that the... They can make the... Claim. I guess I'm saying is giving a handjob legal? Um, does, that, does that constitute... Prostitute. I mean, yeah, I, I it think is a I, massage, but no, is, that's what I'm that saying. What that, the, that, that's, is that what the loophole is? That's part of if the you loophole. Don't have sex, you can get away with it. That's part of the loophole, and then I think part of the other loophole is that uh, you're not agreeing to money for that act; you're just tipping them afterwards. So you're not saying you could do the same thing with sex and not agree to money and just tip them afterwards. Well, I know, so I'm saying I, I think it's like kind of half and half here, where it's uh, it's kind of like it's kind of now some of them do get busted, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure the. the the I know sometimes they get busted for the slavery I mean, there's aspect. There's so of it. many in Vegas; it's disgusting. Yeah, they're, they're really, I think there's hundreds in Vegas, literally, and like on Spring Mountain, especially. There's so I know many. They had a moratorium maybe a couple years ago about granting new licenses because the city or county commissioners felt it was getting out of hand, which it is. It is. Like you, you, know, you go down no, Spring no Mountain, intended, getting out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to find them, uh, go down Spring Mountain. Spring Mountain Road in Las Vegas, which is uh, right by near where the wind is, yes, the, yeah, the Treasure in, Island. It, well, the, the I don't know if you want to call it the headquarters, but where it's saturated the most is in Chinatown, which is that area you're describing. Yeah, Spring um, Mountain and and uh, Valley View, Valley all the way View, up yeah. to like Jones and yes, Rainbow. right, right. Um, but I've just always wondered. I thought that had to be the case that it was a loophole that as long as there wasn't oral sex or penetration, that maybe it just it's that like a gray area where they can't. But I just because if it wasn't, you would think there'd be stings or yeah. As soon as they, you know, would flip you over or ask you if they want you to be, you know, want to touch you there or whatever, you would just think that's it. That's the proof you need. If it, I, I just. But you know, the thing is that I've read, and and I'll, I'll say this to anyone that comes to Vegas, um, and this is very sad. This isn't a joke. I'm not. I'm not laughing. I'm not saying this to be funny. I've read a lot of articles over the years, and I, I can't speak for L.A. or 
you know, any other city, but I know in Las Vegas, the majority of these girls are conned and they they're brought to Las Vegas told that they'd get jobs. Well, I just I just said that. Did you listen to me? Yeah, you know, no. Oh, well, yeah. Did you say that? Yeah, I just said okay, that like a few minutes ago. Down. Okay. okay. <laughs> but but so it really is sexual servitude where these yes. girls are like indebted until and they're so scared because they're most of the time they're illegal immigrants. But no, I said and also their families are threatened back home. Yeah. So you know, if you do come to Vegas and that's your thing, you know, and, and you want to pay for sex, you know, your your best bet is to call one of the brothels in in Pahrump, and I've I've seen. I mean, I've I've never. I've actually been there. I was there once. I didn't do anything, but I was so curious when I was younger. Um, I went there with Steve, the bodyguard, just maybe twelve years ago. Anyhow, most of those places these days, because I guess business is, is that slow, just still coming out of the recession. That they'll send a car to your hotel in Vegas. Oh, it's because all the Asian massage parlors are yeah, uh, they're wanking all the cranks. That's why. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just zoned out. I'm well, there's also there's also a, a massive uh, illegal prostitution uh, industry in Vegas. Massive. But it's the biggest. It's the biggest in the United States. It's massive. In fact, and and guess uh, speaking, of, this isn't quite sexual servitude. This is, but this is also kind of sad in, in its own way. You might wonder how do so many prostitutes end up in Vegas? Is it just people say I want to be a hooker and they come to Vegas? And well, some of them do, but but also a lot of them are women who come to Vegas. Just to get a new start. For some reason, Vegas has an allure to a lot of people that they just go there to get a new start in life when things the aren't going well. Money. Going well at home, but but what money? They don't have. There, there isn't no, a lot of. Just, you know the allure of the fact that you could you know in theory walk into a casino with a twenty dollar bill and be a millionaire. That that there's so many jobs. There's just all these you know different type things that. Insp- you know, inspire people to come here where they think they can make it. Yeah, have a fresh start. And then, and then it's they don't. All, it's all basically fool's gold. Yeah, and then, th- so then they struggle. And then the the choices at that point are go back home and admit failure and go back and live with my parents, or uh, or be a prostitute. So some of them choose well, to be or, a prostitute. No, there's there's the one thing to segue in between, which is the strip. The stripping, yeah, the stripping in the middle. But the there's, thing is, there's... some of them actually don't even really have the bodies to be or the skills to be a stripper. So some of them can't really do that either. Uh, some can, some can't. But uh, but you know, being a prostitute, anyone can be. So uh, you can't walk into a high level casino in the early hours of the morning on a weekend, one, two o'clock, even a little earlier, and not see them. I mean, they're that prominent. Yeah, they they, they sit along the bars. They sit along the yep. slot machines. Yep, yeah, they're everywhere. Like like you take- I must not have. You know, hooker radar or whatever. I've been there so many times no, and I can't, I can't pick them you, up. You know, you know, I'll tell you how you'll see them. Because a lot of women get all hooked up when they go tra- to Vegas some, anyway. They usually travel in twos. No, I see uh, ones a lot. That's where I really notice them. Um, I notice the alone one. I notice the, the twos I think could be girls who came out of the club. I, I see the twos that I also think are hookers. But but, I, but when you see the ones, when you see the the the, the girl in the, in the very, very short skirts with the high heels that, that uh, or, or just very – Dressed up, sitting by herself at a slot machine at well, the and bar. And always make eye contact. Make eye contact with you and with everybody that walks by. It's not that she's just lonely and looking for a dude to have sex with that night. If this is a prostitute. That's what it always is. Or if they just start come up to you and start talking to you out of nowhere, that's that's just about always a prostitute. I, at, at first, I was like, uh, oh, cool. This hot chick's coming up to talk to me. And then you know, within a short time, they say, so are you looking for any entertainment while you're here? And you go, oh, crap. That's uh, – you know, That's why they're talking time, to me. A number of years ago, I think it was like 2005, I was at the WSOP and I was sick, right? 
Or actually, no, I think I was just in Vegas. I, I don't think it was World Series. I don't know, whatever. But I was super sick, and I, you know, I came down all bedraggled looking, just wearing like sweats and a t-shirt. And I was in the one of those little shops, you know, where they uh, those little gift shops or yeah, whatever. Yeah. At the cough section, holding like Nyquil and like a whole bunch of other stuff, and I had a chick come up to me, and obviously a prostitute, and was just like, "Oh, you know, that sounds good." You know, you want to? I'm like, "You got to be kidding me! I'm fucking! <laughs> isn't this like an occupational hazard? I'm obviously sick, right? And you're going to hook up with me, then you're going to be out of commission, right? It'd be it'd be ridiculous. She's not going to be able to do her work." I had one that was waiting for me outside of uh, Casino Royale when they used to have a good blackjack game there. I used to pound that game, and uh, I, I was by far the biggest player there because it was mostly like low limit people. Even though it's like Center Strip, it's just like kind of a sleazy place. So I yeah, so I'm sure like relatively low limits, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was like the well, I was five hundred dollar max or thousand max. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Like I would spread like twenty five dollars to one fifty, and I was like the high roller there by far. Of course. So, so anyway, one time I won like. I'm 20, sure, they would scream green and play. Yeah. <laughs> so when I when I, one time I won twenty six hundred dollars there, and I just I got out because I was afraid they're going to bar me. I decided let's come back later and cash. A lot of times they try to bar you with the cashier, and uh, and I didn't give a player's card or anything, so they didn't. You know, if I just got away before they barred me, then I would be fine. So I ran. Yeah. You know, so I walked out, came back a few hours later with my twenty six hundred and chips, went to the cashier. So this, so this girl apparently was watching the cashier and saw like all these bills being handed to me. And so I walk out. It was this, oh, uh, I remember this. yeah, it was a short, it was a short black girl. It's a good story. You've told it before, yeah. right? Yeah. It was yeah, a short black a girl. Story. She had like, like a it's middle Eastern looking friend and they come up to me and go, hi. And I, I, I totally didn't want to talk to you. I just want to go home. I, I, I was living in Vegas. There. I, just, I just wanted to go back to my, my apartment there. And so she, uh, so I said, hi. She's, how are you doing tonight? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to have this stupid small talk, but so I, I'm trying to just be polite and, 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 in the conversation, I didn't suspect she was a prostitute. She didn't look like one at all. She just looked like, like a normal girl walking around the strip. She wasn't dressed in a, like a prostitute sort of manner. So, uh, so she, you know, she she does small talk with me. I'm just trying to end it, give like one word answers, and be like really uninteresting. Did she ask if you wanted a date tonight? No, she says so. So I'm just wondering, would you like a little entertainment tonight? And I said, no, no, that's okay. I uh, I, I just want to go home. She says. She says, you sure? You sure you don't want someone to play with you? I said, yeah, yeah that, that's okay. She says, oh, well, why wouldn't you? You're telling me that uh, you're just going to go back and play with yourself? And I, and I said, no, no, I, I, I just would like to go back. And uh, uh, I'm just not really interested in that. And she she says, uh, so she's still thinking maybe I don't understand. She says, so you're telling me you don't want someone to play with your cock? <laughs> I'm going, this is awkward. How I, I, She's basically spelling it out for you. Yeah, totally spelling it out. So then before I can think of what to say next, these drunk guys show up out of nowhere. I don't know them. They don't know her. And they're like, hey, what's up, bro? What are you guys talking about? There's like three of them. And they were like, oh, so what's going on? And I'm like, oh, perfect. <laughs> so so like while they're, just, while they're all distracted with the drunk guys, I kind of just slipped away. And, uh, <laughs> and they saved the day. They say the drunk guy saved the day. But she definitely selected me. Oh, she even asked me right at the beginning, oh, I said, did you have a good day there? So I could tell it had to do with the cashier. She must have seen that I – Yeah, uh, of course. She was she was watching the cashier who cashed out and had money to burn. So uh, Yeah, I mean obviously when they come up to me, I know what who they are and what they're doing. But just like walking around the Rio or wherever, 
I can't pick them out to save my life because a lot of the women that go to Vegas get dressed up like hookers anyway, you know? I can't tell the difference. But the ones walking around like, yeah, the, the, the two or more. They usually the, have tattoos on their hands. Do they? Mm-hmm. I, that yep. I haven't noticed. Why is that? Gangs. Oh, really? Yep. At one point or another, probably when they were younger, they were initiated or they were in some gang. Now, look, they're there. Are you saying that there aren't, uh, you know, they always have their and they always have their cell phone out in their hand. So well, but that's there common today freelancer too. Freelancer escorts there that are uh, just trying to pay their way through college. Are you saying that, Brandon? <laughs> I, I was, I've, I've, <laughs> you know, the way I would advise anyone who, who wants to get a, a prostitute, go to Perump and just do it legally. Okay, and but, but if you worry about getting robbed, right? But, but if you don't want to, if you don't want to deal with Perump, there's one other thing you can do. And that is, uh, if you go on a review site like the Erotic Review or one of those, you can see ones that have the reviews there. And if you see one with like reviews of, it's like from one to ten, 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 nine, ten, ten. If you see that for like going back a few years, it's it's uh, then everything will be fine. Anything that has even a single bad review, you don't want to do. Uh, there, there's various scams. There, there's the being robbed thing where they just. Uh, yeah, they show well, up. A lot of these girls have pimps. Yeah, they have pimps who will show up like right behind them and rob you. Sometimes, uh, sometimes they will not give what they promise. You, you know, they, they charge you some. Then they, a lot of times they're expensive in Vegas. So they'll they'll charge you five hundred dollars. You give them the five hundred. They'll do like a quick dance for you, and they say, "Okay, that's that's uh, that's for the five hundred. Uh, uh, you want to tip five hundred? Yeah, you want you want to tip me for anything more? You don't even get sex sometimes. They they'll do like a little dance for you and say that's what you paid for, and that try to upsell you. How to do you say, know all this stuff? Because I, I do a lot of reading. I, I must seriously uh, undervalue what it's worth then. Yeah, that's, you, that's fucking ridiculous. In Vegas, it's, it's, it's marked up because they assume... It's like a new computer. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, that's what so it is. So you're really saying is. if one of, one of these hookers that comes up to you, you bring it up to your room, you're saying it's 500 bucks? It depends what they no, look like. No, it's, it's all on market. depends on market. It depends what they look like also. Like, like the it's really also market conditions. Yeah. The Super Bowl, it's going to be jacked up higher. A Wednesday in the middle of the summer when it's 120 degrees and, you know... The strip is sparsely populated. It will be cheaper. Yeah, and, and yeah. also like like the ones that and look like, like I would imagine like three a.m. and her rent is due the next day. It's even cheaper. Well, and and also like the ones that kind of just like like you know average girls that uh, you you wouldn't look twice at if you saw just walking around. They're not going to typically be that expensive unless they're delusional. The ones that are really really hot. Uh, More like if you want to save money, you know, get a girl with a lazy eye. They're <laughs> always half off. Well, you have an indirect light that could look okay. I still think you go up for rump. If you're going to spend that kind of money, anyhow, you might as well. But aren't they aren't they kind of mutts over there? I mean, they're, they're, it's all online. Uh, you can look at you can look. You can even make reservations. When, when I've, I know I've looked online. Like when I've looked, I wasn't impressed. I, I mean, I guess it's kind of hit or miss. I know they uh, at least the one in Reno or the couple of ones in Reno, or I shouldn't say Reno because it's actually not in Reno. It's north of Reno. Uh, they actually have visiting porn stars that come in. And I think they did that. They do that every so often down in Pahrump too. But um, you know, I, I don't. You know, when I'm out and I'm looking now, you know, they're they're. I don't, again, I'm not saying this to be racist. It's actually a fact. Um, in my experience, the majority of prostitutes that I see when I'm in casinos late at night are usually black. Um, there are a lot of lot of black prostitutes. There are a lot of black prostitutes. There is a fair share of white ones, though, too. Well, they no, they are, but I'm just saying I, I would. There I are would a lot of black that. ones, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, just in general, none of them are. I mean, they usually, unless I guess maybe you see someone that's kind of just breaking into the business, they you can always usually see the wear and tear on them. 
I don't. I mean, I don't find them in general. Just I don't know. None of it really excites me at all. Yeah, I I, I uh, feel the same way. But uh, yeah, that's something I, I don't understand. Like I, I could I, I could like I don't really have a problem. People want to pay for sex. I think they should be allowed to. That's fine. But well, one of those things that if what you're paying for is not even as good as you could get on your own, I mean, what the hell? Is yeah, the I never understood point? that either. I, I I never understood that. And uh, yeah, you I, know, it's I, like this. I mean, a guy comes from Chicago on business or for a trade show. He's married with three and a half kids and loves his wife, but, you know, doesn't want to leave her. But the sex has been stale or, you know, he's been with the same woman 15 years. And sometimes, as we all know, you know, and we've all learned over the years, sometimes something new, even though it's not the right thing to do or, you know, I mean, it might might be the bad choice in both the short and long run, you know, is intriguing. I mean, you've been with somebody for 10 years, 20 years, Sure. You know, so I think that's, you know, what a lot of it is. It's not, you know, and you know what, look, you come out to Vegas and you got, you know, you're making a ton of money, you're getting paid, you know, for going to a trade show, whatever it is, $500, I mean, that's that's not really a lot of, I mean, you know what I mean? If that's what, I mean, there are people. Yeah. Like, well, also, if you're gambling higher than that, it also seems like very little. I mean, right, exactly. I, I, mean, I, way, I, I guess the way the three of us are, I mean, I. I I find myself, you know, you all are, you both are going to laugh. I find myself more and more getting like druff every day when it comes to like little things. No, well, listen, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I mean, this is the God's honest truth. And this is something I never, I wouldn't have even wasted my time doing. Uh, last weekend, I'm sorry, two weekends ago, I stayed at the Plaza. Um, I just, I know I live here, but you know, I wanted, uh, you know, I, I, I my girlfriend's good like that. She knows sometimes I just want to get away and you know do the guy thing. And I'm a very independent person. And when I'll go down there, I'll usually just be by myself for 24 hours. I'll play some poker. I'll play some plus EV gambling. I'll have a nice meal. And I'm just by myself. And I enjoy it. I just enjoy the solitude. So did that last weekend for like a day and a half. Checked in like on a, on a Saturday, like around 8 o'clock at night. Got a gorgeous suite with a uh, patio outside so I could sit outside and read and, and it was like right by a waterfall. It was very, very nice. And I left Sunday like at 6 o'clock. I checked out. So I end up getting my folio. Oh, your folio. Yes, I get my folio mail. I don't even go to check out. I just text my host and say, hey, I'm gone. Check, you know, check me out. don't want to wait in line. I don't want to be on the phone. So I get my folio emailed uh, from the Palazzo and I have two charges. Now, I made, a, I made several charges. I ordered some room service which, you know, all this gets picked up. I took, you know, a couple things from the mini bar, like a soda with my meal, a bottle of water, and like a juice in the morning. Anyway, I think my bill might have been like 140 bucks. And uh, I, the one thing I was, I was expecting when I got my folio balance was a tip. Because even if everything else is comped, you know, tips are, 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 are I mean, at least to my knowledge, unless you're just such a big player that, you know, the, the, the casino is going to eat that, tips are never comped. Yeah. You know, so if you have a folio credit for a hundred bucks and you know you spend 50 of it but 10 of it's on tipping or surcharges you know those those aren't you you know why they're not by the way i'm sorry there's a reason why they're not and and what is the the reason is that uh they do not want you being able to pass the the comp dollars they don't want you to convert the money to real dollars via other people so let's say you have a friend who's a waitress at caesar's 
they don't want you leaving her a $500 tip because you have $500 left of comps. Oh, that makes sense. And then you split the money afterwards. They, they don't want that. So they, in order to prevent that from occurring, or even if it's not a friend, you could even just make the deal on the fly. Hey, hey waiter, I've got $500 left in comps. How about I leave you a $500 tip? You, right. you, know, you give me 250 afterward. Your shift's over. Like they, they don't want to even allow that temptation Wouldn't to exist. would that be kind of an easy way to get, if you knew somebody in, in the service industry, to get a – uh, to get money off your credit card without paying cash advance fees, leave a server a five hundred dollar, a thousand dollar tip, and then you know give them. Or if it's a friend, they just do it for nothing. Mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but they're not they're, gaining much. You're still it's still money you're paying. Yeah, yeah. They well, avoid the cash. But I'm saying if you wanted a month, a free month loan. Oh no no no! I'll tell you why it's not good. They have to declare it as income. It, the the, the W two they get actually says. Uh, they, uh, it shows the income they got from tips. Well, okay, getting back to the story. So anyhow, I'm expecting the, the tip or the you know they, they add on, I think, 18% mandatory when you order room service. The fees for room service are paid for, meaning like the, the delivery fee, it's just the tip. So I look at the folio and I see one thing that just is in, that stands out. It says $2. It's $1 twice and it says local calls. Okay, $1 each. Now, I, I never pick up a phone in a hotel unless I need to call for something, you know, say I need an extra pillow or, you know, yeah. you call the, you call the front desk, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never make local call. Me yeah. Nobody, cell. nobody does anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But still I was like, you know what? I mean, no, you know, I'm going to send a text. So I text my host for first $2, but still it just was a point like, why, just, you bother the ho- why didn't you call the hotel? Because it just was easier. My host can just wipe it right off without having to, well, what were you saying? Questions. That's just, funny. Is I wouldn't have bothered the host over this. No, I, but I have a friendship with him. Okay. Okay. It, I mean, I know him personally that, you know, it. to me it was the easier, it was the easier way to handle it. Instead of calling and, and you know, speak with a supervisor or, you know, going through the runaround. Strangely enough, guess what probably happened? The, the hotel probably got the money for it and, and the casino paid. Yeah, I, I mean maybe, but I didn't. I didn't obviously. And it probably went a little bit against the comps. You, of course, you've, it's only two dollars, but it actually probably went like a two dollar redeemed I didn't comp. Think that deeply, so maybe I am. But the point was, normally I would just be like, it's two bucks, whatever, you know. But no, I just like shit. I know I didn't pick up the phone. Yeah. You know, even if I somehow crazily dialed out, you know, a number once, there's no way I did it twice. So you know, like I said, I don't fuck. I can't remember the last time I made a local call in a, a hotel or any kind of call. Like outside of the hotel. Yeah, I heard you. I mean, I've had cell. I've had a cell phone since I've been of age to stay in hotels. So, but even though it was only two dollars, it, it like, kind of irritated me. So I, I, like I said, my host, I'm actually friends with. You know, we've hung out, we've had a couple meals outside of work. So it just felt easier. Text him, tell him, hey, there's a mistake. Two dollars, no problem. And you know, two dollars was reimbursed to my credit card. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very against. Just paying erroneous charges, even if they're small. Like if it's a penny, fine. Would you have you done can... that for two dollars? Yes, yes. I, if it's any kind of erroneous charge, except again, if it's like a penny, I'm not going to say you would take this penny off. But but uh, any, anything like even just a few dollars, I will. If it's an erroneous charge, and, and if you say why do it, because you not doing it is actually what they hope you're going to do, even if it's not malicious. Well, I don't. Th- I don't think they. No, it wasn't malicious. Like like we're going to get away with it, but like the, it could have been but... the party that was there before. No, I know, I know. But but the thing is. These mistakes are – they add up over time from so many different guests and they make a lot of money they don't deserve from from errors. So, you know, it's like this. People that go into you – know, I mean various casinos, they go back home or they travel to Vegas, they go back home 
and they end up taking chips with them that they're never going to redeem. Casinos make tons. I yeah. saw the figure once. It was in like the tens of millions of dollars. It was like thirty million a year that that go unredeemable in chips. That of course counts chips that are lost. Yeah, uh, you know people that have chips at home and they don't realize that a casino at any time can change their chips, and they only have to give six months' notice that all chips need to be redeemed, and then legally there is nothing you can do. I mean, I could have fifty thousand dollars in in Bellagio chips. They can know that I have them. And if I don't redeem them and they change your chips as long as they give 180 days notice, which they have to do by law, and I don't redeem them in time, those $50,000 chips are worth what they're worth in plastic. I mean, yeah, I know. I believe that. I know a ton of people that, you know, collect chips from wherever they go. Absolutely. There are people that come here that I know all the time and they have to make sure they get a $5 chip here, a $5 chip there, and they don't. And, it, you know, you think about that, oh, it's only five, but so many people are coming here, and so many people are doing that, and I, I remember reading the figure, I wanted to say it was like 20-something million a year, 30 million that just go uncashed. And that's the same reason why a lot of stores are so hot on gift cards, yes. because a certain percentage yeah, of those the, go the, unredeemed, right. it's the same thing. The yeah. 30 cents, the 70 cents, the dollar. Yeah. No, sometimes they just never get used, they give a gift, someone just throws them on the side, they never use them. Yeah, or like Brandon said, you know, when uh, there's only a small amount left, they just throw it out, whereas they would normally have that money. You know, I must have about three or four gift cards that have between like a dollar and change and like 20 cents just laying around. And I keep saying, you know what, when you go to a good way to get rid of those, at least in Vegas, and you're not really annoying anyone, you know, if you're not causing a line by having them, you know, run through four of them is what I'll do is when I get enough of them, I'll go to Smith's which is a grocery store, and you could probably do this in any grocery store, and they have this the self-checkout, and you could just use multiple cards and put the entire balance of each card and then pay the difference. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, say I have a balance of, you know, say I just go there and buy a couple things, you know, say I need some Gatorade, some water, and, you know, maybe some detergent, it's 15 bucks, and you can just use the four different cards for the full amount, yeah, yeah. you know, even if it's 30 cents or $1.50 or whatever. And then just pay the difference, you know, with with you know what I mean. You know, you know a trick I do, but for those of you that go to Target, uh, there's a trick you can use when you get these little gift. Because sometimes I have a promotion, you know, you buy two of this item and get a five dollar gift card. Well, you can't if you do that and they give you the gift card, you can't use the gift card to pay for that order. But there's a trick to where you don't have to worry about you know holding onto the gift card or losing it or remember to bring it next time. What you can do is your next order can be instantaneous, so you can just hold back like five dollars worth of stuff. And say this is my second order, and you use that gift card you got from the first order on that, and then you burn the gift card right there. So this this allows you to instantly get the five dollars back, and not have to worry about. I've never in my life been to a Target before. You know, I used to be anti-Target myself, not not for any real reason. I just I just kind of saw it as cheesy, but th- there's one not too far from me, and and I actually got to like it. I've actually. What is it you get from Target? Oh, you can get a lot of things from there. It's They actually have a grocery section now, too, so it's almost a full grocery store. There's some things that they're not very good with, like like their their produce is not very good, and there's not very much of it. But So there's things like that that are it's not... It's not as ghetto as Walmart? No, it's not as ghetto as Walmart. That's, that's what I used to think of it, but it's really not. And hmm. and it's uh, and things are cheap. Like the groceries, they're cheaper than, than the, at the grocery store. And it's not like a big box store. It's like... Uh, so you don't have like the big box store crappy experience... Uh, it feels like a supermarket, but the prices are just cheaper. And uh, yeah, I've actually got are these like- gift card promotions. Are they something that are 
constantly going on, or is this? Yeah, it's, it's fairly frequent. Like it'll say, buy two of this item, and get a five dollar gift card, and right, when, and then the cash register they give you a five dollar like gift card. What kind of items? Like oh, t- t- two things: a toilet paper, two things. Oh, wow. that, yeah, just, just typical. Get, and there's no limit on the gift cards you can get. No, and 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 and, and you can redeem them together. You just can't redeem them for this current order where you got them from. So you just make a second order by splitting up your order. And, and it's totally allowed there. What are you up in uh, Target gift cards lifetime? Would you guess? <laughs> well, I mean, in the hundreds and the thousands. I actually got. I actually uh, pushed them into giving me a twenty dollars gift card because remember when their their Target credit card got like really really yes, badly hacked? hacked? The terrible hacking. Well, they had. It's like a, a, a act of contrition to the customers. They said between December nineteenth and December twenty sixth, uh, we're having a week where everything's ten percent off if you use your Target card. Well, oh, you have a Target card. Yeah, you get five percent off all the time automatically with it. Oh wow! Yeah, that's not a bad. Okay. So, so, so I mean, see, I, I all these years, there's so much I I, I would have bet <laughs> if they would have given me even money. I say he does not have a. Target yeah, I should, card. I should I should have asked you if I had one. Or I would have bet. Yeah. So so Target so 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 I, it's fine if you charge whatever the bill's five hundred bucks. You get twenty five bucks back. The, yeah. Wow! Every it, time, instantly too. It's not. It's, it's like it takes it off the bill. That's actually worth it. Then. Yeah. So, so I. 5%. So, so they. So there's like a special ten percent week to make up for the whole credit card thing that happened. So I was away that. It's a terrible week. It was like a week, like right around the holidays when everyone's traveling, including me. So I, I called up and I was pissed. I said, you know, this is. Uh, um, this isn't. There are a lot of people travel that week. It's not like you just picked Wait, a random did you week. Call like the I called. Custom, I called customer four? service and I said. A lot of people travel that week, including me. This was a, a very unnerving thing to happen with my credit card. Uh, I, I totally would have taken advantage of it. You picked a week when a lot of people are going to be gone. I don't think that's a, a... What do you mean you picked a week? They picked the week to make it the special week of 10%. Oh, not the hacking you're talking yeah, about. I'm, yeah. I'm confused. Yeah, so so, oh, okay. so they argued a little bit, and I said, I said, come on here. So they said, well, what are you looking for? I said, well, I don't know. They said, we can't... We can't re- I was actually asking if they could just re- reissue like a 10% for me or like a special 10% for me. They said, we have no way to do that. I said... Okay, could you give me like just a twenty dollars gift card? Okay, done. They ship me twenty dollars gift card. Now, do they look at your account and see that you're a high roller at Target? I don't think so. I mean, okay, so they didn't even do they even know you had a Target credit card? Yes, I gave that information to them, but I, I didn't like I was talking to her the whole time. I don't think she was like going over my see, account. Most people wouldn't take the time to call them to complain about. Not yeah, I was just kind of sitting around. I said I'll take a shot at it. You know, like I, I just figured, like I wasn't. I usually don't try to angle for free things, but I really was. The, the problem with this is what's, what's a fail with their target card is that it just sh- there's no way to look at your receipt from each purchase. So it just says like store Los Angeles, California, store Los Angeles, California. You you have you have to remember every time you've been there and exactly what you spent or, or How keep often records. Can one go to Target? Well, I guess if you're shopping. For yeah, so, so so that's the problem. So like, if someone someone could someone could use your credit card, you'd probably never know if they use it the same place you usually use it. So so I, I told her that I said there's really no. I, I said I could look at receipts online and, and so you're see basically if, up Target. You're up lifetime on Target. Would you say with gift cards and freebies? And no, I think they've still made money from me, but uh, not a lot. Probably not that much. But, <laughs> <laughs> Probably he buys his groceries there. Well, you know what I also do. It's probably not that. Much well, you know what th- things things that uh, are. On, you, know, you know what I do That's also. When, I, I, I get I get I know what prices things typically are there. So when things go on sale, I buy it provided they're not like perishable things. I will buy a lot of them at once, and then and then and then the prices go back up, and I don't need it for a while. If I just said something random, would you maybe know the target price versus the grocery store price? Uh, it depends what it is. Uh, Oreo cookies. You know, it's funny. That's even though I get them, 
I, that's the, <laughs> I didn't even know that. I, I, even though I, I even though I get them, that's the, uh, that's the one thing. For some reason, I always forget the price on that damn thing. Uh, you just get the old school. Like I know they have different. Yeah, I just get the old school. Yeah, yeah. I like the old school. But you know what I hate about the the current Oreos? The packaging. They have what's supposedly the resealable packaging. It's awful. It doesn't reseal. Yeah, I know. So you just open it and it just stays open, and then and then they then they go stale real fast. I hate that. If you saw that there was a big sale on Oreos at Target, I don't even know the shelf life of Oreos, but how many like bulk Oreos? No, see, I would those I don't do because I'm afraid those will go bad. That's that's what I think. I think just tell the listeners. I had no idea that you have an Oreo fetish either. Like it's not, but it's not. I don't get them all the time. It's kind of a. It's kind of a sometimes thing. Like a, I'll yeah. be walking by. I go, yeah, I kind of in the mood to get Oreos this time, and I get Oreos. I don't get them every time. Yeah. Like I, I'll go long periods of time with no Oreos in my house, and that's fine. Now you know this is an interesting conversation. I mean, it's really just a bunch of grown men talking. But now that you've mentioned Oreos, uh, Calawat, if you're in the grocery store shopping and you have want to spoil yourself, you know, something a little unhealthy, a sweet tooth, or whatever it may be. What, what are going to be your choices? What are we going to find with the highest amount of saturated fat and sugar in your grocery cart? I, I'm sorry. I fell asleep when we stopped okay, talking it, about it, prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are we talking about now? Like Something with Oreos. Or something something yeah, with Oreos and gift cards. Okay, let's... Saturated fat. What, what, we know Oreos. What are the other? Well, I get a lot. I, I up, it's can, candy is the big thing to me that I get a lot of. It's uh, chocolate or like the sweet candy. Uh, like? Mostly the sweet candy. Sometimes uh, I get M and M's too, but uh, uh, other than that, it's it's mostly uh, sour candy, uh, Skittles, oh. uh, Sour Patch Kids. Sometimes, but I, I I get like these the sour straws. I really like those. Yeah, those. And I can, uh, actually, I can think of it, Brandon. I, I'm a uh, I'm a sucker for uh, really good, like uh, you know, dry salami, and uh, get some nice. Oh yeah, uh, get I'm some nice. Uh, very good. Yeah, uh, I like that too. You know, some uh, real fair blue cheese or something to go with it. Yeah, that I that know. I can't get like behind. That. The salami, yes, but the yeah. Oh, I love my stinky cheese. I, I love. Yeah. Stuff. No, I only like I only like hard cheeses. I, I don't like soft cheeses. Oh man. So okay, uh, let's let's see here. Uh, I. I so we got past the uh, the jerk shop topic. So the bottom line is wait, got- wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I, there's, I got. Oh, okay. I just wanted to mention something. Yeah, uh, and what you were saying, Brandon? I mean, it makes total sense to me. Like you know, the guy, the businessman, he's in town. His uh, you know, his sex life at home is is bland or whatever. Um, but still, like, why would you like paying money for uh, a girl that you could just kind of get on your like? Not as good as you could get I mean, on your own. Like you if it, a, if it was how, really how can you get a girl? But but a lot of people don't want. They're not looking for a new relationship. Well, and also sometimes it can, want, it can be hard if you're there for a, sh- for a short short time to get someone that quickly in Vegas. Like it's yeah, it's, okay, that makes sense. It, it, like if you're a really really good looking guy, yeah, you can probably go do it. But of course, uh, for the you average, do, but you're not looking to leave your wife and and yeah. you know start. No, a new but I'm, I'm saying very quickly. I say if you're there for a weekend, it's it's sometimes not all that easy to just. Uh, yeah, that quickly makes get sense. I had a buddy of mine tell me something like that once. Uh, you know, he's a good-looking dude, and uh, you know, I was—he was, he was uh, talking to uh, a prostitute, right? And I'm like, "Well, dude, why don't you just go pick up some chick?" He's like, "Nah, I just want to get laid. Like, I don't want to deal with it." Well, that's the other <laughs> like, thing. It's the, I don't want to try effort, and be yeah. charming for Well, and the last guy that just had a girl laid. and hooked up with her, on the—he ended up getting shot when he went back home after the Ferris wheel incident. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> That was that. just a hookup. God, imagine what you got to do to meet someone right on the spot and then have sex with them moments later. 
in a public place. Like that's yeah. He was he was kind of he kind of lucked out with that when she was down for all that. I'm friends with her on Facebook, by the way. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, maybe, I am. Maybe she can come back down and have a sequel there with you. I'll show you, yeah, you know picture. she's DTF, right? So I, I just I sometimes do that. Find like criminals or that interest me or people in the news for notorious <laughs> like crazy shit. You know, and I add them on Facebook. Yeah, I don't even see here's a. Cri- I just see here's got like a slut. She wasn't like really a criminal. Here, I'm gonna. Do we know that they weren't like dating ahead of time? Yes, we, we know. Yeah, it was. It was. He was engaged. He had like two fiancés. Yeah, he had like two fiancés, but she wasn't one of them. He really just met her. Oh, uh, yeah, we had two fiancés. Yeah, it was really weird. They had like this battle through a GoFundMe page. Yes. Are you kidding? Yeah, it was crazy. Like, a, like his other fiance like put up a, fi- a GoFundMe page for after he got shot, like for his funeral expenses. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I missed that whole part of the story. Yeah, it was. He it was. There's a, there's a, yeah, he's he's dead. He got killed. Who, fucking, who shot him? So, two black guys. There's two black guys. It wasn't just a random. At first, I thought it was like a random carjacking. It wasn't. Uh, yeah. He was involved with some shady people. His, his one of his fiancés worked as a stripper, okay. and at her strip club, he got involved with two shady black guys there that uh um i think he owed them money because it was something like uh they said something when they were in the car pulling a gun on him that that indicated without directly saying that something about him owing money well wasn't there one fiance of his that like you know she looked like she was kind of like salt of the earth like didn't look like she was a stripper yeah but that she was one though so. <laughs> she was Both a stripper. of them were no one of them was and one of them wasn't but i think the one you've probably seen is the one that was Really, the secondary one people didn't really know much about until she did the GoFundMe page. Huh. Yeah, I sent you. Look at your uh, phone. You have a second. This is a busy guy. Yeah, he was got very two busy. Two fiancés yeah. and he's banging some chick that he met in Vegas. Yeah, but then unfortunately he got involved with some bad dude there, and he can't probably, decide if she's cute or not. Probably owed them. Where would you send me this link? To your phone. Not my phone. Some days she looks cute. Some days she. You know, I thought about that. I thought that when I saw her various pictures, like Here, since she got in trouble. One. For like, there's a lot, a lot of variance there. Is what you're yeah, saying? there is a lot of variance. Oh, yeah, I remember that name, Chloe Scordanos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she just added me. <laughs> she just accepted me. I'm surprised she did when it, after, after she would have. She must have gotten a ton of ads from people after this. Especially guys hoping that maybe you know they could duplicate this with her, or duplicate yeah. something like that. You know what else is really strange? I'm going to send you. Hold on. Look at my. Th- Three, I have three pending friendship requests on Facebook. Look at who they are. This is really mind-boggling. They, they requested you? Yeah, they requested me. and I haven't confirmed it. You should have it now. Okay. But it's very, very strange. Like, look at oh, these wow. Well, you, but, you know, you see the first one. Yeah. You know who that is, right? Yeah. From our, from PFA. Yeah. Or, you know, long. Yeah. And then the second one. He's requested, he requested me before, too, and I didn't accept it. Yeah, and you can see the second one is. Yeah, he requested know. me, too, as well. And then the third one, though, I'm like, really? Yeah. Why? Like that's kind of odd. Like, it is kind of odd. Are you sure it's the real one, though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, the page is open, and there's all you know interviews and you know family stuff, and yeah, it looks. I'm, are you friends with him on Facebook? No. The third one. I, I'm not friends with very many poker players. Yeah, neither am I. All right. Let's. So the next topic. Um, Brandon, have you followed any of this stuff about some of these protests on uh, college campuses of these crazy? Uh, Social justice warrior types that just uh, find every reason to feel like they're being oppressed. I just know what I've uh, watched on CNN, what I've read briefly um, online. You know, I like to keep up with current events, uh, but I, I probably know, I guess, the same amount as you would know. Okay, so I, I'm kind of fascinated by this because when I was in college, I, I wasn't 
one of those people at all. I, you, in, in some ways, hey, Jeff, I got to go to mobile Skype for a second. Is okay. that going to be okay? Go to mobile Skype. Okay. So in, in some ways, these people, you know, like I, I wasn't one of them back then. It's not like if you go back, I, I was like a social justice warrior type who was uh, campaigning for all these different uh, left wing causes. That wasn't me. I was I was never into all that stuff. And uh, when I was in college, uh, I didn't like these people. But I will say that the ones that I encountered in college, while I thought a lot of them were ridiculous, are nowhere near the level of outrageousness as the ones today. Uh, the ones today are, are just mind-boggling with, with uh, the way they go about things, at least to me. And you know, back when I was in college, you know, there, there were a lot of those types. They, they were always claiming everyone's racist. Uh, the, you know, the, the school needs more quotas uh, for, for, for race-based admissions. The, uh, uh, everyone's sexist. Uh, the, you know, women are constantly being raped. All, all these different uh, talking points you always hear from uh, people in, in hysteria on campus. I, I even didn't understand at the time – that was kind of the time of the birth of political correctness when, when I was being told that I was – we had to use the term African-American – instead of black and i said wait black people call themselves black like why is that offensive like it's it's or worse yeah or worse right so like why if, if there, there's even a department at the school called black studies so why 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 do i have to call them african-american if, you know, if all that all that reminds me of one of my favorite movies that came out around this time when everything college-wise started being like that did either one of you see pcu yes which i still yes. think is like such a great movie yeah that was very why funny it never became big but i mean it should be at least a cult classic yeah i, so I think i can call classic before and it's so funny it was very so funny. it's such a mockery of like you know how the world has turned so politically correct and the funny like, thing is the, is the is the ridiculous students they depicted in that film which were even ex- an exaggeration of what was really going on uh, they're nowhere as bad as, as the the actual students today it, it's gotten much right. much worse but the whole thing is like a mockery of what of, but it's a, it's if you haven't seen it and you're looking for you know a, a good comedy Watch it. You'll yeah, watch it was it. funny. It's, and it's, it's initials. PCU, you know, meaning Political Correct University. It's and, a and, hilarious uh, movie. And uh, Jeremy Pivens was in it before he was uh, yeah, later no, better uh, known for other things. So anyway, it was – He was like – he was like supposedly like a six-year senior, but his yeah. hairline was already like receding – and I mean, he looked like he was like thirty. Yeah, he did. He did look old enough. I remember seeing then, that because when I when I saw that, I think it was ninety four. So I was twenty two then. So I was right around the age that he, he. I guess he could have been like a little bit older, as a six, six year senior. But he was supposed to be near my age. I'm going. This guy looks way older than me. Yeah, <laughs> when I saw, I saw yeah. that. You know, but real fast, just to chime in on what you're saying. Uh, I, you know, I went to uh, Florida State, which is in Tallahassee. I, I majored in business, and I was never into uh, any of that. I mean, I guess it went on, you know, stuff like that. There were issues, and I don't remember yeah. there ever being protests or things like that. But, you know, my college life, my experience, I was never in a fraternity either. But it was just about, you know, the dating and the friendships and the parties and going to games and, the, of course, the school and student life. But in terms of, like, any of the political part of it, it was never really around me. I never got involved. And to be honest with you, looking back at that age, I don't think I had the maturity level to really expand beyond like what I thought my little world was meaning that like the bigger issues and things I think about today weren't really important to me then. And I, I guess I was more like in the live now. Kind of, I mean, do you get what well, I'm saying? I understand. Like, just, like I, like I, 
I was uh, like when you were talking about in '92 that you literally got pissed that a Democrat got elected and went into the other room. Like that never would have mattered to me when I was, you know, at that same age. Like it never. Yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that. But so, so these days, it's it's gotten even so much worse than 20 years ago to where it, it makes the. Uh, the crazy politically correct obsessed students of those days uh, look like they're reasonable and logical. Uh, the, the, it's it's gotten insane on, on college campuses these days. So there's these new terms that that are being used that that are laughable. Uh, and we'll talk about some of them. So there's a thing called microaggressions. Do you know what a microaggression is? I've never heard the term. What, what, what about you, uh, Calwat? Do you know what a microaggression is? I I mean I assume it's something dumb like a little snide comment or something. Right, you know? you're close. You're, you're you're pretty close. It's a little snide comment, but it's one that's kind of like a backhanded compliment meant to marginalize or put down an oppressed group. So it's not just a backhanded comment. Like a, it wouldn't be like mm-hmm. like me making a snide comment to, to you or Brandon. It would be uh, you, you go up to a girl and say, you know what. I usually don't think black girls are hot, but but I actually think you're pretty hot. That would be a microaggression, they claim, or uh, or you know, wow, you're, you're you're pretty good at programming for a woman. So that that's. I mean, is everyone just dying to be offended these yes, days? Or yes, yes. Or, or like, or like, <laughs> wow, you're really gonna, you're, you're really generous for a Jew. Yeah, <laughs> I knew no, there's gonna I'm be serious. a Jew comment. Would that be a micro. Yes, yes, that would. No, no, it like, wouldn't. So you know, it, no, 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 it wouldn't. You know why it wouldn't? I'll, I'll tell you why it wouldn't. Jews have lost the right on college campuses to be an oppressed group. Jews are now considered to be uh, too successful, and uh, they, they are also Jews get away with uh, often no one knowing they're Jewish because they're usually white, and you just see them as a white person. Unless well, but they... you hear like Goldberg, Goldstein. Yeah, no, I know there's still anti-Semitism, but but it, it is seen it is seen by by today's left that Jews are not an oppressed group anymore. So, so there's no. It's not a micro. It's only a microaggression if it's something that's meant to uh, put down you someone. Know, it hasn't even been a hundred years since they killed six. It, it doesn't people. doesn't matter to them. It, it matters well, in the here and now. They don't write think. a letter instead of calling target. <laughs> so, so a microaggression is something like that. So that, that's one concern. Another th- term is a safe space. A safe space is something that these college students feel that they should be able to have away from anything that upsets them. That they they need How to. How are these people ever going to exist in the real world? <laughs> yeah, that's what's. I mean, so, seriously. So, so an example of, of a safe space, one of the most ridiculous ones, one of the most high-profile ones, was at that Missouri University where those ridiculous protests took place. Uh, reporters came there at the at the invitation of people organizing the protests. Reporters came there to cover it. And so they wanted to cover everything. These were reporters who were actually kind of sympathetic to the cause, or at least neutral. They weren't, you know, there to cause trouble, and and so they tried to go kind of in the center of the protest to to videotape what was going on there. They were told they cannot go into the center area of the protest because that's the protesters' safe space. <laughs> and I keep this is a public area in a university. This is like a quad wow. in a university. They they were told that they were blocked off and told they can't go there. And when they attempted to. They were physically forced out, and that's where there was uh, there's this famous clip of this woman who was a professor there, who at one point called to quote bring some muscle over here to to force out a student journalist who was trying to take pictures of it, and it actually said safe space, no journalists allowed, no so press microaggression allowed. Microaggression is bad, but calling some muscle to actually like 
do something aggressive. Yes, that, 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 yeah, I guess a macro aggression is okay. So, so, so a, safe, a safe space is, is where you go if you want to get away from those who are oppressing you. And if you, if you dare enter the safe space, if you're an oppressor, and, and you can be an oppressor just by being like a white male who doesn't understand uh, what they're going through. That, that can make you an oppressor, and you have to stay out of their safe space. An- another thing uh, is, is uh, your privilege. Your, checking your privilege means that if you are someone who is not part of an oppressed class or if you're someone who is somewhat part of an oppressed class but not completely, like a, woman, a white woman. A white woman can say, well, I'm oppressed because I'm female, but I'm also white, so I also get privileges for being white. So, I, so checking your privilege means that you have to acknowledge that you're getting all these advantages – for not being part of these marginalized groups, and you have to sit there feeling bad about it. Or if you're an Indian, you get a casino. Yeah, well, that, but that, that's part of it. You have to you have to sit there and feel bad that you're white. If you're born a white male, you have to sit there for a while and realize how privileged you are for being a white male and hate yourself for it. You have to. Now, what universities have been in the news or been prominently featured? Well, Missouri uh, University is one of them. That's, which one? Uh, it's known as Mizzou and Missouri University. Oh, the they got the president fired. Yeah, yeah, of, and, yeah. and that's and that's blame someone for something they have zero control over. Yeah, that's what's ridiculous. They, they, you're supposed well, to tell me again. What was that issue that they were all protesting and they got the president fired? They, they felt that the, that there wasn't enough action being taken against racists on campus, but yet they had no evidence that was true. Like they claimed that someone sprawled the the word nigger or something on on the uh, on the wall and, and wrote it in in. in in dog shit or something, but yeah, it really sucks. It was probably that. just the lyrics to some rap song. No, but the thing you is, you ruin somebody's career just like that. So, so they claim that not enough was. Well, what could you do if? So, let's say someone really did that. First of all, it could have just been a setup. But let's let's say it was really now done. It's the president's fault. Yeah, let's say it was really done. Let's say some some asshole did that. Okay, well, what do you do? You can't. If the guy got away with it. You you just clean it. You erase it, and that's it. And you try to catch anyone who vandalizes again. What what more can you do? Well, they, for some reason they thought that wasn't enough. They they uh, protested. They demanded. The the university president quit, and, and the guy had no spine. And the actually, football team wasn't going to play, right? And the guy had no play. spine, and eventually quit. And then, and then there were these protests where, where some of the faculty took part, where they were literally pushing out journalists saying that they were entering their safe space and can't be there in a public place. That's how crazy these people are. So uh, there, another one. So, so checking your privilege, you have to constantly sit there being guilty if you happen to have been born into what they see as uh, one of the non-oppressed groups. Uh, another one is uh, what they refer to as rape culture. Now, we're not referring to situations where actual rapes are occurring. We're not talking about uh, you know maybe a fraternity party where everyone's getting drunk and, and you know a girl kind of passes out and a guy uh, you know has sex with her while she's passed out. They're not talking about that type of rape culture, and that's included in it too. But that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about anything where any guy could possibly have a, a, a sexual thought about a woman. Or, or, or say anything that, uh, you know, the, the slightest bit uh, sexual about a woman, he has contributed to rape culture. If you say, wow, that, that chick is hot, well, I like her ass. Even if you, you just say this to your buddy. And I'm not saying you go up to women that you know that you like how they look. So basically, they, immature guy talk is, is yeah is, is now rape culture. Somehow that makes you a, a contributing to rape culture. You can't just say you find some chick hot. Fucking getting more insane. Every yeah. Time. So yeah, so the, right along with what you're saying, Druff, I just happened to stumble across this. There's a post on uh, 
Tumblr. It says, thin people have not earned the advantages they get over fat people. Oh, that's another one. Yeah, fat they acceptance. They are benefiting from discrimination and oppression Wait, of fat, fat people now are discriminated against? Yeah, well, that's just part of the whole thing. There's also, there's also body type acceptance, which means that if, if you're fat... Instead of just saying, oh, you know, that kind of sucks, I'm fat, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to lose weight. And, you know, I, I know some people have a very hard time losing weight. Some people have been fat all their life, and it's very, very hard to lose weight. Uh, but that but, unfortunate situation at the bike club with you with all that food you're basically <laughs> well at least I, at least I, against? no at least I, at least I, there i uh, i wasn't even realize one of the things you ordered was fruit wasn't it that's true i was ordering fruit and vegetables they should have applauded right. my uh, my healthy eating but but the yeah fat acceptance is where that you have to instead of saying instead of acknowledging that people who are obese i'm not talking about people who are a little bit overweight i mean people who are obese instead of like that one girl precious from the movie which movie I think it was called Precious. Well, that's a, I remember that big black girl that I, she was like five hundred pounds. I, I don't know, but I'll believe you. <laughs> so what an Oscar! If if you're really Sorry. if you if you're obese, instead of people you know instead of people noticing, and I'm not saying that you should make derogatory comments to the people, but that you're not allowed to notice. Monique. She weighed five hundred twelve pounds. Yeah, you're not allowed to notice that they're obese and, and look and, and look down upon them. You're not allowed to think, oh, this person's obese. Uh, they should do something about that. You're, what you're supposed to think is that every body type is beautiful, and uh, no matter how big you are, no matter how your body looks, no matter how lazy you've been and, and allowed yourself to to become obese and, and not lifted a finger to do anything about it, everyone should accept you. And everyone should see you as just as beautiful as someone of a normal weight. Yeah, well, this is this is actually going one step further. It's saying that if you're thin, you should feel bad because you're benefiting from the discrimination and oppression of fat people. Right. It's like checking your privilege again. Again, yeah, like feeling so bad if about. Thin, if you're a thin white male, I mean, I guess you just have privilege all over the fucking place. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well just feel terrible and. Kill yourself. What if you're a thin white Christian male? That's the absolute worst. Oh, you're done. I mean, then, then you might as well. Yeah, you really should kill yourself because you've yeah. if you've lived 20 years as a thin I thin white very, Christian male. Very sad for the world that your son's gonna have to grow up. Yeah, I know. I'm th- well. I'm hoping maybe it'll snap no, the other way and it'll be better. a. It's gonna get worse. Maybe there'll be a rebellion. Every once in a while, there's like a rebellion against this type of thing, and it improves. It's gonna be worse. So, so, the, so these are going on. There's it's protests like, when you like were this. At the, the Bakersfield College or whatever it was. <laughs> Going from mess hall to mess hall, you never worried about college shootings. I know I didn't. No, there weren't. I never yeah. walked around yeah. campus or sat in a class worried I'd be shot. Like now, these school shootings are happening. Like it, it you know, it, tomorrow there could be a school shooting. There could be. You know what the truth is? And everyone, no, but, everyone's but, risk for that is very tiny. It's kind of like but, a plane crash. Well, okay, but I'm saying we've become numb to it. But in the past, something like that happens, and it is national news. Now, within a day, it's forgotten about. Unless there's, you know, a massacre. Like, I mean, do you know what I mean? It's like we become numb because it's just these things happen so often. It, it's just you're right. Statistically, it, it's probably less than a plane crash. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just scary, but it's actually the the actual I'm danger we you have, have from to it. Deal with those. No, I know. Those are concerns when we were kids. Well, you know what you know what started it. What started it's it's all copycats of the. Original Columbine? mass shooting, yeah, it's a Columbine. Yes, that was. It's all copycats. Dylan, what's his name? It, Dylan Klebold and uh, whatever the other guy's name was. They, but they're, they're the ones who started it, and now psychos get the idea to do that. Like they're kind of the ones who. Like people get, go and they see a Marvel comic book movie, and they have to have metal detectors and and security. Like like when we were, 
Yeah, well, some of the problem, like crime overall, is actually less now than it was when we were kids. But but this type of crime says who? Where, where, oh no, it's definitely gone down. But it's go, it's well, slightly your, going back up. Oh, there, there's oh there's there's been uh, statistics on this from the FBI that, and I believe it. I you, I mean, if I don't know what it was like uh, for you where you lived, but in in 1990 in Los Angeles, boy, it was dangerous. There there was a really really a lot of crime, a lot not of really bad areas. You lived and not where I lived. In uh, South no, about about ten miles from where I lived. Yeah, but any big city that anyone lives in within ten miles is usually a ghetto or. Very That's those same places that were super dangerous uh, in 1990. I could go to today and feel comfortable. Like, what are you talking about, Comp? No, Compton not and- even Compton's improved. But but I'm, I'm not even talking about Compton. But uh, was a dangerous city back then? But now is a, is not dangerous. But, but not not that bad anymore. Like like uh, things like like Harbor City and Wilmington and and there were a Long, lot of areas Beach. in New York City that were absolutely horrible. Oh, that's right. And, and Times Square there. was so much worse then too. Well, they, yeah, they they credit Julia with cleaning up yeah. crime. Well, yeah, I mean, it's never one guy, but, but it, the point is that there are definitely areas of New York City that are way better than they there's were. There's a lot of things. Well, you remember really in the 80s, like, that was like the biggest joke, like getting mugged in New York City. It was in like, Times Square, yeah. they talked about specifically. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, so so that, I mean, in that way, the, it's gotten worse. But it's it's more that that's scarier. For some reason, it's scarier to think of a mass shooting than it is to think of uh, just uh, regular violent crime that that well, happens a mass every day. shooting that involves kids. Yeah, that's the other problem. Is one that involves kids or even college students. That's even more off putting. I mean, the, well, the, the ones that the most that happened. What was it? Was the biggest one still Virginia Tech? I mean, I'm not sure which one that. had the most deaths. That was that was up there. The, the one that that, that Sandy Hook Elementary one is probably the most. It outrages people the most because it was the kindergartners that were killed. I went to uh, high school right next door to that. Oh, really? Mm. Where is that? I, I, that, I, was in I, New, that was in uh, New, Newtown, Connecticut, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I went what to – I it? grew up and went to school right next The door Sandy Hook. It was a few years ago. Sandy Hook. Yeah, like a 20-year-old. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm educated. I watch the news. I read the page. And so all these kind of blend together unless it's something like Virginia Tech, which like we just said – that ha- happened to be the biggest massacre. It stands out. Well, the Sandy Hook was unusual because it was against really little kids. Yeah, but yeah, I remember in Russia it happened. There's there's something that, or maybe it wasn't with kids, but there was like a theater where they were killing people. They took over. This is a couple years ago. Well, and they just had they just had all the stuff in France this year. But that, that's China, that's terrorism stuff. That's different. Look at what happened in China with with the kids that they were. Uh, this was a couple years ago, maybe two three years ago, where. Their kids were dying from uh, contaminated milk that was purposely made with uh, what, what was in it? Uh, like some sort oh, of plastic yeah. to keep it from expiring or going bad. And no, but I mean, just just hear me out. And uh, they found the people that were actually you know behind it to, to save money and keep you know. I guess it affected only younger old people because of their immune system. You know what they did? They found they found who did it. They convicted all of them, and they fucking executed them within months. And I'm not, I'm not. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say is that these days, with the the speed with which information passes around, everything seems like a major crisis. I don't know if you guys remember, but do you remember when uh, mad cow disease was something that everyone was all scared about? You know, I mean, these a lot of this stuff just gets whipped up into hysteria, uh, in part just because of how quickly the information can be passed around, and because you know your nightly news programs. I mean, they're in the business of trying to whip up that kind of sentiment well, and social media. People interested. Yeah, and social media does a lot of that too. That's what really. Well, sure, gets... that happens organically. Yeah, right? it was two thousand eight. Yeah. There's three hundred thousand victims in total in China. 
and they put a chemical in milk. I'm sorry, it was they put a chemical in baby formula to keep it from wow. going bad. You know, and it, it, 12, 12 infants died, and then they ended up killing, executing everyone that was behind it. I mean, if these guys actually like chose to do that, they did. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't feel too bad about the uh, the rendered judgment. <laughs> yeah. So so it. Uh... There, there was there was a, a recent incident. You're asking about other incidents, uh, Brandon. It, the most recent one was at uh, University of Massachusetts Amherst, where three speakers came. Now, this this is what uh, campus politically correct people and leftists on campus absolutely detest: free speech that disagrees with them. They're they're all for free free speech as long as you agree with them. But if you disagree, if you bring in the opposite viewpoint or bring in speakers to the campus with an opposite viewpoint. They absolutely hate it, and they will fight and fight and fight. And I'm, t- I'm not not all of them, but mo- a lot of them. A lot of them are very, very anti-free speech if it, it disagrees with them. And the way they have the excuse for this is they call it hate speech. They say it's hate speech, uh, it's racist, it's it's homophobic, it's uh, it's uh, misogynistic, whatever it is. They they make it to where you're bringing someone evil to speak on the campus, or you are evil yourself for speaking this way, and, and therefore. Any disagreement with them makes you evil, and and that's Seems wh- intolerant. Yeah, and very intolerant, right? So, the, so, uh, so at the University of uh, Massachusetts Amherst, uh, three speakers who were all three of them controversial came in together uh, to have a conference about uh, political correctness called the triggering, and that's another term I should explain. The triggering, oh, yeah. triggering is a new term also. That if you have anything in your past that makes you upset. If anyone says or does anything to slightly make you think of that and make you feel bad, that's called a triggering. So, so, uh, yeah, so, so, and I don't mean like a really, really traumatic thing that happened to you that was absolutely awful. I'm not saying like, like, you know, you got molested as a kid and, and someone talks about, uh, molestation and you have memories of it and you get triggered to, uh, feel really bad. I'm talking about, you know, someone who just, uh, believes that they've been a victim of racism and then, uh, uh, someone walks in the room and says, uh, "Hey, you know, I'm in the mood to have some fried chicken." And then someone says, "Oh my God, that's triggering me. This is racist." You know, that, that's that's what a trigger is. So, so this, so a lot of people have laughed at triggering that it's just uh, trying well, to find a reason to be uh, offended. And well, triggering also sounds to me like a way to not uh, be responsible for your reaction to stuff. Right. That, that's and that's what it is. So, so they they actually had a political, an anti political correctness. Uh, a uh, group of speakers come, the uh, three speakers, and then they sarcastically called it the triggering to explore political correctness on campus. The three speakers were Stephen Crowder, who does a lot of uh, videos. Uh, he's like a, a conservative comedian who does a, a lot of videos, especially against political correctness. Uh, then there was uh, Milo uh, – I can't even pronounce his name uh, – Yalampolis or something. Uh, he is a – a somewhat flamboyant gay guy who's also uh, a conservative and also very against uh, political correctness. And, and then there is uh, a third person, kind of the least outrageous of the three, uh, a woman named Christina Hoff Summers, who's a woman in her 60s who, was, uh, who describes herself as a feminist but one who doesn't believe in the tactics used by modern feminists. They think she, she thinks they're crazy and they've gone way too far and they've, uh, uh, they're hurting their own cause. So, so it was the three of them there. And, of course, those who uh, didn't agree with these three and knew who they were, because they're fairly well known, uh, they were protesting this outside. 
and, and trying to you know get the whole thing canceled and trying to scare anyone from going in there. But sounds like they were triggered. Right? <laughs> once once they got in there, instead of letting these people speak, there was constant shouting from the audience trying to interrupt them. And uh, and there's this one girl there who who has since become a meme on the internet. Oh, I know. This is known yeah. as a Trigglypuff, and this is a really, really obese girl with like arm fat that makes it look like she has bat wings, and she was screaming the whole time like a mad woman, and uh, and uh, pretty much saying, "Get your hate speech off this campus! Get your hate speech off this campus!" Here's a six second clip of her. Hold on, I, I didn't have it. Uh, let me. I didn't have the volume up. Here we go. <laughs> So that, that's, that that's sounds her. like the inside of an aviary. <laughs> Get your hate speech off this campus. That's really what her voice sounded. And she was screaming the whole time. And they kept like politely asking the the, the moderator of this uh, these speeches, who who was just like a student who set it up, said, uh, "Yeah, p- please be quiet. Please let the the speakers finish. Please don't interrupt them." And she's like, "I can do it if I want. It's my free speech." And she's just yelling whenever they're trying to speak. Which that's not your free speech. This is a uh, speakers are coming to give a speech, uh, explain their points of view. Uh, they'll have a question and answer session at the end, but you can't just show up and disrupt it and say it's your free speech. That's not the same thing. That's not what free speech is. You can't just disrupt things. Anyway, uh, someone recorded her, and so she has since become a, a meme on the Internet, and everyone's been uh, using her as, as pretty much a, an example of what uh, people have become. Uh, there's also another thing that's been going on, and that is um, – it's become evil to be a heterosexual of the gender you were born. And if you're that, then then you are uh, at the very least uh, ignorant and uh, closed-minded to Again, those. Again, I have no control over this. Like, I don't even understand that. It yeah, doesn't make any sense to me. So there's – there's and, and, and you're supposed to accept that uh, there, there's people who, who – uh, who call themselves uh, gender neutral? They're like both genders, not not because they're born that way. There are a few people, a very small percent of the population, who are born with uh, like both genitalia. They're like hermaphrodites. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about people who are born one sex, and they're not even transsexuals. They want to be both both sexes. They're 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 uh, they're uh, I forget the term gender neutral gender. Uh, well, I mean, people can do or be whatever the hell they want, but I mean, I I sort of feel that uh you know your freedom ends where mine begins kind of thing you know what i mean like they can yeah. they're free to do whatever the fuck they want that's fine but they know? but they see you if they they see if you're heterosexual especially if you're a heterosexual male then they think just by that alone you're here to oppress them even if as you said you don't care what they do if you're fine with, with whatever they call themselves and whatever they do uh there's there's even some some weirdness going on where there's there's guys who dress as guys they're born as guys. They have a penis. They haven't taken any hormones. They haven't uh, gotten any surgeries. They, some of them still have a beard. They dress in male clothes. They do nothing for their outward appearance or anything else that's feminine, and they call themselves women. They say, I identify as a woman. You're going to call me whatever my new name is. I mean, I'm fine with that too. But that's fine. weird. Like, Do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> but I, but I, I find it weird. Like, how do you even uh, accept that? Per- how can you accept someone as a woman? I can understand if someone says, I- "I'm a male. I-, I, I felt my whole life I was born in the wrong body. I've just always felt like a girl. I want to dress like a girl. I want to have a name like a girl. I want to you know, get a surgery to to have breasts and and, and whatever." At least they're making an attempt to 
look and act the part. But but a guy who just walks around as a normal dude and says, uh, "Hey, call me Michelle," and that's a, and you're going to treat me as a female, and you're going to say she, and it's it's weird. Like, no, you're not. If you're if you have male genitalia and you act like a male and dress like a male and everything is male about you. <laughs> What's female? Why, why, how, how can I call you a girl? But if if you dare question that, they they call you ignorant. They call you uh, so Caitlyn Jenner. No, well, well, at least Caitlyn Jenner is making an attempt to be uh, feminine. Though though it's weird hearing uh, Caitlyn Jenner talk, and like he makes no attempt to like pitch up his voice. It's like it's like uh, it's it's so weird because he puts a lot of effort into looking female. And, yeah, and, I mean the amazing part about the, the common thread that runs through all of these things for me is it's it's. Amazing to me that people who are feeling oppressed about what is being forced upon them then think it's okay to force it their views on other people. It's how can you not understand uh, that disconnect? And I, I really do worry. Obviously, this is a small minority of the uh, you know kids in college or whatever that are doing it. But man, they get out in the real world. I mean, they're just fucked because it's, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. You know. Yeah, and 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 there is so much censorship. There were some you know, college professors who got uh, the pre- pressure to be fired. I don't know if they actually were because they uh, they wrote a. There, there was a stupid memo that came out that you can't wear certain costumes because they're offensive and just really stupid things. Like you, you know, you can't you can't be uh, you, you can't be an Indian. You can't be this. You can't. Be, this might offend people. That might offend people. You can't do this. You can't. So so these college professors wrote a, a very respectful letter, the open letter, like in a school paper, saying. We disagree with this. We think everyone should be allowed to do whatever costume they want to do, and and then let uh, let themselves be judged on whatever they choose to do. But don't don't say don't, you can't wear this costume. That's uh, that's not a th- thing you should be telling other adults here. It's just uh, uh, that's not how the real world works. So yeah, it's, it's a really interesting shift again of responsibility. Really, you know. Yeah. So so the, uh, the amazing thing was getting a fa- you can choose. Not to get offended. And, and the, the amazing thing is these professors who just wrote this letter saying we disagree with the university's policy, and they wrote this very respectfully and did, did not yeah. put down anyone. There were massive protests to, to fire them. Of course. To yeah. fire them for writing a letter, we disagree with this policy. Right. As, as it, it was not a controversial letter. It wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't in your face. It wasn't uh, using uh, language that was uh, confrontational. Nothing. It was it was very very respectfully written and sensitively written and still nope they got to be fired they've got to be fired why because they have a different opinion than us they're being intolerant they're they're racist they're they're this they're that they're, it, it's crazy and and then protest 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 and then when they tried to even come out and reason with some of the protesters they got screamed at I mean these kids are crazy and the the funny thing is these kids are not there paying their own way their their parents are paying for them their their parents are supporting them their parents are paying their tuition their 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 living expenses and everything. And and yet uh, they feel that uh, that they understand the world. They they feel like they understand personal responsibility. They feel that uh, uh, they have a right to comment on. Uh, uh, there's also the ones that, that talk about uh, financial matters about. Uh, uh, you know, forgive all student debt. All all schools should be free. Uh, the, uh, the, you know, any school costing money is, is an oppression against uh, against poorer people. Blah 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 blah. And they're like, you know, people protesting, protesting, protesting. You you come to find out that some of the loudest protesters are from families of millionaires. That they claim that they're so oppressed. It turns out the whole thing's phony. The, that they're just doing this to, you know, to complain about something. They they uh, some of them went yeah, to expensive I mean, private may, schools. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just jaded, but I think it's pretty goddamn hard to go through life 
not being expecting that no one is ever going to say or do anything that's going to offend you. You know, I mean, it's it's it's, it's incredibly unrealistic. I've been offended numerous times on this fraud show already tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's how you internalize it. There there are different ways that you can handle or take things, and you don't you don't have to give people that you know, we have power. A on the show. That should count for something. Yeah, we should. We should. We have uh, it's a diverse uh, audience we have I here too. I wasn't even going to say nothing. I know that she likes to, you know, eat pussy. <laughs> Which is, yeah, you think she still does? It's it, three a.m. Jesus Christ! Right, wait, is, she, is she? Is she old? Isn't she much older though? You think she still does that? She's like in her sixties. Yeah, she She's may not. Girlfriend. Oh, she does. Okay, but they, you know, there, there's something called lesbian bed death. And have you heard of that before? Never. You okay. Come up with these phrases. No, no, no. I didn't come up with it. I wish I came up with it, but it's not my phrase. Lesbian bed death is, is it's a very real phenomenon, and that is uh, basically without a guy there. Uh, so, like, like think of a of a typical situation where the guy's always horny, the guy always wants to have sex, and the the girl. It depends which girl. Some, you know, once in a while, it'll be a girl who's just as horny as the guy is. But the typical situation is the guy really wants it all the time, and the the girl kind of only sometimes wants it. Or if you're really unfortunate, your girlfriend barely ever wants it. So. Now, if you extend this now to a relationship where there are two women and there's no guy who's like always pushing for sex, you can see how the sex kind of just dies out, especially after the beginning. Like you watch lesbian porn and they seem all into each other and you kind of picture, oh, I, I bet that's what a lesbian relationship is like. No, it's not like that. Maybe, maybe at the very, very beginning, but, but after they've been together a while, it's, it's actually fairly common that the sex just completely stops. They, they just kind of both lose interest, and, and it's called lesbian bed death. So uh, I'm saying that just because she has a girlfriend doesn't necessarily mean, especially at that age, because a lot of women especially lose interest in sex at that age uh, as it is. There, there's some that don't, but there's a, there's a lot of women like over 60 that well, if they never have sex again... Logically, it makes complete sense that there's they a lo- would. There's a lot of women over 60. I'm talking about all women, not just uh, lesbians. Right. Like, right. That they just... if, if if they were told they're never going to have sex again, they'd be okay, cool. <laughs> that's, that's fine with me. Where, where most guys, even older guys, you tell them that, they go, "What? Oh, that'd be terrible. That just kill me now." Yeah, so. but again, biologically, it makes complete sense, right? They're past when they can actually reproduce, so it makes sense that uh, nature wouldn't really care whether they have that sex drive anymore. And men are able to to reproduce, you know, up into their seventies, so it makes yeah. sense that they would still have it. And their goal is to, you know. Spread their seed as far and wide as they can. So you know what's really weird, though. I've, I've heard from some girls that I've known over the years that uh, they've told me about guys they were with, like in long-term relationships, that the guy was the one not wanting the sex. Like that they were, they would like, keep pressing for the guy to have sex with them. And these girls weren't bad looking. Not like they were really ugly, and you, know, you, you understand what the guy just wasn't interested. Like the, these girls looked fine, and. and and they're like their husband wasn't cheating on them. He didn't want to leave them. Like they, they were one hundred percent sure they weren't being cheated on, and, and that the guy wasn't like checked out of the relationship. He just did not want to have sex. They just Maybe the guy was gay. Yeah, I, I suggested that too, but they said no. He's like he was really into it before, but then just as time passed, he just kind of lost interest, and he just he just doesn't ever want to. Go, That's so weird. Because I, I can understand over time that the excitement dies down. It always does, right. but I just can't understand like like. A heterosexual guy just going, okay, you know, I'm kind of not going to have sex anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get that either. <laughs> and and to the where the where the woman is always pushing for. It. And the funny thing is, it seems like I'm always hearing like it's always on one side or the other. Like you're not hearing that many situations. Like, yeah, you know, I don't have an interest in sex, but my wife doesn't either, so it's cool. We're, we just like being together, and it's like you never hear that. You always hear like 
somehow the, the woman who's really sexual ends up with a guy who just doesn't want it. I don't know how that is, but uh, I, I've heard a number of these. I, I've heard more of these complaints about guys than I would have expected to have, hear, to have heard. And I'm not saying most guys are like this. I'm even surprised that like, I've heard as, of as many as that I have from people I knew personally. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, even if uh, your absolute favorite food in the world is steak, I mean, maybe if you eat nothing but the same steak for 20 years, maybe you don't really want it. You know? Yeah. I, I, I think there's just some guys out there with, like, low sex drive, and they just don't want to talk about it because it just seemed like a, a guy is supposed to have a high sex drive, so they're kind of embarrassed yeah. to say it. So they yeah, kind of culturally, just go, that's not accepted. To, yeah, so they just kind of go through the motions, and then, and then, and then you know, after they're secure in the relationship, they're just like, okay, well, maybe I don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. So uh, I, I also came, I came earlier today. Uh, Brandon, why is there so much talk about cum on this show? I don't think well, you, normally I, there isn't. No, but it's, but it's but like you, you've brought this up a few times. I don't think you ever twice. But I don't think you've ever brought this up in all the years Never. we've done radio. It's just, well, but I, all right. Here That's not a superpower, Brandon. Anyone can do that. <laughs> no, not, I mean, no, not if you're... Uh, That's true. Maybe you can't get it up. And, or if you're paraplegic. I've actually heard of guys that, that can't even come just because they can't finish, that they can just they last forever, which actually isn't good because it frustrates the woman because she just wants it to finish. She wants some kind of ending to it. Remember the one guy we were friends with? He couldn't come unless the girl licked his butthole. Was that he couldn't come or he couldn't get it up? couldn't come or oh. both maybe I, I was hearing you couldn't get it up because of like the pills he was doing i don't know like it wasn't always a problem but like once the pills came into it i, I had heard uh, i think he told me himself about this he did tell me himself about this yeah. i don't know why i had that conversation with him but <laughs> I, I don't know why you know about lesbian bed death you know, I, I, I read I about, know. I, I read about a whole lot of different things, and uh, there, there's just certain topics I can find fascinating without it, it having any relation to my life. Yeah, but I don't even know where you would find that. I, I just kind of stumble upon it, and like, uh, like for example, I don't know how I found lesbian bed death originally, but but at some point on the internet, it said something about lesbian bed death, and oh, what is that? And I go look what it is. It's like an interesting term to me. So then I go read it, and then I go, oh, wow, that, that is interesting. And then all right, no, Druff, I got to tell you. I was curious, so I Googled lesbian bed death, right? Yeah. The first thing that came up, it says, lesbian bed death is a misnomer, if not a myth. Yeah, I've what heard that. I don't believe sexual it. Sexual activity is an issue lesbian couples discuss in treatment. Gay and heterosexual couples do so with the same frequency. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I don't believe it. I, I've, right. I've, I've, I, it sounds like apologism. See, this is the problem, is a lot of people, uh, it again comes back to like the, the belief from... The, the politically correct folks that it's it's a tragedy if you dare say that any group of people is different from another, mm-hmm. whether it's genders or, or or races or sexual preferences. Everybody's got to be the one same. One of the most exciting things is the difference. Yeah, everybody's got to be the same. And if you dare say there's some kind of innate difference in them, that 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 now you're being uh, you're marginalizing them. So I think the problem is here. Lesbians see this as like. Uh, or, or even people who are just uh, politically correct that aren't even lesbians themselves, but just one, they see that like this is a negative that lesbian de- bed death sounds bad. That what you're doing is you're putting down lesbians by saying that uh, in their relationships the sex dies with heterosexuals it doesn't die as much. Uh, so so they don't want that belief out there. So now they're trying to say oh this doesn't exist. It happens to everyone. Well that's that's partially true. It, it is true that there's a lot of heterosexual relationships where the sex dies out as well. Uh, I, I think the difference is that. Uh, in the heterosexual relationships where it dies, it's not two-sided. I think uh, in the heterosexual ones, it's it's the for the most part, uh, the woman doesn't want to have sex anymore, and the guy just gives up asking for it. Uh, so, 
I'm gonna have to. This is, you're gonna find this hilarious given the the previous discussion. So in the Wikipedia, it says uh, Dowling surmised that lesbian bed death is probably only sticking around due to lesbophobia. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess you you're lesbophobic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I, I totally believe it. it totally makes sense. And, and this thing, I, I actually I don't remember where, where I saw this. I saw some like discussion forum. And I know this is just anecdotal evidence, but I saw some discussion forum with like a lot of lesbians were posting about this, and and a lot of them were saying, yes, this is absolutely true. Yes, this is a very true phenomenon. Yes, I I've really noticed this. Like once I've like the 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 girl will be like really into me, we'll have a lot of sex, and then within a few months, it's it just goes to zero. And 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 and, and some will say, look, even honestly, I don't really want it at that point either. It's kind of funny. We just kind of don't want it. We just like each other's company, and that's it. And then the other one's like, yeah, totally, me too. And I'm like, wow, like you know, how often do you see guys saying? Oh, I'm happy just to have my my wife's company. I'm fine if I don't have sex with her. Like very infrequently. I could I, I could totally see that. Uh, you know, I don't know one way or the other whether it is true or not. Um, and I definitely agree that you know the libido is going to go down no matter who you are to some extent when you get older. But by, from a biological perspective, again, I could totally see that as being true. You know, from yeah. uh, we are after all fundamentally you know animals in a way. Yeah, it just, uh, and it makes sense, you know. The woman, the sex drive is there so that we reproduce, yeah. and women can't reproduce after a certain age. It makes sense to me that 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 will go down. It's just like uh, you know, back in the eighties and the nineties, even today. Like you say, you you if you dare say that you have a much higher chance of catching HIV from gay sex than straight sex, which you do, a much higher chance, like like hundreds of times higher. Uh, if you dare say that, boy, boy, people get mad at you. Now, well, is it I, just because it's butt sex, or it, yes, it's like be, if you had yes, it's nothing but anal with women, would you have the same chance? No, because uh, well, it, it's uh, yeah. If you had nothing but anal with women, the women would have a much higher chance. The women they they catch it a fair amount from from guys anyway, but uh, um, it, it's it is because of the butt sex. If you, if you must know, yeah, but well, uh, it makes sense. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's it's proven this is a fact that it's much easier to catch HIV through gay sex than than straight sex if if you're a guy. Much, much easier. I mean, I don't mean like yeah, five times. I would like, imagine things would tear. And, yes. You know, yes. Yeah, so that's sense. that's what. So so f- instead of just acknowledging this, it was it was so taboo to say that because it's seen that you're being intolerant and and labeling AIDS a gay disease, and we don't have to worry about it because it only affects gays. And no one's saying that. No one's saying we don't have to care about AIDS because uh, it's mostly gays. You 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 can take the disease just as seriously while acknowledging that a certain segment of the population is getting it way more than others. But if you dared say that, uh, boy, would you get uh, angry. And then I would always get, I used to have this debate in college with people and I'd get really angry people yelling at me that that's not true. And they'd say, do you realize that heterosexual women, that they are the fastest growing group of, uh, of, of HIV cases? I said, yes. They go, ah, so you admit that you're wrong. I said, no. You said fast is growing. Yeah. So the the with, actually with gay men, it's going down because they're having safer sex. They're they're being careful, right. and 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 uh, rightfully so. And and uh, heterosexual women are not being as careful. And and so the, with them, it's slowly going up. So if it's going up with uh, you know by 002 percent a year, and with gay men, it's going down. Uh, your statement's true, but it still means that gay men have way more of a chance of catching it, and and are way more of the cases than straight people. So like. And I kind of don't accept that on on some premise because I don't know if you guys remember it, but I mean, AIDS has long been very, very high profile. Um, so I think it it has gotten a ton of attention, you know. Yeah, it has, and that's what's so stupid. But it, it, everyone, a lot of these politically correct types, they are so afraid of hearing any facts 
that could possibly paint one group as being different from another because once you make them different, they're sus- suspecting that you're trying to paint them as inferior. And then they just get furious about this and think that you're trying to... Uh, Why is different inferior? It, it isn't, and I, I've tried to explain that. There's, there's all these cases you know, these days about uh, you know, men and women that they, they, you know, trying to prove they're the same thing, trying to prove that anything a man likes, a woman should like too, or a woman should... You know, be, if a woman isn't interested in the same as a man is in a certain thing that it must be because women are being kept out, like the whole thing with poker. It, That's it's just, definitely not true. It, it's, it's, it's so ridiculous. And... Uh, and even when there's a small degree of truth to it, like like in poker, I can I can understand that some women have had unpleasant experiences with with guys at the table who who don't treat them well because they're female. But well, uh, and also you know poker players are not. If you took it as a, a group, they're not necessarily going to be the most uh, you know well mannered. Yeah, and I was gonna, I was gonna I was gonna say I I was gonna say I'm a, a male. I've I've had people uh, be very nasty oh, yeah. and unpleasant to me at the table. I, I've had I've even had women treat me badly at the table. So like this is not uh, everyone's been treated badly at the poker tables. I think that you know you can't just say I'm being treated. But even if you are being treated badly because of of being female, I'm going to have other people that uh, will treat me badly at the table and maybe not treat a, a woman badly because they feel like uh, it, it's it's more socially acceptable to be nasty to a guy at the table than to a girl. So yeah, I'm just being poker phobic. <laughs> so, so, so there's there's so much. It's it's so ridiculous, and it's just it is getting worse and worse. And I, I am wondering when Benjamin's in college, what it's going to be. Is it going to be another level of ridiculous where he will be talking about you know what? Twenty years ago, you know, back in the or fifteen years ago, back in 2016. I, I wish it was like those days. <laughs> well, one thing that is definitely true. Is that every generation thinks that the generation after them is, you know, going to hell in a handbasket? Yeah, and and it's just because you know the the social norms change, and it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to be any worse, but it may seem worse to us because it's not what we're used to. I, I think what happens is there's progress, and then there's also regression, uh, yeah. and then the progress people kind of just accept as well. Of course, it's progress. We're we're moving forward in time, and right. then in regression. That's what you notice. If something really is worse than it used to be, which there are things now that are worse than they oh, used yeah. to be, then then those you notice and those you uh, get very upset about, but then you overlook the things that are just normal. It's kind of like in poker where you remember all the bad beats you took, but when you yeah. put down bad beats, they, they quickly exit your mind. Yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of this stuff is cyclical because you'll you'll see a lot of uh, uh, you know people in places like Iran and uh, some other uh, Muslim countries lamenting you know, what women looked like just 30 years ago, you know, where they're walking around with their hair out, <laughs> you know, yeah. that type of thing. So you're right. I mean, things do go in cycles. Yeah. And, and it's, I, not I even always, saw, it's not always forward. I even saw cycles when I was in college between there and my, when I was in grad school. I saw, uh, you know, so like in the early 90s, I, I saw all the political correctness rise and all that stupidity. And then there was a backlash around 1994. There became a backlash to it. And uh, and boy, things started to change quickly. There was all of a sudden not only was the political correctness going away, but those who supported it were being mocked, even on college campuses. And uh, that's what Brandon talked about. That movie PCU that came out in '94. That movie would not have been made a few years earlier, but they they in '94 that had an audience that they and they you know t- for that type of thing to come out of Hollywood of all things. That's how much of a backlash there was to political correctness at that point that they actually made a movie mocking it. And but now here we are back in you know, 
20 years later, and uh, it's getting worse than ever. So th- th- there are cyclical things, and there are backlashes where – uh, what, what what everyone was really, really into at one point, once they take it too far, everyone gets so sick of it, uh, there becomes a backlash, and they, they want the opposite. And they Is Brandon still here? I don't know. He hasn't talked, so I have to think probably no. He's probably drinking a smoothie again. Brandon, you here? Yeah, whenever Brandon has like extended periods of quiet... Uh, it's, it's either he's angry at me for something or uh, or he's just I figured gone. he was just bored with the topic or something. No, I, I, I figured he's gone. He always has something to say. So he's uh, – for him to be quiet this long, it, he's probably – I'm going to text him where he went. Like, I mean I <laughs> I don't even know how to explain this one. I mean, he, he he got a smoothie already. i text oh. you. Are you – he said oh, – the last thing we heard from him is, oh, it's 3 in the morning already? Christ, like that. It was like a 2.52 I think I looked at the clock. And he went to bed? And now it's been like 50. Yeah, maybe he went to bed. <laughs> maybe that's his he way of saying, saying he's going to bed. All right. The last thing I want to talk about uh, before we, we shut this down, and thank you, Kyle Watt, for being part of the show, especially since uh, Brandon has had some uh, bouts of disappearances. Uh, let me see. I see a Skype message from him. Did he send me a Skype message or is it? No. No, it was nothing. So I think he just said fuck it and went to bed. <laughs> he, didn't, really he, didn't, he didn't hang up, though. He's still here. Well, you know. He wandered off, got distracted, and went to bed. Last week, he was having a dog birthday party. He kept putting the show on hold for. Yeah, I, I wasn't understanding that. I was like, uh, I even named the show after that. Every every show has a name. If you go to take a look in the archives, there's always a name, which I try to make humorous for each show that uh, applies to it. And uh, this one's going to be hookers and oppression. Yeah, it's, it's something about that. So, uh, so uh, the the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, have been have been a team that has been a good team for years now. And, and with Russell Westbrook and, and Kevin Durant, they 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 have been a team that people have said, oh, this should be a championship team, and then they should never quite get there. There's always some team stopping them. It's Cleveland, uh, Golden State, San Antonio. There's always some team stopping them from getting all the way there. This year, everyone pretty much dismissed them because to get by the two superpowers in the West, it just seems so unlikely that they'd get by first San Antonio, and then Golden State. Uh, it just seemed like it's not going to occur. I think we just lost Brandon. Let me see. And we lost everyone. <laughs> no, I'm here. <laughs> oh, you're here. Okay. Okay. Weird. Uh, you know what? It may have been a crash game. Remember when he, he had a crash that time? Maybe that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, it could be that again. So, uh, strangely enough, uh it's starting to look like Oklahoma City actually could have a chance. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm not saying that they have much of a chance to win. But it's looking... not much of a chance to win. They're, they're playing the next game at home. No, I'm, talking over, I'm saying overall. Oh, I thought you meant the, the No, the series. By the way, I did say for the record, and I bumped it last night to the kid who said I was an idiot for even suggesting Oklahoma could play with him. Nobody. Uh... Yeah, I saw that. I saw. Brandon was right all this time. He bumped an old radio thread from, from oh, you know February. What? Where did you go all this time? Before we get to that, where did you go? My girlfriend was going to sleep. She doesn't expect me to be on the radio until three something in the morning. She should by this say, point. Well, I had to go say goodnight. Okay. I, mean, I guess I, I guess you just got bored and wandered off. No, I just <laughs> you know it's fuck. It's three fifteen. Yeah. When was the last? This is the this last. Is, topic. This is the thing I noticed yesterday watching that game. Uh, that team is old. San Antonio. This is saying. it. Yeah, I was watching. Well, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard isn't, but some of the other. And the, well, yeah, but I'm saying the team in general, the, the, the core three. 
I mean, I was watching Duncan, you know, and I get the whole part of them, you know, limiting his minutes throughout the whole season. Some games he played eight minutes, nine minutes. That fourth quarter, I mean, he shouldn't have even have been out there yesterday. I don't know if you saw the game. I actually watched No, I didn't the, see that game. I watched the entire game, but Duncan just, he, I mean, I would be shocked, regardless of what the outcome is this year, if he doesn't retire. Uh, Ginobili as well. I oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Duncan's 40, by the way. So this this is the first year he's really taken a big step downhill, too. He was he was surprisingly good last year, still at 39. But this year, uh, he's really taken yeah. a step down. And he's 40. Of course, that's going to happen. I mean, you know, see, my logic was, and, and I get that, you know, Oklahoma, uh, you know, if they're going to beat, now they have two shots to beat San Antonio, one at home, and then they have another chance if they lose tomorrow back in San Antonio where they've won two games this series, which is a team that hadn't lost all year except for that last Golden State game. Um, You know, my feeling, and this is why I said what I said back in February, is I thought that after the the wear and tear of the season, even with limited minutes, that they were going to start running out of gas. And I think it's starting to show in both games, last night's game and and the game before that, uh, San Antonio had pretty decent leads, and they absolutely collapsed twice in the fourth quarter. They had a double-digit lead last night. They're up, I think, as much as I know, thirteen for sure, but maybe even fifteen. And the game before that, they were up, you know, same amount, fifteen, seventeen, and right, maybe even more. That was a game that San Antonio outscored them thirty-four to eight. Or, I'm sorry, Oklahoma uh, City outscored them thirty-four to eighteen in the final quarter. I mean, they're just getting gassed at the end. And I get it; they have Leonard, and I get it. You know, Aldridge shot horribly yesterday, but. Uh, I mean, they're an, you know they're an old team, and, T- and Tony Parker. I mean, he's just yeah, he, he's actually he's actually team. yeah he's actually not that old, but he's been playing so long that he he seems older than so he 30, is. 32? He's thirty he's thirty four, but he he 34. seems older. Yeah, so I agree with you uh, that Oklahoma State doesn't have a great shot to to win the championship. Obviously, uh, you know the, if they can beat Golden State, which you know, obviously, I wouldn't even call it a coin flip. You know, I would like their chances decently against Cleveland. I can see. That I, I think they'd be a favorite. The they'd be a favorite huh? against. I think they'd be a favorite against Cleveland. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm still not sold. I think the East is still that weak. That I'm not sold that you know Cleveland is up. You know, in the top echelon of teams. But yeah. I'll tell you the other thing. You know, with Curry back. Uh, yet, you know, last last game, and he had an amazing performance. And I didn't watch tonight's game, but I saw the, you know the final score. And goal, Portland was leading at half; uh, they were only down two points during the fourth quarter. I didn't think Portland would give uh, Golden State this much trouble. I thought it'd be maybe four one, you know, four two at the you know I'm talking about the series result. But I didn't think that these games would be so close. Other than one game, I want to say it was maybe game one. I think it was game one. Other than game one, every game has come down to the last couple of possessions. Yeah. And, you know, early in the season, I mean, you know, you we all witnessed that Golden State was just predominantly blowing out teams constantly. Yeah, they were. That's gone. They I don't were. know that, if teams that, have just adjusted. Um, you know, and, of course, uh, Damian Lillard, for the most part, had an excellent series. But, uh, look, I mean, uh, they didn't cover tonight. Golden State, you know, they didn't cover or they covered last game, but that was an anomaly. I mean, you the same, thanks, thanks to overtime. Yeah, thanks to overtime, and and you know they were behind. I think they were behind uh, forty five minutes out of out of forty eight, and you know the regular, you know, in the 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you're saying, yeah, they're vulnerable. So, so the- I don't think they have that same aura about them that that. You know, they, I mean, you know, yeah. I, I guess what I guess what I'm saying is I wouldn't be shocked to see them lose because they're just something is just seems off with them. I don't know. You tell me. It's like yeah. It's since, the, that- since the All Star break, they haven't. They just haven't been as dominant. They won a lot of games, yeah. but a lot of them were close. Yeah. So uh, you know, but that was my thinking. You know, people are going to ridicule me, but I did say you know back in February I, I liked Oklahoma's chances against San Antonio, um, and you know, now they have two shots. You know, they have two shots to. I mean, if you would have told them at any point they have two shots to close out a series against San Antonio, they would have been thrilled. People wouldn't have even believed it. Um, but you know, they they've come on strong. Westbrook Westbrook is is fucking. I mean, you know, I thought for I guess most of the season as a pure point guard, I thought. Chris Paul was probably the best point guard in the league. But now after watching how this guy can just rebound, he's everywhere. I mean, Russell Westbrook's fucking amazing. Yeah, he I mean, is. He is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to see. Uh, I'm going to watch the game tomorrow night. I don't think I'm going to bet it because these games, it, it just seems like you could be covering the entire game. I know. Just, and then at it, the it end, just, it just goes. It's yeah. just, it, exactly. He's been very hard. I, I agree. Edge. Uh, it's very, very strange. Um, last night when – the line first opened after the game. San Antonio, uh, the only site that had a line right away was Cantor Gaming in Las Vegas. I'm not, you know, I don't really deal too much with offshore books just because I have a ton of legal sports books in Vegas. And uh, Cantor had the first line, and it was five and a half San Antonio on the road, which I thought was insanely high, but that's what it was. And the money line, San Antonio was minus 150. Um, today, I looked. Uh, Earlier in the evening, and it moved four points. It was yeah, I one, see and half, one and a half. San Antonio, yeah. yeah, San Antonio, and I don't, I don't, I don't look at the money line, but that's inconsequential because I don't really bet money lines in basketball. But uh, I guess everyone bet, you know, Oklahoma so strong that it moved that that wow, well, four I mean, points. Or, yep. I mean, it just that's a, a four point swing. I mean, that, that is huge, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not touching it either. But yeah, so I, I, I you know, I kind of like beer and poker strategy a little bit. You know that that that's one of the users of Poker Front Alert. That you know he doesn't like a lot of these lines to begin with. And he kind of just tries to get a feel, you know, ebb and flow of the game, and then he'll bet in game. And I think if you are going to bet, that's kind of the only way to do it because I can sit here right now and tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if Oklahoma won by five, seven, twelve. I wouldn't be surprised if they got blown out and yeah, lost by 19. Yeah, I know. I, so I feel like I don't know what's going to happen. It's very hard to handicap it. And You know, the game tonight, I got very lucky. I bet uh, Miami, the Miami Heat, I got an in-game line. And with two minutes left, you know, they were down by one, and I have nine and a half points. I'm thinking I'm great. And they end up losing by eight. It's just it, – it, it's so close, and these guys are so good, you know, setting lines, and it's just so sporadic uh, – I think just stress-wise, because it gets so stressful at times, I'm just, like you said, I'm going to sit it out tomorrow and just enjoy the game for what it is. Maybe if I see something, you know, the other night or last night, uh, I got my money in in the middle of the game. It was the beginning of the fourth quarter, and San Antonio was up five with the ball, and I saw Oklahoma City's money line up plus 340, and I thought that was just insanely high. With that much time left, uh, you know, I, I mean, I texted this to you. We, we yeah. kind of talked about it, but I just thought that there was an edge. I just thought that line was too high. 
getting three and a half to one on your money, only down five with, with almost a full quarter to play against a team that's already proven they can win on the road. They already beat San Antonio. I think it was game two. They won on the road. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but I, I think it, 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 we all can agree that it isn't going to be the cakewalk everyone predicted for Golden State. Yeah, it's not. And it's, and, uh, I mean, I could see Cleveland giving them trouble. I'm not saying they'd win, but it, it's not going to be this domination. I think that domination is over. Yeah, and and you know if uh, if Golden provided Oklahoma City can f- finish off San Antonio, that uh, I, I really think if they if they beat Golden State, I think they've got it. I really think they've got it if they if they can beat Golden State. Yeah, you know, I I think that uh, LeBron's legacy is going to be, of course, a great player, but he's going to be the player that's known to never have been able to win a championship on his own. Um, you know, meaning without Wade and Bosh by his side as he did in Miami. I don't, uh, you know, barring any, I guess, trades next year or free agent signings, which I don't even you know, know they have the cap space to add anyone. I just, I, I mean, how many more do you see, you know, Cleveland winning? I mean, in the near future with, with you know, I mean, I guess maybe next year, you know, it could open up if some someone gets hurt on Golden State and uh, Kevin Durant ends up leaving OKC. But other than that, I mean, I, I don't see how they can compete, and he's not getting any younger. I think that you know he's already hit his prime. Yeah, he um, and he's still going to be a great player, you know. But I, I don't think, uh, you know, I think what we're watching now is it's all going to be downhill from here. Even if his downhill is still better than, you know, thirty other teams' number one players. Yeah, it is going to be. He's, he's going to be almost thirty-two when the next season starts. Yeah, and then you start. You have to start wondering, you know, from all the wear and tear he's taken. And he's more or less been injury – he hasn't been injury-prone his whole career. I mean, he's missed a couple games here and there because of soreness or I know last year he took some games off because of his back. But, you know, he hasn't had a, you know, severe injury, you know, a.k.a. You know, Kobe style or, you know, where he's been out for a long period of time. But you have to kind of think, you know, the amount of miles, basketball miles he has on his body. Yeah, he's played since, eight, since eight, he's been playing since eighteen. So this is going to in the NBA. So, well, yeah, right, exactly. So this is going this is going to take its toll, and I, I think he just like Kobe, I think he's going to get uh, old pretty quickly once once it well, comes especially on. Especially playing thirty five, forty minutes a game. Yeah. So it, yeah, the window's closing, and, and there's so many great teams right now. And if if, if uh, that that he has to. Would have to get past, even if the, the East he continues to beat no. because there's no one that's strong out there. And I'll tell you something. I'm not. I'm not a bandwagon jumper. I still support the Heat. When you know, even though they're they're not anywhere near the level that they were. You know, Wade's older. Obviously, LeBron's gone. Um, of course, I was happy from a winning standpoint when LeBron signed with Miami, uh, just because I knew that elevated us to you know an elite level. I've never been a huge LeBron fan. Um, not not his game, you know, as much as just his persona. Tonight something happened, and and I read about it, and it really really pissed me off. It just sounded so arrogant. And what I'm referring to is Stephen Curry today, or Stephon Curry, became the first player ever in NBA history to do what? Either one of you know? No, no idea. It's the first player to ever win the MVP award unanimously. That means every single voter yeah, yeah. voted him first place. That's never happened before in the league. Okay? I mean, there's been, you know, MVP. I mean, even when Jordan was at his peak and won NBA. Yeah, I think there's like one Magic. vote for Carl Malone for first place. Uh, it, it, exactly. 
that means no one voted for LeBron at all. There wasn't a single writer that put LeBron ahead or media member, etc. So LeBron today, and they're not even playing. Okay, I mean, they already, you know, eliminated the Hawks in four games, and they're just waiting out Miami and Toronto. Uh, either had a press conference, or I don't know, you know, how these quotes were ascertained, but he basically was critiquing what the term MVP means and insinuating that he really is the most valuable player because without him on his team, those Cavaliers, what, maybe win 45 games this season? And But any, nonetheless, it took away from what had just happened. Uh, in fact, I'm going to find the comments. It, it took away what just had happened to Curry, put the spotlight on LeBron, and I found it very, very arrogant and very disrespectful. Yeah, I, I always thought that he was not only arrogant, but I, I felt that he wasn't that comfortable with what was going on with Curry, that he very quickly fell out of the – uh, the, the public's view that that he's this NBA god that everyone should look up to. All of a sudden, no one cares about LeBron. Everyone cares about Curry. Everything's about Curry now, and that it just happened so quickly, just out of nowhere. Now everybody is talking about Curry, and, and LeBron is is kind of secondary, and he doesn't like that. Okay, I'm going to read this to you real fast. This is, uh, and you tell me what your take on it. To me, and I'm not trying to be biased. It really just smacked of just being arrogant and, and as well as being disrespectful to Curry. This is from ESPN. LeBron James won't debate whether Golden State's Stephon Curry should be the MVP this season. That's indisputable. But James might argue about how the award's name should be defined. And this is a quote. I think sometimes, this is a quote from today, I think sometimes the word valuable or best player of the year can have different results, said James, a four-time MVP. You know, that's not taken away anything from anyone that's ever won the award. And then he goes on to say, look at Steph's numbers. He's averaged 30. He's led the league in steals. So I don't know. You guys can have the debate over that when it really comes to the award. But when you talk about most valuable, you can have a different conversation. Meaning, and again, he didn't say it, but what he's implying is that if you take Stephon Curry away from Golden State, they're going to still probably be a 50-win team. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But if you take... LeBron from Cleveland, they're not the number one seed in the East. And, uh, you know, I guess you could probably argue that's probably fair, but for him to come out and say that hours after Curry won uh, because the, the limelight wasn't on him. And now this is – it's funny. I'm looking at ESPN. This is a front story on ESPN about LeBron, not about Curry, not about them even winning today. This is a number one, you know, there's like five different headlines on <laughs> ESPN.com. That's the number one headline. So what do you think? Am I reading too much into this? I mean, I would just think if he was classy, if anything, you know, if he had to comment at all, he would congratulate the guy. Yeah, he should. If, if he didn't have to, if he didn't have to comment, since they're not playing, there wasn't a press conference. Don't even say anything. Yeah, say nothing. Why take, yeah. Why take this day away? From yeah, him? yeah. He's just bitter. He's, he he doesn't like how he fell out of uh, of the conversation. He doesn't like how how the spotlight is on somebody else now. That just very quickly. I mean, he expected when he's 35, that'll probably happen. He, he didn't expect at this point in his career there'd be someone else yeah. that everyone's talking and about. You know, somebody like Jordan, who was very cocky and very arrogant, uh, I could always respect it, and I still did because he backed it up. He never lost. I mean, you know, this is a guy that's gone, what, two and four in the finals? He won two with Miami and lost two with Miami and lost two with Cleveland. Uh, you know, I mean, that's 
you got to live with that legacy. I mean, two and four, it will probably be two and five this year. I mean, those aren't, those are some hard numbers to digest. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the bottom line is, legacy. There, there's been a lot of disdain for Curry from former players, and 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 he seems like from LeBron here because he's different. He's he's uh he's a smaller player, and he has a different style than what they're used to seeing. And yeah, who's the first guard to win the MVP since who? I don't know. Who, who Steve was Steve Nash. Uh, Steve Nash. Okay. Yeah. So, but but he's got, he's he's uh, a different type of player, and and, and he's uh, doing and he's taking shooting in his range to a level that no one has ever seen is consistently in the NBA. Right. So some people take that away from him saying, well, it's just because uh, the, the game's softer, the, def- the the players aren't as good, the defense isn't as good. If you put him in a different I era, mean, he's not going to make these shots. If you watched the end of yesterday's game, Druff, which I, I think you did, yeah. what you saw there was unbelievable, how he just was hitting them and hitting them. And you'd even look at his follow-through and you'd think, he's got to miss. I mean – you know he's shooting so fast, and there are all these catch and shoot. It's just it's unbelievable what his range is. Yeah, he's just, he's by far the best shooter I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. But anyhow, that bothered me when I read that today. I read it this afternoon, and I you know mentioned to myself or you know bring it up on radio and see if I just was being too sensitive or if anyone else would. But of all days, the day the guy wins you know, the first ever unanimous MVP award. Why would you even put the, the spotlight on yourself and not let the guy have it? You know, it just, I don't know, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And to me, when you, when I think about the greats, uh, you know, and, I, you know, we had this even in, in an argument, you know, on, or not an argument, but a discussion of PFA. If I could have an 18-year-old Kobe versus an 18-year-old LeBron to start my franchise, all things considered equal, meaning everyone's healthy and I'm starting a team, I'm taking Kobe. Yeah, I would have too. Yeah, so... Yeah, he was just better at better at winning, better at uh, yeah, getting getting it done and like getting it done in, in the clutch. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. So, I agree, hundred percent. We we skipped a topic, Brandon. We I gotta get back. To, I don't want to leave out one of your two topics yeah. here. Uh, you went to dinner supposedly with a person who's a head of security at Poker Stars, but he was not the head of security of uh, the Poker Stars games people would be thinking of. He's head of security for uh, Play Money. <laughs> yesterday i had the pleasure to meet a gentleman uh i had actually had dinner with him and his wife and he's a great really nice guy uh we had a great conversation in fact uh i think he was even gonna listen to our podcast tonight and when i asked him i knew he worked for poker stars i knew he was here on vacation in las vegas um not on any business but i didn't know what his role was with poker stars so when I, after the formalities, you know, were done and you know, we introduced ourselves and began talking, I asked him what his duties were at Poker Stars, and I was literally shocked when he told me. I, did, I didn't think a, a department such as this <laughs> uh, existed, but he is the head of security for play money for Poker Stars. You heard me correctly, and you stated it correctly. Now, one would think, as I thought and asked, why would poker stars have a security department for play money? Why would there even be one? Because they sell and, it. And right. what the reason why there is one, and I was astounded when he informed me, is that even now, and well, for, okay, well, there's several things. The first thing being, which I didn't even know, poker stars still sells play chips. To Americans, 
And I was told that this is a thriving market. <laughs> they have packages. I don't remember. I remember the price. I don't remember how many plate chips. I want to say maybe a billion, maybe uh, 10 million. I don't know. It was a lot. But there's packages for as high as $450 wow. that people will buy. So what this gentleman is in charge of doing is monitoring collusion of play money chips, i.e. dumping. <laughs> and no, I'm not kidding you. And, you know, because this, this really, and I, I, I asked him again because I just wanted to make sure I heard right, but it, it, he told me it is a booming business still in, in the United States. There's still a lot of Americans that love playing high stakes play money. But more importantly, what he investigates is the illegal selling of play chips, which I guess from what he said, the most commonplace way this was done was on eBay. Yeah, I was going to say eBay. I've seen that before. And that, and that violates PokerStars terms, and, and, and you could, I would assume, get your chips confiscated, accounts closed, but that is against their policy. Wow. And obviously, the reason being, you know, they want people to buy the chips. And if, you know, from them. Not at discounted rates. They don't want chip dumping. Yeah, I'm looking on their page. It's actually a, a page uh, where you can buy play chips. And it's, it's kind of a funny picture showing the different prices and number of play chips you get. There's a funny picture of Negreanu just kind of sitting there smiling next to the list of prices. <laughs> so, I know, know what... and, I, and I get it. You know, if you know, I believe in capitalism. I mean, if there's a market for it, then, you know. Yeah, that's fine. It's, it's just funny. It's a funny picture you know, of Negreanu, too. He kind of just. This is really interesting. Uh, and you know what? This guy was really, really nice. We had a great dinner. We talked for maybe two hours. Uh, may even see him again, but and, you know, and of course, I know that he doesn't dictate policy. But there was one thing he had told me that I really disagreed with. Uh, you know, not anything he did, but just something that that was a recent company company policy regarding free play chips and games. And that was the, that I believe it was in March, but it was very, very recent. For the first time in the history of Poker Stars, they started raking play money games. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. And of course, I, I. I at first, you know, just was kind of flabbergasted, didn't understand. Of course, if I would have not spoken and thought for a minute, I would have come up with the answer myself. But my next comment: What do you think was to him? I said, "Why do they rake play money games?" And what do you, of course, think the answer is? Otherwise, uh, there's not going to be as many people buying them if uh, the yes. same chips keep being right. traded back and forth. So people will buy more. Yeah. So and then, but, and also, it was done as a deterrent for people that want to play uh, Americans that want to. Well, I guess it could be in any country that the poker stars is not allowed, but wanted to play games. And settle up later on. It would be too complicated and too hard no. <laughs> to constantly keep track of the rake. Now think about it. If you're playing someone heads up or three handed, and there's no rake, you could you could very easily figure out how to settle. Heads up, you could uh, do it because you could you could know what you started with, and then just uh... well, yeah. But, but still, nonetheless, it's more of a deterrent, and it just makes things a little bit more complicated than if you're talking three handed or four handed. Actually, I guess you could always do it. You could just assume everybody paid the same rake, even if they're. I mean, it wouldn't be perfect, but you could just say we're we're like let's say you start at fifteen thousand chips. Um, we're just going to. Uh, uh, we're just going to take that out. We're just going to 
when we settle up, we're just going to add an even amount to each person's uh, thing to bring the total trips back to 15000 Yeah. Now, one thing that I did learn yesterday, and you guys probably both, or at least I know Todd would know this, and I just didn't because, as you know, I, I lost interest in all things poker stars after, you know, we weren't, when I say we, I mean Americans weren't allowed to play. Um, I know that, you know, and I've learned from the feedback that, you know, we have many listeners in other countries that still care about this stuff. So that's why I've tried to be more respectful and not, you know, rush you to be done with certain topics. But we still in, in the United States can play home games and uh, in, in, in put all the parameters in, meaning if yep. Poker Fraud Alert wanted to, and I really, you know, I thought about this immediately when he told me, so I'm like, wow, this would be a great idea for PFA. You know, many, many, many moons ago, I mean, I think the last time this was done was like 2007. I mean, you, you would know better than me, Druff. But I remember on NWP, we actually had a, a series of poker. And there was like a declared winner, player of the year, um, where there was like a number of small tournaments of different games that NWP, and that's, you know, never win poker, would, would play in. And do you remember any of this, Jeff, or no? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So I thought about that, you know, just, you know, there's just not that much poker in the community. I mean, we have our free roll, we, you know, but if you look at something like Flying Stupidity, which is the busiest forum, there's not that much poker talk. It's normally just other stuff that's pertinent in the news or, you know, something that somebody just wants to discuss. So I kind of thought it was cool. I mean, when I when, when he said, you know, and he explained this very well, you could set parameters for you know blind levels what kind of game you want starting chips you know, everything you could design your own tournament and of course you know it's like password protected so you'd only have the people that you want in it that you'd give the password to and i you know i thought you know what maybe after the world series or sometime this year that would be kind of a cool idea to maybe have like three or four tournaments and you know just everyone play various forms of poker well, I, I have two questions first of all yes. is there a cost for this nope totally free uh-huh. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is, what is the advantage, aside from better software, of doing it there versus PFA's own poker room? Well, because the one thing I thought of right away is because there are games on there that they offer that PFA doesn't. The Badoogie, Deuce to Seven, there are games that people like to play that make you know may consider fun games, stud eight or better, that, no offense, PFA software can't offer. Um, I guess that'd be the only reason I just, uh, you know, think about like horse and things like that, which really just kind of show all the different forms of poker, uh, you know, that that would just be something maybe cool to do, you know, have a deuce to seven tournament, have a horse tournament, have a no limit tournament. I don't know. I thought it'd be kind of fun. And I, I didn't know that this was even available, that I could log in under poker stars and create a tournament and it, it's free. I can dictate, you know, like I said, the blind levels, the starting chips, uh, you know, everything, and give out a password to you. I mean, you know what? If you and I wanted to go in there and play Omaha 8 or better, just to help you get, you know, more experience, we could sit there for an hour and play. I mean, you know, play, play for real like it was real money. Um, or play in a heads-up tournament, whatever it may be. But I don't know. I thought maybe that could come to some use. Yeah, we, and maybe we could be consider that. Something. We also could, we also could just. It depends on what games. That I think the main advantage would be to, if it, to there versus the PFA poker room would be the additional games. If we don't really 
want the or need the additional games, then we could do it on our own poker yeah. room. It would be, in fact, easier if everyone has an account that's uh, but, functional. You know, to already. me, it's just that you know I've gotten to the point. I know a lot of PFA members have as well, where they're just kind of bored of No Limit and they want to play other games too. Yeah, and you know we could it could be catered to you know say you just wanted to play. Uh, you know, this is actually kind of common, like a game called like Ho, which is this Hold'em, Omaha, you know, basically minus the, minus the rest. Like you could dictate it to play three different games every eight hands, or you could pick five games and have it switch, you know, between Badoogie. I don't know, just being creative and thinking, you know, that it just may be something that the site would enjoy. Uh, I would imagine, you know, we'd easily be able to get 40, 50, maybe even more people you know, to play if, if enough notice was given, but you know, whatever, just anyhow, I didn't know any of this, you know, I didn't know we were able to do that. Uh, as Americans, I didn't, uh, know that there was such a big market for play money chips. And, you know, I asked why he just said people, Americans, that there's a, a market for Americans that love playing high stakes, play money. Uh, All right. So I got a, I got a confession to make. I still sometimes play, there's play a, money. There's, Nothing on, wrong with that. You're one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Well, and and uh, part of the reason I do it is just I, I used to play online poker so much uh, for actual money that I, I, you know, honestly, I just enjoy it. Uh, not that often, but every once in a while, you know, just for, for the heck of it. So I'm actually pretty aware of that. It's actually pretty recently that they started selling these chips, right? I think it was when, within the last year or two. Mm. Oh, that sounds um, about right. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is that there were actually, uh, you know, like Russian syndicates of bots that would, the bots would go on there just to harvest play money yep. chips. That's that's actually correct. That was mentioned yeah. as well. Yeah, and that's what. Maybe um, it's the Russians and, to do that. And yeah. part of the reason, yeah, I mean, everything you said makes sense. But I think Poker Stars probably also looked at it and said, "Well, why the hell should they be?" Making money from this? Why don't we just sell them? Yeah. So the prices, <laughs> you know? by the way, if you want three hundred fifty thousand chips, it's at two dollars. What's the one for four hundred fifty dollars? It's not listed here. So it's, it's three hundred fifty thousand chips is two dollars. Nine hundred thousand chips is five dollars. Two million chips is ten dollars. Uh, Seven point five million chips is twenty five dollars. Thirty million chips is fifty dollars, and then seventy five chips. 75 million chips is $100. That's, uh, that's the only options I see. I mean, it's, it is all kind of ridiculous, but then you think about, well, you know, Zynga Poker, and didn't they well, that, make that money was, doing the same was, thing? That, that was also mentioned, and that was actually that direct, you know, comment was that Poker Stars felt, you know, well, if Zynga's going to do this, you know, and, and it's all for play money, you can't, I didn't know. You know this. You can't even win like a, a T-shirt. It's all just play. You know, why shouldn't we capitalize on? It? And again, I, you know, I'm I'm not in any way, shape, or form criticizing poker stars because you know what? I, like I said, I believe in capitalism. If there's a market. Right. Americans want to pay for this, and you know, fuck, I should have thought of it. You know what I mean? It, right. It's, but uh, again, I never would have imagined that. You know, there's that big of a market for you know for Americans that really still love doing this. I remember yeah, the, the- when. Uh, when I Sorry, first man. started playing, when I first started playing on Poker Stars, you know, maybe like two thousand one or two, uh, I played Play Money, you know, from time to time, but no one ever took it serious. Like right. it was always no limit, but everyone was always all in. Yeah, I know. I, had to, that. You know, I saw it that was too. Never like, but from what he explained in the high limits, you know, which I don't even know what they'd be. Like, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe like one million, two million blinds, or 
that people play it seriously. Like it's almost like a sense of pride to, you know, like have a screen name, you know, where people, you know, it's just very strange and people don't want the stress of losing money, but they still want to play poker and they still want to play it seriously. Meaning that, you know, it's, it has some sort of intricate value, you know, to give people an incentive to play correctly. And he said, in most cases at those stakes, like the games are played seriously. People aren't just going in like, you know, you get folds. That's true. <laughs> like someone has like top pair with, you know, no kicker, like, you, you know, Ray, I mean, they're folding. They're not just, you know, it's crazy to me. I mean, it really no, is. I mean, it, it makes sense though, because think about, forget about, you know, the fact that it's poker and, and you play it for money. There are plenty of card games that people play all the time that are not right. for money. And they, of course they take it seriously. You know, you want to win in, uh, canasta or bridge or you know even well, if you're you not know, playing for money i used to play a lot back in the day uh in fact i, I met sean deeb this way uh on yahoo and i played spades and i played hearts right. on there a lot and all you ever got for playing was a ranking when you'd right. win your ranking would get higher when you'd lose it'd get lower and you just played for your score and that was like your sense of pride and people once they got good and their rankings got high they took it i mean People get mad. They get in the chat and they'd start cursing. And I mean, no, it, I mean it would happen. You know, especially a game like Hearts. Yeah. Do, do either one of you know how to play Hearts? Yeah, I used to. Yeah. So you know, in Hearts, when you pass to the left, you're supposed to what's called cover your pass. You know what that means? Basically, it, 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 it's your responsibility to ensure that the person you're passing to doesn't what's called shoot the moon. Yeah. Which means win all the hearts and also the queen of spades. Yeah. And if you did, because I remember this, like people, you know, then everyone gets 26 points and, and hearts is kind of like golf, the lowest score wins. So everyone, if someone shoots the moon in hearts, the three players that didn't shoot the moon get 26 points added to their score and the person that shot the moon gets zero. So, you know, and so that would occur, like people would get in there and they'd say, you fucking idiot, you cocksucker, cover your, <laughs> I mean, and, but it was free, you weren't winning anything, all it was was your ranking. That that's all you played for. So, I used to play. Know, I, I used to play hearts in the Microsoft uh, game yep. against the computer. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've done that. Yeah, as well. and, and think yeah. about it. I mean, you know, we've all played Monopoly and all these other kinds of games, and you don't win anything. You know, there's no money involved, but still, some people take it uh, really seriously. And I, I do agree with you that uh, at some of the higher stakes or whatever you want to call it, people actually do try to play correct i don't know if it's there's no ranking so i don't know if it's for that or it just it's just for the pride of of i guess gathering these chips you know but no like one I knows s- how many you have you know i mean yeah well you know uh, like i said the other reasons that were given to me when i inquired why people would do this were that there were people you know there was a certain fraction of users that didn't want the stress of using real money, whether it's they couldn't afford it or they just, you know, didn't want, you know, to, to risk anything, but they still enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I'll look into this maybe one day and just kind of watch. But like I said, I was told, and I have no reason not to trust this gentleman, that people really do take this serious. And there's a big aftermarket on eBay, you know, for people that are illegally selling them, as well as chip dumping and then settling, you know, on the side, meaning like some people, people literally like right in the chat, I'll send you this much on PayPal, you know, lose this hand to me. And that's mistake number one because, you know, everything in the chat box, of course, is, is you know, recorded. Right. Um, but that's what his job is. I don't know, you know, how big the department is, 
or, you know, because it was actually funny. I, I felt bad later on because when he told me what he did, I started laughing in his face. <laughs> I'm like, come on, play money, security, head of security. From... And he actually, when he told me, he was smiling because he kind of knew he'd get that reaction. But, right. you know, as we talked more and more about it, it made sense. And, uh, you know, we got to. Well, just, I can tell uh, you, I mean, just from my perspective, I, I do, like I said, I do play it sometimes. And uh, a lot of it is just uh, for fun. Do you play No Limit mostly? Um, usually exotic, or not exotic, but more esoteric games that it's actually tough. Like uh, what? Especially being where I live to be able to play. Like, uh, like PLO 8, for instance. It's not a game that you typically find spread anywhere. You know. So when you're playing that with Play Money Chips, for the most part from your experience, are people taking it and playing it as, as perfect as they can for the most part? Uh, I mean... I mean, are people well, folding if they don't make oh, their yeah, rows? Yeah, yeah. Definitely folding, and I will. I will tell you that at, at certain levels, um, it's actually really good training for playing like you know, five dollar blind level versions of the game live. Uh, like wow. the players are actually better than a lot of live players would be. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> but wow. it, uh, you know, and especially. Uh, you know, if there's some game that you just enjoy or you want to practice or whatever, I mean, obviously, uh, it's not going to be as tough as if they were playing for real money and they were really good pros that were doing it. But um, I would say the skill level is is pretty similar for some of the play money games versus your your average five dollar blind level game live for sure. Wow, Druff, this is all news to me. I, you know, I learned yesterday. What about you? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know most of the story. That's mostly new stuff to me as well. Hmm. Well, maybe you should start selling uh, the non-fraud poker fraud. (laughs) Yeah, I should do that. You're missing an opportunity to make money here. I wonder if there's a Russian syndicate selling our chips. Then you know you've hit the big time when the Russians start trying to sell the PFA chips, right? I mean, just to even think. That somebody would create bots to get these chips and then sell them on the black market. It's just yeah, yeah. I can I can totally see the Russians doing that. That was Fucking apparently Russians. that was a big deal. It was. Yeah. It was. I mean, you know, I kind of feel for this guy because imagine if that was your job all day long, just watching play money games, looking for collusion. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you come home from work, honey. How was your day? All oh, these. Fuckers, I, <laughs> I caught this huge play money ring out of China and they're in a warehouse. And I, what about when he just talks to strangers that what, what his job is? Uh, so, what do you do? Oh, I'm a head of security for uh, for uh, poker stars. Oh, I've heard of them. Cool, yeah. So, so you're really in, in charge of security for the games? Yeah, I'm in charge of the play money. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the games, they play money. <laughs> but you know, he seemed like he really loved doing what he does, and and he's a young guy, probably our age. Um, I wouldn't say it's a young guy. Well, I mean, I, yeah, you know, I still do that. I still think we're young sometimes. Um, more, but anyhow, so we had a nice dinner, and uh, he, you know, he's uh, English, so on the menu he made a mocking joke because one of the offerings on the menu were fish and chips. Oh, and he says, yeah, "Look at this bollocks over here. Mm-hmm. These are not real fish and chips. If they want to have real fish and chips, they should come down to London. Then they have the real fish mm-hmm. and chips. Look, not, not this tripe in the menu. This is, this is going no. to be some French fries and some fish sticks." Now you know the thing that's funny is he did not know who you were. He did not know 
who I was, but he knew and he has read Poker Fraud Alert before. Weird. And we were at dinner and, you know, I asked him, was, were there any memorable threads? And he was like, oh, God, there was one big thing. And, you know, I, 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 he couldn't remember what it was. And I was trying to think of the biggest stories. And it's actually funny. And I'm tired now. But I figured out what it was last night at dinner. And now was I it, can't remember. Was it Jason? No, no. But there was something scandalous that happened in the poker world. And uh, it, PFA was somehow he got linked to PFA. Huh. And uh, he read about it. I can't, I can't think of what it was. But he knew he right away knew the site, and uh, told me that he was going to add us to his podcast list. Podcast podcast list. Uh, so if, so if he listening, if he if he got through like eight hours, then he he can hear us talking about him. Well, that's the thing. I said to him, you know, there's something a little different about our <laughs> podcast. We're not really known for you know, the right reasons, what we're known for more than anything is that we have an insanely long podcast. Uh, I mean, what is it? Fuck. I came on at, at 10 o'clock, 10, 15. Well, I, I started late, but I started around at eight o'clock. So it's been I mean, seven. This is long for us. Yeah. It's been almost eight hours. So, so the funny thing was, uh, like, like we well, can tell them to make it seem more palatable. You could say you should treat it like a two hour podcast, uh, four days a week. Then you just listen to two hours each day. Then it's easier to get through, or or one hour and change each day of the week, all the way Saturday and Sunday as well. But uh, yeah, we we definitely give a lot of it. We now have to do a long enough show to where someone can spend the entire workday listening to us and not hear any repeat content. You know, some Russian syndicates are going to make money doing cliff notes of the PFA radio shows. They'll resell them. Yeah, it's. Uh, you can't put anything past those Russians. I mean, I have those free roll requirements of being registered on the site by a certain day, so I don't get Russians playing the free roll. But they they actually saw sites where they discuss sites with free rolls and how to play them. So like, there probably is a site out there saying uh, Poker Fraud Alert on Wednesday night at eight, ten p.m. Free roll, you know, usually around uh, fifty to one hundred dollars, usually with uh, fewer than a hundred players. And so like, oh. So that's why I have these. We're probably not on the list because I have these stringent requirements for. By the way, we may be getting a river phone call from user Matos, who's I think waking up and still hearing us yeah. somewhere on the well, east coast. We're about so. to end here, so they're probably. Well, I know that's why it's a river call. It'd be a. But you know, I I I am determined next year to uh, spread the word more because I feel like after all these years, we're due at least for some sort of podcast nomination. I mean, I feel like, like at least in another country. Yeah, I mean the one. What, what, what's the one in LA? You ruined the momentum with the call. What's the one they remember that they have like in LA? Uh, oh yeah, I, I don't remember either. But yeah, that's yeah. We should be nominated by some something at some point. At least for like maybe for like the longest podcast, we can win that. If you got nominated and we had to go to like the LA, what's what's the nice hotel in LA that everyone dies at? The Beverly Hilton. Yeah, you know, I would actually go would you to run a, a tuxedo and spend the money. Well, for the tuxedo, charge? yes. But here's what I'd be afraid of: is that it's an award ceremony, just to make an o- money off an award ceremony. Yeah. In fact, it's his appropriate music in the background because there's an Archie Bunker's Place episode about that, where they gave Archie a fake award for Man of the Year, when in reality the whole point was just for everyone to pay to go to the ceremony. Uh, no, Druff, be honest to me. If we got nominated, but the nomination was best podcast supporting host, and Trader Ruski won, 
Would you feel a little hurt? I, I'd be happy for him and his uh, his dog and his tea. You know, I would. And uh, what's her name? Suka? Sucky? Well, she's probably sucky right now. That's probably what's going on. That's uh, probably why he. He's, that kiddo's snoring away like. Uh, I don't know. She's over there. He can keep you awake. You know, it's uh, it, it can give you a second win. He had that herbal tea though. At least we talked him off the line here. He was like, no, 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 it's okay, I'll stay. I was like, no, 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 come on, just go. You should... I would go. You know what's so funny? I love calling his name out and then waiting for that 20-second pause where he's bumbling and stumbling and unpause the mic. I'm here! Yeah, I'm always expecting, like, he's falling asleep and then I'm just about to, like, play the crickets and then he's back. You never know when he's gone. It's always teasing you. All right, well, thank you, Calwatt, for being part of the show. Thank you. He's our new... How is this going to work one day when everyone shows up and we have seven people on the line? We have Vowels, we have Calawat, we have... Yeah, one, one day we're going to have like ten co-hosts. We won't be able to get into Word Edgewise. We have Northern California guys. Yeah, I better hope some of them don't come back or we're going to have too crowded of a field. All right, thank you, everybody. We'll be back next week, May 18th, around 7.30 p.m. Unless we start late. Good job, Calawat. You, you really came strong through the end there. Amazing. Amazing. Thanks, man. Shalom. Shalom. Later.